Are you ready? I mean, are you really ready for the Get Fresh crew to bring you the heat that is the Weird Science DC Comics podcast? Well, stop being so ready, because that's a lot of pressure, and I don't know if we can handle it. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. Then I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode number 90. 90. 90. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm sick. I was yeah, sick all week. Sick and tired. I feel like crap. I was actually, the whole week I told you I was going to apologize for sounding so tired last yeah. week. I'm worse this week, so I don't even know that I should apologize from last week. Hey, Jim, I, your face hurt? It hurts. Ooh, it's killing me. See, too. I was setting you up. Nice. I set you up for that. But yeah, episode 90. That's 90, crazy. Baby. Only 10 more till we're done. 10 Milestone more till we're 100, done, baby. then we're done. Then we can freaking sleep on Saturday night. We can have lives again. Yeah. Remember what a life was like? I don't. I don't at all. Spent all day today freaking taking naps and, and studying for this podcast. I studied I, more for this podcast than I did in anything in school, and it's <laughs> starting to drive me nuts. The worst part is I woke up late because uh, I was up late last night, and I always like to take a nap in the day, but because I woke up so late, I didn't have time. I'm yeah, fucking that, sitting there at 8 o'clock like, I can't go to sleep now. No, Fuck me. Oh, I did. <laughs> I finished my notes I back taking up. at 7.30. I took a nap then. Uh, we were going to do a Just for the Hell of It podcast last night. I couldn't. I couldn't stay up. And yeah. uh, I've been taking a lot of NyQuil, and it's getting me drunk. And just today, I've been in a haze. Like we said last week that we'd go through that part where we start like, oh, man, I wish we had the podcast now. Oh, yeah, it, never, it really never got to it this today. No. I was just like, oh. And, and plus, I'm t- just in general, you had some good books. Yeah. Uh, just in general, uh, the books were very meh. As you like to say, uh, this week to me, the, the, there's a couple big ones that I like, but the others are just like, eh, especially the fucking Night of the Monster, man. Wait till we get to that, <laughs> Eric. Even like even the Justice League book, at least I was fired up. That was the most fired up today I was getting was reading that piece of shit again. <sighs> Hello and welcome to the official unofficial podcast <laughs> of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of... Uh, I put nine twenty in. It's September twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen. What'd you put? September nine. It just as I'm reading it, <laughs> though, it threw me off. Nine twenty four. That's September, right? Nine. Yeah. Nine. Uh, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Boy, are we proud! I'm trying to trying to pull myself up. I, I'm going to tell you, this is like Jordan. In Game Five against the Jazz, Eric, 1997 Finals. You know what I'm talking about? The flu game. Pretty sure I watched it. Can't you tell know you know what I'm about talking it. about. He pulled it out. Freaking Scottie Pippen pulling him up. They're walking off together. Won that game. I, was a I don't. In high school. I don't know. I'm no Jordan. Long time ago. I'll huh? tell you that. I hate Jordan. I cannot stand his ass. Why? I, I don't Hitler know mustache? what I hate more. What's that? Was it the Hitler I don't mustache? Care. No, no. It was just him pretending that he, you know, everybody wanted to be like Mike, while Mike is just a freaking obsessive, fucking big-headed pig. Pig. <laughs> he didn't retire. He got suspended. We all know that. Uh, come to our Me website. Too? Come to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where we just got our two millionth visitor today, Eric. It was official Milestone. today. Yep, milestone. We said we want to get to a, a three million within a couple months. Now we're yeah. just gonna plow through there. Our millions rate is upon millions. At this point, yeah, it just keeps happening. Yeah, not a cent. No. No, haven't made a cent on any of this garbage. We have an email: weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com, where you can email us. We'll read all the email, good, bad, indifferent. 
And oh, if you want dope. it on the podcast, just make sure you let me know because if you don't, it'll be on the podcast and I can make mistakes like I did with uh, Red Robert when he didn't want shit <laughs> said on the podcast. Now me and him just talk. He, he sends just personal stuff to me and we, we compare notes on music. Uh, you can go to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Talk to me. Uh, what is yours again? Eric L. Shea? Eric L. At Eric L. Shea. At Eric L. Shea. You can go talk to Eric. He may or may not respond. It depends on his mood of the, the moment, right? It depends on what we're talking about. If, like, if you just say some general thing, I don't know what to say to that. I might like it. I don't know. And, uh, well, and I will tell you that if you follow us at Weird Science DC, you will automatically, not automatically, but eventually, I will follow everybody back. It's not the case with Eric Shea. Uh, there's, there's points where I even told you that some people have told me, hey, I got on Twitter just to follow you guys so they would have no followers when they go to, fo I follow them back. You would, you would not be there. No, you, I'm you saying, look. I, I look to see how long someone's been on and how many tweets they have. If they've been on for three years and have two tweets, I'm not following that. Now, what happened if they've been on for a day and don't have any followers or tweets, but oh, they oh, got man. on Twitter just to follow you? You wouldn't follow. I look I into you it. Wouldn't. Yeah, and you'd look into it. You'd see zero, and, and off you went. You no, would, I'd go you to everybody's fall. page. Yeah, I'm saying you would go and see that they have nothing, and you'd be like, nope. Oh, this person's been by. on Twitter since September 2016. Okay, okay, they're legit. No. Facebook, you can like us at Weird Science DC Comics. Podbean, we are there at Weird Science DC Comics at podbean.com. That is a thing that gets me angry, the people on Twitter who they're so proud of themselves because they have – 10,000 followers and they only follow three people and one of them's Jesus. It just gets on my nerves. So what, why is that cool? What, following Jesus? That I don't me. know. No. Why is it cool <laughs> to have a million more – like that makes you important because yeah. you're so good you don't that's, follow people back? That's how uh, people have precedence in their lives for how important they are as Twitter. Yeah, no. It's, it's just bullshit and it fucking – it annoys me so <laughs> I much. I, I hate it. I hate it. I bet, oh, look. It just it gets on my nerves. But, yes, if you go and uh, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get it. We didn't have any iTunes reviews this week. Aww. No new reviews. Um, but I'll also say you could go and check out these weird science-approved joints. Here's some podcasts that I like, Eric. I just want to throw out some names. Huh? 365 Flicks, like those guys. They want to have a crossover podcast. We have to figure out uh, what it would be about. Stuff I, and things. I am I'm not up things. to thinking of ideas this week. I am not into – I'm in a daze. Uh, the Whatnots, Basement Condition, 42 Shades of Geek, Eric. That's yeah. your man, Toby. Toby. City Geek, Country Geek with uh, Gareth and Paul. Comic Confidential, DC Bros Podcast, and Too Old, Too New, which haven't had a podcast in a long time. They have to get on it. It's been a couple months get on the trial, since man. those Come guys. On. I, I keep telling them. It's Bill. They, get on it, buddy. He said they have one recorded that's going to come out, so I wanted to give him the shout-out. Nice. Also, you can go to our Rant and Rave line, and that is, and it's easy. You always say it's easy. It's so it's easy. Weird Science, Rant and Rave line. You can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. See, just okay? that easy. It's that easy. It's easy enough that we have about 10 Brent and Raves tonight. Oh, my God. And we're going to start off with the 42 Shades of Geek man himself, Toby. Hey, uh, Jim, Eric, Reggie, played by Michael Clark Duncan. It's Toby, uh, ah. a friend in the UK. Um, 
Just calling to uh, catch up on the, the email that I sent you guys read it out on uh, episode 89. Of course we did. Um, it was uh, really fun to hear that the text that I, uh, the, the big wall of uh, letters and words that I sent you um, <laughs> caused a bit of bickering between uh, Jim and Eric. Uh, that entertained me hugely at my desk. Um, and I even ran home and played it to my friends. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to uh, touch base on a few things. Um, you told me to uh, get in touch and let you know uh, what I thought about um, the Six Pack and Dog Welder book. Yeah. Um, I just finished it a couple of days later than planned, but uh, I got there in the end. Um, I loved it. Uh, you guys didn't undersell it whatsoever. Awesome. Um, nice. The artwork was absolutely disgusting, but that really fit in with the, uh, <laughs> yes, it did. the tone of the uh, the whole story. The the characters were I love that book completely wacky and not like anything I've ever seen. I mean, like I said uh, in my email, I haven't really been reading any DC books. For, you know, I've only started with the the rebirth thing. So um, yeah, I've uh, I've not seen a comic book like it, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, did they have Mad Magazine in the UK? I'm looking forward to the next episode. I would think so. Um, yeah. I just also wanted to say that um, I listened to uh, Reggie, played by Michael Clark Duncan's uh, review. Of, <laughs> He's big on um, that. The Doom Patrol book. So I, um, I also read that one in my email. I said I don't know what the hell a Gerard Way is. Um, now I do. Um, I've got to admit, I have no clue what the hell's going on in that book. Um, Reggie, played by Michael Clark Duncan, did say that um, he wanted to... Well, he didn't say he wanted to know what um, non-Doom Patrol readers would make of it. He basically said that, you know, anyone who hasn't read a Doom Patrol book is uh, going to find it impenetrable. And um, I would actually say that uh, that's pretty accurate. Like, and I, I heard that really as well. No what's going on. Really? I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what's to come. I like the uh, the little preview of um, the uh, change, uh, Shade the Changing Girl. Yep, at the that's end the one the, I'm uh, excited for. The book I'm kind of well. excited for Mother uh, Pack. Something to whet the appetite. I'm glad I've got it on my uh, pool list. Um, I can't guarantee I'm going to get into these books like I have with the uh, the DC uh, Rebirth titles. But um, it's a lot of titles. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm really, really looking forward to the. Uh, email They're all quirky books because that's just so batshit crazy. That uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to throw me back to my youth where I used to sit there with my toys and bash them against each other on yeah. the. Uh, yeah, back to you. I do that now. Throwing them down the stairs and delighting Not that. Them I don't want to break them. Falling into pieces. I anyway, push my I'm kids rambling. down the it's, uh, stairs. It's nearly midnight here in the UK <laughs> right now. Um, I've just I've been awake since 4 a.m. I've done a whole day at the office, and then I went straight into night school. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure where, uh, if I'm hitting all the bases and stuff. Oh, yeah, in the, uh, in the email, I said that I've got, like, every title that's uh, been released since the DC Rebirth on my pool list. That's correct. And, Jim, you asked where I'm getting the money for this. Damn right. Um, and the, uh, the the truth of the matter is I basically put everything that I earn into this shit. I'm really <laughs> uh, enjoying myself. So, you know, I haven't got a girlfriend or anything like that, so I might as well put my money into something else. That that's I the love, life. The, uh, Seriously, I'm book. thinking of keep so, strong, um, brother. Do it. Now that I'm doing that, um, I uh, – when was I going with this? Shit, I had a point to get to, and I completely fucking forgot where I was going with it. Um, oh, yeah, the uh, the reason. So, yeah, obviously, um, I'm investing a lot of money into the comic books, but um, I'm also going to be investing a lot of money into you guys, technically, I guess, because I'm calling from the UK, and this is eating into my fucking phone bill. Oh, jeez. So, um, I didn't yeah. even think of that. That is true. I'm harassing you guys. Now I know how to get in contact with you. I finally figured out how to uh, reach out with the um, run and rave line, and this is becoming more of a rave, I guess, because I just lathering like an idiot um 
but yeah, I just wanted to uh, to say hi and thanks. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, you helped me through my day. I really enjoy uh, listening to, we you, do uh, it. to the banter between you guys. Um, and yeah, if uh, obviously I'd love uh, to uh, get in touch with Eric. Eric, by the way, I'm so sorry that I I inadvertently gave you a panic attack. Like that was not. <laughs> My intention. That was his intention. You sound like full of bravado and shit on the uh, podcast. So oh no, I'm a terrified to, little to boy. That, you know, by uh, contacting you on Facebook, that had that that kind of effect on you. So um, yeah, I apologize for that. I didn't mean anything by it. So no, we're good I now. Think, we've like, talked we've, on we've Facebook again. Message exchanges now, and I think you know you're going to warm up to my presence. So yeah, yes. if, if you'd like to join me on my that's own podcast, works. that's 42 Shades. See, yeah. um, shameless plug. Um, that's good. Yeah. By all means, please join me at some point. And um, Jim, I would also like to invite you to. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if anything, just to uh, be there to give uh, Eric uh, a bit of a morale boost. And that's you right. Know, if I uh, can't cope any you guys will start talking that crazy, to, uh, insane clown posse stuff. Speak up, and uh, yeah, if uh, Reggie, played by Michael Clark Duncan, wants to do that as well, <laughs> then that would be brilliant if he could join us too. So, uh, oh, it could be like a crossover event. That's right. But, yeah. Right. Anyways. Um, like I said, it's now midnight, which means that I'm leaving this voicemail right now on Tuesday in America. But it's now technically Wednesday. Time travel. Now he's blowing so my mind. This <laughs> message is coming to you from the fucking future. Yep. That's awesome. Right, anyways, uh, guys, <laughs> can't wait for episode 90. Looking forward to it. Hope you have a good one. Bye. Thanks, that Toby. That is Toby, 42 Shades of Grey. I think geek. that... Or Shades of Geek. I, every time I see it, I want to say that. Uh... Yeah, he doesn't want me on. He just wants you on. You guys could talk your nonsense. Ah, nonsense. Morale boost. I'd just be there and I'd think, wait, lay, little heads up later on. It'd be exactly like when we talk about Raven. I fucking, I'm out. You guys, no, I just you imagine were, you go on his podcast, me and him are talking. You were just there to have the freaking foghorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm doing the whole time. You're like, you know what? I like that twisted and that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, Toby, yes. you ever watch this horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get back to the rants and you said that. And then I say something like, hey, guys, you want... And I just give it to myself because I don't even know what to say. But uh, the next one is our man from Albany, Eric. Straight from City Hall, Rob Lewis. All Rob Lewis. Hey, Captain I Don't Know. <laughs> Kid, what does it mean, Jim? Professor, why are the panel so small? And Chris, this is your man, Bob Lewis. And Chris. Again, sitting at my desk here in City Hall in Albany, New York, with my mop and bucket at the ready. I just completed the epic 89th episode, and I have to tell you guys, love the new format. It was nice. a smooth transition, excellent show, really good. Looking like forward to making so Well, tomorrow's comic book day. Can't wait to see what's about to happen. And, of course, we have that wonderful series, Justice League, yes, continuing tomorrow. Can't wait to see what kind of shit we get there. <laughs> and, by the way, Jim, um, earlier in the episode, you were talking about Father We Love. Well, I have a pretty interesting story for you. When I was about four years old, my father and I were in the park, and, you know, I was playing around the trees. My father picked me up, and he sat me on one of the branches. Then he held his arms out, you know, gesturing for me to jump, and he would catch me. Of course, my daddy, I'm going to jump. 
Daddy. And as I was in midair, I noticed that he started moving back. And of course, <laughs> oh, I hit the ground and bust my ass. I'm laying there all busted up. Daddy, what? It sounds like a lesson. Father, he looking down at Don't me, trust people, son. And he said, remember, never trust anybody, oh including your dad. <laughs> uh, my dad was a great man. I miss him greatly. Good times. Good times. Well, that's all. Can't wait for next week's episode 90. Milestone bitches. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. My dad would have never got his fat ass to the park. At least he got to the park. Exactly. I'm thinking that too. Like, you got to go to the park? Yeah, that I'm like, awesome. the park? That sounds great. The only my dad just would have done that from the couch. My, the only father son talk my daddy and I ever had before he died, I was 16 years old. I was sitting in the basement watching probably Monster Squad or something. He was on the phone with my stepmother for a while. I hear the phone hang up upstairs and then he comes walking down. He sits down next to me. So watch the movie for a little bit. He's like, Eric, never get married. And then yeah, just stood right back up and went right back up the stairs. Only yeah. father-son talk we ever had. Uh, I don't and think I've lived I ever by had those one. words. My dad would say, like, listen, son, you go to the buffet, you <laughs> eat all the food. <laughs> no, 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 here. Don't waste your time with mashed potatoes at the buffet. No, no, it's his, all filler. His greatest lesson was don't order a drink. That's where they yeah. get you. Don't you just order drink a drink. Soup. Yep, eat, drink the soup broth as a drink. Boom, you will save yourself a dollar forty. That's what he told me. He, that's all he used to say. I'd Life go lessons, over there, man. and he would tell me different ways to be cheap. That that was basically my dad. Also, here is like, son, don't talk nonsense about being an archaeologist. You're an idiot. That's what he would say to me. And then later on, it might be, I wonder why you weren't an archaeologist. You always Fuck were interested in that. You fucking asshole. Here's the next rant and rave. Thanks, Rob. Uh, from a fan of yours, Eric. Mm. Shay, man. Why didn't you ever tell me you were down with Ultimate? Ultimate? I'm still flipping the B myself, bro. You could have been hammer throwing <laughs> oh, bullet pads. I finally got it. picking noobs this summer. Dude, <laughs> this week, let's get Nads, Scooter, Big Chunk, Bumper, <laughs> the Jeff Meister, Rattle Balls, Smallie Big, and Black Kevin together. Now right. on some nachos and do and spin some open at the Pizark until we gotta pick our kids up from school. What do you say, bruh? <laughs> that is a, that is the ultimate frisbee fan. I, finally, I'm you, for th- I listened to this three times. That is the first time I understood the ultimate yes, frisbee fan. Yeah. That guy sounds like a fun time. Sure that does. Guy, the ultimate frisbee guy. Well, here's Gets another some, one for uh, you. Nacho flavored Doritos. Yeah, some he Dew. wants all Damn. those. Yeah, the do. Yeah, brah. Here's Bra. the next one. Is also for you, Eric. Eric, Mama, Mama, yeah. Where are you, Eric? And Ramsey is you calling me. You book, Eric. You read that book, Eric. I'm looking for you, <laughs> Eric. You with your friends, Eric. Eric doesn't have any friends. It's true. It is true. There it is. There's Mama. <laughs> All oh, right, God, the I, next. I tell you, Anne's Ramsey's calling from beyond the grave. Yep, from beyond. Here's the next one. It's Maddie D. <laughs> hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. Hello, Reggie. Hello, Chris. Hello, Michael. <laughs> Maddie D here. I just wanted to say uh, I really enjoyed the last episode. I like the fact that you guys broke up your emails. They really brought the whole podcast together. It, uh, it was like one of those nice rugs that uh, brings the room together. Man. I really like that rug. Good rug. I just don't want to try to pee on it. 
Whoa, that's anyway, not the appropriate name. Uh, I just want to say, looking forward to this week's episode. Really enjoyed Trinity. I'm looking forward to hearing Jim's take on it. And uh, can't wait to listen for the next Cosmic Treadmill. I hear those guys do some great stuff. Yeah, some good on stuff. On another note, there's a lot of numbers to dial for the Branton Rave line. Oh, yes, there so is. So if you're like me and you have a mother that's, that's uh, part of DAM, that's Mothers Against Dyslexia, it's kind of hard to be typing in all those numbers. Anyway, uh, take it easy, and I hope I look forward to hearing uh, your show this week. Talk to you later. That's right. That is Maddie D. Uh, here, here is he's part of Dam. Here is the next. Here is the next uh, rant and rave uh, coming from a working man, Eric. Oh yeah. Now. On the street. Hello. This is Sanjay. What's up, Sanjay? I am a first-time caller, long-time listener. I will trust your extra long hours have helped my English as well as entertain me while I do my taxi driving. Do not learn English from us, Sanji. I've no. been a big fan of the Batman as I read that comic book daily. And I want to thank you again for such a long podcast. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> now... I I would love to think that that is real. I want to uh, so bad, but, but I hard. don't want to because I could just imagine him driving that cab. <laughs> so he's like, "Where the fuck are you going, Boosh, Boosh, my friend? Fuck your mother. Everything is everything is your freaking. Or the, hey, I want to go to my father. Uh, can you take me to my dad's house? Oh, is your dad a piece of shit? Or is he dead like Eric Shade? Is the he dead sweetheart? like Eric Shade? Oh, see you in seven, my friend. It'd just be you. You, you're Sanjay now. Sanjay's just yelling out your fucking catchphrases. And they're like, I don't like your cap. Go get yourself a rickshaw then, you son of a bitch. Be a Rockefeller. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, you think you're a Rockefeller. Mr. DC there. Yeah, I, I would, th- I would think that that's somebody fucking with us, I, really I, I do. It's real though. Yes, well, here is the next one. We have two more. Here is Michael. Thank Aaron. you, Sanjay. Michael. Hello, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. This is Michael. Thanks for another great podcast last week. Reggie, the cosmic treadmill on Guy Gardner Warrior was very entertaining and informative. I bought two DC books this week, Batman and Nightwing. Since they are the first two parts of the Night of the Monstermen event, I will rate them together. Uh What the fuck? Yes! (laughs) Really? This is so horrible compared to the regular Batman. This doesn't title. sound like Michael. And I'm anymore. sorry, when we see that person they call Duke in the Batcave in Batman, that is not Duke Thomas, that is Charlie fucking McCarthy, and Alfred is going to jam his hand up that creepy doll's ass to make him talk. So I'm not a big fan of the Night of the Monsterman arc so far. Anyway, also in case you haven't guessed by now, I'm back to being the racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic dancing Mike. Dancing Mike's back there. The rebirth. Michael was the new 52 version of Dancing Mike, and now with this rebirth, hopefully I'll get back to doing what you all love. And Mike or was a DCYOU. Um, first of all, I'm not reviewing ROM anymore. Um, no? My review oh. of ROM is, check it out, you might like it, I love it. And Brandon <laughs> is much better at doing reviews than me anyway. And I've spent my Don't time working that. on some songs. So, yes. um, besides the review song that leaked out prior to this rebirth, it did leak week, out. Um, <laughs> there terrible. is another review song and another uh, mail song in Jim's possession right now. If he yep. deems that they're good enough to be on the podcast, you'll probably hear them sometime during this podcast, which will probably be 
Let's see. This week will probably anything is good enough to be on this podcast. Ten and a half hours. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that long this week. Um, Hopefully not. Thanks, thanks to everyone who offered me encouragement, um, including Jim, Reggie, Eric, uh, Brenny, Brandon, uh, Repairman Jack. He's shouting out everybody. You know that. Yeah, Snooky Duke down in Kansas. And there's enough people that like me that I guess I should be back. Oh, so yeah. He's back, back, And hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, thank you, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, uh, Brandon, and everyone else for all you do behind the scenes and that in the podcast. And we will see you in seven. Nice. Yes. He is Dancing. back and better than Dancing ever. Dancing Mike is back. He has an email later. We'll hear. And yes, he has a lot of songs. But speaking of songs. We have the last rant and rave, and I remember I told you before that Alex M. had called in drunk. Yes. That was not true. He did not call in drunk that first time, even <laughs> though he said that wasn't even the first time. I, I don't, I'm still guessing that this isn't even his first mail or first rant and rave of the night. Uh, uh, to me, that mama is him. I, I haven't checked the thing, but that's no, that was my Andrew. guess. What are you talking about? And Ramsey, I, and I might be completely off, but this is legitimately Alex M calling him drunk. He figured that since we had already assumed he was drunk on the last he one, he was going to just go full out. This is Alex M calling him drunk. People still say crunk. Crunk. Four, five, two, three, two-way power signs. The first way to get to the weird science line. Now I want you go get there. You want to leave your message. Now where's the tricky part? Here it comes. You can either just leave it there and hang up and they'll save it. Or what you can do is press pound and hear it yourself or save it. Or you could even retry to press three and repeat it. But if you press that pound and you hang up, it won't work. Because it if won't. you don't let it know <laughs> you want to save it, then it'll fuck up. So just to bring you back, you dial that one number. But you gotta add the four, five, two, three, two, eight, pound sign. That's how you get to the weird science number. And that's how I'm leaving this fucking message. And that's how I'm leaving this message for the rest of y'all. And it's how we're leaving a message for the rest of the world. If they want to bitch at Tim and Eric. <laughs> he cracks himself because up. Because <laughs> they're so amazing. They're so similar to those other two fuckers. But whatever. Who gives a shit? Because they do the same kind of shit. boop doo ba boo 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 skibba wabba doo See, it is just that easy, folks. If Alex M could get to it, to fucking from now on, I might not even uh, say the the whole thing. I might play that. Uh, (laughs) Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do the rest of the podcast. There is Batman, and he's gonna go to the night of the Monster Man, and then it's also in Nightwing, and it's not a very good story because it's Steve Orlando. He's writing them both. Is that pretty good? I like <laughs> Alex M then sobers up and, and writes a mail later and then verifies that he was drunk. But yeah, I will say, I don't think this is going to be 11 hour podcast because we don't have as many books. 
right? Right. I'm just going to sing the rest, sing song, the rest of the, it's the all podcast. It's sing-song Alex M. I have it all in my head now, the Alex M, that is his sing-song. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think this is going to be an 11-hour podcast like last week. We, we have less books, and really, a lot of the books don't have a lot to go on. There's no. not a lot to talk about. But one thing that we will not have tonight or ever again, Eric, is shut up. My shows are on. Oh. Because... Now, I hate to say what this looks like his name is, but it's J-O-O-5-3-Box. And yep. to me, that kind of means like I'd have to say Jew-53-Box. Jew. Yeah. Jew-53-Box or Joe-53-Box. He had listened to, I think he said episode 73, and asked me on Twitter, hey, who is it doing the reviews of the finale of the TV shows? <laughs> and I said, that's Eric. And he messaged back, hey, uh, it doesn't sound like him, but I kind of thought it was. Yeah, yeah, this segment sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Eric's going to be upset about that. He's like, yeah, yeah so it's upset. really lame. So I'm like, I think Eric has pretty much considered it done anyway. Well, I'm telling and, you, yeah. before we ever, like, every time I would do it, we'd get on to do the main podcast. I'm like, yep, I just sent you the show my show was on. Man, this segment sucks. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm listening as I edit. I'm like, well, what is this like PTSD episode you had? Like you, you. <laughs> you I tried to take bored. it in different directions to do stuff. You know, but yeah. Like be, I, even just not even the, just the quality of it. We we had made that decision that the podcast was just going to be about comics anyway, yeah. so it really doesn't fit. Uh, but it was weird, like out of the blue, we're getting some shit. Uh, we Brandon said before we're getting too much love. He likes when we get shit, like yeah. when the uh, DC treated us bad last week. Hey, he loves that shit. So but yeah, no, no, can, the Jew's got my freaking ticket. He knows exactly. Jew fifty three box. He says box. He knows. He going says on. no more. And I said okay. Now uh, we'll end this intro segment with a little thing that Reggie is making me do. Yes, I am not the biggest fan of contests. But Reggie has had shirts made up, and he wants us to have a little contest. So this is what you have to do. If you want one of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast shirts, you have to – now, he gave me this whole thing. (laughs) I I forgot it now. But you have to go onto Twitter, which already there's some people listening. Manship, he's out. He doesn't have Twitter. He's not on Twitter. He's out. So see, Reggie, you're already excluding people. But the first four people to tweet us at Weird Science DC with the hashtag, hashtag give me a shirt, Eric. I wanted to put hashtag Weird Science plays all the hits. I thought that would have been a good one. But it's hashtag give me a shirt on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. The first four people will get shirts sent to them. It's just that easy. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Oh, Reggie, you son of a bitch. But yeah, I'll I'll say that again because I keep interrupting myself too. You have to go onto Twitter, sign onto your Twitter account. And then when you do that, you have to, you have to tweet us that weird science DC with the hashtag, give me a shirt. And the first four will get a shirt sent to them sometime within the year. It's true. Right? Because I have to get my ass then. to, And you're also going to have to give me your address. So if you're uncomfortable with that, if you think that I might stalk you. Not you, only you that, may I not... might see it as well. So Yes. Shit. So if you don't want either of us to see this, don't don't uh, go into this. And plus, and you could be two years old to 100. The, the shirt is, is appropriate, Eric. 
I'm trying I, to I think of all those rules, so all one. the rules they always spell out for these contest things. But yes, the first four people to tweet us cannot be associated with Weird Science or its parent company, Disney. Yes, yeah. So that that means you, Brandon. Brandon will be freaking typing away. Uh, some of these other people, maybe they'll get a shirt anyway. I have not worn the shirt. Eric loves it so much, he he can't take that goddamn thing off. Every time, it, I are have you to wearing it now? Something. No, no. Every time no. I have to go out and do something, I put it on. Got to pimp the freaking thing. Yeah, you pimp the thing, and uh, it ended up we were at work, and the guy, um, the UPS. Oh no, was it the? It was just a a, a driver uh, yeah, came in and he like saw out. the weird science, and then just went off, started yelling out quotes from the movie. Yeah, me and him were just doing uh, quotes from Weird Science back and forth. I'm like, God damn, man, it's fucking lunchtime. Hurry yeah. up, this shit, you know. Now I I need to channel Alex M for this contest. Is get a tweet to our Weird Science, and then. You- but yeah, I'll say it one more time because Reggie is probably right now he's grinding his teeth. He gets so upset with me. But yeah, if you go on at Weird Science DC is where you will send the tweet hashtag Give me a T-shirt on Tuesday eight o'clock. Or a shirt? No, it's get. Oh Jesus Christ! Hashtag Give me a shirt. I had T-shirt first, and I thought that was going to cause issues. I'm going to start over again. <laughs> edit this where's our engineer don't we have an engineer where's dr dre he's in the other room fucking turning fucking knobs okay you go to at weird science dc you tweet to us no you don't have to go to at weird science right you just have to tweet at weird science dc with the hashtag give me a shirt tuesday 8 p.m eastern standard time the first four people get shirts Oh, Reggie. Oh, these, these contests. Then at 10 o'clock that night, if you hashtag give me a sandwich, you may get a sandwich in the mail as well. But you may not. I don't I know about that. that sandwich, though. Told you, my mom, my grandmother sent my dad pretzels to Germany when he was in the Air Force yep. and sent them by boat and they got their green and Soft all pretzels. fucked up. But yeah, I might even, I might send somebody a sandwich then. Uh, it might have a couple bites out of it, you know. I'll just get that. Well, yeah. Take, take can't a couple just look at bites. a sandwich and not bite it. What the fuck? Are we savages? Oh, really? I, I don't know. If you go to the the uh, the mail, uh, the post office, I don't know that they're going to allow me to mail somebody a uh, a sandwich. Just I don't put know. Put it in the box. They won't know. Yeah, I'd have to get the box there. Huh. I, that's the problem. I'd probably go and hand the guy the sandwich, and then say, "Can you mail this to this guy?" And they'd it's say, got "No." Two stamps on it. It's good. That'd be great. It's just a, a submarine sandwich with two stamps on it and a fucking guy's name written in fucking mustard. That's Here right. you go, buddy. Like off it goes. But yeah, that's Reggie's contest. And uh, you want me to go to UPS? Come on, man, get on this. Yeah, really. And actually, I don't know. I may send these FedEx. I may do something. I don't know. Is there any way I can get this uh, done and I can send them from work? That's what I want to do. I don't want to go to the post office. I have no idea how real life adult stuff works. I don't know how the mail works. Well, you have to send back your tux, and we went to that one place. That's probably where I'll go. When you took that back, remember the did did they get that tux back? Because you were really confused. Bad about it, so I'm going with. You have not been charged. Because remember, you went in and the guy was not paying attention to you, and then just told you to just put it on the ground. I'm standing there like a goddamn idiot because I'm just waiting for this guy to stop what he's doing and look at me. And eventually, it's just like I put the sticker on here because I've never done this before. I don't know. I just want to make sure it gets back to the right place in time. I put the sticker on. He's like, "All right, deliver." And you're gonna check it today? Oh yeah. All right. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, buddy. Next thing he's walking around town with the fucking tux on, <laughs> fucking putting on the Ritz downtown Quakertown. It says Generation Quaker Tux on the box, so yeah, you know exactly Putting on the Ritz. He's there he's sizing fucking... me up when I turn around. Yeah, you're about my size, Yeah, he's buddy. like, yeah, you know, you're okay. He's got the fucking top hat and cane, twirling it, <laughs> fucking getting the rickshaw. Ah, uh, yes, but uh, that that is the contest. That's the end of the intro. We're going to head off to the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh, yeah, and I guess Eric's there, too. You hear her? <sighs> yeah, always gets I'm down, here. right? You're always, like, you're always <laughs> happy, and then it gets to that end, and you're like, oh, God. Johnny, the whole yeah, time I, I'm dancing, I'm doing little fluttering motions with my yeah. hands, like I'm flying through the air, just thinking about Jim talking about the news. It's me talking about the news. You have Rob Lewis this week tweeted out that uh, who's Jim and what is this news that you're singing about? <laughs> uh, he must have been going around it's singing. It's infectious. I do it at yeah, work it all is. the time. You do it. I just sit there and I just let I, – I don't sing it during the week. I just want to wait to hear Mike sing my praises at the <laughs> podcast. And, and also, I, I'm not that big-headed that I'm going to sing a song about myself, Eric. Yes, But you maybe are. I am. Uh, there's only one bit of news. Like I said, we're only going to be talking comic news. This is the only thing that I could find. And also, I don't want to have a 50-hour podcast, Eric. So, Absolutely uh, not. I'd rather hear from uh, the listeners for listener mail than actual have like 800 news items. But this is the news for the night. DC and IDW release more information on Love is Love benefit comic book. You know all about that, right? Love is Love. I actually saw it earlier in the week, and I had no idea it was. I clicked love on it a little bit. Love is love. That, there has not been a more true statement, Eric. Love is love. I don't know. Um, Supergirl being super is pretty true. That is true, too. But this is love is love, and they, this is the news. A new cover and additional creators involved in the benefit anthology Love is Love have been released by IDW Publishing. This is a joint thing between DC, IDW, and a lot sure. of other people. Uh, this title done in partnership with DC Comics is being done to benefit survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, which took place earlier this year via the charity organization Equality Florida. That's uh, who's doing this as well. And this is from uh, project organizer and writer Mark Andreco, who we're big fans of. Yeah. When tragedy happens, art responds. And after the Pulse massacre, the comics community responded quickly, decisively, and with open hearts, said Mark and Draco. I cannot be more proud of this book or to be a member of the comics community. The talent and emotion on every page is staggering. Love is Love mourns the 49 lost, honors the survivors, and celebrates love in all forms. And this is a big deal. Wait do you hear who is involved. Love is Love is scheduled to include work by Phil Jimenez, Steve Sadowski, Paul Jenkins, Mike Carey, Matt Wagner, Marguerite Benet, Aniki. That's yeah, just you know, one, Aniki. one name, Aniki. Damon Lindelof, Patton Oswalt, nice. Stephen Orlando, 
It, he's he's got that. He's putting it's on the wrist. Proper. Not Steve Orlando. It's Steve and Orlando. Raphael Albuquerque, Jason Aaron, Jason Latour, James Asmus, Ming Doyle, James Tyne in the fourth, Cecil Castellucci. I think this was just so that I had to pronounce all these names. Brandon Peterson, really Jesus Saez, <laughs> Oliver Coitbell, Linneal Yu, Elsa Chartier, with more yet to be announced. But that, that's some pretty kick-ass names right there. I know right. most of those. In addition, IDW and DC characters and creators involved titles from other publishers will be represented, including Images Southern Bastards, with a new story by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Uh, Love is Love is 144 pages and is due out in December. But yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, uh, that's really cool. The things I don't want to say anything negative about it. It's just a personal thing where I love everything they're doing here. I love that they're trying yeah, to benefit, yeah. like you know, do something to make this. I don't. I can't even say not like be bad because it's going to be terrible. But just benefit like the survivors and the, those yeah, who were yeah. lost. But I hate dealing with real life stuff. Like I'm telling you, I'm in the comic books for the escape because the world is terrible. Yeah, but place. I actually think this is going to be more about equality and things like that. I do not think they're going to have. You know, it's going to honor. I know, I'm just, I'm just talking about loss, but I don't though, think it's going to. When I think, I don't think it's going to be like that's that. That's what I think about is all the terrible shit that went down. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be, you know, a lot of equality stories yeah. and things like that. And like they said, there's a Southern Bastards, it's a new Southern Bastards story uh, there. And, you know, you you mm-hmm. go and buy it and it benefits the survivors yeah. and things like that. That's and the awesome. families of those who went. That's good. It, 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 I don't think we're going to review it on the site only because, holy moly, I don't know how you – there's going to be 10 million stories in there. But I'll probably get it and read it and oh, yeah. then get it just to have that done. And I don't buy anything. And I'll probably buy that. It's true. You know, it is true. You did learn I, from your daddy. I am. I'm a cheap ass, but I, I usually, if, if there's something like this, and my wife, actually, my wife would probably like reading this, and she doesn't like reading any comics that I get. She hey, Jess thinks would like it's to nonsense. Read it as well. Yeah, so maybe we'll do that. But uh, that's the news. And Oof. we're going to move on with the mail, at least the mail section number one. First mail section. It's mail with you. We don't need no Eric Shea. I'm down here. I hear it every anyway. time. I get sad, but I'm mouthing at the words the entire time. I love it, too. It's always like the bait and switch for you. Yeah. You're all excited. You, yeah, I think every time I like to think that you forgot that he's going to badmouth you. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, oh, like, oh man. Well, this is the mail section number one. And we're going to start off with some good news. Good right. news there. Actually, I'm going to pick us up. Let's get ready for this uh, good news with something like this. this yeah, cool. come on there. I want you to get the, the theme going. My neck right? is better. I can dance again. Because this is really good news. This right, is going like to be it, good dude. stuff. Okay, right. we're going to go this here. Yeah! Yeah! See? We're going to have good news, okay? All what right, else man. do we need? Oh, wait. Something happened there. What else do we need here? This this always <laughs> pumps me up. Hello, Weird Science. Yes. Hey, Dan. Here we go. Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, oh, Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. 
Who else in the level can say yeah? Yeah. yeah. Now, all of that, Eric, is not going to get you as pumped up as this. This right. is the first male, J-Men from Monterey. Up, hey, Jim. What's up, Eric? Yo, Reggie. I wanted to start by saying, fuck yeah, I got a job. So nice. J-Man got a job. I was like, remember, he was all worried. I think that's, that actually led him to be angry at me yeah. that one day, that I forgot his mail. Now he's got a job. So now he's, he's happy. It's awesome. I told him shit works out. Damn I've right. been driving up the, up and down the Bay Area every week for the last three weeks interviewing with tech companies and a really cool company called me back and gave me an amazing offer. So not only did he get a job, it's amazing. To me, Bad that ass. means he gets like a free snack every Funny, day. Uh, there's like a cafeteria there, and you can have cafeteria. all the cereal you want. I'm telling you, what I would do is if I was going to interview with another company, I'd just go and look at what snack machines they have. <laughs> or, and if they have a automat type oh, deal where they're going to actually – you could get like full meals, whoo take that job, right? Take it, definitely. Right. And then he says enough about me on the comics rant. First book I read was Trinity. Once I caught myself up from last week's Tim Drake is off the table while his friends mourn. And Digger is off the table, presumably, with his teammates shocked. While <laughs> Diana gets her powers from animals and Bats continues battling many of his lesser-known villains. Oh my god, did Trinity have some awesome art and writing? I agree. I saw an interview with Francis Menopole saying that his stories in Trinity would be small-scale, personal tales with the big three and i didn't see that but i like to hear that i like that that's well. what we liked about it in my opinion this is the just league book we all deserve poo poo rookie gl's a misused and underused should be on the teen titan cyborg a misused aquaman until the rise of the seven seas crossover arc starts in a flash who wasn't even properly used through much of jeff john's jl run trinity series is the heart and soul meat and cheese of the justice league rebirth style and we say it later and i say it all along that is the book that I'm looking at as my Justice League Definitely. book. It's my official, unofficial Justice League book because <laughs> until Brian Hitch is gone, I don't see it getting or any at better. At least wises up. Whew. Where do we get to that? I know this is just the first issue, but the way Manipul linked events and other Rebirth series with this small-scale story was impressive. I decided to get the Night of the Monsterman crossover issues, and I'm glad I did. This is going to be, I think the Night of the Monsterman is already a, you know, a line in the sand with people. Like some people either love it or hate it. it I'm not on I the love. Honestly, I just hear meh. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't think of it either well, way in my mind. Here we go. J-Man loves it and uh, Dancing Mike hated it. So <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm with you. Like you say, I'm kind of in the middle, but I'm seeing everybody on either side of me. I thought the Batman issue was more of an eight. Stuck in the middle with you. An eight out of ten. He says that the Batman is, and Riley Rossmo's art wasn't bad. I, I agree more than you. Uh, yeah. You did not like the art at all. I think I that not. they chose Riley Rossmo just because it's this grotesque, you know, creature filled thing, and that he does that well. Um, but the, the actual characters, he, he is a little off on. But after reading Green Arrow, I realized that the best part about the Rebirth series is Emiko, and I pretty much agree with that. From the solicits, it seems like Emiko won't be in the story for a couple issues, which sucks. Yeah. That's because we're going to the island, Eric. The island Not again. I, I was yelling that on the way home the one day when we were talking. <laughs> we were listening to some other podcasts, and they were talking. I don't know where they're going to go. I'm like, they're going to the island. There, it says at the end. Yeah. Hey, Eric, you should check out the comic, uh, Comixology deal of the week, ironically titled Weird Science. Nice. I think it is 91% off some sci-fi horror series you might be into. That's something Reggie would like as well. Yeah. He really likes the horror comics. 
Uh, he said, and J-Man continues, I removed Superman from my pull list uh, after all the Eradicator nonsense, but I'm looking forward to catch up with the series now that it has moved into some more interesting, more family-oriented territory. And yeah, I'll say, if you're stoked to have Manipool talking about Trinity being a you know very subtle, down-home type story, this week's Superman, Superman is right, right up your fucking alley. It's good. And I'm looking forward to the Soups and Sun meets Bats and Sun are, which I am as well. And then there's, hey, Dancing Mike, come back to the podcast, baby. Put this Michael persona in the grave. It looks like that's happened. We have a He's Mike, here. Dancing Mike rebirth. He even had the, uh, did you see that? He was on Twitter. He started following us. I didn't even realize he was on Twitter. He no, started no, no. following us, and he pinned his tweet. Is the was the rebirth freaking, <laughs> you know, the curtain, the curtain with Dancing Mike and t- the date that the podcast is going up. He goes all out, that guy. Haters are going to hate, and as John Lennon once said, I don't believe in Beatles. I just believe in me. Do you know what song that's from? John Lennon's yeah. song. That is from the song God, Eric. God. God. One of my favorite songs. I love it. Well, I've got to go now. My wife and I are starting to pack again. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in 14. Right, J-Man from Monterey for now. J-Man. I love it. I think that's awesome. Uh, we need some good news. Right. Me and you never get good news, right? Always no, bad news coming my way. <laughs> Good news. And nope. I don't get any news. But no. it, really, to me, the no news isn't good news. I need some good news. And I'm sick. That's my good news. Uh, I'm not dead. Good news. But I'm sick. Next one's Wheezy, who says health issues. Yeah, I got some health issues, Wheezy. I, I tell you, everybody, you hear what I eat. Is it a shock? I don't get sick a lot. I was bragging last week. There. I never get sick. I'm not, oh, Jesus, it hit me hard. Hi, Jim and Eric. I'm getting slightly concerned about Jim's coffee addiction. Jim, you need to tap into your British side and substitute coffee for a wholesome English tea. Ugh. Not only is this much healthier, it is already sweet enough, so no need to add any sugar. You crazy? <laughs> My mom would make tea, and she would always put cream, or actually milk, and tons of sugar in it. So if I drink tea, it's got tons of sugar as well. In certain circles, it is seen as the ultimate hot beverage. The ultimate hot beverage to me, Eric, is the wonton soup broth that you get at the Chinese buffet. (laughs) Perfect. Perfection. I am not against coffee as a rule, but I was told that this was for closers. No wonder my pull list is getting shorter. (laughs) On to the books. You were spot on with your Batman issue number six. It was a bit of a tearjerker. I was not expecting the feels, and the arc definitely picks up steam. I was underwhelmed with the first couple of issues, but King nailed it. Makes me wonder why I even doubted that it would be a success. Same here. I I thought the pacing was off at the beginning, and it all All came back. It all all paid off. Yep. I don't think that's going to be the same with that Raven book, though, Eric, so don't even go there. What about that Night of the Monster? Going there. Night of the Monster? No. Well, this is not, it's not a pacing issue, per se, more than a nothing issue. <laughs> John being revealed to in front of Batman and Wonder Woman as the new Superboy left me wanting more from this book. Crypto, though, made me uh, may need more training after bursting through the Eradicator's chest. <laughs> No, yeah, no, that's, no that's exactly what Superman wanted. Man, yeah. If, have we seen Crypto since? Nope. He's nope. chilling in the fortress. Is he? Just chilling again? Next thing he, we're going to see is... I had this gonna, issue of uh, Superman He's going to be a fucking wolf again. Where uh, Crypto, like S- Superman and Lois, they had their apartment and Crypto stayed there. And then Crypto tore the throat out of Mongol. And this is, it's all about Superman having to put uh, Crypto in the fortress of solitude and keep him there because he's too yeah. dangerous to have around. Yeah. He's going to be back to that. It was such a yeah. sad issue. Well... 
Crypto I need, what it was. He needs interaction, Crypto. He's he's going to go crazy again. Also reading Shitting the Flash, all over the fortress. Also reading The Flash, I'm not sure if the concept of a secret identity is somehow getting lost in DC Reaper. <laughs> it is true. Everybody's exposing that identity. Also, a massive thank you for putting timestamps in the descriptions so I can try to avoid spoilers. Yeah, see? I, yeah, I did the extra step. I hope that everybody appreciates that because it's a real pain in the ass. I bet. Before, before I'd have four sections to just kind of, you know, go as a big sweep through and put together. Now I have fucking 20 million. At yeah, the end yeah, of the podcast, we, we, we always get – at we always end the podcast and then me and Eric sit there and go through each one to see how – you know, get an idea how long the podcast will be. And it used to take like two seconds. <laughs> it takes like an extra hour. Last, last week was ridiculous. Oh. Oh my God. Thanks to the most respected guys in comic book podcast realm, your last British fan, Wheezy. And he says, P.S. Good fried potato is poached in boiling butter and a fried egg in the same pan. That right. is a British staple. Uh, I don't know if I've ever said on the podcast, but I did tell you when I went to England, my grandmother had a fucking big ass pan or pot of lard underneath the fucking kitchen table that she'd use she'd use it and you know she'd put it in her fucking frying pan she'd make her eggs and shit and her potatoes and then when she got done she'd just pour it back into this fucking big ass container that was open and under the table and uh the the worst part though is i saw the cat in it the one time like this is disgusting I still ate everything she made. I didn't care, you know. I'm telling I, you, I'm thinking about my grandmother. She used to take the grease and put it in a goddamn like a an like empty, a coffee uh, pot. Like a, it was like an empty like dog can. food can. Okay, yeah. And no. then she used to like wait till it was filled up so she could probably dispose of it. But that grossed me out. Yours is well, fucking I, no. I I actually what she I do that as well with like mm-hmm. a big uh, coffee. Because I, it just you know, it's easier no, no. to dispose of then. No, my grandmother, this was just it just kept going. And the, uh, uh, during the war, I'm like, what fucking war are you talking about? You die fucking, already. The war on fucking sanitary cooking is the war, war she was health. fucking fighting. Also, she didn't have a shower, and at that point, it just kind of freaked me out. Smelling she had a thing. huge bathtub. I mean, this bathtub was humongous, and there was no water pressure. I don't know that this is just a thing in certain parts of England, or it's changed since then. There was no water pressure whatsoever. It really was annoying. That whole summer, I'm going to have to kill somebody. I should have just killed my brother. He almost ran off a cliff while we were running around like fucking morons. All right, the next. That was at that uh, dirt little door. That I mentioned that was oh, in the that Dirtle Superman. Door. Yeah, that was in Trinity, I think. Dirtle Door. <laughs> you know, Dirtle Door. Next one's from Harry Andrew. Potter? Are we reading some Harry Potter now? Oh, hey, you want to go with the Dirtle Door, you little muggle. Oh, hey, Harry Potter. <sighs> I'm getting a little goofy. I just, right before we did this mail, I did take a double dose of oh, fucking Nyquil. I, I bought like. Fucking eight things of NyQuil in two days. I just chug them. I I actually okay, put you know the trip. little the little cap the the measuring cap. I threw that away. I'm just guzzling. Oh yeah, shit. I never use that shit. Fuck that. That's for losers. That's, that's for, for quitters. Really. Next one's from Andrew. Oh, there's the Andrew. Oh, thank you, Weezy. You know who this is? It's Andrew from Belfast. What's Eric. up, Andrew? Andrew says he, his subject: longtime listener, first time emailer. Hey, guys, I, I should I talk Irish for this one? Sure. Oh, you want to stop? <laughs> I'm getting goofy. 
Hey guys, sending you a long overdue email to tell you that I've been enjoying listening to the show both in the run-up to Rebirth and post-Rebirth. I'm now extra grateful for your hard work given that we are in a post-DCR podcast environment. It means a lot to know that others out there in the podcast world and Twitter get as absorbed in the events in DC as much as I do. Your podcast is essential listening for any DC fan. Sounds like a commercial. I like it. I, I'm Jim Warner, and I approve that message, Eric. I especially like Jim's. He especially likes Jim's plot suggestions for alternate handlings. That's funny. I read this. I'm like, here we go. Yeah, they should have closed (laughs) last Detective Comics immediately after Tim died. It's funny. Before Andrew sent this, I was sitting there, and it's one of those like you're half asleep thinking of things. And I was thinking about the podcast, and I thought, you know what? I do this too many times where I'm like, you know what? If it was me, I would. And I I imagine people like, oh, here he goes again. (laughs) You fucking asshole. If it isn't you, you fucking asshole, and that's why you don't write comics. That's why you're a reviewer. I don't have Those any free. Do, I don't have any aspirations of being anything but. So I just like to, to tell my father. tell my two yeah tell my two cents. <laughs> he says uh, I he missed the George Perez reference in Wonder Woman entirely. So he he thanked us for that. Oh, nice. Pre rebirth, my core purchases were Batman, Detective Comics, Nightwing, Grayson, Green Lantern, and Justice League. Then I'd supplement as required. Post rebirth, I'm hitting nearly all the titles, which costs a small fortune, but it's been great. My favorites are a little different to yours. I do love Detective Comics, Batman, and Superman titles the same as you guys. Excellent reviews on those books in recent weeks. Of course. However, as you may have gathered from Twitter, I don't mind a bit of frivolous nonsense and have a personal soft spot for Green Lanterns. You have been a little bit harder on it than I have. I, I've been but very I think hard on in that general, book, but the past two issues, including the one we're going to no, talk about I'm, tonight. I'm even saying, in general, I think that we've been pretty positive. I don't think you've ever gone like under a six. Oh, right? I definitely have. Yeah, what you have? I definitely have. Yeah, I didn't. I'm pretty think sure so. I have at least. I no, don't, I don't I, think I have you not have. Checked. I just know I really... between issue one till five, I was very angry about it. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I don't think you went. Uh, I think you were still in the six, five, seven range. In fact, Green Lanterns was uh, like Superman. I thought where you kept saying that you just kept or Action Comics where you right. kept giving sevens and. But yeah, usually because of the ridiculous exchanges between Simon and Jessica, the Flash, which I just thought was hilarious, as Barry was the teacher and the other parts of the story are crazy, but I like it. He also likes Supergirl. I haven't seen the TV show, but I liked, uh, I always liked the new 52 era stuff, and this is quite new and different for me, leaving the timeline issues aside, which I haven't seen the, the TV show either, and I, I like that as I think enough. I've watched two episodes of it. He likes Red Hood. I never bought before, but the artwork is captivating. Dialogue is great, and I think it's always nice to compare and contrast Jason Todd's adventures with Dick Grayson's and Nightwing, and I love Red Hood. So far, Red Hood has been the better of those two titles. The exchanges in the last issue of Red Hood between Jason and Artemis were great. Wonder Woman is excellent enough said. The artwork is to die for, and it's nice to see Wonder Woman in a stellar book with great alternate but complementary storylines, art styles, etc., and I'm gonna have to cough a minute, so I'm gonna pause <laughs> my mic. He's gone. All right, boy, I gotta take a, a drink there. I was trying to get through that, and I have a tickle, a little tickle, a little tickle in the back of your throat there, man who never gets <sighs> sick. I should have, yeah, I should have gotten some hauls tonight, but I did not. I thought I was feeling a little better, but obviously I'm not. My personal favorite title to date, though, is Bad Girl. Huh? Yeah. 
I wasn't that into Burnside Becker, which I have in trade paperback format. I never liked the art style in that period, and it was a bit too cool for school. I really loved the Hope Larson Raphael Albuquerque combo, though. The Traveling Bab show uh, keeps me entertained. The art is a mix of both quirky and stylish. I like the colors Raphael uses. Surprising given his other work of that and the old issues over his Joker Batgirl cover. Makes jokes about craft beer. There's a character called Fruit Bat, and I just love it. <laughs> the worst Rebirth title for me is unsurprisingly Justice League. To the extent that I'm almost now enjoying how awful it is. I feel I have to buy that heap of garbage because I always have bought the title. But seriously, it just is a complete mess and I hate it. Still, I'll fork out the money for it. My name is Andrew and I am a DC addict. <laughs> the only concern I have about Rebirth, and you guys touched upon it last week, is over how uh, much drama or trauma Bruce Wayne has faced in recent months. Sassy, sassy, backstabbing Alfred. Leave out the backstabbing bit of the All-Stars uh, rest outside of continuity, which it supposedly it doesn't. So Alfred is, is a backstabber in that as well. Damien's pre-rebirth plight, accusing Jason of the wrong of intending to execute the mayor in cold blood. Gotham killed Gotham girl, traumatized him dead, and now a uh, row with Dick. So he, he is a little upset that Bruce is having some problems. His life right? is falling apart around him, and he has no idea. Yeah, it is. Uh, this issue uh, tonight, in the first part of the Night of the Monster Man, he's really laying on heavy. <sighs> with Really with heavy. It is. It comes off weird to me, but other Tim, observations Dick, are as follows. Why aren't you as good as Tim? It's everything. Any bit they turn, it's like, hey Bruce, watch, watch your back. Tim doesn't have a back. Tim will never come back. It's everything they say. I'm telling yeah, you, you know, all the times he threw out Tim shit, I really expect him to say, Dick, why wouldn't you have the Robin that Tim was? Oh my God! It's like, hey Bruce, uh, by the way, uh, you want some food? Tim can't eat food now. Like, what the fuck? Get over it, Bruce. Other observations are as follows. Yes. Four ninety nine is an off putting price for All Star Batman. It looks really good, but I'm 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 buying it in trade. I think that most people will be buying well, I can't say most people. It's selling like hotcakes. But if it was me uh deciding how to buy that, I'd buy it in trade as well. It, yeah, it, even uh, the it story seems in itself. My mind to do that. But um, even I, the story just... itself, but it is. It's five dollars a fucking pop. It's crazy. I, I just looked it up, though, uh, Jim. I gave Green Lanterns number four a 5.8 out of 10. Okay, but that's close to six. Agreed. I'm yeah, telling no, you, nothing has gone below that, though, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's not like – I'm telling you, to, to think of stuff – that we used to give, you know, bad reviews to me are fours and right. threes. That I don't think you've really gone that low in any my, of the books. My overall average for Green Lanterns is uh, seven point one. It seems like yeah, yeah, that's your normal average. So you're, you're enjoying it enough. The last two issues have been real good. Oh, seven point three. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's even above your average. There yeah. you go. You're enjoying it. As regards the two ninety nine price tag for the others, uh, other books, I think DC needs to make sure that bi-monthly doesn't mean treading water over two issues instead of dealing with storylines efficiently in one monthly episode. There's been a lit, little bit of padding on some titles. And that's true. We said that we thought that some of these guys were trying to figure out Hey, I'm really you know, hoping, like, we call it the it. rebirth arc to try to get us set up so we can go forward at a normal pace, but we don't know yet, but hopefully that yeah. is the case. Well, I'm telling you, I think that there's some people who probably didn't like some of the issues we like tonight because right. they were kind of treading water. That Green Lanterns, I liked. I had a good time you, with it. You didn't get much from it, but yeah. I like because you, I like to see them interact. But you just got I'd the rather, characters being yeah, in yeah, themselves. Yeah, I like that. That's that's some, but that's something that me and you both enjoy. 
Um, I'd rather have that than a, an issue with Superman beating the shit out of Eradicator, the whole issue, or even or Superman fighting Aquaman. Doomsday for fucking yeah. six goddamn issues. I'd rather pay three ninety nine a month for one good compact story than five ninety eight for two stories with filler. And he says, despite this, I prefer bi-monthly and like not having to wait so long between books. And I think I am as spoiled as Andrew is because Seriously. I really do like it. And it, it's weird because... It it almost excites like usually we'd get done and you know the the standard reviewer one oh one I can't wait till the next issue you know you always put that at the end um, I actually get pleasantly surprised because I sometimes forget like so oh I. you know all of a sudden we see the book oh my god that well, oh, it's, that's it's awesome e- each week I have action you have detective and the next week I have Superman you have yeah. Batman and it's awesome it just goes back and forth and when they all are hitting pretty good. It's, it's really good. And even so, if you get a bad issue, that's another thing. It's not even just when you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait. You get a bad issue, and you're like, okay, well, I only have to wait a couple weeks, and, yeah. and you're right back in. And I, get I think into the it book, helps that even more. And like, I don't forget what the hell happened last issue. Yeah. Yeah, that, the, the problem being is then all of a sudden you get one of these monthly books <laughs> yeah, thrown in, and I off. have no idea what's going on. I'm like, holy shit, this book the is in existence. Superman came out. I'm like, what the fuck are we reading? Yeah. Yeah, really. On the issue with uh, on the issue with DC reverting back to the high numbering in the 900s for Action Comics and Detective Comics, maybe you guys have thought this already, but I suspect they have their eyes on the big 1,000 ass. Oh that's yeah, that's all they did. That's the only reason they did it. Is they want to make you Wild think, stone, but bitches. yeah, they want to get to a thousand. I'm, I'm still now. I will tell you, Tim Drake died in Detective Comics 940. Eric, I said it so many times in that issue or that episode of when we did that right. that now I remember. But I couldn't tell you right now. I think that would Action Comics be like 968, somewhere around? 963, I want to say. Okay. <laughs> I want to say. I'm telling you. I, I don't know. But maybe Tim Drake, s- supposedly dying, um, might give me a frame of so reference now. Yeah, maybe this will give me a frame of reference. Then I can go forward. And lastly, Brixit has screwed me over on the comic uh, from because the exchange rate has been – uh, seeing the prices go up, damn it! I don't even know what that means. Yeah, do I. <laughs> the exchange rate is bad now, and his fucking comic prices go up. That's one thing we don't have to worry about. That is weird. Like you know, the exchange rate changes. Next thing you know, you're fucked. Anywho, had to drop you guys a note to say thanks for all the good work and all the joking about on Twitter. Amid all the laughs on the podcast, the analysis of the books is always genuinely great, and I love the set pieces each week from Reggie's section and Brandon's Marvel section. To paraphrase New Jersey's finest, Bruce Springsteen, I christen you collectively the heart-stopping, house-rocking, earthquaking, booty-shaking, legendary Weird Science DC Comics podcast Aaron. That's and awesome. He wants, he wants a little sound there. Here we go. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. <laughs> that is inappropriate. Calm down, Jess. Jesus uh, Christ. I think the best start of a concert is uh, Kiss. Like, you asked for it, you got it. I don't even remember what it is, and I bring it up like an idiot. But yeah, that, <laughs> that whole thing with Kiss. Oh, hey, you yes. hip shakers and love makers. Oh, you hip shakers and love makers. But yes, that, that make mine marvel. Oops, yours sincerely, Andrew, a.k.a. Andrew Belfast on Twitter. And he says, P.S., my wife finds my renditions of Jim and the News sung <laughs> in a fully hammed-up Elton John style voice to be extremely annoying. And he loves it. That, that is an infectious song. It is. 
Mel with I'm not even gonna go with it. Maddie D <laughs> is next. Mail with Jim is the subject. Hello guys. I wanted to say I'm liking the new format. Mail broken up between the segments is very enjoyable. Helps pull the room together like a rug that was peed on by a Chinaman. That is not the appropriate name <laughs> he, of the There he goes. Uh, yeah, that's Oriental Man, right? Aww. Oriental Man? No. That's an Asian man. But yes, Maddie D. He wanted to get that in. And the last <laughs> bit of the new no, – uh, not actually the last one. Now, I'm going to say right away, right now Brandon is going to kill me. I have Brandon shifted to the second part of the mail right. for the first time ever uh, only because it makes more sense. So, Brandon, settle down. It's Calm gonna down, make man. More, it's going to make more sense in the end when you when you hear it. But, yes, the next one's Frenny. Hi, guys. It's Friday. I'm already done with the podcast, the Spotlight, my books, and even the Just for the Hell of It podcast. I feel like I've accomplished a lot this week. I was a little confused about the last one, which she means the Just for the Hell of It. It said rewind, but it had the date as September 18, 2016. So this is an old podcast that you bumped up or reposted or something. And then when did you originally record it? Never mind, I found it in the feed, <laughs> February 20th, 2016. And yes, I bumped that up. We had been talking about the Just for the Hell of It. In fact, Toby asked us about it because you, Eric, had told I him about the, reps, uh, the rap one. So I thought, you know what? We were going to actually record one last night, but I was too sick to do it. But uh, we, So we didn't do that, but I wanted all, everybody to kind of – I was dozing off too before we yeah, got on. I wanted now. everybody to kind of get the idea of what that was because it's been a while since we did been that. So. It's been a while, but I put the first one, which was the breakfast cereal one, up there, and one of got our favorites. Uh, uh, one of the favorites. Got a little bit more of the crazy questions about, like Matt did that way back. Was who is listening to this? That it was actually <laughs> mentioned again on Twitter. I was like, what the heck? People are against it. I like it. But it's I breakfast, breakfast cereal. cereal. Who doesn't love breakfast cereal? And it, that, and really, I put that back up and as a rewind, and all it is is to rewind to, to show people how crazy I am. It's always <laughs> what happens with that one. Psychopath. Ah, yes. Actually, this makes me think a, a lot of random questions I have, so maybe I'll make this email all about my questions that I wanted to ask, but for some reason uh, – Forgot to ask in previous emails. When did Reggie join the podcast? Reggie. Reggie. When did Reggie join the podcast? Which episode? The first time I could find his name was Emergency Podcast January 22nd. He was probably a little before then. Now I know that he started mailing around episode 12. I believe that was around... I have no idea when. Neither do I. I was I really hoping say, he would have some some information on this. Like, I have no, no idea. It took me forever to find that first email because somebody way back had asked me when his first email, and I wanted to know what it was also. Yeah. Um, but I believe episode twelve was the first email that he sent in, and then that leads to the next one. You guys have mentioned that Reggie started as a listener emailer, got into a Twitter fight with Jim's wife. How is that even possible? Oh, Jim, is so your funny. wife on Twitter? What was the fight about? Yes, yeah, she's on Twitter. That's about as much as you're going to hear about that. <laughs> and the fight was because Reggie e- or tweet, he tweeted us. And this was a day that Eric was not at work. No, I, I was at tweet. work this day. No, no, you weren't. Because sure? I, I remember you pacing back and forth during this no, whole thing. No, I told or you about you this later. Me? Yeah, I was probably messaging you. You were not there that day because that was the day that Reggie was saying things. I was going to shut down the podcast and oh. I was yelling at Ben. And I was like, why, why does this shit happen when Eric isn't here? And then I told you about it later. Uh, but yeah, uh, he messaged us that we sounded, that the sound quality of the podcast was horrible. 
that at that point Eric was talking and using the mic on his laptop, which is like the no-no of every podcast, and he just was ripping us apart. And I kind of, I was kind of like, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, we're trying stuff like that. And then I had made the mistake where I messaged my, I think my wife called me at lunch somewhere around that time is when this happened. And I was in a bad mood because of Reggie and she's like, Oh, why are you being such a jerk? And I said, Oh, this guy on Twitter is fucking ripping us apart about the podcast. So it's got me down. And then I, you know, okay, I'll see you later. And next thing I know, I look on Twitter and there's Reggie and my wife fighting about, you know, my wife Tanya's like, hey, why don't you start your own podcast, you asshole? <laughs> and then Reggie didn't know what to do. And then I freaking called Tanya back again and told her to stop. And then oh, she God, hated me stop. and was screaming at me and all this. And yeah, then I came back. And then eventually, uh, Reggie was big on the sound quality of the podcast. And finally, I just messaged him. Uh, give me some suggestions then, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I then, think the one suggestion was stop having Erica record it in a refrigerator. Yeah, shit like that. Went through no, a tin I'll can. tell you, all he kept saying, compression. And, and yeah. I said, you, you can keep saying that one word. I don't know what it means. He still says it. Yeah. I, I'll, I use compression now. Still don't know what it means. I, I just see that button on the fucking audacity when I edit the shit. And then uh, Reggie will give me a note, send me a note. Hey, you should use more compression. Use more compression. I don't even know what the fucking compression <laughs> means. Then I have that Matt who uh, was uh, giving me suggestions as well, saying that uh, uh, too much compression. And at that point, I wasn't using any. I didn't know what was going on. Head spinning. I don't know what fuck how to edit shit but that's what it was about and yeah there was a big fight and then the next thing you know reggie's on the pot yeah that's how it works yeah it does <laughs> uh then the next next question two-part question wasn't john kent born during convergence yes yes how is he 10 years old or however old he is did i miss something no well, I was thinking about this actually right before we got on. Are the Are you thinking section. that it was something to do when they went off to fight in? Well, the, we uh... we had the entire year of convergence where they were under the dome, and then they went off to uh, stop the crisis with pre-crisis Flash and Supergirl. The problem is though, he wasn't born until the second issue, I believe. He really? wasn't. I'm trying. Yeah. I was trying to. Okay. Well, anyway, no, that so, year wouldn't count. That was why the um, the Flashpoint Superman grabbed Lois because he wanted to protect her. That's right. You're, yeah. Okay. But anyway, we don't know. They left to go stop the crisis. We have yes. no idea how long That's they're there. That's where we don't know. And, then and they also, came you can have some wonky the, time there, right? Agreed. We yeah, have no idea go what's weird. going on there. And then they came at the beginning of the New 52s. In my mind, that's at least six years. Yeah, yeah. So I still don't think it works out completely. I actually no. have pretzels here. I was going to chomp a pretzel. <laughs> Wait, here, here we go. I'll do it anyway. Here's the continuity, continuity. is a pretzel. Oh, mm, I feel like I just broke continuity. a tooth. English teeth. English teeth and German pretzels do not go well together. Now I have a piece of pretzel in my mouth. Off it goes. Here we go. Part two. Because even if Convergence is outside of all timelines, if we assume the new 52 characters were plucked out of their timeline at a certain point to participate in Convergence, that point would have to be at least 10 years before the time we've, we're seeing now in Rebirth. Those which weren't means new 52 the, characters. No. Which needs the new 52 internal continuity had been... Uh, longer than 15 years in total if Action Comics number one is five years before and New 52 Just League number one. Or am I wrong about that? And yeah, the that is the reason why he is the pre-Flashpoint Superman. He wasn't the New 52. And uh, all those 
other characters weren't involved either. They were all different timelines. It's a bunch of nonsense is what yeah. that was. Manship, but though, he loved it. It, it, it kind of works out if you want it, it to. Does. You know. it does. Here's the thing. There's been a lot more problems than that. So Agreed. when you go with that, you're like, yeah, I can deal with it. But yeah, I've heard people questioning, you know, John's age and stuff like that. Oh, we've Damien is more of a problem to me, seriously, than than John. Um, here's a big one, Eric. This is for you. What is this portrait you guys keep mentioning that Jason Todd is not in? Is it in the Batcave or in the Manor? Issue number, please, if you know it. And you uh, know it, it. It was in the it was in the Manor. That all the Robins yes. got together to have this family portrait done with Bruce Wayne and everybody was there except for Jason Todd. Yep. And it had to have been around issue 16. Of I thought Batman it was around. I thought it was 16. I okay. actually thought it was 16. Okay, I didn't look it up, but I knew it was right uh, before Batman Damian and Robin, died. right? Cause it was, yeah, because it was right before Damien died. Yeah, I believe it was around that issue. But yeah, it's a portrait of the Bat family, the Robins with Bruce, but then, you know, as their normal selves, yes. you know, Dick, all the, Damian, all the Wayne Tim, adopted kids and all that. And shit. it's just this portrait of the family that Bruce wanted, and it never was finished um, because then Damien died. And they never and, finished his part. And he didn't want to finish it because of that. And we were so angry and still are that Jason wasn't on the portrait. It just and even when Damien finally came back with superpowers, he went and finished the portrait yeah, he himself. Finished it. And I'm like, why didn't you add Jason, you yep. little bastard? He finished it, and it was never, never with Jason included. It's so ridiculous. Jason. Come on, guys. We've even we've uh, even sent messages to Tomasi about it, and he will not respond. No, not at all. I just think he hates Jason. I really do. I don't think that there is any other reason to not have him on there. It's just he was like, nope, it doesn't make sense to have him on. But it does. He, he would have been on there. Poor Jason. I don't no know. wonder he's angry. Keeps me up at night just thinking about yeah. it. I think that's it for now. As far as books this week, I don't really know how I'm feeling about Monster Men yet. I was getting all those titles already anyway, so I don't mind the crossover so much. But I'm kind of on the fence about this whole plot line. And I don't like how Bruce talks to Dick. What's up with that? I liked Raven, okay. <laughs> think so I'll stick I. with it since it's just a mini, but why does Alice call her Rachel, but her husband Jack says, hi, Raven? Yeah, I that just was a little that, odd. I didn't actually think about that when we were talking about the book. No, uh, I think when, that because Rachel must know her, uh, I mean, uh, Alice knew her before because that's, you know, blood relative. Yeah, but they never met before, like I don't believe, because she was kept away. Yeah, but um, just, the persona was created by Power Girl, so maybe they know that she was a Teen Titan, but they have to yeah. go under this new persona. Oh, I would, think that, I would think that they know that, but yeah. who knows. I love Superman and Trinity, and I agree with your scores totally. But, Eric, I don't think that Rainbow Batman thing is a race from continuity. <laughs> I mean, that's not how I understand Crisis on Infinite Earths. I di it didn't erase all the prior stories. It just merged it into all one universe and selectively discarded some things, like Supergirl. But Barry Allen as Flash didn't get erased. So if Rainbow Batman was 1957, that puts it squarely in Silver Age like Barry Allen Flash. Here's the thing. That's, that's where if you start thinking about it, it's crazy to say, like, everything's a race because there are characters and right. things and stuff. So, but like, but I don't Batman think... specifically, I, though, after the crisis, we got the Batman year one that Frank Miller did, uh, creating this darker-toned Batman, yeah. and we started the story up from there, man, where in just, my mind, I, I'm he would telling not have the you, rainbow suit. I'm telling you, the way that they're going now in Rebirth, I would say that everything's open for fucking, you know, free reign or whatever you'd say, but I... I I like how Francis Manipool handles it, though. I yeah. like that Batman doesn't say, and I like that, that didn't happen. Look. Or I just like that he said, just, 
I don't, I, I don't recall remember. that. Yeah. I, I think that that was great. So he says, so in my mind, post-crisis Superman, which is the same as pre-Flashpoint Superman, am I right, could totally have a recollection yes. of that, regardless of whether or not New 52 Rebirth Batman remembers it as just uh, disavowing it altogether. Uh, but I, I did. I thought that was the joke of it. I think that Francis Manipal is even playing around with the whole continuity and stuff like that. Where I thought it was weird is that uh, that Superman didn't say to John, like my bat, you know what I mean? Because right. anything he would talk about Batman wise would not be that Batman. Anyway. Not at all. It would be his Batman. And even then it's going to get wonky with, with the timelines and things like that because of what was left on the table and not. But uh, that was the only thing I thought, but I, I thought it was hilarious. Also, I got a lot of laughs out of Lois. No supermaning whatsoever. Deal, I but I don't really believe she would be all that upset with Clark for wanting to help if he knew about a situation that was going down and he could stop it. I, I actually we'll talk about when we get to the book. I actually think she's just she's not angry that he did that. It's just like it's like bringing your work home with you. I, I just thought that. it was like I knew you were like she was <laughs> like I knew I'd be right. It's something like that, but it was funny. I just think it's interesting that even if he did make a promise like that to Lois, and even if Lois would hold him to it, it's odd to me that the situation that needed his intervention was kind of a petty crime as opposed to an actual danger or threat to human life. It's because it's a, a light issue. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get the impression that anyone was actually in any peril. Didn't they wait for the two ticket takers to be off duty or something? Yep. Thanks for the laugh, gu- laughs, guys. This was a good week. But yeah, I, I think that that made it even better that it was just this petty oh, thing. Oh yeah, I didn't want an over the top like Superman no. adventure. This is little, you know, kids being assholes, and you know they were doing some terrible shit. They were being a little more not than super villain ass. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that is Frenny, and the last male of the first part. I, I'm sorry, Brandon, is. <laughs> Dancing Mike. Ooh, Dancing Mike. Mike. Spot, Brandon. Waiting for you and for me. Hi, Weird Out Loud crew. Quakertown Comic. Jim, America's Sweetheart, Eric Shea. Quakertown Comic Jim, America's <laughs> Sweetheart, Eric Shea, and Reggie. And hello, mother. It's good to be back. As a little addendum to my rant and rave, I just wanted to bring up the one positive thing I have brought to the show. Just one positive thing, Eric. Not the songs. People giving shout-outs to their local comic shops. <laughs> a lot of podcasts won't allow this. Really? As they're sponsored by something like Eddie's Mega Comic Mart and Colostomy Supplies. But I'm glad you guys let us mention our comic shops, local comic shops, at least the good ones, not the ones run by Uber assholes. Oh, don't bring up when the name my- of ours. When my caretaker, who is also my sister, who is also my wife, because I'm from Tennessee, Tennessee takes me to my local comic shop, I know I'm not going to encounter someone who is going to look down on me for what I choose to read or not read and won't be too busy playing some game with his obnoxious buddies to let me buy my books and go home to read them. That is a problem. That is. I'm telling you, whenever they have any role-playing going on or magic shit, if the owner gets involved, yeah, I'm telling you. It is a pain in the ass. You're just standing there, just looking at them at the counter, like, yeah. what, "Why am I and the asshole?" And they look at you Come like on. you're you're the asshole. Exactly. Like you're you're interrupting them. Sorry, guys. There you Sorry, get buddy. Time. Sorry, you fucking asshole. Now I'm getting angry again. That they have that they have that at our shop. Luckily, I I think they have a lot of that like Friday and Saturday nights. I got better things to do Friday and Saturday nights, Eric, than go to the comic shop. I'm oh, a yeah. cool dude. Uh, at least I'm when like, it was going on at the, the comic shop, we like my buddy Tony's. Tony would still be behind the counter. Twink would take care of the freaking magic stuff. That so, is like, the yeah, worst nickname some... ever. Sure yeah. is. Twink. 
Yeah. Twink. Uh-huh. Guy looks like fucking Gimli, too. It does. <laughs> he, he really he, does. He looks like Gimli, <laughs> and he has the nickname Twink. Hey, he's had it since high school. I don't even know where it came from. I just always known in my entire life. Well, I know where it came from. It came from prison is <laughs> what it came from. And uh, he, I don't know. Twink. Really. And it's the worst because a twink he is not, Eric. I think it might be because he's a big guy and, he, and people said, like, oh, you eat a lot of Twinkies. I have no idea. Who knows? He has a little tubby. Yeah. A tubby Gimli looking <laughs> Gimli is pretty tubby. Yeah, he is. So I'm giving a shout out to my local comic shop, Twinks although the main escapes me. The name escapes me at the moment. <laughs> Maybe I'll remember next week. You want to give him a shout out to it or you want to wait till next week? I know 1942, the Golden Age. I thought it was the Golden Age, 1942. It is. I I, as soon as wrong. I said it, I knew it was wrong. Now but... you're Twink. <sighs> I don't like. Do you like Twinkies? I haven't had a Twinkie. I in think they are the most years. fucking overrated snack cake there ever has been. They are know. nothing compared to Little Debbie Star Crunch, Eric. As <laughs> you true. know, it is really true. number one. If we ever do a snack cake just for the hell of it, I'm telling you right now, my number one is I the Little really Debbie Star Crunch fucking now, Star God Crunch. Fucking awesome. It's actually, oh my God, it's, it's almost like the snack cake version of a thousand grand bar, but better. It's so good. Is it a thousand grand now? I don't what is know that? what the fuck grand it's called. Bar. Hundred grand, thousand like grand, grand, ten million. I think it's a hundred grand. Yeah, it is a hundred grand. <laughs> uh, that is, what, did that make your list when we do the top five candies? It did not, but it had an honorable mention for being a Yeah, I think it would have been life. an honorable mention to me as well. Uh, though it, it has a problem. Because in with any sort of chocolate, I like to freeze it. You cannot freeze no. that hundred grand bar; you'll break your teeth. <laughs> and this segment's brought to you by the Little Debbie Cakes uh, Star Crunch, best oh, ever. My kids, we went to get uh, snacks today. Crunch. We went to get snacks today. I'm like, oh, we can get these, and we go to the little, little Debbie section. Like, we want zebra cakes. Get the You're fuck not getting out of zebra here. cakes, kids. You're you. getting the Star Crunch. I don't even know why I, I ask you. Cakes. Yeah, they wanted zebra cakes. So you God, shut your mouth. You were raising you, those kids all wrong. You get, and no, the the problem was is I asked them. Yeah. Never give them an option. <laughs> then we go over. Then we I we picked up some um, iced tea mix, and I decided to not get it. We we're gonna get Kool Aid instead. Right. So I'm like, hey Rafe, can you take this back? Take the iced tea mix back and put it back on the shelf. You know, we were pretty far away. Yeah. So we're going. We continue going, and Rafe goes, hey Dad. You should check out some of the cakes over there in the in the bakery area. Right. I look over, right in the middle of the cakes. There's that fucking iced tea mix. Like you couldn't. <laughs> you, you went there. You couldn't even put it away. You fucking idiot. He's laughing it up. Uh, he actually he thinks that he has uh, put an end to the bakery having uh, free samples because the one day he went Jesus and grabbed Christ. like fifteen cookies and they yelled at him. He ran and now since then they haven't had samples. I would be way too afraid to do that as a kid. Yeah, he isn't. He just goes and gets them. He'll make sandwiches. Like if they have the deli and they'll have like cheese and meat, he'll make a meat like almost like the double down yeah. with the fucking samples. He goes to town. All right. And as part of Dancing Mike Rebirth, I recorded a song that is a big departure for me. It doesn't mention Jim. And it doesn't take a shot at Eric, but it is lovingly dedicated to Eric Shea. Ooh. And I hope it reminds him of all the joys of, of childhood. Take it away, Maestro Jim. And I will tell you, this is also very uh, appropriate for the day. You'll hear it now. Here you go, Eric. All right. Oh, God.
One night I fell asleep when I had been smoking. <laughs> I woke up with my bed in flames. I have had multiple cosmetic surgeries and now I live in constant pain. <laughs> All the scar tissue makes my skin feel so tight. It cracks and it oozes and weeps. That's for you, Art. Oh, God. Yes. I'm so scared right now. That's the Burn Victim song <laughs> so for fun. Eric Shea. And it was it would have been Jim Henson's uh, 80th birthday today as oh, we really? were recording. I Actually, that. yeah, I saw that on Twitter. And it was funny because Mike sent this earlier this week. And I was like getting ready to do it. I'm like, Jim Henson is, is trending. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's going to go so well. That was a pretty fucking kick ass song, wasn't it? It was. It was. I just had laughed to be when about I, burn victims. And and really, I'll tell you, Mike, I got that. And Eric knows full well. I cannot keep a secret. No. I can't keep things. I did not play that for you. I, I'm I actually kept surprised that. you didn't. Yes, I kept that. I told uh, him that he secret. sent a song. We're like, uh, "Well, I'm here." I'm like, "No, he asked nope. me not to." What are you talking I said about? I'm not. Yep, I said he doesn't want you to hear. And you're you you thought it was just going to be like some friggin' bust or something, yeah. right? Nope, that is it. But that is the first bit of mail. Uh, we're gonna take he a, a little. The song break. I'm gonna have at my funeral into a burn victim. Fucking yep. Chat. Now it's now it, that's the the part that Took I'm gonna it away demand. From it. It'll be funny. You'll die, and Jess will be like, "Hey, do you have that song, uh, Rainbow Connection?" Oh well, yeah, I, I, I have it. It'll be that one. I'm like, here we go, and everybody's like, "Why the fuck is Eric being buried to a song about burn victims?" He yes, died the way awesome. he lived. Eating yes. burn victims. That is right. But yeah, we're going to take a break and then we'll be back with the meat and cheese of the books. Break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He says, Tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the Wolfing Clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was that was great, Trey. Listening to the podcast, listen all day. I just want to hear Jim. All right, Eric, we're back. We're back with the reviews. There's one of Mike's new songs. Why every time? <laughs> yes, every time he's got to insult you. But this is the meat and cheese of the podcast, the reviews. We're going to talk about all the books. Um, 
if you want to uh i don't know what i'm saying i'm trying to i just took some more nyquil i'm out of it i am so out of it i just went down and chugged some uh if you want to go and read the reviews of any of these books that we're talking about tonight go to our website at weirdsciencedccomics.com and also i want to warn everybody that we spoil the shit out of everything that's what you like to say right spoil the shit out of it i just like the curse makes me feel like a big shot does my mom said that cursing is you know what dumb people do i said no that's what badasses do you know i've seen you you're pretty dumb and you don't curse yeah really that's what i should say my fucking mother i'm telling you that if you see her coming at you in a car you you dive off the street i don't even care if you're in a car jump out just happen to see her hit her with a brick yeah or hit her yeah just smack her uh, actually, my youngest son said, but back to my mom, I think she failed the driver's test six times. And I really yeah, do think it, No, at some point they've got to end it. It's almost like when you're trying to remember a password and that finally you get blocked out. They got to exactly. do that. You don't just fail these tests for, you know, no reason. There's a reason you fail it six times. I said, she blamed me. And then she gave the, the test driver a Hummer, and then she got yeah. a freaking license. No, she, they, that wouldn't have done anything. She was no English muffin. No, it's going to turn down a blowjob. That's true, but um, I don't know. But, yeah, I, what are we talking about? Just smacking my mother upside yeah, the head. But, yeah, we will be spoiling these books. This is the meat and cheese, and I don't care because I still want a Star Crunch. I, I don't want any meat and cheese. I want a Star Crunch, Eric. The meat and cheese of tonight will be Star Crunch. Star and Crunch. Star Crunch. Like two Maybe Star Crunch buns and in the middle a Star Crunch. That's it's right. called the triple down, I'm yeah. now calling it, and I want to do the triple down challenge, which will be me eating 17 star crunches in a row. How about right. that? I'm down with well, that. If I, if I did that and you did the double, the what was it, the, the eight, eight triple, triple challenge? challenge? Still laugh that you were going to eat eight triples, and the only reason is because I said that you couldn't eat six, yeah. and so you had to add two. Yeah, I don't like getting fucking challenged. Yeah, well, there you Tell go. Tell me I can't do something. Fuck I have the 17 Star Crunch Challenge, and you have the 8 Triple Challenge. We're going to do that on our YouTube channel, Eric. I would be more sick than you are. Yes, yes. Do we have a YouTube channel? I'm sure we do. Who we don't knows? do much on there, but it's... Who I think we have a... Uh, knows? A bunch of we have some robots. With yeah. some of our uh, our audio from a podcast over top. Yeah, we do, and we have like a robot talking reviews. I like the robot. That was my big... Uh, big 3XL thing. was great. Yes, but we're going to start off this podcast of books with God Batman. rest his soul. And the, the soul. big deal, yes, the big deal will be the Night of the Monster Men. I am not so impressed, but it's going to start with Batman number seven, written by Steve Orlando, art by Riley Rosmo, Ivan Placencia, and D. Darren Bennett. Every time I see that now, I, I almost say D-Run. Darren Bennett. The Night of the Monster Men has arrived, and I am feeling very underwhelmed with this beginning. There just isn't much going on here to hook me in. Batman tries too hard to push the emotions of Tim's loss, and Hugo Strange kicks off Hugo Strange kicks off his plan with what appears to be grotesque kaiju attacking Gotham during a hurricane. Nah. The hurricane's a weird thing too in this. Don't I did you not think? even think about it. I'm telling you, they really force this goddamn thing in right yeah. from the get go. I wish it was never I, something and, that yeah. crossed like it was never in my mind at least, it could be all over the place. It's, but it's it was just never weird. talked about going in. Yeah. I wish I could say that Riley Rossmo's art saves the day, but other than the cool-looking monsters, everything is average at best. 
Yes, that that is about it. And it starts off, you get the idea. Like you said, I didn't know that there was going to be a hurricane involved that either. And rivals that, it, the year, it zero almost, year hurricane. Yeah, yeah, and it just, to me, right off the bat with that, it just it throws too much at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's the night of the monster man. man. We have monster man. Why do we need this hurricane in there? It's no, like that's it's not night enough. Of the hurricane. I'm telling you, they had to add the monster because originally it was night of the hurricane. Now you need something. It was else. night of the and I know that you can say like, well, you know, Hugo Strange was gonna do this plant. He didn't know the hurricane was gonna hit, but no, it's just in my weird. mind he had to have. This is like the long con. In my mind, somehow he got a hold of Weather Wizard. And they started this hurricane as well to be yeah. all part of this plan. I don't. I will see. Because, yeah, it starts off in the morgue, the Tolliver Memorial Morgue, Eric. Oh, and there are four dead bodies on the slabs. And it just goes and you hear the newscast, which is also another thing, is they're like, hey, you know, this newscast. And that was Chase Lawler with your wild hunt. The <laughs> fuck kind of segment is that? The worst. It's your wild hunt. That got me so angry. I'm thinking, like, what is that's a segment? It's like, hey, and next on is stepping out with Eric Shea. What do you you think know, your wild you're out, hunt's about your wild hunt. What do you that, think? Your that's wild the hunt's weather about? report. And then you're like, in my mind, see, it's where you try to get to, like the best food in town. I know your wild hunt seems best. to me like where you want to go and get some free hand jobs or something. I what the hell is a that? Wild it's like right go to the Brambles. That is Chase Lawler with your wild hunt. It's a, go to mile marker fifteen at the goddamn truck stop and tap on the door three times. Eric Shea will your, be there. Your wild hunt. That is the worst segment. <laughs> the fuck? Why does shit like this always throw me off? Because you're <sighs> a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The, this this whole wild hunt thing will throw me off all night now. But yeah, and then they, they go in it. And also what makes me laugh is it's like only half of what's going, you, you know, you, you're tuning in halfway through. So yep. you don't even know what Chase Lawler with the wild hunt is. But it's like, ooh, seems appropriate, Gotham, because weather reports coming in. Despite early signs changing course, uh, Hurricane Milton is heading right for Gotham. Like, Hurricane Milton, really? Yeah. I want the Monster Man. Like you said, I don't want the night of the Hurricane Milton. But that's just adding into it. It's all This all just adds. Really, it's you want to know why night. they have the hurricane? They got to get those people to that goddamn cave, Eric. That's the only reason there's a hurricane. But yeah, it's you see so these. It's weird to evacuate a city into these cave systems. Though. I know. Where, where like, do you honestly, overhear that? I don't that? know anything about like city plans on how to evacuate the city or doing anything. But just say, all right, everybody, leave your homes. We're going to go to a cave and hang out yeah. with strangers. I, I, I'm telling you, there, there's issues. Now, again, this is, you know, it's Gotham. So yeah. anything's up. I mean, they have a segment on the news called Your Wild Hunt, Eric. What, what kind of city has that? The last big hurricane we had, freaking, I just thought, oh, hurricane, that's nothing. Went to a hurricane yeah. party, had trouble getting back home because the freaking like Funny. highway was flooded. I, I sat in my attic, and shit started getting real. I had to go downstairs. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, because we have these trees that my fucking goddamn neighbor won't cut down, and the shit was banging into the side of our house, Hurricane Milton. But yeah, while Hurricane Milton's going down, you see these uh, dead bodies, and shit's going weird. Like they are so dead. Shit's going yeah, down. Well, at this point... To me, they just look like they're deteriorating a little, or they're getting like these. Oh man, that just is bloody. Because yeah, but they're not moving. It's just yeah. like weird sores are starting. It's disgusting. It really is, and you're getting this sound that, to me, is like shit popping and oozing. Disgusting, Eric. Disgusting. <laughs> it uh, doesn't yeah. get better from there. 
No. Well, then you go and you see the rooftops where, you know, the wild hunt continues. Oh, hold on. I, this is the stupidest goddamn thing. But wouldn't you think the most of whatever the hell this shit is that's turning them into monster? Don't you think the most fucked up parts would be from where it starts and not where it ends? Because this first guy, he turns into that big ass baby with the fucking giant cranium. And like yeah. it got to the end. Look, it's working from the feet up, it looks like. And then it just builds this giant bulbous goddamn yeah, I, mongoloid head. Yeah, it's so the, weird to me. I don't even know I, how to describe it. I don't know why I'm getting mad because each of the monsters are different for some reason, but we don't yeah, know nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't know anything about it. It's it's weird, too. And it's not like the first issue has to spell out a lot, even the first two. But it ends up with so little known about what's going on that I'm telling you, it throws me off in this hurricane. It adds to it where it just everything just seems to happen at once. And it just didn't have any impact on me. But, yeah, you go, and then there's Batman and, and Batwoman. They're hanging out on the rooftops. And Batman's like, hey, wind's picking up, Batwoman. This isn't getting better. And then Good Batwoman's, job. yeah, really. And Batwoman tells him, you know, I've, I've heard that before there, buddy. When does it ever get better here? Yeah, and then Tim, Tim shows up. And, really, Dick. all this is then is Dick the – Or Dick. All this is is for Dick to show up so you can start the Tim show. Because it is Batman forcing emotions about Tim and really bringing him up oh, no matter what issue. anybody says. And it, it just – it's very heavy-handed. And I will – this is Steve Orlando writing the script, and I can't say that his script is awful. It, it's not horrible. The no. stuff with Tim, though, to me, is it's so over the top where we, Steve Orlando is coming in. have feelings. And he, he's coming into this right after Tim has died, or they at least think so. So I get the idea. I get it. But really, you are pushing it. And, and they have to keep pushing also the, the see Red Robin's last stand. And then later, you know, they, they have all these callbacks and I don't know. The, the whole issue is just heavy handed and not much going on because yeah, they're, they're talking at this point. And you say that, that, I think this issue is way more exciting than the Nightwing issue. Yeah, but I, there's nothing that goes on because at I this know. point, the funny thing is, is we're seeing these, these dead bodies on the slabs, but you're, you have in your head the night of the monster men, the night of the monster men, the night yeah. of the monster men, monster men are coming, monster men are coming. But at this point, there is no monster men, so they are just dealing with this disaster, this hurricane. So nope. like, oh, you know what? Notify everybody. We got to get here. We're going to have to save the city. We're going to have to, you know, get the people out of the city. We're going to have to protect them. And it, I don't know why that just threw me off. Like all of a sudden, we're just dealing with natural disasters. And that's when, uh, Dick even says, listen, Batman, you can't change the weather. Tim would have tried. What the No hell? matter what, Tim always got the job Tim done. Tim had his bare hands. He read Robin would have done it. That whole bare hand, his own two hands. I'm like, no, his he would need a computer hands. and at least a staff to do his yeah. shit. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about his I, own I, two yeah, hands. Yeah, I know. But then you, you switch off to the cauldron. And that's where. And you know why this book needed some naked Hugo Strange. Some lifting. naked Hugo Strange weightlifting. And it has to be that the venom that he got. From Bane. So. I'm telling you, it's so involved. weird that when I think of Venom, I think of the gigantic hulking nature. Yeah, of, but here's uh, the thing. Look at him and then try oh, to no. think of what he usually is. I mean, he usually is one of the skinniest, smallest guys in the DCU. He's tired he's, of that shit. He's pretty fucking big right here. He does not want to get sand kicked in his face. He was reading a comic the other day, <laughs> yeah, and he Atlas saw Charles <laughs> Atlas's bodybuilding program, and it just wasn't working for him. I know how it is. I'm a smaller guy. 90-pound weakling? Yeah. 
I'm a smaller guy. I go to the gym. I see all these big dudes. I I need help, too. I'm going to use Venom if I can get a hold of it. But, yeah, I think that he's using at least some of that Uh, because, boy – he he is he's a hulked out Actually, guy. What I think too. He didn't even want any of the venom. He went to Santa Prisca, gave Bane a uh, psycho pirate, and then Bane just spent the entire time talking about what a piece of like a weakling he is. So he's like, yeah, fuck, I gotta do something. This guy's yeah. gonna keep talking shit. Or or that, or he went and Bane gave him his workout. He's like, yeah. hey, listen, this is what I do. I do I've a lot of fucking. I do a lot of shoulder presses, nude. He's got to do it nude. What is wrong with him? Oh, yeah. And you know what he does? He does the asshole fucking maneuver, too. He gets done oh, yeah. to one shoulder press and then drops the fucking things. If you are at the Planet Fitness, that is not allowed, Eric. They will no. they will hit that buzzer, that big horn that they sound off. You're not I allowed to the just... guys I used to see working out, I imagine they wanted to be there nude as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. You don't drop the weights. That's no. bullshit. Plus, really, they bounce all around because he's probably got that fucking rubber. Now it looks like he's just got cut. He probably fucking put a hole through the goddamn floor. He's a dick, Hugo, with those big ass fucking glasses. But yeah, he gets he gets a call that hey, it's almost time. You know, back to Do we that know time. What the dude. cauldron is? Uh, I say the cauldron is where you weightlift nude. That that is basically. It sounds like a nude weightlifting thing to me, right? It looks like a basement. I just I don't know yeah, what I the cauldron is. is. I think it's just a basement. I think that he. It is actually just a basement in a factory. But he has like put up a poster, like a, a little placard thing that says the cauldron just, to, to make himself a, feel it's better. It's a poster of a little kitten hang hang in there, baby. And then he writes the it's cauldron and marker. Yeah, the cauldron. That's where I nude weightlift. He's got the whole. The he's he's got the the bench. He's got all the weights there. Very odd. At least I'll say he got the venom. He's not just going to let the venom do the work. He's going to do the work with the venom. Eric. He's going to work it out. So then he could be. You know, he doesn't get that bloated look. Like we also, said that. You know what? Also, freaking motivated him in my mind. Going to the freaking wherever you go to buy all this weight, like weightlifting equipment, <laughs> and the guy behind the counter just give him a jerk off look. Yeah, he's like. Pfft. Who are you buying this for, buddy? You'll see. <laughs> you'll he's see, on. guy. You'll see. you'll see. And when I throw the weights down, I go, cha. Oh, yeah. So you know he's a badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He says, you're right. It's almost time. It's time to get started. And that's where you see so the weird. people get fucking all crazy. These dead bodies. They now, start was, fucking mutating. I was mutating. trying to look this up. It looks like it's 7-Eleven or 7 uh, like. Why does this time matter? Did you find anything? Did you look I up anything? I didn't even look. I I, I tried. I did, could not find it. I'm like, maybe this is the I've issue. I've been too damn tired. Yeah. No, I just think it's, you know, that's when time is. is it was happened. just a weird time to have. Like, okay, it's 7-12, Monster Men, baby. No, it's Monster Men time. And maybe that is something, and we sound like idiots. But, yeah, every everything's starting to get bulbously Find mutated. The clock, there is shit going on. And uh, it's weird because... In that little scene, when we heard that Amanda Waller told Batman, hey, you know, he, uh, Hugo Strange took Psycho Pirate down to Santa Prescott, exchanged him with Bane for some venom. We just thought that the venom was going to be used On the for man. these monster men, that they were going to be some sort of things, and he was going to venom them up, and it was going to be crazy things. It doesn't seem to be the case. Nope. Uh, they are He's got something, him having sand kicked in his face. Yeah, something else. He is venoming himself up, but it's going on. And then the monster go, men are just giving him time to work out. 
Yeah, that's all it is. And he's working out nude in a hurricane. That is badass. You don't want to be in a basement during a hurricane, man. Yeah, no, that's fly. where they go. That's where everybody goes. You're supposed I, to go in the basement. The cauldron. What are you talking about? He's in the cauldron. That's you know what the... happens to you? Go, the cauldrons are filled with water. Yeah, but the thing is, though, he has he's weightlifting so much, he's going to beat the shit out of Milton. Milton sounds like a nerd. He's going to fucking kill Milton. But you no go more. and then you see, you see Gordon. Now Gordon's smoking the pipe again. Yeah. He's there. He, he's fucking in his in his house, whatever his apartment, and he's telling Batman, "Hey, listen, you know what? I know you want us to help. You know that your recruits and and the GCPD get, getting together doing this stuff. We can't. You're vigilantes. It, it's a weird scene. You know what I mean? It, it must be that you have to just. I don't know what it's setting up or not know. setting Batgirl up. I was just riding shotgun with him in the goddamn. Yeah, uh, his I, car. I thought that too. But Shooting that does off take a shotgun. place after this, so maybe but, yeah. like this leads to that where you can have a. I don't know, but he's he's saying, listen, and that's when Batman's like, no, I think the citizens need to see us all working together. I don't yeah. know. I think that all this was is to set up that Stephanie and Cassandra then later are with Bullock. Yeah. I I think that's just the setup there because that's what happens. It's not then. bad actually set up for that. Yeah, but uh, it's it's just we'd be odd, sitting here. Though. Why are the GCPD working with yeah, vigilantes? Yeah, yeah, with vigilantes. It's just thrown in there. Batman explains it. But Gordon never really says, you know what, that's a good idea, but I guess he, he no, goes with Batman it. Batman hung up the phone before he could say anything. Yeah. He always yeah, gets he the just, final word. Yeah, he does and, get the final and, word. And Gordon, you're doing it my way because Tim would have wanted it this way. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, you're vigilante. You know who yeah. is a vigilante? Tim, and he's a good guy. He's dead. So weird. So forced. But yeah, then they, they call... Uh, Batwoman had called the, you know, the Detective Comics gang, and they show up, and Batman's pretty impressed. It's also there. There's the the four of them, right? right. Uh, or three of them, actually. There's Spoiler, Cassandra, and Clayface. And I thought it'd be funny. He's like, they, he's like, hey, your response time's better. Yeah, because there's only three of us now, Batman. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Tim isn't here. Tim always held you back. But no, they, they all get there. And it, again, there's weird things in this. Like, why do you need that? Yeah. Hey, spoiler from Clayface, your training's paying off. Your response time's better. And then there are weird things, too, that I really enjoy, like having him call Gordon. Like, it's not needed. It's a nice touch. And when the gang does show up, I thought immediately, it's raining. Clayface is going to have a problem, but it's right yeah. away. Batman's there with an injection to keep him stable during this fucking storm. Yeah, he I'm keeps like, cool. him stable. Just and the throwaway as, line doesn't do it. I'm cool I'm with it, though. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out They're trying to figure out what how they're going to do this. And it, again... Yeah, I had to keep reminding myself, kind of, that this isn't the Monster Men yet. They're still talking about just nope. the hurricane. And so they want to uh, evacuate people. They have Clayface split into, like, multiple police officers. He looks like police officers. He's trying to hold it together to yeah. do this. Uh, but he's going to go and calm people down while Stephanie and um, and Cassandra go get the at-risk people and take them to these caves. And like you said, it would be weird for for these vigilantes to show up at your door and say, follow me to these caves. I think there would be a lot more people. Yeah, I think there would be tons of people like, no, I'm not going to those caves. That seems more dangerous to me right away. Uh, But, yeah, Batman and Batwoman are going to go with Dick. I remember the last uh, time I opened the door to a math person who wanted me to go somewhere. It didn't turn out too well. No, with Dick. Eyes wide shut. All of a sudden they hear this huge crash. And that's when the monster men, the the, now the, the monster men are fighting. And it's a big ass baby. Cyclops. And it's crazy. I don't even know it. Even at the point they call it out, like, Stupid. it is acting like a baby. Why is it acting like a baby? I don't know. 
Because then I'm thinking, okay, it probably was a baby. But then I'm like, none of those people on the slabs were babies. And then they tell you exactly who it is later. It's not a baby. I don't know why. I don't know why it's a baby. (laughs) It's so weird. It looks crazy. I don't know anything because after this, we get another monster completely different. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. What is this shit? Well, that is the, the big rules? question. That's the big question, and that's one of my major problems with both issues together is that we really don't have any rules yet. In the and first, I thought it was now we do really have detectives nice still. Two chapters all at once. So, like, I'm yeah, telling you, it was. Batman right in the Nightwing. I'm like, but it didn't go anywhere. No, and detective, maybe we'll get some rules. I want some rules, Damn and right. I want them quick. Because shit just is weird. But yeah, the baby's coming. The big giant baby going around. It looks grotesque as hell with the big eye. And it's just messing up shit. That's where Batman's like, hey, Alfred, can you get a, a... thing what's going on we hear this what is it and they're like oh my god it's the mon- it's a monster and that's when they go to attack and batman just jumps into the jet that happens to be there yeah I, it's weird like usually you would think that roof. yeah he just has a jet on the roof he jumps in the jet and he's going to go attack and now we got king kong going on mm-hmm. uh, you know he's there with the jet he's fighting it and this lasts a long time this to me is full out filler because you, you don't get anything to push the story forward at all, well, do you it's remember just the movie, filler. Uh, it's alive. Yeah, yeah. It's with the killer babies that are born. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, in the second one you had more babies. Then in the third one came out way later. It's alive three island of the live where the babies grew up because the government sent them to their own island. Yeah. But the best part is they were just guys in baby suits because it was, the babies had grown up to be big babies and that's yeah. the killer babies. My, that's it, all actually, when you say that, this. that reminded me of that island that Damien took all those oh, fucking weird ass mongoloid Damien's there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here, yeah, Batman is just, he's just going to fight this big giant kaiju baby <laughs> in a jet plane. It's not even the Batwing. It's a full out jet fighter, right? Yeah. Oh, and no, it's a Batwing. I'm a, a version I, of the Batwing. I'm telling you, it looks more like just a jet fighter to me. But yeah, it, it gets hit. The baby swats it, and he's going to go down. He, he ejects into a flying jet pack that Steel had made for him. And this is where I did... It's a more connected universe, Jim. It is, but I said that uh, Steve Orlando did an okay job with the dialogue. I'll take it back at this point because Batman is just too nonchalant. Now, Alfred even spells it out. But yeah, he is fighting a grotesque, giant-headed baby, and it just smashed apart his jet, and and he says, hey, remind me to thank John Henry. Steele was right. This handles like a dream. Handles like a dream. What are you talking about, Batman? I'm surprised he didn't bring Tim up, but yeah, he's fighting a big, giant baby. It would have been better if Tim made it, though. It's crazy, and that's where... Alfred's like, hey, you seem to be taking this all in stride. And then, hey, I'm fine, Alfred. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And then that's when you should be terrified. Terrified doesn't save lives. There are normally monsters in Gotham. Not like this. No. This is crazy. Even Batwoman calls it out and says, I've never dealt with anything like this before. At one point, if, if you're looking at it, there's a part where Batwoman is jumping and saving a kid. From like falling wreckage from the the yep. jet. The, what is in the background? Looks like another kid is being tossed like a oh, rag doll. Yeah. No, that, that kid is dead. That kid's dead, that right? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that that's supposed to be a doll. That that this kid oh, is I let go. Yeah, but no, I, I want to say it looks like a dead kid. Right? Looks like a dead kid. And there you see Nightwing just seems to be kid. standing there. Just deciding to do something. He'll pick up his part in the next issue. Yeah, yeah. And there's spoiler. 
who's supposed to be doing other things. I, I don't know what's going on. And then, yeah, you have all the, I guess that one is supposed to be a clay face. Fucking, I don't know. It looks like a, uh, an Asian, uh, like a, a delivery boy. I don't know what's going on in that scene. But yeah, terrified doesn't save lives, Batman says. And th- this goes on for panel after panel yeah. where you have the idea he's spraying fucking the, the uh, fuel on the baby, and then he's going to blow it up. He self-destructs That's it. on and then, fire. Yeah. At one point, he does say that I put so much – I put enough paralytic gas to put down a double-decker bus. Huh, how much paralytic how gas that? does it take to put down a double-decker bus? I don't think it, any. It, it, some of these things You've just throw me shit off. you wrong, Batman. Yeah, that just does not – a lot of this just doesn't seem like Batman. It's not awful dialogue. It's just not Batman-esque dialogue. It's weird at times. Yes, and it's funny because if you do look here, I will point out as well, where Dick was there standing and you said he's going to have other things to do. That is spoiler right next to him, right? I don't know. I've got to get back. Oh, it is. She is there, but yet then they switch and she is all the way across town in the caves. Yeah, that's spoiler. I even magnified it so my stupid ass could see it. Yeah, it's it's screwed up because she's back in she's in the caves at that point. uh, It's a spoiler cosplayer just happened to be there. Yeah, she's just there in the streets. There's a little... They're, but they're putting these people in the caves, and they're, hey, are we going to be safe? Oh, you'll be fine. Oh, yeah. And it, it's just, it's weird. This is all set up. Obviously, it's the first issue. But really, when I was done, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Nothing really went on. No. And the, the baby's there. They're going to take some uh, some samples from it. Yeah, the biggest baby. And they're going to take some samples from it. They're going to send the DNA back to the cave. And there is where uh, people were laughing at the crazy-looking fucking Duke. I'm a boy. It's Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, Charlie McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy. And uh, a lot of people said stuff about this. But uh, Alfred's like, oh, we're receiving the DNA now. And that's where Duke's like, I heard you're fighting monsters without me, Batman. And then Batman says to him, check your syllabus, Duke. Monsters are next month. And a lot of people are making a big deal of that. I just think he's talking about Halloween. I just so think, I think he's, he's talking about, you know, we'll get to it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he, because even in As the night. a joke, night, though, I, I'm talking about. Yeah, I just, actually, I think he's just talking about Halloween. Because they oh, yeah. know this was coming out in September to October. I think that, that people are making a lot into that. I don't think that it's anything. I just thought I it was it's... an odd Steve Orlando Batman jokey time thing. Yeah, no. I, I Like I said, I think that because he obviously knew when this was coming out, it's yeah. been announced. I think he meant, you know, monsters are in Halloween. They're Duke. But, yeah, that's when they find out the DNA is Bob from. Castro. Yeah, yeah. Castro. What's his first name again? Bob. Yeah, Robert Castro. Uh, he was at. He was the guy who killed himself with the letter opener Gordon's in uh, in Gordon's office. So they go and that, that threw me off. I'm like, he wasn't a baby. What what makes him a baby? What what makes him a giant baby? I don't think it's a baby. He freaking he was a real man. He killed himself right away. He wasn't. He didn't do that just for fucking you know attention. He told us the monster men were coming. He ain't wrong. Yeah, yeah. He said so. That's where you get the first hint that everybody who is going to show up as these kaiju are people who had killed themselves as the monster men were coming. I I don't know because we get into the second issue, we find out there is one more connection, but we have four monster men. The other two don't seem to be anything. Yeah, I'm trying to of think of the importance. others. Well, the one guy blew himself up as a suicide bomber. He's not a part bomber. of it. He has no body left. Yeah, he wouldn't have a body, but maybe they'll, they'll the tie it in somehow. The other two were just people who were killed in an explosion, it seems like. They yeah, had no, yeah. like, kind of connection. Well, the one, yeah, the one was during the psycho pirate deal 
uh, and so we'll see. I think both of them but, were part of the psycho pirate. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's just weird that and, he's a baby. And we end this issue with I, I don't another kind of that's a, crazy. A bird monster thing. I think it's like a, a a fucking I don't know a sheep bird dragon type deal. It, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare crazy. creature. It's, is what it's it is. humongous. It's humongous and it's scary. But it just. I don't know the rules, so all no. this seems like a lot of nonsense. And like, like it I said, they them into these things, but also, how do they get so big? I don't know. And they're trying to figure out what this material is that is doing this. And again, it just throws me off that we don't know. Uh, is that it? Hopefully, that is something huge. Like we're like, oh my god, that that's why it. May, but I don't know. Like you said, what does it make you into a giant? monster it's it's just odd uh i gave this a six nine i didn't really enjoy it i thought that it was a lot of nonsense uh i'm hoping that the story picks up but even when we're we're going to talk next about nightwing i don't think it picks up that much in nightwing so i am already disappointed and worried and want my regular story back uh the batman story but like I said, I gave it a six nine. The art I liked a little more than you because I think they got Riley Rossmo for the grotesque monster. Yeah, I part. like Riley Rossmo. I just did not care for the art here. I'm telling you, when we got to Hugo Strange's part, I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. Yeah, he looked very hairy at one I, point. He looked like I, a Sasquatch. I just saw all these fucking bulges and shit. I'm like, it's all pink. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm looking yeah, at. I, I just I think that some of his regular people, even the people on the streets or whatever, they Dude. have that unique Riley Rossmo look. Yeah. It just I I just I must not like it for Batman. Um but yeah, I give it a six nine. I'd probably give it a six point five, which is weird because I like this story better than Nightwing and I give that a better score. Yeah, I didn't. I went a little lower, but we'll just jump right into that. Now we got Nightwing number five, written by Steve Orlando and Tim Seeley, with art by Raj Antonio, Chris Sotomayor, and Carlos M. Mangual. Our Night of the Monster Men stories continue with this issue, and goddamn is there nothing really for Nightwing to do. It's all about taking down the second of our Monster Men and eventually Dick checking the morgue to ch- find out that our heroes have two more on their hands. I don't know what I wrote here. All that goes down while the people of Gotham who were evacuated to a cave system begin losing their shit and Gotham Girl gets pissed off and gets off the bench to take on the third monster man that is going for Blackgate Prison. Yes. Weird part yes. about this is my shit usually gets weird as it progresses. This The first one's usually spot on in my mind. I don't know what yeah. the fuck I wrote here. I don't know. It's getting late already. I know. It's getting late. Uh, again, we're going to continue this monster man. Monster talk. man. The night of the I, monster man. Night of the Monster Men. Uh, it made me oh, laugh right away. Uh, there's Duke and Alfred. They're in the Batcave. They're, well, they're at the... It's weird because they say that Gotham Girl is in the cave. Yep. They're at the computer. I still think they're in the cave. It was they a weird call-out. Um, but, yeah, he's like, hey, Batman made it clear. Because Duke's like, this is no fair. We're stuck here on the sidelines. And Batman, uh, Alfred's like, listen, Batman made it clear. Uh Gotham girls are restricted to the cave, and you're here with me dissecting the monster cells. They're trying to figure it out. And it's funny. Duke goes, that's not his call to make. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, there, buddy. That's, that's his call, man. And you then you go. When, and uh, I actually the, thought it was funny because I really didn't think that Gotham girl was going to be included in this story. And I get in the Nightwing, but bam, there she is, just hacking all fucking scared and crazy hanging, in the cave. Uh, hanging out, wearing that uh, Robin coat that uh, fucking Duke wears. That means she's, she's wearing Duke's the girlfriend. Coat she's wearing yeah. his coat. She's wearing his coat. And she I'm telling you. She looks terrible. Oh, yeah. You see her in there? That's the thing but, is, too. I like the art more in this book. Do not like the look of her at all. 
I don't like the look of Duke either. Oh, I'm, but, I just ended up looking over at him now. I'm like, I don't like yeah, Duke. No, <laughs> I, I don't even really like the art that much in this one, but it, it does get better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, Alfred and Duke are trying to figure it out. They cannot figure out what this is, what has made this these monster men. Uh, and figure Alfred keeps out. saying, like, we need to find an anti-therapy. Yep. Like, okay, whatever. But yeah, they're, they're trying gotta to figure it out. We got to make these dead bodies dead again. Yep, and they're trying to figure it out. And again, they have to also call out Tim again, where that's where Duke's like, I'll help Alfred, but one of his ex-partners sacrificing himself doesn't give him the right to lock us away forever. It's weird, too, because I think later Duke even says, whoa, 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 I'm supposed to be here. He fucking goes again <laughs> when he's trying to stop Gotham Girl. Yeah, I think that then he finally sees what's what they're up against fully, and he's like, whoa, I'm out. Batman's been saying this all along. He's not my sidekick. He's something different, something new. Turns out he's just a tech guy. Yeah, he just didn't he, tell Duke that. That seems to be uh, what the deal. And also, this is the other thing that makes me laugh is uh, Batman, again, I think the dialogue is off, but it's this one line where uh, Dick is trying to explain, like, he's just saying shit. And he's like, man, those monsters tore through that factory like paper. GCPD is completely outgunned. And then Batman has to yell, Guns aren't part of my plan, Nightwing. What? We get it, Bruce. Really, we we have to we gun. have to be reminded of that. Uh, I mean, Steve Orlando, please. We we know what's going on, and Dick is just saying a, a quip there. <sighs> Nonsense. And but yeah, I, I want to say that we started this bit off where uh, it's all about getting to a secret tech site that's in Gotham, so that Batman and Batwoman can get some kind of you know, weaponry to take on these goddamn yeah. monster men. And I was getting excited for that. I'm like, all right, cool. We got yeah. something going on. Cause right now, the only thing that excited me was Gotham girl just showing up because it was something new because we get right back into pretty much Kaiju battles. Yeah. And Batman tells Dick, do me a favor, go to the morgue and check this shit out. What yeah. does Dick do? Kind of just stands there like he did in it the just last stands not there. Doing nothing. Even so be right before, even before that, there is a call up that has to be another thing. That's a setup where, uh, shit's gone wrong. I mean, these things are more bizarre and crazy than pretty much anything they've seen. It, I know that Mr. Bloom got a little crazy, is yeah. what I, but nothing like this. And that's where Dick says, Hey, I saw the blueprints and there was the, the things the in Wayne the tower, the contingencies, the Wayne yeah. Watchtower deal. And Batman's like, No, 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 not right now. And it's like, that has to play in the end, right? That's going to be the... He's talking about there's too many people in the city. I'm like, what is this to do? Is it a bat nuke? What the fuck? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's some crazy Wayne Watchtower contingency shit that has to come into play at some point. There is um, talk about crazy shit throughout this, because they're all about getting to this tech site. We have this Wayne Tower, which got to play in later on. Yeah, um, it has to. But then it's all like Batman's fighting the goddamn monster. Man. He's like, Duke... Initiate that little thing you're working on, the Bat Beacon. I'm thinking Yeah, the Bat Beacon, and, and you when thought he says this is going to be kick ass. I've been talking about Duke has that yellow costume with the bats. I'm like, he's like the signal. He he's gets there the before signal. Batman. <laughs> this yeah, stupid you thought this moment. Bat Beacon was going to be like this kick ass thing. I thought it, it was going to be mostly actually Duke, because just going into this whole thing where I talk about he's the signal, you know, because he yeah. pretty much is yellow and with a it, bat it's, And here's the thing what happens is it's a. It's like a hologram that comes out of the All light the post, lights. and it's Batman calming people, telling them they have to go. We're here to protect you. I kind of like the concept. It's cool. Yeah, so I, I thought it was neat. It seems like something that would be at an amusement park. Yeah. Like you'd have like, please stay to the right, and it's fucking Batman. But or at a concert, I, I did or Michael like Jackson it. dances. Yeah, really, or freaking Tupac coming back. <laughs> I, I, again, though, I, I thought that it was neat. 
but really, what does it do? Nothing. You know it, what it, I mean? it, it spends a freaking page just having a page and a half. He gives of fucking this. Bill Pullman's speech from goddamn ID four, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it, it's filler. Yeah. It really is. It's it's to calm the people down. They they got to get the fuck out of the city. Yeah, it's to calm the stupid ass people who haven't fucking evacuated yeah. yet. Yeah, uh, but then we see the other people heading to those caves still, and that's where uh, Bullock is standing with Stephanie, which we said before. And Bullock is an asshole. He's just like he is the worst guy, and but he just he has to do that, and then you have to have the whole thing. Hey, you you seem pretty depressed. What you your dog die or something? No, No, Stephanie's all upset. Let's keep reminding everybody about Tim's being dead. Everybody's got to be upset. Uh, But then these these people in the cave, uh, they are having some issues, and they are getting pissed. And what is going on with them? Do you know? I I have an idea. Okay. When Dick finally gets to the morgue. Yes. You know, we'll get to it when we get to that part. Yeah. Because we do have an idea. I just want to, I want to be able to bring that up. Okay. Well, at that point, Dick is still fighting the Kaju monster when he's supposed to be at the morgue. He's sitting on a goddamn building watching Batman. Well, he's there. At at one point, though, he swings and saves that one guy. He He does save the guy who's falling. He saves him, and it's almost like, oh, good thing that you were there. But he is supposed to be already have gone to the morgue. Shit is getting real. Do what you're fucking told, Dick. God yeah. damn it. And then it's funny because, like, you're supposed to be at the morgue. Hey, you know what? I-, I wanted to get here. I wanted to help. And he's like, just go, Dick. Find Strange. And I didn't get the idea he was going to the morgue to find Hugo Strange, though, no. at that point. I thought he was supposed to go to the morgue to investigate why these dead bodies are rising up as well, these kaiju Hugo monsters. Hugo Strange is there the basement, which he calls the cauldron for some reason. But yeah. freaking maybe, that when, is, uh, maybe it is underneath. Maybe. I, I, we don't but know. it's just weird. But yeah, I do like Tony. We don't have the goddamn rules yet. So when Batman and Batwoman they're doing this whole like ad at thing where they're fucking circling around the thing to take it down with wires. Yeah. When they actually bring it down, things change again. Where this bird monster thing grows the second head like it's from John Carpenter's other heads. Yeah. 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 And then it grows another one as the series progresses. I have no idea what's going on with this goddamn monster man. But then and then their big plan is Batman's like make it chase us. Let's let's yeah let's get to that tech site. And again, it's one of those. It leads into what you even said uh, about the rainbow suit. You like that, like uh, the Batman the the symbols a target or you know what they yeah, mean yeah, he's yeah. like okay we're the target let's let him go after us and not hurt anybody else so they you know even though it's stampeding through the city destroying and destroying everything, everything in its wake but yeah they're they're going and it's this whole thing leading to this we got to get to this tech site we got to get to the tech site oh and i was actually getting excited so I'm like, i want to see what's going on we've already heard of this this thing in the wayne towers that that is so crazy you can't do it with people in the city who this tech what site's gonna, gonna have here? some pretty kick-ass shit they get there and there's motorcycles it's that's a bad it. cycle and a nightwing cycle and a nightwing cycle are you fucking kidding me how yeah, is the, that's how what is you went? a wheelie gonna save the goddamn yeah. day yeah they went to get these cycles <sighs> Fuck you. i think really without anything and I like being this known more. i know I, I like the art in this issue more so yeah. never mind I, i'm getting all messed yeah. up already <laughs> I, i'm telling you i i don't like it that much and now you're going to use the cycles as again like hey we're going to be the target still uh there's Dick finally going to the morgue a bit, and Duke is playing all Minority Report with a globe, fucking swishing things around with a holographic globe. But really, uh, they're they're just Alfred and and Duke are trying to find 
what this accelerant is that's making and they still can't find the it. Monster juice. Yeah, and again, I keep thinking like it can't be venom now, right? No. If it is, I'm gonna fucking maybe, blow away. I'm telling you, maybe venom is some kind of a part of the components that make up this yeah, thing. He's I don't know. gotten the venom and made something with it. I don't know. Then they, they snare the the kaiju with a with a fucking. I'm you, it's net. big ass baby all over again. We're just yeah. fighting this thing that's doing yeah. absolutely nothing to progress the story. We're, yeah, we're taking a monster down, which we know we have four monsters. We do not them, but yeah, each one we take down. I guess we're moving the story along, but it's just all right. They're just doing stuff, and yeah, and, and, and no, we, I'm just not interested again, anymore. I thought it was going to be bigger than fighting giant monsters. And we also find out that this monster was the Cobra agent who shot down the plane in yeah. Batman number one that uh, Batman almost died riding urban surfing down before Gotham <laughs> Gotham girl saved him. Like Dr. Uh, Strange love and shit. Yes. Uh, but yeah, then you go to, that's where you get back to the, uh, the people in the cave and there's the shit just, you know, it looks like that's blood. The, that's the problem too, because throughout the series with the art, it's raining the entire time and the, the artist shows or the color shows, I don't even know how it works, but to have that blue look to tell you that they're wet because everything's been, they all been yeah. rained on. And now that they're in this cave, they're just losing their shit. But the thing is, there is red liquid leaking down. It's leaking, it's leaking down. Yes, it's bleeding. And on. when we get back to Nightwing, finally going to the morgue, and the morgue is heavily guarded when she takes it down, so you know shit's gone down there. But yeah, and he even says, "Oh, Strange must not want me in there." I actually thought it was weird that it was guarded like that. Like so that I. was another thing that out of nowhere that was happening. Um, but yeah, go on. But he realizes that there are four tables for something like, you know, I don't know what goes on in the opera yeah. morgue though, but there's four tables. The four bodies are missing, but there's goo and weird shit left behind. Yep. And on the far right, you there's see a giant hole down. that is dug out, which we're guessing, you know, goes to the cave system. Yes. And it has a bunch of this red liquid leading from the table. It's tables just down weird to though hole. to me. Like, did, did you get the idea that that cave is right under the morgue? Because it has to be, because there's not that much shit dripping down, yet it's on everyone. Well, I just imagine this is what the uh, monster's emoting out, like, you know, leaking yeah. out of itself. And it's he's just already weird, in the cave though. system. And just also, you get, you get the idea that maybe they're pushing towards that when these people get this on them, they get crazed. Yeah, that's what I imagine. But just the situation that they're in would craze them anyway. That's yes. what throws me off. Like you get a people who don't know each other all cramped oh, into a shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Most people would because be they're in there. They crying. this is where you realize, like, hey, what's the plan here? I see one fucking detective and two vigilantes. One who's just perched up there, not saying shit. We we joke about how. Orphan has nothing to do in the normal detective comics run. Yeah. She has even less to do here. Yeah. She, she just, just sits, sits there while they yell at her. I like the one person's like, "Hey, you up there? You you too fucking good for us? You, you up there?" And he says, <laughs> you "Why why are you me? so quiet? Too good to be down here with the rest of us." But yeah, you're getting the idea that this this goo is making them crazed and insane. The, but because the of the fact that insane? they're in... Yeah, because they're already in a situation insane, that would do that for me, that I don't get, like, oh, my... You know, it, it's less of an impact then. Well, we also have... It looks like Dick is investigating that last table that's leading into the hole where we see the red goo and everything like that. But on the next panel, it looks like he's looking at the green... Like, he says, it has a larval thing, like larval yeah. sacks, he says. Yeah. And I'm like... Did he move on to another table? Because I did see some other shit, but you should really be talking about the stuff leading into that big ass hole. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just kind of threw me off too when we and, find out and, that this yeah, is the and guy. And also, 
that's where you get the idea, like, oh shit, that thing went down in the hole. It's it's and causing the, the some issues. Sex. It's gonna be Is this down. other one that's just one monster man? He's just yeah. setting babies all over the goddamn yeah, I place. I don't know. Uh, but as the... Dick is investigating, talking about larval sacks, we, we see our third monster man, who's a giant spider sack lady, breaking and in yeah. going into Black Gate Prison. And I got really thrown off at first because when we first see this monster, it's gigantic. Yeah. But when she breaks into Black Gate, you see these freaking uh, guards running away, or the uh, or even prisoners. And prisoners. They and... they were kind of together, and there was the one point when the one prisoner is saying to the guard, like, yeah. "Hey, if you're not going to shoot it, give me your gun." Exactly. But it looks smaller to me all of a sudden, yeah, and for some does. reason, it has two Monster Men dogs with it. I, I'm telling you, it's what uh, are it, the rules? And actually, there's four Monster is that, is Men that, dogs. Is that the babies that the larval sex is guess. catching? But yeah, there's four but of the them thing at this is, point too. I They're really just thought that this would be the monster. Then that he, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, don't know because it's red. So I would think it, but that would be in the cave system. Yeah. The, the I, green I larval sacks were I green, know. so you'd think this monster would be green. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, they're they're Maybe they trying to stop sacks. it. They can't stop it. it. It's fucking huge and crazy. They're trying to run away from it, and it really like nobody can Gotham get Girl. to it. Nobody can get to Blackgate in time. That's when Gotham Girl hears what's going on and says she's she's got to jump in. She's like, I can smell their blood from here. I, I go, and that's where. Duke all of a sudden yells, Claire, stop, your powers can kill you. He has just earlier in the issue yelled at the scream that Batman shouldn't be able to pin those two down. And she's like, I know, but I can't listen to this. What's that? Not him, at least. Yeah, but no, he said both. I know, I know. But yeah, they can't get there, but so Gotham Girl's going to go. She takes off the fucking Letterman's jacket and flies off. I like that she's being in this story because I really thought they were just going to yeah. keep her out of it. But this is a terrible idea because you are still affected by being fearful from Psycho Pirate. I now know. you're going to go take on a big-ass monster. Uh, it's man. weird just... because to me, her saying that like, hey, I know you're worried about me and Psycho Pirate, what he, he did to my mind. I think that she's getting over it a little more than, than, she, than we thought. Because right. really, if somebody can spell that out. Then at least it's almost now instead of being full out petrified, you know, it's more of like I don't know a phobia I that she really, might. I just you know really what go I mean? back to the first panel we see her in, where she just walks up with her hands across her chest, like she's like holding herself, yeah. like still scared. I'm still scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like she's a little better, but yeah, she flies up. I expect her maybe to die in the story, like she's going to overuse her powers because even if she continues on. They're doing the like she's too powerful to be just sitting around for Batman. You know, right. they go to fight Bane, and the next thing she could just like, oh, I'll use my powers again and just snap his neck off. You know what I mean? Uh, so maybe this will be the end of her. This story, I don't know. Uh, I always like to claim that she's gonna die. You like to claim I just that everybody's claim gonna about die. everyone. But yeah, she's <laughs> heading off to Blackgate to help in the dens. And really, after those two issues, I was like, really, I'm I'm not really into the story. All right, Monster Man. We yeah, got this yeah, for a just, bunch more issues. We need you need some rules. We need to know just, what's going on and why. Like I can't even say that the way things are going, that this is something like. At one point of it was like something where. Doctor, uh, you know Hugo Strange. They're like, "Hey, Hugo, uh, the plan has to go." And he's like, "Okay," and presses a button, yeah. and shit happens. This or just even seems like he's naked, and yeah, does he just looks at the clock and goes, position. "Yeah, you know what? It is about time." This shit seems to just happen anyway. 
Like, where is he? He's not controlling them. It, it seems. I, I don't know what he's doing. Is no. this the? Is this what I said was the classic of he's just using them to wear Batman down and the Bat family down so that he can swoop in after this and do what his real plan is? Don't Man, know. Maybe. I just don't know, and I don't it's know because so going we're not getting any rules. To Santa Prisco, where we got some venom to the freaking Monster Man to Hugo Strange working. Like, all of these things seem so weird together. Yeah, it does. I just, I'm not into it. I, I would give this a 6.5 if I was revealing it. What did you give it? I actually gave it a 7 out of 10, and like I'm thinking after we talk about it, I should have given it the same score as the Batman 6.5 yeah. in my mind, but I just really like the art in this better, especially since it's even better than the normal Nightwing book in my mind. Yeah, it was okay. I, it got better as yeah. it went on, but at, at first, even that was a little off. I just... The other thing is having it rain all the time just throws everything off. The, the outside just stuff, that, just that freaking blue sheen that everybody yeah. has. It just weird. yeah. It just it you don't even get a chance to like really give a good looking issue to me. But the way I feel is that like I actually went into this thinking it's going to be a more heavy Nightwing issue because it is the Nightwing book. But he had nothing to do. So I yeah, guess it's no, more of just a continuing story but using even this title like, for it. Who has anything to do? Yeah. Batman and Batwoman are just fighting Kaiju. Fight monsters, yeah. Actually, it seems like Alfred and Duke are the ones that have the most interesting thing to do because they're trying to figure out what is causing these people to mutate into these monsters. Yeah. But other than that, Batman and Batwoman are just fighting. Uh, Nightwing was just Spoilers sent to the morgue. And Stephanie and... Cassandra there in the cave, but yet even then, you have Cassandra just sitting there, chaos. And where was Stephanie and Bullock at this time? They didn't really even show them then, and then, yeah, Gotham Girl heads off to uh, to Black Cave. But it is weird, if you think about it right now, they are spreading out the family with these kaiju. So, yeah, I think that might be part of the the plan. And I do actually think that it is trying to wear them down. Uh, for Hugo to take advantage of that, but we'll kind of like when Bane did when he broke open. That's Arthur what I'm saying, yeah. That. And this all leads to the next story being Bane, so maybe that even ties in that way in a little clever way of doing it. We'll see. Uh, but the next part of this podcast is a book that we like. Sure do. And what issue is that, Eric? Superman number seven, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Jorge Jimenez, Alejandro Sanchez, and Rob Lee. Get on out of here, Eradicator. It's family time. That's right. Now that Superman is back out in the world and people love him, our Man of Steel decides that after pulling the individual members of the Justice League's asses out of the fire, he's going to spend some time with his wife and son at the Hamilton County Fair, where he promises no superheroics. But when Clark sees a bunch of no-good Nicks trying to rob the ticket booth, he knows that it's a job for Superman. Just a really, really discreet job for Superman. Yes. I like this issue. Really I like it. This, this is another one. This goes well into the Lois and Clark Superman book and the New 52, but also it goes well to me with the Trinity book Yeah. Uh, this week as well. It's a very subtle um, – you know, we just got done the Eradicator nonsense that, that I didn't mind as much. We had just introduced like uh, John as Superboy, and this is just a nice way to – really plant Superman into this rebirth universe. He has been on the side. He's been trying to hide. He's been, you know, not, and this 
is like a like you said you have told told me all week it's like let's put let's plan our roots let's let's yeah. get to this let's see what's going on in not town not only for and the Kent family or the Smith family in this case and, but and yeah himself. whatever you know whatever you want to call yourselves but also even in the background if you want to think about it even if you want to say it cynically uh, Clark has to realize like we can't just be this family that's never you know you, we the can't crazy be the family in town yeah you can't be the Werners. <laughs> And be the ones like, oh, they don't ever come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> that this is almost it. You it could be looked at as also part of the whole, you know, identity thing. But I don't think it is. I think that also Superman also or Clark wants John to have a regular life, but he also wants to have some yeah, nice regular times as well. He wants to have the kind well. of life he would have wanted on his old Earth. Yes, but it starts off awesome because it's Superman being Superman. In a way that is pure Superman. Sure is. It's Superman being Superman that is Superman with the Superman. Being yeah, super. He ends up saving or helping everyone. Don't he, he starts off uh, helping some astronauts yeah. fix their solar panels. That is oh, awesome Superman. It is. It's classic in my mind. Yeah. And then he goes yeah. down like, oh, the night's still young, flies around and helps Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, and Batman with their, all of their individual problems. Yep. And, and immediately it's great because, solves them. And it's great because they all like them. They all like it. <laughs> It flash. Thanks, Big Blue. And there's Batman, but he's got a smile on his face yeah, initially, when he's, he's got, turned he's away. Cool, I, but it's because I think when he's turned away, he can kind of like, and he says, hey, I don't recall asking for help. Yeah. And that's where Superman's like, I don't usually wait to be asked. And then Batman turns to him. He has the scowl. When it comes to me, start. But I really like it because I also think that it's one of those where I think Batman was saying that to see how Clark responded. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, he had it, to keep up his rep. Yeah, and I think that Superman does the same thing. Clark does the same thing back. It's not like, hey, I didn't recall asking for help. Superman doesn't, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, but uh, I shouldn't be in. And maybe that would have been like Batman, like, no, that's not my – he he passes the test to me. Yeah. And I really like it. It's one he of those – Superman that, being Superman. And I, I – the one thing that we were talking about – and in general, like thinking about is how this Superman will fit in with the Justice League. And I'm not talking that Brian Hitch garbage. I'm just talking in general, especially this book, because we have already seen Batman and Wonder Woman have been in this book a bunch of times now. Yeah. Um, I like this, how they are like a standoffish, but friendly type yeah. deal. And to me, it's funny because the rest of them, I'll go with Flash. He's what a does fan he boy. care? He's a fanboy of any Superman to me. Yeah, he said, oh, you know what, my Clark's dead. He's going right to this one. You know what oh, yeah. I mean? And even Aquaman isn't really smiling. Hey, thanks, Superman. And they're all calling, you know. Please don't so yell I really at me like, again. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, really. He just doesn't want to be reprimanded again. <laughs> but I really like it. I really do. And then he and goes back to... What's when we that? get when we get done that, I just like the the night's over. He's just yeah. I, I just like him sitting there at the freaking yeah. Daily Planet building, He's at the Daily just Planet. listening as the sun comes up. You know, my city's safe. The morning's here. All right, I'm going yeah. home. He's like, I tuck my city to bed. Everything's safe. And I even like like the one guy getting up. He's got the Superman shirt, and that might be. A, I think it's a guy. It looks like I has imagine hairy that's legs. Maybe, maybe. Uh has a little man boobs there, but yeah, everybody's uh, it's a weird eating. Cut of the shirt is off, <laughs> and it's funny too because I do think, but he's like, but in all, my city got tucked in safely to face a new morning, and it doesn't really say that he sees these people, but there is a family having breakfast together, and that's when he flies off, and he goes back to his house in Hamilton County, 
And he's, he Hamilton walks County. in, and that's where Lois is like, hey, you know what, the Hamilton County Fair, last night, tonight, night, I man. think I'm going to take John. And Superman just says, you know what, I think I'll tag along. Daddy's and John, John is so happy. And I, I know that we make jokes about our family or whatever. That's pretty much what a kid, like I would have wanted my dad oh, to do at some point. Say, hey, you know what? I'm not just going to sit on my fat ass all day. You mean day. you're going to get along with mom for a little yeah. while? And yeah, we're going to go get along with mom and again? we're actually we're actually going to go do something. Uh, I'd be so excited. And yeah, th- this is a little different because Superman's out being Superman all the time. He doesn't have a lot of time you for that. about them. my dad was doing that too, right? Yeah, really. He right? was Superman. He was out flying around sitting on the Daily Planet. He was flying high. With some stripper. <laughs> fucking passed out. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah. I, I like it though because you also get the idea. You never really got the idea that maybe Superman isn't spending enough time with John, but you get this here. Well, that's that the problem, he, you know. You he's got always two busy. Lives at that point, he is busy as Superman a yes. lot now that he has come out. The yeah. world expects him, and he's going to try to deliver. Yes, yeah, and that's part of you know the given. I'm telling you, it reminds me of the stupid podcast. Yeah. Uh, there's today my one my youngest son's like, hey, can we go through the football? Daddy's got work to do. Son. Daddy's got to read comic books. And then I'm like, son. Daddy's got work to do. We can do that tomorrow. I'm like thinking, no, no. Daddy's got to Daddy's, edit the podcast tomorrow. And, and the eagles tired. are on later. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I I know. You know, I'm being my I'm own Superman. Game, son. I'm being my own Superman, right? But yeah, that's when Lois says, listen, if you're going to come, no Supermanning whatsoever. And that's when he says, hey, Clark says, I promise, look, I'll give you my cape. And that's when John really goes nuts, gives the woo-hoo, he jumps up in the air. And it's so funny. This is where Lois takes it. And it's like, uh-huh. She I love still the look on her face. Oh, I'm she, telling she, you, she, just, Lois is that? so flip-floppy over like what she wants Clark to do. Yeah, I want you to be Superman, but I, I also want you to be the husband. Like Just him giving this freaking like, promise and the use, like giving handing over the cape to her is like the way to seal the deal. Like, I don't trust you. No, she doesn't. Like this is you. this is your dad calling your mom and saying, I'll "Hey, I'm gonna pick Eric up at seven. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a great weekend." Really and she's like, think "Yeah, right." Than this, so. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like you but can't no. stop drinking just how Clark Kent can't stop super. That's right. He's Superman, and your dad's a drinking. But yeah, that they were gonna go to breakfast and then uh, walk around town and then go to the fair. So at least you know at this point he's held up at least. 90% of it, because the oh, fair's yeah. just at night. So it, even it's, if we Superman a little... They must Lois, have done everything he said he was going to do. Yeah. Because, right, it's nighttime now. We're heading yeah, over to the now fair. it's nighttime. So at least you can be like, you know, they had a great... But this is what John's been waiting for. He's and been I, waiting for the fair. I can't tell you how much I love seeing little John in the fucking hat oh, and glasses. Oh, my God. And the hat and glasses, he looks so great. The art in this so issue much. is so great. Just John himself. And I love it when he gets there and he's like, can we play all the games and win every one? He's got his hand stretched out with those big ass glasses. It's so it's so cute. And that's when Superman's like, uh, how about no? <laughs> like, why did you say that, Superman? <laughs> uh yes, but yeah, the, the, it's a full house. And, and Lois, not even that. When they walk in, Clark has so far given Lois the perfect day for the family. Yeah. He even adds on top of it. He's like, Does isn't all this beautiful? Not as beautiful as you, Lois. Yeah. And I'm like, you are a gosh darn Superman, aren't yep. you? You are the best. And then best. that's when she's like, flatter you'll get. You have like, just this mission little line, accomplished. Like, I love you, Clark Kent. Yeah. I love you so uh, much. It's really great. And it's really, you can be happy for John, for him, for Lois. 
And they keep going on. I'm, and I'm they... happy for us that we have this Superman yeah. family. I had to take a drink. Oh, I'm sorry. Then you, you see Kathy there, Kathy uh, his Brandon. friend Kathy, and even she's great. I mean, everybody in this book is great. That's so good, I, too. Kathy Brennan shows up. He's like, hey, we got a cow that's going to enter in this contest. You want to come and see it? She's all about John and the family. Come see it. No. Cow turds don't like make me lose my appetite. Yeah, always yeah. Covers mouth. We'll, be, we'll love to be there, Kathy. Yeah, we'll love I'm to like, be there. I love that scene, too, because John is going to say what he wants. He, yeah, he he's just he going to say, and, I lo- and those boy. goddamn glasses, I they're so, so cute. Much. And that's what she's like, I like your glasses and winks. And he's just sitting there, with the, standing there with those glasses, looks so cool. No, I'm telling you, he <laughs> looks so cool. But yeah, uh, they're they're just gonna go, you know, and they're they're having fun at the fair. That, that's all this issue is, and it's so good. It made me smile so much. And then you see what the ticket takers they're going. You see these no piece of shit nicks. kids, you know, the no good nicks. They realize, hey, this is cash business. Uh, we can get a score. Somehow it looks like Duke. Uh, it looks more like Duke in this issue than it did in that last night way. <laughs> That, that kid, I like the way they, they, I like their, the way they spell it out here, their talkative back and forth, because that comes into play later yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah, these guys are going to rob the fucking thing. And in the meantime, John's trying to win all these games. And now, that guy, that guy is cheated, right? Uh, that, that's the thing is I actually sat there and looked at this for a little while. I'm like, this is a one part where I half expected once, once John threw the baseball at the bottles and didn't knock it over. Like, hey, do you got them nailed down? Nope, absolutely not. I expected Superman to go up there and do it himself and win. Yeah. Or at least maybe have, like, here, John, here's another dollar, and then use his super breath to blow him over. It's so funny because... I just expected he, uh, something along these he, lines, but... He's course, a cheater. That yeah. guy cheated. Yeah, I don't I, care I if you're just a little this. kid. And it, it's also, is that supposed to be that you're like, oh, the powers are still going back and forth? I, I It's weird. I expected John to throw that, and it would just... Everything was turned into fucking dust because he and then whoa whoa my friend come on son and but yeah it was nice though and I, I love know, John because I really expected Superman to use his X-ray vision or something and see that there's shenanigans in play and then yeah. just like you know teach the guy but a again lesson by here's winning. the thing is that Supermaning maybe they set that up so no, that you dadding yeah but you know what I mean maybe that's set up so that you see that he's not even going to get no that involved rides, with that John. Yeah, really. He wants them to show that they really can't you can't trust a carny is what the fucking lesson he's trying to teach John. You know, he's he's dealt with Dick Grayson and at points he is not a good the guy. Lesson is, Daddy's not spending another dollar for this bullshit game, son. Yeah, really. This is like my kids yelling and screaming they want to play the crane game at yeah. the Walmart. I'm like, why? First off, why do you want to get the shitty toys anyway? They're Stuffed not worth animals. anything. Oh, it gets me so angry. But yeah, then they go to the science fair, uh, which is funny. John, then he's like, what, is school here? I don't want to. But I, I guess this is maybe to introduce the Mr. teacher, Martinez. but also, but also showing that this is the, you know, the teacher even says, Oh, I've heard a lot about you. Now it's nice to see a face to the name. It's more of the getting involved with the community. Well, I'm and telling you, what's I, going you, on. you could say, say this is nonsense. Showing the science teacher here where they have the having the science fair at the carnival in my mind means we're going to get more of John in school. And yeah, maybe. Also, I actually had these crazy ideas because he has given John an extension on his science he's project because he's new. And uh, I think this is going to lead to either John going to the fortress or the watchtower and taking some kind of alien tech to try to present as his science project. It's going to lead to terrible shit. That'd be funny. I don't even but think I want we're going to see, see John anything of I like the idea. Like I, when I talk about Raven later on. I like the idea of young heroes in school trying to be a normal kid. Yeah, 
I just I just got that it was another one of those like when he says happy to finally put some faces to names it was one of those that you're supposed to be shown oh yeah you know what they really aren't involved yet they're going to try to get more yeah. involved I I'd be great if he does go show more of the full out school I I laugh though Him because and Kathy when walking through the halls he's holding her books that'd be good. Her. Nah, or she's holding his that. books because yeah, she's really maybe. into him and he's yeah. not. He's not that in he's trying to play it off. There's no way at that age he's holding no. books. Uh but yeah, I like when he says about the extension because it reminded me of Ethan, my son, who never gets any work done on time. <laughs> and they're always given extensions. It's the no kid left behind. I was gonna say, haven't policy. they learned yet? No, they haven't. They they just keep giving him extensions. He's got but an yeah, extension then you see, four years ago. Yeah, really. You see those no good guys, and they're they're going on with their no plan. But that's picks. where you have to see they got guns. Like they they could cause some problems. Yeah, uh, like in my mind, these were just teenagers doing normal, like you know, not even normal shit, but just you know, bad. They were teenagers. bad kids. They pull out guns and they pull out fucking blow torches and shit that burns yeah. the goddamn safe. I'm like. Yeah, these kids mean business. What, yeah, they, what's they going on in Hamilton County? They're a little more than uh, no good nicks, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, then you get where they're just Lois and Clark are walking along, and there's the Hamilton Horn, the the newspaper in town, and right away there's Lois and Clark like, "Hey, are there any job opportunities?" And, and it was so funny to me because Lois asked this. And yes. she goes off and talks to the lady handing out the Hamilton Yeah, she board. wants to get a job for Clark. Yeah, it's not for her because she no. has a job. She's author X. Clark, though, he needs to keep himself That's what busy. Makes, yeah, it makes me laugh. Like, he's not busy enough. Yeah. She wants to get him a job at the How Hamilton about, maybe Horn. Maybe you let him talk to the lady if he wants a goddamn job, yeah, Lois. Which I full ex- fully expect him to be working at the Hamilton Horn between for a couple issues from now. He'll be there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's well, when he I want sees to see the, the awkward ass interview where he tries to say, "Yeah, I've been a real person for the last thirty years." Yeah, it is funny because they're like, "Do you have any experience?" They're like, "No, they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't tell." But it is pretty funny that it's she wants to get him a job. My <laughs> man has one job, baby. But yeah, then uh, that's when the clown. Now the guy, you want to be a little inconspicuous before you get to this robbery, it's right? Like Why guys is he walking up to a bank already wearing the ski mask? Yeah. He's walking around with this thing. It just looks I, ridiculous. I guess you could say maybe it's like okay because it's a big old carnival. Maybe a mask. Yeah, but he's also an around. asshole. Yeah, well, he's going through before too. he even hits uh, Clark. He's yelling at people, "Hey, out of my way, dim bulbs!" That's right. Dim <laughs> like, like when they say, "Did you see anybody?" You know, uh, suspicious. Yeah, I saw this asshole saw clown, clown with a goth outfit on and with a fucking toolbox. This yeah, guy, he, he was dressed like John Bender from The Breakfast Club, but with a like, clown mask on. With a clown mask. But yeah, he runs into Clark, and that's where Clark actually does use his x-ray vision. And sees the guy's hat. The guy has a gun and a blowtorch. Yep. So, and he tries to stop him. And even at this point, he isn't really going to Superman no, still. No, he holds off. Yeah, I think that, I don't know what he would have said. Like, excuse me, sir. And the kid just walks away. Like, what would he have said? I, I wouldn't know. use that stuff. I Think about know, what you're doing. He hears Actions their plan have with the super. Yeah, he hears the plan with the super hearing, and they just keep going. They're going to get some food. Uh, John again Clark looks cute as hell. And, the amount of food that he brings back. Yeah, I'm telling you, if I would have gone to the par- like the carnival with my parents, there's yeah. no food. We, you're, we're taking yeah. food to go there. It's going to be in the car. We're going to eat before we leave. Even <laughs> he's your dad would smuggle it in. No, actually, he would. <laughs> Fucking crackers. What would what would he grab? Just like candy or something? Wine coolers. <laughs> 
Yeah, wine coolers, <laughs> fucking uh, uh, black beauties. No, I'm telling you, like, whenever we'd go to, like, to the drive-in theaters and shit like that, if my, like, you know, my stepmother and him were together, yeah. we, she would make a smorgasbord of fucking, like, hoagie sandwiches and shit. Really? And, like, stuff, and, like, we would have You'd seven have a goddamn different picnic. bags of potato chips. Really? Because well, he always loved ate. all the different flavors, like, back yeah. in the day when it was new but to have, But you didn't like, want to buy anything at the, at the theater. No, I'm guessing they had a super card somewhere back in the late 80s. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one of the one I of the things bulk. though, when you're there, you do want to eat the stuff that's yeah, presented there. That food. that makes it fun. Oh, carnival food's the best. I know. But yeah, he has tons of food, and John, it, he's there just eating away. Yeah, oh yeah, he's so happy, and yeah, freaking Clark is happy. He looks crazed. Yeah. I think he's eating too much sugar. <laughs> but yeah, then they go to find Lois, and they, she's like, "Hey, I got you an interview." <laughs> For the Fuck Hamilton you. horn. He's like, really? You bitch. Uh, you don't think I have enough to don't do? I get something. one fucking day. It, it'd be funny. He's like, kiss these fucking days goodbye. You know, my one fucking day that I'm not Superman. Now you I take it you away. I guess not want to spend days as families anymore. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's all she thinks. She's like, hey, thanks for the hamburger. You and know, we then could they use go a little less Superman, a little bit more paycheck. Yeah, really. They're having problems keep making ends meet. But yeah, Maybe they she go had to in there. The whole author X thing when they went across the country and assumed new identities. Really, and she's pissed. And yeah. and that book failed. Nobody wanted Nobody that cared book. Cared about inner gang. <laughs> inner gang. They're like that's the worst name for a gang ever. Inner gang. Uh, but yeah, then they go to the blue ribbon contest, and of course, Kathy and her grandfather win. Cobb Brandon, he is Cobb the winner. Brandon. They win that it, and, and even then, like Kathy's so proud there, standing there, and I love the look of uh, Cobb. He looks like Wilford Brimley. Yeah, but I'm he telling you, he like, has that freaking. I remember before when uh, Patrick Gleason drew him, he had that red nose like alcoholics have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're a drunk. You're a drunkard, Cobb. But no, he, he always looked like a great guy. And yeah. it, this ties in, ties back to the beginning where uh, John had fallen off that branch well, and even when got Kathy, knocked out. Yeah, Kathy came over with a freaking milk came, from the farm. Yep. And um, Clark freaked out. And was really, really nasty. The cop was really standoffish, told him to leave, basically, and leave him alone. And I like this, where he gets to apologize. Yeah. Says, hey, I'm sorry I was being so curt. How about dinner tomorrow? And it's like, boy, he is really opening up. And I love it. And it's, I love that he is just. And then Lois leans in, honey, you don't know this, but we have dinner with Batman and Wonder Woman tomorrow. Yeah, they're like, oh, no. How about next week? (laughs) And then then it's this whole weird thing. I hope you like wild boar. They actually have to. Clark has this whole weird '80s adventure where he has to have two dinners set up. Oh, no, he has the two dinners. Oh my God, he's running <laughs> like, back and like forth. He has two dates at a dance. At, at one one of the dinners, they're eating steamed hams, maybe. <laughs> steamed <laughs> yeah. hams. Steamed Even hams. They're huh? obviously grilled. <laughs> it's a Utica thing. Oh, I'm but an yeah, Albany the, man. Yeah, the guy. He's so happy, freaking. Everybody's happy, and I like it that it's like this issue is. Clark being comfortable as being this world Superman and also being Clark again. And it's, it is really, really good. Now, when they uh, all toast uh, to Cobb, gets them all freaking, you know, his milk, complimentary milk from his cow. Yeah. Is that milk straight from the cow? I don't know. that seems gross as shit to me. No, it's, it's all you can drink. It's there. They get it out of the thing. I don't think that's refrigerated, though. And I think they're all going to die. Yeah. That's why that. when Clark actually says he's gotten sick from the milk, I think it's legit. But even before that, it's funny because they meet the pediatrician that they were going to send John to. Yeah. And Clark starts getting angry again. 
<laughs> you see him? He's, he's like doctors. Yeah. He's like, oh, because now he gets the idea because Cobb, uh, the doctor says you to him, it's Doc about Brooks. my family yes. behind my Doc bed. Brooks is like, Knocking hey, is this the young man I, you spoke about? And Ooh. that's Clark's like, you son of a bitch. I would have loved it if his eyes started glowing. <laughs> he was about to kill him. It's so good. And there's Dinner's Lois. just been revoked. Yes. And Lois is like trying to calm him down, tell him she's getting so angry. Oh, my God. But, yeah, Kathy and, and John is, is pure gold together, too. When they too. have the milk mustache, it's so good. Yeah. Just Everything the happy looks on their faces. Yep, they're so happy. And, and uh, Kathy, no girl should have a mustache. Just remember that. Yeah, remember Just that. Go You're that. not Italian. No, no, no. Oh, my God. You're offensive. But no. yeah, then uh, they're going to go see the fireworks. And, and that is a cool thing, too, is that they have decided they're going to watch the fireworks on the uh, roller, roller coaster. coaster. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. That is amazing. Uh, and at first, I actually thought it was going to be the Ferris wheel. But then for some reason, I didn't notice all the roller coaster shit going on because I yeah. had to set in my mind Ferris wheel. I actually had to go back. Ferris and, like, wheel would be pretty cool, too. When I was uh, writing my review, I was proofreading. I actually go, why do I keep writing Ferris wheel? Yeah. But uh, that's when Clark... That's my hidden dream. I want to go watch yes. fireworks in a Ferris That would field. be cool. I, the roller coaster, I never would have thought of that. It's pretty no. cool. You got to time that right. I know. But uh, yeah, I like that uh, then Clark cannot stop Superman. That This is where he has to stop because uh, he hears that these kids are going to go and steal this money. So he, he slips off, says he's lactose intolerant, slips off, maybe Which he says he's... already knows is bullshit. Yeah, I know. That, that's the best. Uh and that's where you see Lois, the expressions throughout the issue with Lois are great because that's when he's like, I'll be right back. And she is already pissed. She's got her fucking hand in a fist. Uh, but yeah, that's where John's like, oh, you promised. But he now, goes off. The weird and, part to me is when he goes off, we see that he has the Superman suit underneath his clothes. Yeah. Why does he Why? need a cape I so know. goddamn bad? Because he goes, yeah. there's a medieval fair display of, yeah. I guess, you know, medieval clothes. He has he things he, he has things he's, well, I just like that he's given the cloak to Lois saying, okay, I no Supermaning, I'll give you the cloak. At cape, some yeah. point, Lois had to have said, like, then why do you have the fucking suit on underneath your clothes? Change, motherfucker. Yeah, really. And really, can't he just go around, like, it is weird he needs that cape. <laughs> Oh, yes. At first, I thought he was grabbing a weapon. I'm like, what is he? Is yeah, he going to actually. Out too at first. I actually thought that he was going to fight these guys without powers so that he can claim he was just Clark. I kept stopping. my promise, baby. I wish that he would have done that. He was like, I wasn't Supermaning. I was Clarking. But, but, but yeah. as, as much as I love the rest of the issue, when Clark finally shows up, because he's already late, because they're about to do the last ride of the roller coaster. Yeah, for they're the fireworks, about to do it. He shows he, up. He shows up late and he gets on. And he's he's all happy with himself because he's able to do the Superman thing. He's doing the family thing, and he got away with it. Yep, and got away with it. As, as he gets sits down on the roller coaster, the whole family hears these two well, guys. Even before that, I like it because Lois does call him out. No, yeah. she almost says ancient Chinese secret, huh? She's like <laughs> lactose intolerant, huh? And then he's like very. And then she's like, oh, what was there a cat in a tree? She knows he's done something. Yeah. But to her, it's like. Maybe he did something little or whatever, but then, yeah, get to it, because then those guys are talking. There's two guys inside the ticket booth talking about how the ticket booth was almost robbed, but some guy in a medieval cloak came and saved the day, and with each panel, as the conversation progressed, Clark looks more and more scared, Lois looks more and more angry, and at the end, I I laugh so hard because 
I'm like, well, how can I can understand Clark here in his house? Was and they're like, oh, we left a microphone on during yeah. this conversation. He got sold out by the. It always screws you leaving that microphone on. They had that American Dad that screwed yeah. them all. You leave that microphone on, it's always trouble. And, and yeah, as they it get is to the hilarious. Top, as they get to the top of the roller coaster to go down, the fireworks are blasting in the background, and uh, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. John and Clark have their arms up. They're happy as hell. Yeah, they're yelling up, up and away. Pointing at him. I knew it. Yep, she is so angry. (laughs) It is such a good looking page. It is. It's so good. The whole thing is great. It really is. It's such a a nice issue, and it's a fun issue, but it's also like it shows that you don't need, you know, to fight the kindred. Yeah, and it doesn't the, have to be a giant purge the top and, villain. Yeah, you don't have to have that to have a really good issue because you're getting what we always love was the family stuff here. Yeah. Uh and it's so good. And it just you, you can get to the, you know, beating shit up and doing all that next issue, starting it's, from it's, next it's issue, you start a new arc and all that. Allow me to appreciate the character more because yeah. like when I was a kid there was always the down issues that made me the happiest because like, uh, when, like I was a Marvel kid growing up and when there would be an issue in Annie or something where the X-Men were playing just baseball and they're just having yeah. a good time. And one of my favorite issues, I think it was Uncanny X-Men 337. They had just had this huge arc where the X-Men and all the uh, Marvel universe just fought onslaught. It was this huge thing. The next issue of X-Men afterwards, it's just everybody hanging out the, uh, at the mansion, having breakfast and talking to one another. One of my well, that's favorite the thing. Books. A lot of these, it, it is a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. You just fought. Now, again, you didn't like the Eradicator stuff as much, no. but it was a lot of just full out action. Every issue, fighting the Eradicator, fighting, and also hearing, like, oh, your son's a half breed. No, you're this. This is just nice. And it's nice because going from here, now we don't have to worry about them hiding all the time because they are opening up more. You got John where oh, now you can have them show. start asking questions. Yeah, and you could have all this other stuff now because they are more in the community and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which I really like. Uh what did you give it? I gave us a nine point five out of ten. And I'd probably and give I'm it a nine point five as well. I love the issue. I think this is the best art we've seen in the series, which is hard to sell. I this whole it. series look great. I'm telling you, I, every bit of John in this is perfect. Every it's bit great. of everything it's so I really cute. think is perfect. I'm done. This was the closest I think I've ever been to actually thinking about giving a 10 out of 10. Really? I even like, like some people I saw That's some other true. things that were like. I've given some issues 9.8s, but yeah, yeah. This, is, this is pretty goddamn close it's, to 10. It's close. And I know that I read some other reviews and they were like, oh, Lois comes off as a caricature. And I like it. I Good like lot. how, like her anger. And I, they were even talking about the whole, her anger growing on the uh on the roller coaster at point yeah. she does look a little like kathy yeah the the car but i like it because it fits and especially with john so excited in the middle clark trying to like oh no <laughs> and nervous. her just getting angry and angry but yet at the end of the day they're all having a great time together oh, yeah. and it, it's so good but yeah uh we'll move on from you here get- I said I would give it a nine five as well. Okay, I didn't hear. Yeah, that, I said it when you said nine five. But so yeah. I really thought you were going to give it a ten. Out no, of 10. no, I, I it, just because not a ton of stuff does happen. It is such a good, nice issue though. It is. Then a nine five to me is is pretty solid score. Love this series. But we'll we'll move on, and then we'll be back with more books, including Justice League. Eric. Oh shit. Yeah. It is the best podcast of week. 
Is a new male song by Dancing Mike. I got like so, such low self-esteem. Yeah, we, he just did more, more ripping into you. We need a couple <laughs> more though. We need four male songs, so we have two now. We need a couple more. Just keep finding songs to rip Eric apart in. I think one of those. Maybe mix in one about how great Eric is during the mail. But this is the second mail section. And it's going to be started off by 365 Flicks Kev. Nice. And he says, hey, Jim, E-Rock, Reggie, and Chris. So, question, Labyrinth or Dark Crystal? Labyrinth. Not even a question in my mind. I say Dark Crystal, just because I just, I do not like Labyrinth at all. How about I go, neither of those, legend, Eric. Legend. Now you're just insane. Lady Hawk. Nobody picks Legend. Or especially not Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk. Crawl. <laughs> what other ones go with it? Fucking Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo I'm Banzai. I'm just thinking of now. some weird, terrible I just, movies I that do, I enjoy. I just I enjoy. do not like Labyrinth at all. I really don't. Dark Crystal I, I like at Labyrinth one point. I any day of the week. I, yeah, but so Dark Crystal is a little dated now, so that's why I would probably say Labyrinth, but... I really wanted to like Dark Crystal as a kid. I oh, mean, yeah. I really did. It's like Willow. I really wanted to like Willow as so well. And Willow was just boring to me. Dark Crystal was just goofy. <laughs> uh, it's like if if you didn't like the Ewoks in uh, Return of the Jedi, avoid Dark Crystal. Because boy, the, you'll hate the, these. Yeah, because, boy, the special effects are, are hardly special I feel like anymore. Yeah, it just, they always looked, it, it reminded me of Anna Daughter's Jug Band Christmas. It, it was always like, it was way off, uh, for a movie to me. Right. Yeah. It looks like Fraggle Rock, my friend. I love but I, I just, Rock. I just don't like Labyrinth. I don't, I don't like David Bowie as an actor, really. Really? He annoys me. No, because uh, I know it's David so Bowie. I can't suspend my disbelief enough. I'm like, there he is. It's Ziggy Stardust. What's he doing? What's he doing in this <laughs> labyrinth? Show to everybody. What's he doing in this labyrinth with that long-ass hair? Sitting there. Hey, Jim, look at my cod piece. Like, hello, love. Look at me. I'm Davy Jones. I am. <laughs> All right. The next one is, Brian. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for making me remember two awful movies. But the next one's Christian. Christian says, hello, Jim and America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. I'm listening to the latest episode while on vacation to Disney World. Wee. So it is taking a while. Normally at work, I listen to podcasts all day and listen during my commute, which makes me burn through episodes like a war, oh, a whorehouse through sheets. Damn. 
pretty fast. Ooh, that is. Anyway, I wanted to say, Jim, don't worry. The way you have mail now split up, I like mostly because of your reasoning of you wanting everyone to hear the mail. That's uh, That you're worried shows you do really care, which goes a long way. I do. I don't want people to just I say, oh, too. three hours of mail. Fuck this. Anyway. Keep up the good work, and if anyone knows how to get people canonized as saints, they should throw you guys and Chris and Reggie for doing these awesome long episodes. Really do the Lord's work. Peace out, Christian. I added the out. He just said peace. Peace. Anytime I say peace, you got to peace out. I don't know, because if you you say peace out, it's fine, but if you just say peace, it's got to be peace. Peace. Like that. I don't know about that. That sounds like a seizure. No, that's a heart attack. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah. Next one's from Jay, and he says, Love podcast episode 89. Deathstroke number two is his uh, subject line. He says, Hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I, I love your recent uh, podcast episode 89. I feel like you guys are getting better with each episode, and I love the new mail format. Nice. I would give your episode a 10 out of 10. I wasn't offended when you made fun of Ching Chong. I mean, that's how we name our kids, by dropping pots and pans down the stairs. So basically he's saying you get, you get a bunch of pots and pans on the stairs. And you're like, uh, what should we name our kids? Oh, let's listen. And then he says, Ching Chong King Pang Kong Chong. LOL. Just kidding. No worries. I know you guys aren't racist, and I know the joking is all for good laugh. I have thick skin. And then he says, I couldn't stop laughing when Eric said that he knew – how, who Godspeed was since the first issue because Godspeed had no tits. LOL. <laughs> After laughing out loud in the office, it actually made a lot of sense. Brilliant stuff, Eric. <laughs> I know this is probably not a popular opinion amongst you guys, but I actually have been liking the Deathstroke comic and really liked issue number two. I read this comic twice just to see if I'd missed anything, and the first time through, I missed the rope tied to the radiator for the noose around Rax's Deathstroke's old partner's neck. On page eight, and I thought the transition between eight and nine were completely new scenes when they were parts of one scene. And that's when he jumps out of the window. There are a lot of details in this comic that make you go back and forth in the comic that actually made the read more fun to me. And I will say to you that the more I read it, the more I did like it. I told Eric that as it went on, I was uh, starting to understand a little more. I still didn't like it. I still don't think that there's enough going on that it is worthy of full issue price. I think that when it's collected and you get all the info, it might even be how this Monster Man story is earlier that we were talking about. I need to have some info. I need something to grasp onto to keep me going. I read that issue. I'm like, I don't know what I just read. Yeah. This book is not told in a linear fashion. Scenes from the past that are seemingly random will pop up between the current storyline like Pulp Fiction style, although Pulp Fiction was a far superior storyline. However, I thought the script was great, and it felt like Deathstroke and his teammates were actually black ops agents that knew how to handle any given situation. The characters surrounding him, like his terrible wife and unfortunate kids, felt authentic to me. I personally like this book, and I'm very intrigued to see how Deathstroke and his team will find Wintergreen's kidnappers, how Slade's wife will rescue Joseph Wilson and how Rose was discovered in a brothel Those safe are the house. the parts that I'm most interested in. And the whereabouts of her mom. Even if this sort of feels like I'm going through storylines from past Deathstroke stories, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. I'm I don't like it. I'm glad to tell that somebody's enjoying it. Yeah, I know. And, and really, if I think it is, this is a weird rebirth book that I really do think it is really focused. Like, like they said about the Doom Patrol book. 
uh, how Toby had said earlier yeah. about how Reggie said, boy, I think that this Deathstroke is very similar. If you know Deathstroke, if you know these characters, if you know this rebirth is for you. I don't think it's doing a very good job of people who don't know. Like you said, you're reading it. You're like, am I supposed to fucking know these characters? Why am I supposed to know these? I don't know Deathstroke's team. That's why I'm really interested in the family stuff. You're like, okay, I know these characters. Yeah, because you know that. But really, this seems to be... When they say Dr. Icon, the Canuck, and whatever his real name is, I don't even remember. I'm like, I realize... It actually took me a few days, and you told me about him. I'm like, those are all the same people? Yeah. Yeah, I, no I really do. I do think that this is more for people who have a background with Deathstroke. And maybe DC was thinking along the lines of getting Christopher Priest and Christopher Priest as well, thinking people who did like Deathstroke were taken aback by this action movie hero Deathstroke that we got in the New 52. So let's placate these old fans. But I, going. I just don't know how many old fans there are. And a lot of people are jumping into these rebirth as a way to learn yeah, about true. these characters. And I just, I, I think it's a, it's not played well. I'm telling you, I know the character enough in my mind, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but like you said, did you look up? You, that's the thing. It's not even intriguing enough for you that now you're not reviewing it, so you're yeah, just true. reading it, and you're like, oh. This guy and that guy, you're like, fuck this. I'm not even looking it up. You know what no, I mean? Like, you're even not even like Batman, though. I'm not reviewing that. I was looking up times that were in Hugo's watch trying to find. Yeah, something because out. at least that's intrigued you. Yeah. But yeah, not not Destro. Once again, thanks for yeah, a great show. Yeah. Eleven hours is too short, guys. That's How dare from you? G. Don't say and such things. Thanks, Jay. And Thank the you. next one's from Mark. And Mark uh, sent this. He said that this was not necessarily a podcast email. But I'm going to make it one anyway, Eric. And this is Mark says, hey, Jim and Eric, as I've mentioned in the past, I've been playing through different Superman games, trying to see if there are any good ones. And while the Atari 2600 one was simple and easy enough, remember, he wrote the review for it, to describe and review in a listener mail, the other three I've played since are not. For instance, Superman for the NES involves subway passes and a great deal of subway navigation. John, as a kid playing that game was the most frustrating thing because I had no idea what to do. Yeah. Because of this, I was thinking of maybe setting up a blog of my own where I could post my write-ups and reviews of the games. The idea would be that after I had finished the Superman game, I would move on to other superhero games like Batman games and other such things. Right. You know, assuming I, I don't abandon this whole venture after getting to Superman 64. You know, I still have Superman 64. I Dude. remember when, uh, well, I guess the N64 went on its way out and it was like the last real console that I bought. Yeah, and uh, I was walking through a blockbuster. Saw they had it on sale for two dollars. Like, hey, I like Superman. I like playing video games. Did you ever play it at all? Oh no, I played it. I played it a lot. I still have it. I look at it every time I play Ocarina of Time now. Yeah, that's not good. It's terrible. I never got past I think the second level. No, which leads me to point uh, the point of this email. I guess. Do you have any good name suggestions for the blog that he's going to play video games? Right. I've been trying to come up with one for the better part of two weeks, and I've got nothing. So I thought I would seek help from the professionals. Thanks for any possible suggestions you guys may have. Stay classy, Mark. And I, I put this on any? here because I was trying to find and think of some, and I really was drawing a blank. Now, tonight, because of all this goddamn NyQuil, I'm drawing a blank on everything. I'm telling well, you, I I'm, we're two. reading these books. and I, I, But remember, it can't just be Superman. Because he has spelled out that after Superman, he's going to move on oh, no, to other Superman. I, I had that in consideration when I thought okay. of these. What would you say? This is my favorite one. It's going Here to be we like go. one of two. Okay, right? Ready? No, Super- I'm not ready. Wait Super- a minute. I'm not ready. Okay. All right. Superheroes under control. Oh. 
But was that the awesome horn? I don't know, was it? Superheroes under control dot blogspot.blogspot.com. Okay, what's your next one? Virtual heroes. Ooh, I can't hit the air horn on that. That's pretty good. I thought the first one was better. No, superheroes under control. Because you're controlling them stupid. with that your controller. So They're stupid. under control. Who's gonna Who's gonna find that? Searching. Yeah. How about this? Mark plays superherovideogames.com. I'll think of something as well. But you no, do, virtual you do good heroes. Stuff. People hear about it. Virtual heroes. I'm trying to think. Video games. You got the the controller. How about this? Superheroes under control. Fuck. You, How about man. that one? Would you like that one? I do like that one. Do you? How about? I was actually about... very happy with myself when I came up with that. Really? It's yeah. too long. That's too long a name. Superheroes under control is too long. And who wants superheroes under control? Nobody. The, per- the person who's playing the video. They games. have to be unchained. But how he, about you have to think them. of um, superheroes? I'm thinking something with a console and a game. The game is up. Dot. God. I, I gotta think of it. I told I told Mark that I'm having. Well, those were the ones I came up with. I thought they. Were I okay. think virtual. Yeah, I don't know. They both. Uh, we need somebody who has some better ideas. Full course spiel. <laughs> Two peas in a podcast. How about that one? I don't know. I think uh, I'm pretty good at coming up with names a lot of times. You can't come up with them. That and your uh, freaking headlines. The worst. But yeah, you well, think about the one headline that happened like two no. and a half years yeah, ago. Yeah, because I haven't let you do a news story since. I've That's done probably your last since. news story. No. It, it really is one of the last news stories. I did one the, last name month. Name another news story since then. I did one last month. What was it? I don't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, and the news that the title was right from DC. You, you cut and pasted it because uh-huh. we get the, we actually get the news stories now <laughs> and they come up with pretty goddamn good uh, fucking titles. Ay, yay. Though I, I I really I I'm having problems thinking of any sort of title. Uh, if anybody has suggestions, email them in with your email. Uh, I'm gonna think of some for next week. Uh, I, but right now, I think virtual. What was it? Virtual heroes. Yes. I think that is number one. How about making the grade? What, what does that have to do with anything? Because he's grading them. Okay. Well, that's that? a, it's a good Judd Nelson movie. Superhero scores. How about uh, level up? That's already Game a thing. Spot. <laughs> How about that? IGN. That would be good. Bleeding cool. I'll think so. I, I'm so doped up right now. Then the last email of this section is Brandon. And uh, again, Brandon, I have I have an idea of why you're here. You'll see. Brandon says uh, his subject line Saturdays are for the boys again, and the right. boys has a Z. Ooh, means yeah. Cool. That means he's a rapper. Sup, fellas. Well, it finally happened. I'm back on a Monday to Friday schedule after working Tuesdays to Saturdays for the last year and a half. So I obviously go and do what any hardworking red-blooded American does on Friday night when they have Saturday off. I went out to toss a few back with the boys Friday night. Wouldn't you know it, at 7.30 Saturday morning, my phone starts blowing up just as my bladder is about to explode. I got my manager calling to get me to the office, which brings me to Dick the best move. reason to have children. I just said my daughter is sick and her mom's working, which ninjaed me out of the much needed but not, not as necessary as sleeping off a hangover over yeah. time. That excuse works every time. So, Eric, if you ever get talked 
into producing the next generation of little Eric Shea or just pop one past the goalie like me. You have at least a build-in excuse for 18 years of my kids sick working in your favor to get you out of going to the old box factory. I don't need excuses. Say, yep, you don't need excuses. I get the I get the like a sweetheart. This week I go in on Tuesday feeling like complete shit. Plus, my wife was taken to the hospital to have her appendix out. So Tuesday, they're going to take them out, and she was all upset. She didn't want to be there by herself. So I said, listen, I was there with her overnight, and I get up, and I said, listen, I'm going to go into work for a little. You're not doing anything anyway. You're going to go to sleep. So I go into work, and but I say to them right away, I see our boss, and I said, hey, I'm going to be working, but I'm going to leave about 9 o'clock. Okay, but I hope Eric's here. Because you weren't there on Monday. Nope. And so then I get your message that you're actually from Jess, and yeah. I was angry then. Well, that's the thing. Like, I didn't. I, did, I was hurting so bad at the idea of getting up and going and waiting and turning on the computer and all that shit. I'm like, Jess, can you please? Yeah. So Jess is your phone writes, right there. Can you just? Jess writes a message. Eric won't be in today. So I write back to her. Huh. Well, tell him that they're already fucking pissed at him from yesterday, which they gave me shit, and that I have to leave because Tanya's in the hospital, so I don't know what he wants to do. And Jess writes back, I hope that Tanya's feeling okay, and I got so angry. I was like, (laughs) you bitch. I was so angry. Honestly, that's better than that, because she's like, what do you want me to respond? like, how do you respond to that? Yeah, because they were already giving me crap and basically were almost spelling out to me that if Eric doesn't come in, you can't leave. And I was like, fuck that. And so uh, you didn't come in. I knew you weren't coming in then. I didn't tell them. And then they they came out at one point and said, oh, you really do you really have to leave? Yeah, I'm leaving now. And I clocked out and got the fuck out, <laughs> went back to the hospital and fell asleep. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's all for little Eric Shea with his hurt neck. Yeah, my neck speaking of Eric, up. I think I'm speaking for all the rest of the Get Fresh crew when we unanimously uh, say we all miss hearing the world-famous lighter flicking in the background in the preceding smoking like a badass hits taken from your six. Apparently the quitting has gone well. So we're proud of you. Yeah. You know, you that's know gone well. Me yeah. hitting the microphone yeah. mute button. He when mutes I do it. it. That quitting lasted about a week. No, it lasted two weeks. Two? I yeah. don't even know about that. Maybe on the pod. I, th- I only think it lasted one podcast because you were so angry and upset about that. I think that's what the next one you were right in. And I was going to call you out on it. That episode. Apparently the quitting has gone well, so we're proud of you, but I won't be mad if you start again. And he's not mad then. Hell, if you want to just, if you want to flick the lighter and pretend to make me happy, I'll never know. Yeah, he's back to smoking. There it is. Breaking up is hard to do, gentlemen, or as boys to men would say, it's so hard. hard." (laughs) It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. When it actually comes to dropping these rebirth books, it's really hard to do. As I try to place my order for next week and I stare at the flash cover where Godspeed, or as I call him, Autumn, yes, on purpose because he's a pussy, has flashed by the neck, it makes me want it. The problem is I'll buy it and most likely enjoy the art and hate the story, and I know this, but I hate the feeling of missing something. Really, nothing has happened that I couldn't openly predict since issue two or three in this series, so why do I feel this empty inside? Because you why want a good flashbook, that's why. Why is this so hard to get rid of the shitty comic with decent art I have been collecting for so long? Help me. I I don't mind it. It's not been like it. stellar. I'm hoping that we have talked over and over, and we were kind of talking about it with Superman and all these, that maybe this first 
long arc, this first six issues, is the quote-unquote rebirth arc to get us going. Now everybody's up to speed. We can go, we can go and hopefully it picks up, but we'll see. And then he moves on the books. Goddamn, I enjoyed Superman so much. Being a parent, it's easy, easy to relate to the energy John brings to the book, which is partially the reason I like it so much. Now I'll say this. If Gleason could avoid Lois getting angry in the book, I would appreciate it. We all know my biggest fear in life is how angry <laughs> as an angry woman. I could sense Superman's fear as Lois found out. What he was up to, and it frankly terrified me. <laughs> Didn't fucking matter. He saved lives in the process to Lois. He disobeyed the law, a.k.a. word of woman, which is a death blow. Next issue, I fully expect to see Lois and Clark Smith in divorce court, or I call bullshit. No, she made him get a job. That's his punishment. Yeah, really. She's like, uh, she doesn't want him hanging around cutting vegetables. Look, you're not a fucking farmer. Go get a goddamn yeah, job. Yeah. Fuck you, Steve Orlando. Of course you have to go and fill Batman issue number seven with shitty dialogue and words. I would almost be full of rage if I didn't 100% expect it. Don't you dare turn my Batman into a glorified Midnighter. Don't <laughs> you dare, sir. I wish they would take Tom King's name off these issues to not sully it. Please don't disappoint us and go ham on Justice League. This nonsense will not be Bro. tolerated. Speaking of ham, I'm going to eat. Brandon at Beamure. Three six six zero. Now you, we're going to go off to Brandon's Marvel Minute, which is Civil War Two, number five, which I know he didn't like, and I would like to liken it to the Justice League, which we will be returning with. This is the synergy of putting him second, uh, second part of the mail. So now you can hear that him works. bust on Civil War Two, and then us return with the shitty Justice League book. But right now, here is Brandon. Hey, how we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon. I'm coming at you this week. Uh, we got another Marvel Minute for you. And we're going to do Civil War number two, issue number five, uh, the review nobody was waiting for. Uh, so here we go. Uh, we got writer Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, the art team on the issue is David Marquez, uh, Sean Izakis, and Justin Ponser. Um, so this issue is about two months late. Uh, this is issue five of now issue uh, eight in the series instead of originally seven as planned uh, because Marvel wants five extra dollars out of everybody because they're not happy with the sales of the current title. So anyway, um, issue five is going to be our standard uh, heroes fighting heroes issue here. Uh, so let's get into things and see what's going on. Uh, we kick things off here, and we get a um, kind of a quick rundown of the sides just to remind everybody uh, of who is on Captain Marvel's side and who is on Iron Man's side before they start punching each other. A few weird things going on here. Um, the X-Men and Inhumans obviously hate each other. Um, if you've been reading any of these books in the all-new, all-different Marvel lineup, yeah, for some reason, the Extraordinary X-Men are in, inexplicably on the side with the Inhumans. Uh, so that's that's a minor problem there for me. Uh, and we'll run into a few more as, as things move along here in the issue, but that's a, that's a glaring thing right off the bat on page two when you notice the, the split of sides. Anyway, as the actual book starts, uh, we get a quick one-page flash here of New Attilan. Uh, which is where the Inhumans hang out uh, off the coast of New York. 
and we see Medusa and Karnak kind of speaking with uh, Ulysses here. And Ulysses is in some atrocious-looking red and green Christmas one-piece suit. Uh, he he looks like either the Inhuman that saved Christmas or the Christmas Power Ranger. I'm not sure what what look he's trying to pull off there, but it looks horrible, and he's a horrible character. So let's move on. Um, we get into fight time here, and basically as we go through the issue, you're treated to a page to a page and a half uh, of different matchups between the characters. So the first one we see is obviously Captain Marvel and Tony going at each other, uh, taking turns shooting energy blasts at each other. Tony takes one from Carol, um, and then Tony sends one back at her when she calls him stupid, because if he she would remember energy blasts, obviously, that's something she could absorb and send back at you. So as in the middle of calling Tony stupid and telling him this, uh, she realizes that the power blast he sent his way was something a little different, and she starts falling to the ground. Uh, so while we got that going on, um, Doctor Strange pops on in. Uh, this is my second problem with the issue. He starts fighting the X-Men, uh, who for some reason are on the Inhuman side. I don't understand. But he is fighting them with magic, and if you've been reading Doctor Strange at all, he currently does not have access to any sort of magic nor do any of the other magic characters in the Marvel lineup, but for the sake of the story, they decide to use it here. We got Doctor Strange fighting the X-Men uh, before we turn the page uh, and see him get hit in the face with some ice by Iceman, and then we see some Blue Marvel versus Luke Cage action. So they're punching each other before Nova interrupts him with uh, a blast to the face of Blue Marvel, and... He takes off into the air like a giant coward running away. Blue Marvel chases him uh, before we're interrupted by Maria Hill, who is scooping up Jean Grey up off the ground. Apparently she got shot in the opening panel. Uh, and, and she's telling everybody to abandon the Triskelion. Heroes are fighting on it, and they need to get the hell out of there. So, so as we turn the page, we take a quick break from the fighting at this point. And we see various heroes also involved in the events of Civil War sitting on their couch watching a newscast. And we get a bunch of patented Brian Michael Bendis dialogue here that says a whole lot but really actually says nothing as we just kind of get updates uh, from various news channels and sources. And we got Daredevil listening. Uh, we got some guy, sexy man, coming out of the shower. I'm not exactly sure who that is. Uh, we look like we have Mary Jane apparently watching on some of Tony's many TVs in his house. And we got Hawkeye pulling uh, the old Hulk and, and picking up his backpack and, and walking the lonely road uh, to nowhere, apparently. We turn that page, we get back to the fighting again. Uh, we got another X-Men this time. Uh, Magic going up against Sam Wilson, Captain America. Again, Magic being used, which should not be being used, as she transports uh, Sam Wilson to Hollywood, California. So he's out of the he's out of the board there for for a few moments. She takes another shot to the head, and and this is about the seventh time this has happened in the book at the halfway point where you got two heroes fighting. 
and the one that kind of gets the upper hand on the other literally takes a shot to the face or the head that we're at the halfway point and this is like the fifth time it's happened um, so that's some lazy art there um, just unoriginal drawing all before we see Rocket Raccoon come flying in and shooting at somebody, anybody, I don't know who he's shooting at. It can't be Magic because she took an arrow to the head and he's shooting a laser, so I don't know who he's shooting at. Uh, before he's interrupted by Miles Morales, and Miles is fighting a, a two-foot-tall raccoon, he kicks it away like you would any raccoon uh, before Venom comes trying to save this, uh, his partner, Rocket. Uh, Venom attacks Miles. He's like, you're not the Spider-Man I remember. Um, Miles is right. Miles is like, you're right. And Venom shocks him, which is pretty much the only trick Miles has been using lately. So he can Venom shock everybody and they go away. And Venom goes away as a result. And then we're left with uh, another very annoying part is Star-Lord and Captain America... Steve Rogers are now fighting each other. Basically, Star-Lord's reasoning for being on Captain Marvel's side, as he reveals, is... Well, let me find this one here, because I want, I want to share this. This is it's pretty stupid. Here it is. Uh, Star-Lord's reason for being on Captain Marvel's side is she called him first, and, and he's better friends with her, so then and then a boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo. Take that, Captain America. And then Iron Man kind of hacks into Star-Lord's comm. Um, that kind of pisses Star-Lord off. And those two kind of have some back and forth as we're treated to a quick scene of Old Man Logan versus Groot. And then Vision trying to shoot a laser at somebody, much like he did in the movie Civil War, where he then misses and hits something else he didn't intend to. And, and in this case, it's uh, I believe it's called the Ravager, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy's spaceship so he blows that thing to smithereens so so now they're stuck on earth and apparently vision's laser that blew up the spaceship also for some reason starts causing the triskelion to blow up or maybe there's other reasons for it blowing up but we're just not shown so so the building starts going down that all these heroes are also on uh when the inhumans decide to come into the fray and, and join the fighting uh that they initially caused all of in the beginning so th so they come in to join join the punching and we see Ulysses who was left back at New Attilan start growing long fingers apparently spirit fingers is his new power um, and his hand starts growing these long entrails and kind of covering all the heroes so that's weird um, and as these entrails and these long spirit fingers cover all the heroes. Um, we see Captain Marvel and Iron Man slugging the shit out of each other again before everyone is treated. Uh, to you guessed it, none other than another Ulysses Vision. Uh, this time, Ulysses Vision, we see Captain America being stabbed to the chest and beating, getting the shit beaten out of him by none other than Miles Morales. Um, so this is a possible future everybody's apparently seeing, which leads Captain Marvel to say the stupidest thing I've read so far in five issues of Civil War, and that's saying a lot. 
Uh, she walks up to Miles Morales and tells him, You're under arrest, kid. And Captain Marvel has now moved from being the biggest bitch in this series. Uh, she's moved on to now being a cunt. And that's how our uh, issue ends. That's our cliffhanger for Civil War II, number five. Uh, to sum up this $5 issue, you have one page of heroes punching each other for 22 pages. And then the last page is the reveal of, of Miles there. So you guys know how I do things. Uh, I tell you to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it altogether. And if you cannot tell already by my dejected tone uh, of telling you about this book, this is a forget it altogether for me. Uh, there is no continuity uh, being followed at all uh, throughout this event, uh, unless it's something that Bendis himself is writing, like, for example, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Other than that, he, he doesn't care what other people are doing with other characters. He wants them to do what he wants them to do in this story, and then that's been pretty evident throughout uh, with him bringing back Doc Samson and using magic and, and whatever else. The hell he feels like doing uh, Marvel good books away from Brian Michael Bendis. He has got awful. Uh, there's no movement in the story other than the final page reveal, which is that Miles may potentially kill Captain America was currently a Hydra agent at this point in time, so it really wouldn't be that bad of a thing. That's pretty much the only story movement we get here. And just bottom line is save your $4.99. Do not buy this book and support Marvel's event shenanigans any longer, people. All right. Uh, so that's about all I got for you here. Uh, for Civil War II, number five. Remember, forget that book altogether and spend your hard-earned money on something else. Uh, we, we got reviews this week on Monday for for Marvel Mondays. I'll have Vision 11, uh, a much better book than anything I read from Civil War so far. Um, so, so I'll have that for you and some Spider-Man 18 stuff. Well, that uh, kind of dropped off a little bit from the last two before Dead No More issues. It was still a decent read. So if you're looking for something from Marvel this week to give a shot, try one of those two titles. But that's all you guys get for me this week. Uh, re remember, you got something to say to me, you want to find me on Twitter, it's at BMUR, B-M-U-R, 3660. I look forward to talking to you guys, and let's send it back to Jim and Eric here. Then we're back. Yes, we are. We are back. With a little Justice League action. Justice League, that's one of the best books that DC puts out, right? It should It'd be. It'd be a book it's, that Little Eric Shea would buy all the isn't time. Isn't that the book Little Eric Shea would buy all the didn't, time? Didn't have any money. But when a no. little money he would, he would go and buy Justice because League. Because it's going to give you the best bang for your buck. Sure would. Fuck that, would. Eric. I just took some more NyQuil. I think I might OD. I think you might be a your, junkie. A NyQuil junk. This is what happens. I told you, this is why I never started like smoking or I don't drink a lot anymore. Because when I do, it's to excess. I to cannot gusto. Stop. So every time I went down any sort of break, and now we take breaks almost every book. Yeah. I just went down and just swig out the fucking NyQuil. I, Give me some I of that barely, syrupy goodness. I can barely keep my eyes open. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I'm getting goofy. Justice League number five. It has to be good. It's the Justice League. Has to be good. Written by Brian Hitch. 
Oh, Brian Hitch. I've heard plenty of good things about him. I've heard plenty of good things about his art. I yeah. don't see it, but I've heard it. Yeah. Art by Tony S. Daniel. I hear great things about his art. Uh, I'll tell you. That guy's that guy's a class act. Sure is. Sandu Fleuret, Timo Moray, and Richard Starkings. Brian Hitch ends his first Justice League arc. Or does he? <laughs> We still are left with a ton of questions, including why am I reading this garbage and why is DC letting this utter shit continue? Why do you let this go on? Why? Seriously, the book ends with another cliché, this is only the beginning ending, and while he has gone on Twitter to announce that this is just part of his grand story, Brian Hitch needs to be taking off this book immediately. I said it in my review, and I'll repeat it here. This issue, this arc, him being on this book is unforgivable. There. Johnny, I, all I could said think, it. All I could think back to is how we heard when he was put on JLA that he'd been working on that JLA story for three years. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like... You think a little bit more of it would have been done on time. Well, I'll tell you that for the most part, like you said, a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about his art. I'm not even a big fan of his art. I'm not um, at all. I don't ever Makes hear Wonder Woman look like really, a monkey. I, I don't hear a lot of people, you know, crowing about his writing. Though, when you started doing the JLA, a big thing was people going on to Twitter to tell you you were completely wrong with your scores uh, right. as you got more and more upset about that series. You, you got a bit of flack uh, for it. I remember at one point, I just, in particular, there was, I don't know what issue, whenever it was, but it was it was late at night. You had just put a review up for a JLA, yep. and people were ripping you apart so much that I had to go and read this issue before the, like, I don't read most of your issues until Saturday when yeah. we're going to record the podcast. I actually had to go read it because either you asked me and said, listen, read this because <laughs> am I, I so maybe I am fucking wrong. And I think I read it and hated it even more than you. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't know what these people are. And we, we, that was at the point where we thought that there was like the, the church of hitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? How people with Grant Morrison or even Scott Snyder, that they follow their, their main man anywhere he goes. And we couldn't understand it. And uh, luckily, I guess luckily or unluckily, uh, people are starting to see our way. Thank God. Because not many people are enjoying this, except there's one review out there. Everybody can go. Somebody gave a 9 out of 10. Uh, they just joined in on this issue and claimed that they don't like reading issues that lead up to a finale. What the fuck is that review? They actually spell it out in the review. Oh, yeah. I'm not good at reading issue number ones and number twos. They're more boring and set up. So even though I read this and don't know what's going on, 9 out of no, 10. No, the problem is, is what they say in this review is... Oh, I like the questions that are posed in this. No, these aren't questions. This is supposed to be the answers. <laughs> You're finishing. These aren't the questions now. Oh, my God. This this issue starts off with Aquaman, and he, he breaks the fourth wall. What is up Kind of. And no, yeah, no, he totally does. Yeah, like, I understand that he might be like you know talking funny to himself in yeah, his head, but, but he's it's fucked not. up. He's talking to us. Now, what are the reasons in your mind you break the fourth wall? What What are the couple reasons, maybe? Uh, for a joke. One's a joke, and the one may be that you're going to give some info yeah. that normally shouldn't be able to be given. You know what I mean? That if, if you well, do it you... in a way, you get you get neither here. It's, it's not a joke. It is a joke, but it's not funny. 
and he's not giving any info. In fact, he confuses me even more. He's talking about the crystals, the Zodiac magic crystals. Hey, they're still singing. These things are singing up a fucking lullaby that'll never end, Eric. Well, when the except stones. for when they're not out of nowhere. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're not. But also, they, they seem to think he, he's family, Eric, and, and he doesn't know where they came from. But he kind of does because well, we do know, we do know, we don't know the origins no. of them. Maybe, but they were in the museum in Atlantis. The Atlantean Museum. I'm telling you. Where the hell did they get them? Are there like displays? Are there tour guides to the Atlantean Museum that give information to people? Yeah, you would think that they'd be like, and here are the Zodiac Stones. They were passed down through generations of Atlantean kings, uh, starting with the Ice King himself. No, they just like having a building where they put stuff. No, it's because Arthur doesn't like to learn things. He never went to that museum, remember? He didn't even know what it was. But yeah, he's like there, and the, the Stones are singing. They're telling him that he has to go to Count America for four locations on the earth now again right away i'm like okay you're you're pulling this into the world breakers there's four world breakers superman has spelled them out i get the idea okay and was this is four? what i thought there was three for some reason no there was four and okay. the, the thing also that's weird though is that how about these crystals sing a little quicker Get this song going a little earlier because there's already been a couple earthquakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's already if gone this bad. Is, because that's what it does end up being. I'll just skip ahead. I'm just going to be all over yelling about this. But, yeah, the, these crystals are going to save the world. How about doing it a little quicker so people don't die? Stupid crystals. How about you fucking, stop your singing? Tell me what's man, going on a little Uncle bit. Man was too busy snapping along. He likes it. It's fucking it's the snappy nice song tune. going. Yeah. And and I don't know what Brian Hitch was trying to do, but later on in the issue, Aquaman has the worst written dialogue that I've ever read in my entire goddamn life. And it's about the crystals later. And when we get to it, I will laugh because it's so fucking bad. But yeah, then we go back to the Kent farm. That's also the Smith farm in Metropolis, but it's also in Hamilton, Hamilton County. County. Yeah, yeah, Where the fuck is it? We don't know. And the weird part about this is other people are saying like, oh, I really like this issue because it's tying all these things together from Rebirth. Go fuck yourself. It huh? isn't it, – it's fucking nonsense. You want to see how it's done well? Read Trinity, not Very this quick. crap. But yeah, there's there's Cyborg. He's there, and they're like, hey, are you okay, Cyborg? He's talking to fucking Jessica and Simon. He's talking to Batman. But talking he says – yeah, he's talking to everyone, but he's like, oh, you know what? It's like I'm I'm part of the fucking purge, and I'm part of the Christ, uh, the network, and you get nothing, though. It continues well, no, with this garbage when, of non-info and generalities. Even the freaking shit with the purge where uh, Simon and Jessica are, and they happen to look like Simon yeah. now? No explanation. No, nothing. You, you don't even get that. They're like, hey, you know, we found these missile things came from a world covered in these dudes that look kind of like you. That's it. Yep. And then that's when Cyborg's like, really? Okay. Flash was in trouble. I tried to shut him down. Hey, are you okay, Barry? Then he's like, I'm alive. These nasty flying things. Like, Please just have <laughs> them say the goddamn names. It's just so nobody knows what's going on, especially, especially the characters. Us. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking, I'm telling you, this is like I'm watching a movie and I'm like, boy, you know what? You see like a Corey Feldman. We'll just go with him. Right. He's in a movie, a new movie. You're all excited. You, Oh, right. man, I, lo I love Corey Feldman. I know people are busting on him. And you get in the movie and you're like, 
boy, Gloria, I wish that this director knew what he was doing because he has nothing for you to do. And this is all this is. These characters are just kind of standing around saying lines. Nothing makes sense. They don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I can't say Brian Hitch. He claims he has a a long con fucking going. He's cashing a check. And the long con to me is that he has no fucking idea what's going on. He's just trying to be clever. Uh, Did you like this issue at all? No. No, it's terrible. Because then you go to Superman. And I'm telling and- you, though, and out of nowhere, I understand that maybe, like, you know, Tony S. Daniels back on this issue, and he wanted to do something, you know, kind of different, I guess. When uh, Batman and Cyborg get to Flash, they yeah, come out because the boom they boom-tube. They, they boom-tube boom out. But then when the earthquakes happen again, we have this shaky thing. And I'm like, yeah. we, we've never seen this before. What, I didn't and, know what was going on at first. It seemed like they were phasing too, out. Though, because at the point where there's Superman and he's, he's got one uh, the, the second one of these things and he's like, oh, I got, and maybe there is just three. I don't know. He, he's pushing this other world breaker into the, the Earth's core. core. And he's having problems. He's trying to do it and he can't. And it blows. He doesn't do it. And it supposedly, does, oh, I actually thought he did. No, he's like, oh, get it to the inner core before it oh, blows. Oh, I get it. I, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. And that's what caused the other earthquake. For some oh, reason, I had a crazy me. idea in my mind that he got that one to go, but the other one went off. No, but the the weird thing then is that there's a huge, huge earthquake. Yeah. Like, they claim this is – Cyborg says this is worse than the other one, and we couldn't even it do it. took down the you, Kent farm, yeah. But you get nothing. You you don't even see anything except, you, like you said, you get that, that shaky vibration. little phasey thing, whatever they're yeah. doing there. But it's, it's over in one panel. I'm like, I didn't know what was going on at first, like because we've never seen the art do this before. No, and the the thing that I get is like you don't even get anything from this huge quake. Like they're oh that was big. He's like huge quake. There's gonna this is cyborg saying it. There's gonna be damage, maybe more than before, and we barely held that back. And where do you where do you see that? Where do you see you anything saw, We saw the freaking Kent Farm fall apart off panel, and like, all right, Before. this one's worse. Yeah, yeah, and this one's worse. You would think issue, you'd yeah. see something. The only thing you get is a little later, you get a television, two talking heads talking about it, but that's it. But in the meantime, they get there to Flash. They boom tube the Flash and like, hey, Flash, what's going on? I can't, can't get, get up. up man. Can't, can't run. My speed's speed. gone. And then Batman says, how? And then all oh. of a sudden, everybody's shocked again. They took it. It's the kindred. They are skyscraper tall. Even bigger. Maybe even bigger. Than, yeah. yeah. You see their legs, the ones close to them. Everybody's always – it's not like they're like, oh. but It's like they missing all, out on Godzilla. They always seem like, oh, them. Those things. Those things yeah. that somehow came out of nowhere. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, then you see Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is inside, and you're going to get a lot of nonsense. And this is where oh, people are like, look, it ties into her book. All they keep doing is you'll understand. You'll know the truth eventually. There's there's garbage. And this is where you should get now, the first hint that I'm, there is crap going on that you will not – we will not know anything. We spent a like, long time last uh, issue talking about, like, you know, where is she at? Is she inside? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. was buried right outside. That's why she could see him. Here we have her, again, appearing that she's, like, flying through space as the kindred talk to her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of hands come out of nowhere. You know, you could say that these were the hands of the people who made up the yeah, kindred. Yeah, the people who made up the kindred. But, but yeah, they're, they're about to grab her, and all of a sudden, Wonder Woman just falls out of the armpit. Actually, I don't even know if she fell out, because the, the more I looked at it, I think they grab her and throw her out. 
Yeah, I don't know. Because the way she is, it doesn't look like that is more of a look of somebody falling at that point when they show her than actually flying. I don't know, and it doesn't. It's awful. And but what yeah. was the point of all of this? Like, oh, you're the truth. You're it's the almost like they're like, hey, who are you? I I told you, I don't know this again. You are truth. You know who we shit. are. Soon you will know who you are, and then they chuck. You'll understand, and then you chuck her out. What was the this point is, of having her inside there? Did we just need to get her out of the story because Brian Hitch had nothing for her to do? There is nothing. I don't think there's rhyme or reason to any of this. And then all of a sudden, they throw her out, and then a fucking giant blast goes up in the sky. And they don't know what it is. Again, we're not going to hear anything. We're not going to be told because then Batman goes, whatever they're doing, it's reaching its end game. Really? What are they doing? Tell us. Don't don't that Batman just say shit like that. And then there's Aquaman. Oh, second position done. Yeah, even worse. Before that, that's where Wonder Woman, who should... That that could have been if you can have everybody else, they don't know anything. They're out and about. They're fighting. Wonder Woman was inside the Kindred. You could have had her have somebody, the Kindred, something she could send. But here's she doesn't know anything. She goes, they're trying to awaken something. I don't know what. Really, we're we're at the end of an arc. Yep. Why? Why? Nobody has any idea about anything. I yeah, think, including then, the read, uh, the writer. Yeah. Then uh, Aquaman puts that last crystal down, or puts one of them down. Yeah, Aquaman puts the crystal, and then you get these talking heads, these news reporters, and they're like, oh, everybody's being injured. The, the Justice League, where are they? Now, this is where I'm like, you know what? These kindred are there in, in the middle, uh, you know, somewhere on Earth. Somewhere. Uh, you, you know, they're standing. Don't you think there'd be news reporters there? Uh, you can't tell me there wouldn't be. They'd be camped out everywhere around them and that's where the justice league is and nobody can find the justice league they're everywhere this shit's going down but i'm telling you they they would have people camped out just got done saving everybody from the purge across the world yeah like you know that was like 20 minutes ago yeah in this freaking timeline and they're they're making this call where is the justice league as if they're like not involved like they're they're lack you know they're not helping it's ridiculous and like i said that where the kindred are, where where Flash, Batman, and all of them are right now, there would be a million reporters just hanging out there, seeing what's going on. Uh, and it just this book just gets worse and worse because then Super or Superman, Flash is there, and they're going to he's going to take back his speed. Yeah. And this is actually the thing that made me laugh the most, uh, because he's going to take back his speed by running fast. Yeah, and that's the thing. use like, the hey, speed force. The speed force was created when I became the Flash, so it's mine. It's not stolen. I'm going to take it back. But and then all of a sudden, the speed force is activated. Running. You see yeah. it. You see him start. Uh, that make. How does that make sense? Honestly, I'm telling you, I just sat back and thought to myself, he's already had his speed stolen before, and then it was just back, and now he had it stolen again. I'm like, what's going on? But really, what ends up happening, and it happens with the Green Lanterns as well. The solution to it all is just not believe that it's taken. Just don't, yeah. you know what I mean? And even it's, then, it, they, it's not it's not theirs, it's yours. Just take it back. Yeah, just take it back. Like, oh, really? I, I should have thought of that before, but even a little bit Wonder before Woman, that. Wonder Woman, what are you taking back? Uh, before that, it, uh, it made me laugh, because Batman finally figures out that, hey, you know what? The Purge, this World Breakers, we're stopping everything that is supposed to be stopping, stopping the Kindred. The kindred. Yeah. So, but then he ends it with, 
That's not going to be good, is it? No. No, it's not Batman. That's not Batman. You're the world's greatest detective. So then, yeah. So then Wonder Woman says, hey, she gets this idea. They, they seem to represent some fundamental forces. Starlight, magic, the color spectrum, and speed. And, and then, Starlight. Yeah. And then Cyborg says, that's us. That's the League power. We're the same powers, mostly. (laughs) And I'm like, really? No, you're not. It's so stupid. It's like Mostly. almost. It's almost this this issue and this arc. Every issue, Brian Hitch appears to be joining into somebody else's story and trying to make it fit. Now, it's his know. goddamn story. Cyborg. It should fit. Cyborg, please tell me which one of the league members is Starlight. Starlight. I think that's supposed to be Wonder Woman. It is supposed. To be. I just it's don't so understand ridiculous. it. And really, I like them mostly because you can't explain Batman. And then you because have magic. There's no powers. Because so, that's Aquaman. You know how yeah. magic Aquaman is. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Magic. It's so. T- like I said, I just said, it's almost like if if Brian Hitch wrote three issues. This almost it reminds me of like Grayson. When Grayson ended, they had uh, the two guys, uh, Kelly and Lansing. Lansing and Kelly jumped on, and they had to make things. Shit up, make, yeah, they had so to make crazy. things make sense of a story they didn't make, and there was a lot of hokey stuff. I love the series, but there was a lot of hokey stuff with auto nets and and all that. So it did get a little hokey at the time. Some things in. Jim. Yeah, really, but. This is his own story, but yet it seems that way. You know what I mean? It seems like he is trying to desperately tie this in to make sense, but it's his story. Uh, and we're that, only on the fifth issue. We'd have more kindred going on. Wondering, like, they seem to represent some fundamental forces. Starlight, magic, the color spectrum, speed, uh, computers. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, work, yeah, and uh, computer, and that, that's logic. And then uh, uh, at one point, uh, the internet. You know, <laughs> the, the Shazam, was that uh, lightning? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Just make it all work. I'm telling you, even the uh, he chose to pick four because it doesn't make sense for Cyborg. That's what uh, I mean. Batman, Why Superman. did he do Why this did... if this is what he's trying to say? Make it like represent Starlight, fucking Starlight, and magic mm. for Aquaman. I would say magic more for Wonder Woman just because it has something to do with the gods. I don't know. Make it, make it just stupid. Make it myth. Don't make yeah. it Starlight. Make it myth, magic, the color spectrum, and speed. Even mostly. the color spectrum. It's the it's mostly, the color and it's so and funny. It's, it's just like will. The the guy saying that's us, that's the league, some same powers mostly, is a guy whose powers aren't represented. No, nope. that, that's what makes me laugh. That he's like, oh yeah, it's the league mostly. Everything is like us. that. Everything is like kind of yeah. or maybe. So and then they're gonna. They, Flash. They, they, it, it's his story. But yeah, then that's when Flash is like, hey. They took the power. They took my speed twice, but now I realize all I have to do is think that it's mine and oh. it's back, and then I'm gonna run around them real fast and steal it back from the guy who's if green. Flash, just so you know, words don't hurt if you don't let them hurt. That's right. Words are hands are for helping, not for hurting. <laughs> yeah, that's when the kindred's like, oh my god, my strength's being diminished. Kindred, I'm but, I'm weak. But you're the weak. green one. Yeah, but he's like, I, and I, I don't even care anymore. But he's like, uh, hey, I'm weakened. We cannot stop. We're too close. And then they just start yelling about, you know, that's when, uh, Simon, or, uh, not, I'm all crazy. Fucking Cyborg comes up with the plan. He realizes that's what they, they have to get the purge there yeah. and attack. So that, okay. 
I I'm get okay the with idea. that because we now know that the purge were meant to stop the kindred. I'm okay yes. with that part. Yeah, I'm okay. That that is a decent enough plan. Um, that's when uh, Aquaman has the, the third, third batch of crystals in place. He's running out of time, and you see Batman rushing to get to that last, uh, the last world breaker. He's going to try to stop that. So there's shit's heating up. You know, it's it's very exciting here. But yeah, then Simon. I, I keep saying Simon. Anymore. Cyborg, Cyborg then attacks the Kindred with the purge that he still has on Earth, even though I thought they were Which all dead. Fl- I thought Flash destroyed them all. Yeah, I thought they were all dead. So. But yeah, they're heading there. There were the ones that ended up at the Kindred at the end of that issue that's, that Flash was yeah, attacked I by. I just didn't think it was all But they these. didn't seem like that many. But yeah, they're going to attack. But it's not enough. So they need the uh, they need the Green Lanterns to show up. And they show up with tubes of these Cyborg-like purge but again you never found out anything about no. that why did they look like cyborg? why did they look like that we was only, that we, something when he became part of them did they upload his image and kind of we you know all of a sudden he's in charge so they're like almost like the image of the maker and, and all so we like, knew before this was that the purge came and turned humans into something that weren't human anymore yeah and now in the meantime you also have to remember where they spell it out these kindred are made of people they're like soiling green. That's why it's you make people. people not people, so the kindred can't use them. Yes, and that part makes sense. But why they look like cyborg? Couldn't tell. But you. also, what I'm saying is, they're also spelling out that they can't kill these things like just straight out destroy them because there's people inside. Yeah. They want to try to revert them back and save them. So they keep saying that, like, we got to watch out. You know, shit's gonna happen. But in the meantime, while the the Green Lanterns are doing that, Simon and Jessica. Uh, the kindred now are going to steal the, the light energy again. They start doing it, and that's when Flash says, don't, don't let them do it. Y- just have your will. Oh, really? That, oh, that's will. all you need to do now, is have your will. I understand. And, I, I'm okay with this part to a degree, but like, I, no, actually, I'm not really, but Jessica starts pulling the light out of the kindred, and in my mind, like, she's charging her ring to spoil. Wouldn't you want, like, a Green Lantern Oath, because that's usually how they gain their light yeah, into the ring? Yeah. Yeah, it's get just the energy. Like, it, it's you know? just it's hokey, and yeah, that's where they're. And not taking... only that, because the kindred say, or they actually say, oh, they have the color spectrum. I'm like, no, really, all we've seen is that they suck some green lantern they energy, the so green they have out. they have that's the will. That's all we saw. So when yet they, they do have nowhere, the color spectrum, yeah. it's just hokey. Because and, yeah. uh, the kindred, one of the kindred, shoots a yellow light at yeah. Jessica. I'm like, where Start did that come from? Yellow light, and uh, at this point. Superman is still trying to get that that last uh, one of the last things, and it's about Christ to blow. Superman. I know, and he's pushing it, and the Kindred are close to finishing their song, which we've never been told what it is, and never no. will. Or and, the song of the Zodiac crystals. And they they're like, oh, we can feel the world breaking beneath us. Is this the day we waited? And that's when the uh, Superman pretty much fails. He yeah. pretty much can't. Do was, that last that was so deal. Weird. I don't know. It's like can't do it. I'm like I have never heard Superman say yep. can't before. He's like it's gonna go off. I couldn't save them, but that's where your family, Superman. Aquaman How are you gives this stop. Yep, Aquaman hits that ground zero deal. He puts another crystal down, and it saves the world. And this is where I laughed at the dialogue because he's this is Aquaman ground zero, and the world doesn't blow up. Magic crystals, and you scoffed. Well, I did anyway. But look at that. Magic crystals. Fuck you, bro. That's the that's the whole page. I'm like, really? That's so. The, so you get the idea of that. Be, and I, okay, I'll I'll give this one thing. 
Aquaman is really he's saving the world, but he's also saving the kindred at this point. They yeah, thought it was all he's over. He's saving the world from one thing, dooming it to another. Yes, and and that's okay. Uh, because he doesn't know. He's no. not with Batman and all of them. They haven't been able to get a hold of him, whatever. But yeah, that's when the kinder are like, oh my god, the world's held together. Finally, we're going to be able to Zodiac awaken the universe. Because the stopped the world breakers. Yeah. Be- yeah. If they stopped the world breakers. And because now, the awakening can happen, Eric. The awakening. Oh, we just keep throwing these terms out there like they mean yeah. things. And then, uh, you want to see... This keeps going. As I'm going, I'm like, oh yeah, in that part. Because... Then Batman sums it all up for me again and says about the kindred, if they finish, they might leave or destruct somehow. We can't take that chance. What What did what? he just say? They're going to leave or destruct. Yeah, they're going to leave or destruct, and that's what, what he says. What chance all the, are you not taking? All those people inside them could be killed. So he wants to figure out what's going on, and that's when Aquaman has one last crystal. Even that. The last crystal, How the fuck one did he last get there? note in its song, and that's where he shoves the crystal into the kindred. But how did he get there? I don't know. I think that's where he ended up kind of near. I, I don't know. Uh, actually, when he does get there, when he's doing the last thing, there are the four kindred there, so I guess he was there. You see them there standing in the background. I just know that they said zero. the world is hell. I, I, I guess that would be ground zero, so when he says that, that would be there. He's just all over the place. I don't know. He's I just don't like around. him. How did he swim to the four corners of the world that fast? No, he's, he's and a then good get swimmer. on land. Aquaman. And then he also got on land and made it to the oh. where the, all the battles taking place in a matter know. of a few minutes. Yeah. Well, then he shoves the crystal in, and that's where Jessica's being blasted by yellow fucking energy. Yeah. She by the one back. who's not green. Yeah. Yeah. She fights back. I'm telling you, I don't know what happened to these kindred because it really seemed to make sense. Like the one who stole the speed force was red. The yeah, one who fucking uh, had the light was yellow. Did, but uh, that's gone. That's gone. Or Aquaman's magic was yellow. I don't even remember any. God but even it. so, like you have this, the one with the, like, what are they doing with the speed? What are they doing with the green? They're just standing there, supposedly yeah. singing is what they're doing. And you never get the idea because even when Flash takes the speed back, you would think that these things need all of those forces. If one of those things gets done, they're done, right? You would You're, think this. I don't even know what to think anymore because well, we don't have you any don't information. Know, because then Flash, Flash ends up losing his speed. He gets it back. They need it again. Then he gets it back, but it doesn't seem to stop anything. No. And then Superman comes flying out of a volcano with like, one of the world is, breakers because Wonder he wants Woman, to study it. What is Wonder Woman doing about the Nothing. power that she's standing there? Her. She's still she's still the wondering who she Jim. is. The it's that question who she is. She's all fucking confused. She's sitting there wondering, and Batman's just yelling out shit. He, he really is. He's just yelling shit randomly. Uh, but Superman comes out with his uh, with that that big world breaker. breaker out of a, a, torna- a tornado out of a volcano looks cool. I'll give him that. Uh, the art wanna, is pretty saying, good. Though, he's telling us all how he failed. I just don't I understand know. why he would have. I don't the know. I don't know why these things go all the way back up instead of just a little bit further into the inner core. Yeah, I don't even know why these things even survive. No, and I why didn't. didn't he just do this every time? Shove it in. I don't know. But yeah, he brings it up, and that's uh. You know, that's where Wonder Woman thinks she's Scotty. We're giving it everything we got. <laughs> like, okay, she's there. and The art's really good. But, yeah, then she says, uh, they're still transmitting. What are they transmitting? We'll never know. Song. And then says, we might not be able to stop them. I, it just this keeps going on of just fucking nonsense. And then Batman, 
is the the line here that everybody hated and nobody could like. It's when she he says, "Hey, you know what? We got to stop him. It's a stalemate right now. Normally, this is where one of us pulls something amazing and unexpected out of our collected assets. That's that's the guy who prepares for everything. Is a guy just gonna fucking have a, a hokey? So what's everybody be- got here? Basically, he's just like who who's gonna get lucky? Yeah. Who's who feels lucky now? Because they, it, he's given up. He just he's leaving it to just fate and chance. That is not Batman. Uh, the 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 uh, kindred then because you know we we've learned so much now. Now they have to add that the song is at its end. The awakening is com- complete. The forever crisis will come. Oh, now forever the forever crisis. crisis, the beginning and the end. Th- that's what it is. And now, really, this is the whole point of this whole thing. The the Justice League never win here nope. because they the kindred are done. They've completed what they wanted to do. Superman does have the world breaker that pulses out and destroys the kindred. They they break apart. Why does it destroy the kindred? I don't know. And, and the nothing only thing else. I can and also there you get the whole thing where the cyborg's like, Hey, they broke they broke up, turned back into people they were made from and that's when Flash is like, Whoo, there still may be casualties. Like, why, yeah, why there's a the lot world, of people. Why dead did the now. world breaker pulse? Because the Zodiac crystals I thought stopped that. Yeah, but it was but Eric, it was in the sky. Oh. And really I think the kindred might have just dissolved and broke apart because their job was done. They didn't care. They they say the forever crisis will come. Yeah. And Brian Hitch has said on Twitter, that's his neck. That's a big story that he has planned in like 2018. Please, somebody stop the madness. This guy's a lunatic. But yeah, then uh, Superman gets done. He's like, hey, you know what? I'll get this in orbit, meaning the world breaker. We'll study it later. Uh, what do we know? And that then Wonder Woman says, hey, this isn't far from over. Whatever their purpose, they achieved it. Superman ends with maybe. <laughs> really? And then, then he's like, we still saved the world, saved all those people there. Flash already said there's tons of casualties. <laughs> this is such a failure. What the fuck is going on? Oh, my goodness gracious. And that's where Flash goes over and says to, to Jessica and Simon, Simon looks so mad. And he's like, hey, are you guys okay? We're fine. And Love the then, way he looks, though. Yeah, and then Jessica's like, "Hey, you know what?" And here, for one thing, he, uh, Brian Hitch does tie it in. She's like, "Hey, first the Reaper thing, now this. Is this how it always is?" And then Flash says, "Pretty much, still interested." Jessica switching the fucking full out one hundred percent sexy mode. Definitely, still very interested. And I, I, everybody's like this. Mo- and then hey. immediately, I just imagine off panel, he takes his master. I'm Barry Allen. Nice yeah. to meet you. Hey. I'm Barry Allen. Any woman uh, my shows girlfriend any kind of stu- I think my girlfriend's stuck in the Speed Force, but I only knew her for a week. She might be dead. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, I laughed too because everybody on Twitter were saying to me like, yeah, but I really love the, the, uh, the love story going on. I'm like, I didn't get that from Flash. No. I really do think Jessica is a fangirl and <laughs> Barry it wants to get the fuck away. He's like, I better get my speed back because I got to run fast. This, Pretty much. this woman is still crazy. interested. Still very interested. I'm talking about the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's like oh. still very interested. Yeah, oh, really? Jeez, she really is committed. It'd be funny if Barry is like so blind to that. She's <laughs> they've been, uh, and it's not a surprise. They've been going on and yeah. on with this. Anytime Jessica even talks, it's always in awe of Barry. And Barry's a nice guy. That was like the first thing when the, when her and Simon were going to see the Justice League. 
he's like, hey, Batman is a little grump, but, but Barry's a great guy. She really likes him, but yeah. And then that's when Batman says, whatever the kindred's true purpose, someone or something was willing to destroy a lot of worlds and kill a lot of people to stop it from happening. Okay, well, we don't get anything. And then Superman says, hey, I'll be in touch. I'll and be then, around. And then for some reason, you get Lois and John, and John has the cape on. <laughs> what the fuck? End. What are they doing? End. End me. Please, shoot me in the face. I, I don't even want an open casket. Please, let, let my mom cry. This this book is garbage. And uh, anybody who would give this any sort of good grade... I want to slap him right in the face. I gave it a 3 out of 10. I did like the art. I'm telling you, I might even say out of that 10, uh, out of that 3, 5 of it is art because the story (laughs) is minus 2. It is so bad. It is is unforgivable to have a full-out 5-issue art where you end up not even knowing what the enemy was there for. You don't ever find out what the the kindred were there. Yeah, the awakening. The final fucking, what is it? Crisis. Yeah, final fucking... Uh, what? Forever what? Crisis? It's forever Crisis, yeah. Huh? He, Brian Hitch heard that any time... I was like, hold on. Anytime you put Crisis in, in DC, it's a, it's a fucking, you know, a winner. Oh, yeah, that's the why forever he crisis. To use it. But, yeah, if they said to us, like, later, like, oh, my God, the Forever Crisis is happening, well, I'll be like, really? We, we never found out what they were there for. We said at one point we thought it was going to be to serve men. <laughs> uh, kind of deal where the they kept trying man. to stop the kindred, and then at the end they realized, like, you silly fools, you could have had to paradise. Utopia. Yeah, they would have had paradise utopia, and they blew it because they they just had to fight. And like, you heathens will never learn. You're not ready. <laughs> no, instead we get nothing. We get a lot of nothing, and it's even spelled out by the characters themselves telling us that, hey, I think they're gone. Maybe. Ah, they'll be back. I don't know. Hey, huh. what what were they there for? Who knows? You know, those flying things. You know, I'm going to attack those flying things and those big things that came and did the thing of the stuff. What would you give it? Four out of ten. I knew you'd give it a four. You don't like going under a four. I really like the art, though. I do like the art. I'm telling you, the, the story just is, is so infuriating. But we'll move on, thankfully. <laughs> All right. Well, at least I like this next book. So do I. Well, actually, Green Lan- huh? Yeah, I like it a lot more than yeah. Justice League. Green Lanterns number seven, written by Sam Humphreys with art by Ronan Coquette, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. Get to know your Green Lanterns in this low-key issue as Simon tries to make cookies with his mother's recipe as a way to get her to realize that maybe her son isn't the screw-up she always thought he was, and also as a way to sweeten her up to, to the idea that he's a Green Lantern, along with Jessica for the ride. We see our lantern heroes continue their pleasantries as they just as, as they have just become a joy to read. I am terrible. Too a joy bad, to read. A joy to read. Too bad they'll have to get back to action soon when we find out at the end that the Dominators are coming, Jim. Yes, they are. The dumb waiters are coming. The dumb waiters. I um I actually was surprised by this issue. Uh, just before we even go in, I really thought as this was going. That they, we were going to have that comedy trope where everybody was going to think Jessica is Simon's girlfriend. Right. And, and we, I actually thought that from the beginning. But even with this, with the mother coming over, I really thought that she was going to think that. But they, they've avoided that. Sure have. Uh, and I'm telling yeah. you, when this issue started off, though, I was so angry. I opened up the book. First page, there's Jessica looking at a mirror in a bathroom talking about her anxiety yeah, and dark. how afraid she is. I'm like, 
fuck, I thought we got over this yeah. last issue. I thought we could move yeah. forward. And I realized I've got to be a little patient because this is all a setup to the fact that Jessica is spending the day at Simon's house with his family. And, and that family insane. is going nuts. Oh, my they, God. They, everybody's screaming. Everybody's loud. Like anybody, because she still has anxiety. Yeah. And honestly, and, the idea of spending a day like this scares the shit out of me, re- too. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have anxiety and you don't like meeting new people or whatever. And you have just people screaming at oh each other. Oh, my God. I couldn't Kids running around yelling. Uh, fucking uh, the, the sister's there with a fucking, you know things in her hand yelling and screaming at Simon. Simon's and... wearing a shirt and a uh, no shirt and an apron? Yeah, really. The fuck, man? Yeah. Hey, with his, shirt. He does have his arm in a cast. That's yes. a crazy, you know, high-tech cast of some a sort. He looks like Cyborg. He looks like he's part Cyborg, but uh, I, I do like it. And you yeah. even told me, you're like, he, he fucking Sam Humphreys punked me. He yeah, she's going to take off, too. She's going to nope. just bail. Freaking, like charges up, puts her suit on, and going to fly away, and Simon has to stop her because, look, Jessica, we're partners. And more than ever, I need your help today because yeah. my mom is coming. Yeah, the thing that threw me off was the dark side joke Yeah, about the voicemail. It was, it was goofy. She thought dark side. I can go with it. Yeah, I know. But it, it's like that's that's supposed to be her little joke to herself. Like, hey, dark side, he's a ramen noodle guy. I'll, I'll hook up with him. And the, then she even continues it when uh, when Simon comes out and yells. He's like, oh, Simon, dark side calling. He's a uh, ramen. <laughs> nope, no, and he's like, no, no way. And yeah, I, this is an issue that not a lot happens. No. I like it, though. But Again, it's a low-key it's issue along those... the lines of Superman where we just see these Green Lantern heroes being people. Yeah. And, yeah. They, you know, they, they're still partners. They'll help one another out, whether it's in costume or out. Yeah, and I like it, though, is because it's a, st- it's a building block for Jessica still. She's yeah. done her construct now. This is going to be the next step of her getting and, and over not, the anxiety. Not only, not only that, in my mind, but this is the most background we've gotten on Simon, except for he's a terrorist. Yeah, yeah you do get the, the like, full deal. The whole idea, you know, like, it, almost like his mother was disappointed in him, which made him, you know, rebel to steal cars, and that made her more disappointed. So it was kind of like a, a never-ending cycle, and he realizes, yeah. you know, I was kind of a piece of shit. Uh, this is my real chance to make my mother proud. And plus, I don't know how she's going to react to the fact that I'm a Green Liner. So I'm going to make these cookies. Well, why isn't your sister helping you? Oh, she's punishing me for keeping a goddamn guardian in the house. Yeah, guardian. And I do like also where uh, Jessica does the worst thing, where he's talking about how his mom, nothing was ever good enough. Now, uh, your mom sounds like a real bitch. She no. was my hero. I know. I love that line. And it's weird, too. I, I don't know. Did they ever spell out what happened to his dad? No. Because you see him, in, and at points, he's not just saying her. He's saying they. Yeah. And you see his dad. And we I don't remember ever hearing anything of what we happened never to have. him. Yeah, it's weird. He just went for a pack of smokes, never came back. Daddy. Yeah, but, but then on, uh, on it's funny, this- too, because uh, this all leads to this cookies. It really is these cookies. He wants every he wants, he really wants the cookies to be perfect yeah. so that... He can kind of tell his mom about the other things and her not be mad. Like, and at it's least also he's... really important to the family because every Halloween, the Baz family yeah. makes these cookies because it's one of the only things that his mother took from Lebanon when she came to this country. Yeah. Uh, again, if, if the cookies fail completely, it's Simon has an out. His no. sister made him make it, and he doesn't make them. And, but and I plus do he's got think a broken that, arm, you know. Yeah, I do think that he wants her to be in the best possible mood for oh, when he right. wants to spring. Hey, by the way. 
I'm also a Green Lantern. But when it started, when he was trying to make these, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, why isn't he using the ring to make these cookies? He All could, right, you're he, thinking that. I'm thinking, why aren't you wearing a shirt? Yeah, I don't mind that with cookies, you know. He's not that sweaty. No, I was thinking, you, you're going to do this. Use the goddamn ring. The, you know, even the ring could tell you a bit of the, you know, may not know the perfect way to do it, but the ring could help out, I think. Yeah. And that's what Jessica does. Jessica's like, okay, well, come on. And it I is a ask- neat way to remind you that she does do constructs now as well. Because I want to ask makes- you, though, do you know the name of these cookies? No. I, I'm I telling you, I have it right it. here. It's Ma Amol. I don't yeah. know if that's correct. I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm like, I've I never really wish them. I did. I've never had them. But yeah, they, they're a cookie with pistachios, and Simon runs out of pistachios, and that's where Jessica's like, just use cashews. And to yeah. me, I don't know everybody's having cashews just hanging around. They're out of Honestly, pistachios. Honestly, cashews are harder to have in your house, in my mind, than pistachios. Really, to me, the sister should have had the ingredients enough to make the goddamn cookies. She, she was going to make them and then change the plan because Simon with the Guardian. But really, she didn't have the ingredients. I think well, maybe, she's setting them up to fail. Well, maybe to this point, he's fucked up these cookies so much that he's maybe. used up those pistachios. I don't know. It didn't even seem like he really fucked anything up. He just never point, got it far like, enough. He's about to bail because shit's not working right and Jessica yeah. has to talk him out of it. It looked like that was like the first bit of batter. But yeah, they're making it, and Jessica says, like, hey, I, I've used cashews, and someone's like, that's a great idea. How? It's not a great idea. Another I think the, the mother, I think the mom would have called bullshit right away with the cashews. But she says, know. hey, I was stuck in my, my apartment for a couple of years. You learn about some substitute. Uh, and yeah, they make the cookies, and then the mom shows up. And I'm saying before that, though, another one of my favorite parts of the yeah, story. Yeah, way is back with, with we Fareed. We go to Fareed. Yeah, Fareed yeah. has gone up to see what the Guardian is doing in the guest room, which I, is also the attic in my mind. Yeah. But the Guardian Rami is just meditating. He's now. meditating. We got all these freaking, you know, like energy fields going and he's, around and they spell it out too he said he's meditating to look for threats yes he's seeing if there's any threats coming to earth and so he's meditating when Farid goes up to him first thing he does he just stares at him because he's in this meditative state just floating above the ground puts his hand put his finger up right to his nose boop <laughs> Yeah, and and the guardian and then, doesn't do anything. No, and then proceeds to stack books. Yeah, he just on the starts stacking shit on creature. his head. I'm telling you, I have in my notes. Fareed is a little jerk, but he is adorable as hell. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and and he's gonna become the phantom ring bear. He I could. He might. But uh, anybody yeah, they, they, These they have the Mao Mo cookies. I want to try them, actually. It's funny oh, because I, even Simon says they're like cookies that are better than cookies. Yeah, they're better than Jessica cookies. I want to treat. try this. Yeah, I do, too. And the mom comes, shows up. And, yeah, she's, they really make her over the top angry oh, yeah, and upset. Yeah, and he gets the cookies. And, and it does. It wins her over. But she is very upset about him being a Green Lantern at first. I, I just think it's because everything he's done, he he always goes off the handle. He's always doing something emotional. He's trying to prove himself. And I, that, he, obviously, that she's a mother. Killed. Yeah, she's worried about him. And it does seem like she's hard on him, but really, she's just worried. There's Jessica. And this is where I, I really would have thought that she would have thought Jessica was uh, a girlfriend. And that they could have went with that comedy routine. Yeah. But they don't. They go with it. And, uh, yeah, the cookies win her over. She I loves really the like cookies. I the turn of the mother because I'm telling you, I thought she was just going to be a piece of shit because she, when she comes in, she's a real hard ass. But after eating them cookies, she just kind of 
nestles yeah. into the mother position where like I love my boy and I'll support him, especially if he can do some good in this world while yeah. getting rid of some of and his yeah, she even says, energy. Listen, I always want you to be yourself and as long as you can do some good along the way, I like it. I love the hey, I don't like that mask though. You're yeah. such a handsome you have such a handsome face. And I do think that was funny. And it made me laugh because a lot of people didn't like that mask. Uh when I he it first initially came it threw me off when I saw it staring at me in Green Lantern Zero. I'm like, who yeah. the fuck is this guy? Why do I want to greet a Green Lantern with a ski mask on? Yeah, but we like it now. It turned it out to be one funny. of my favorite lanterns. It is funny that she says it, but then she wants to know where Farid is. Uh, you know, hey, it's Halloween, and he's up there, and now he's stacking tons of shit <laughs> on the Guardian who's floating. <laughs> and that's when he opens up uh, his eyes. The Guardian says they're coming and flies off. And they come up and like, Fareed, what's okay? What's going on? Are you okay? He's like, no, he, he jumped out the window. He said the, the Dumbo Naders are coming. <laughs> and that's where Jessica and Simon are like, oh no. And Simon knows what he means. And he's like, he means the Dominators are coming. And that, that's a big deal. And so they, and it's funny too. I wonder what these people, as the Guardian flies by with his box, what they're even thinking. Halloween's getting more elaborate every year. Yeah, really. Like, holy crap. But I, this is a very low key, uh, issue, but I did like it. And I so like I, it. It brings Simon and Jessica together even good a little bit more. To read now. I, I yeah. like them together. I like to see what they're going to do. And they're, you know, a team. Yeah. And even so, like you said, um, you have, you have more of a background of Simon. Yeah. I also like his sister in this. Um, cause then even at the point where they show that she's even nervous when the, the mother comes in, I, I thought that everybody got a little bit and, uh, Farid is, is hilarious. I think he is cute too. She um, was a yeah. button. What did you give it? I gave it a nine out of 10. I love yeah. the art and I just love these issues where we can see the characters be themselves outside of the costumes. Yeah. I'd probably give it an eight five, but I did like it. I did like the art as well, but yeah, I'd probably give it an eight five, but we're going to move on to the next green book. Green Arrow number seven. Green Arrow number seven, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Stephen Byrne and Nate Picos. Picos. Benjamin Percy wraps up his Sins of the Mother two-parter, and while I didn't like it as much as the first part, it was still good fun. In the flashbacks, we see that Emiko is a loose cannon who will do almost anything for family at the end, while in the present, she is a loose cannon who will do anything for family. (laughs) <laughs> yep, Emiko is a loose cannon who will eventually do anything for family, and I love her so much. And that is my little blurb. I, I rushed that one there. <laughs> I mailed that one in. That was her. This is at a point when I was doing my notes, and I'm like, when I get done this book, I'm going to take a little nap because I feel like shit. But yeah, I, I, I fucking sat there. I'm like, is, is he reading the same thing over and over again? Yeah. I, I, I love Emiko. I always have. We talk about it all the time. So that's why I really do like this two-parter. But yeah, I think this it, this part of it, he rushes things and kind of forces things to, now, to tie it up. We have a new artist on this issue, right? Is this the no, same this as last? No, this is the guy from last it, issue. Because it does not feel as strong yeah. to me as it did last yeah, issue. Yeah, it's, it's the last one. Um, it starts off, and it's kind of funny. It's anti-eco-terrorist, I said. <sighs> because these are lumberjacks who are mad that uh, the social justice warriors have shut down the lumberjack business because of the spotted owls. And they're like, hey, listen, goddamn spotted owl when the loggers are the endangered species. And I thought that was very funny. Uh, I thought that was kind of a a poke at 
What's that? I'm sorry, I got very upset. As I, I thought of the poke as well, but I don't want to be reminded of Ben Percy's previous run of Green I Arrow. I just thought it was funny because it was the opposite. It was yeah. like almost like, hey, guys, you know what? You social justice warriors have to realize that when you do this and stop shit, there is another side to the coin here. That's us, and we're taking shit back. And I thought it was funny, but it's also to show that you have Oliver with that uh, Clock King watch, yeah. and he is, quote-unquote, winding down at this point where they're trying to stop these bloggers being crazy and he is losing it he's getting very tired he doesn't know why shit's happening and yeah these chainsaws are the most ridiculously drawn things they're so simple the way they're drawn here yeah they are they it's just a cube with a blade on the end it almost they yeah it almost looks like they are they don't even have like a chain no. Like there's some like I, I thought it was funny enough, but yeah, I can see what you're saying that the art is a little off from what we got last issue. Like it was um, cartoony last issue, but it was done in a very good way in my mind, where like everything was where it was supposed to be, and it looked good because of it. Yeah. I don't know. Now and and they're shooting arrows at these guys, and these guys are just chainsawing them out of the air. It's just goofy fun some to bad me. Badasses with chainsaws right yeah. there. I thought it was funny that somebody, I think it was on Twitter, said like, I didn't like the issue because. Jesus Christ, Oliver shoots the one guy right through the arm, and he he doesn't mean to. No, that was a mistake. Yeah, he actually is so tired that he can't even keep the bow up. I can understand readers thinking that this might be a trick shot he's trying to pull off, but no, this was a complete mistake. No, and it's funny what I like about it, though. It's almost like then you get the idea like maybe he's just always lucky. That these trick shots aren't skill because he is not trying to do that, but he does stop the guy. The guy runs off, and that's where he's. The, Oliver's like, "What's happening to me? What's happening?" He's down on his ground like he's in fucking Shawshank Redemption, uh, <laughs> which I've never seen still. But yeah, he's like, "Oh my god, what's what's going on? What have you done?" And this that's is, where this we I, find you, out that you were right at the end of the last issue because I thought that maybe Oliver had gone out and got this watch on his own yeah, to now give himself you, an edge. But we find out differently here. We're Emiko no, and that right when he says, that's why I pointed out. Right when he says, well, uh, Emiko says, "I'm sorry, Ollie. I'm so sorry." And that's when he says, "What have you done?" Then you realize it was a gift. And I, I thought to myself, and I said in my review, like we're missing this scene where they're like, "Hey, Ollie, I got you something." And yeah. Oliver looks and he's like, "Huh." A watch that has a skull on it. It looks a little ominous, but you know what? You're such a good girl. I'm gonna put it on and pretend like he must I have love put this on. You give me. Yeah, he must have put it on to pretend that he liked it because yeah. there's no way anybody is putting this thing on. It's the ugliest Unless looking thing. Unless they're going thing. to a metal show or something. Yeah, really, they're fucking emo. Uh, but yeah, that's when the watch all of a sudden has a little more things going on. <laughs> That it's now talking. It's got a recording. It's a holographic projector. Yeah, and it's telling Oliver like, "Hey, listen. Hey, yeah, really. It's a <laughs> and tells the backstory of the Clock King. This Clock King is basically he had some tech. Oliver's dad, Richard, stole the tech, fired him, and made yeah, a million off of his tech. He wants his money back. Uh, unfortunately, Clock King, there are better ways to go about this. You actually, I, th- I think your father, his father, might have, you know." Fired you because you got a face tattoo. Yeah, maybe. That that doesn't go well. Also, I think that at some point, if if Clock King went to Oliver and just explained himself, said, listen, you know what, that tech that you have there that was – I think Oliver would have probably – He's all about social justice. Why yeah, not? He would have given him some of the money. He knows his father wasn't the best guy. 
Also, of course, he he now everybody seems to know that Oliver Queen is is Green Arrow. Like th- this is another. No, no, book no. Where... This is see, this is a recorded hologram. So I he know. Just thought that like it was. He does not see Green it, Arrow. I'm just saying. Just even so, Oliver Queen has to watch. Even so, I think I I have a feeling that he knows anyway. Uh, he says or later when you know the whole thing. I know people, and I can guess what they're going to do. I actually have a feeling that he knows. Everybody yeah. else seems to, but you you might be right because he just gave it to to uh, Emiko to give to, give brother, to her brother, and that that's the deal. But yeah, uh, then that that's when Emiko says like, "I'm sorry, Oliver. You know, I did, and let me help you." And he's like, well, "Just stay away. Witch. Yeah, just stay away from me." And then you go to the now part where we had last seen where Emiko was involved in the Kumite. She <laughs> beat up that guy and smelled his feet. Yeah. And now, and, exactly. and that's when everybody knew it was her. They pulled the guns and they take her down to the Uyuban, who is uh, the dragon. And, and I will say funny. that this present day story, in my mind, looks better than the previous. Yeah, it does. Like, one it year actually ago. does. And um, I do, I like both stories. Um, it's weird because I think it's shifted now to which one I like. Uh, the last issue, I really like the flashback story. This one, I don't know. Not that it's it's a lot going on, but I do like this present day story a little more. Uh, but there, yeah, she. There's such little things to it. I'm telling you, I, I like the idea. I actually like it because the art in my mind is better. Yeah. But there's nothing to there this. There is nothing really. I just like the fighting. And I like the fact the, that the though, Shadow is, joins in. It's the most ridiculous thing to me because the. What's this, what is he called? What is his position? Well, the Oyuban. The Olaban. Oyuban. I don't know. I'm going to. Somebody's going to. The, the boss of the Yakuza. Yeah, he's the Yakuza uh, boss who's yeah. actually the dragon. The dragon. And of course, when you are. That guy who's called the dragon, that can only mean one thing. You are legitimately a dragon, and that's that what are, ends up happening. That is my buddy Cuts, who I used to smoke up with back in the day, who was annoying yeah. as shit, because every time we'd get high with a big group, no matter who it was, he would tell everybody over and over, you know, I'm a dragon. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Cuts. God yeah, damn it. Can't we just smoke in peace? Why would he even say that? He that's was stupid. insane. It's stupid. Cuts. It, it, it was. Anybody with a nickname Cuts. What was his one, last name? That actually, that's why he was so sick of you calling him cuts that he was trying to, to fucking lay base for a new name. Nobody went with it because you know, he was so funny. goddamn annoying. We had, we had two friends named Kevin. We never called either one Kevin. They're just their last names. Yeah. Yeah, everybody called me by my last name. Or that piece of shit. But I read this. I'm like, God damn it, cuts. Would you shut up already? It's been fucking yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So you you get the idea then that, you know. They're going to fight. And Emiko also has said, like, listen, I want to fight for my mom's, you know, her freedom, all this. So she's going to fight for somebody else because, as you see in this flashback story, she really did fuck Oliver thinking about herself. So now she wants to oh. make things right by uh, trying to help other people. I, I, and- I wanted to get into this. Uh, the thing that never doesn't make sense to me at all for this present-day story is that we find out that this Kumite is a way – for corporations and people to yeah. get over disputes or takeovers, whatever, they get a champion who yeah. represents them and whoever mm-hmm. wins and then the deal goes through the way it's supposed to. Yes. There is nothing to benefit the dragon by him fighting himself. No, I just actually – I think that this goes from before where Shadow was supposed to kill Emiko anyway. I right. just think that he wants to kill her. That's just, basically there, – There's nothing to gain though. Either he kills this girl – who uh, is, you know, indebted to him for life because of her grandfather's no. mistake, or he, you know, gets killed by the girl. 
Yeah, there's, Actually, there's no winning in this. He situation. should just slice her throat right then and there yeah. because she's fucked the whole game up. And he even says, "Ooh, you play a different game." Uh, basically, they have this this kumite, this arena to fight, like you said, to end wars, to have people take over other countries, companies, whatnot. She's made it so she's already gone in there and fought one of the biggest guys there and defeated him. So nobody will fight her. Yeah. So she's useless. And I don't know if that's the case that he's like, well, you're no use to me anymore, so I might as well kill you. And he enjoys fighting. That's all I get. He, I don't know. He's, he it even just, says it, at one point that he enjoys he's the boss. it. Yeah, but yeah, he has everything all it is is so that he situation. can become a dragon. Because, yeah, well, we won't even go back to the flashback just yet. Basically, Emiko ends up fighting this guy who legitimately is a dragon. dragon. It goes on and on. I like the art of it, though. The art's very colorful. It looks good. Uh, It's pretty cool. She's fighting the dragon and is pretty much going to lose until Shadow comes out of the crowd, basically joins in, and then says, hey, you know what? I had explosives rigged through this whole arena, and they blow up and they get away. And that's basically how that story ends and her telling uh, Shadow, telling Emiko, listen, you go with Oliver. You try to help him. He'll help you and go off. And that she goes off with that. But in the uh, past, in the flashback, we see that Oliver shows up at the Clock Kings wanting to get wound. And actually, pretty much, I, I would think that he wants to just get this the fuck thing yeah, off. But he shows up and that's where the Clock King says, listen, you know, I can read people. Some people would have shown up with any he's he's blackmailed him i don't even think i spelled it out he wants a million dollars and then he, they'll work out a deal later but they want that cash clock king wants that cash right away so he shows up and clock king's like you know what i can read people that's the best thing um that i can also, do i have a uh, a punching of like a boxing glove yeah, ram headed clock it's, it's a ram headed fucking what, yeah what is clock. this goddamn thing I this is the stupidest know. goddamn thing it I've seen. It knocks him out. It works. Oh, He's like, it, hey, it works. stand right there when this <laughs> rings 12. But yeah, he knocks him out. He says, you know, some people would have brought the money. Too. Some people, I don't know. Some people would have booby trapped a bag with the money. I knew that you would do neither. You would just show up and try to figure out things as they go. You don't think. You react. You know, he, he spells it out. Well, that's when he hooks him up to a James Bond like guillotine slicing machine. And even this part, I'm telling you, I love the flashback stuff in the yeah, last issue. Okay. But he's all like, you're going to like, you know, make a better choice here. I got this guillotine. I'm like, but it, it immediately starts cutting. I'm like, you have to work this down. It has to yeah, start yeah. at a higher position no, to get him afraid. No, I'm telling you, he he means all business, the clock king. Yeah, Why it cuts this? him right away. Why do and, this then? And that's where he's Just like, you've got a minute and you better you know, go. If, if he doesn't give the account numbers to the queen you industry give stuff. Some time. Remember, though, the best part of this is, is for the most part, Oliver, well, no, at this point he did have money. I'm sorry. I was going to yeah. say he wouldn't have had money, but this is the flashback. But, yeah, he's just going to wait it out. He's a strong guy. That's when Emiko shows up. She's got C4 strapped to herself, and it's cued into her heartbeat. Where does she get this technology to do this and the wherewithal to do it? Oh, you know what it is? It's a big watch that you people wear the, for the heartbeat. You just get one of those. Put it on your chest, wire it to the explosive. It's so crazy. It's so weird. You, you, she's doing that. But, yeah, she shows up and I'm says, I'm sorry, you're worried about that. I'm still worried about the goddamn guillotine. Uh, not the guillotine. The I goddamn know. pendulum. It, it, it's not a good end game here for him. He, like, he's doing he, too quick. Before Oliver could even tell you, this thing is already slicing him up. Yeah, like, it's already, give him it's a little already bit more drawing time. You're the blood. clock king. Give him he's just time. bloodthirsty. He doesn't care. 
He really doesn't even want the money. He just wants to see a guy get cut in half. But yeah, Emiko shows up and says, if, if my heartbeat stops, uh, this, this C4 is going to blow. And Clark Kent's like, okay, well, here, here's your key. And he gives her the key to wind herself up. And then she's like, no, I want my brother free as well. And then he's, she, that's when Clark King's like, I know when people are bluffing and you're <laughs> and that, not bluffing. That girl scares and, me. Yeah. It says that girl scares, scares me, me too. Great. Scares me too. And yeah, then you, that, that's the end of pretty much that story. Uh, Clock King actually gets arrested at one yep. point. Emiko says she's sorry. And then the whole thing happens. Like we said in the present, she fights the dragon. The, the whole arena blows up. Shadow and her get away. They're going to go off. Shadow's going to go and meditate, figure out some things. In the meantime, she wants Emiko to go back to Oliver. And we know that she is going to go back. But in the meantime, Oliver is on the island again. The island of scars. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to deal with that. I would guess that that will probably be another two-issue arc like that. And right. then we'll get going with another story. And the last two story. will be the combination of those yeah, two. Yeah, with them going together and kind of doing whatever. I like the idea but, uh, of that. Yeah, I do too. That would and make I, a cool trade. I said, I like this issue. I know we're picking fun at some things, but it's a very quick read. Even the stuff with the dragon, it, it's just kind of like that hokey, magical... Uh, Eastern uh, karate movie type thing, you yeah. know, that I like. And so I didn't mind as much, though it was, that part was very extended, a little filler. I liked it, though, and I really liked the art of that that fight scene. I liked it as well. Yeah. But overall, that was, I'm telling you, the last issue got me really excited, but there was no real payoff here for what yeah. I expected going forward. Yeah. Like the clocking, this like, oh, well, I guess I'm and defeated. And then he got arrested. And, you he know, arrested. Even the, and that part of the art, I wasn't a big fan of it. It looked okay. Yeah. It just wasn't it's okay. what we got the last I issue. I actually liked it more than you, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing, then. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I would give it a 6.8 out of 10. And the last one I gave an 8.5. So I, I went down a little, but I, I did like it. I always like I Emiko. I the last one 8.5. And it well. also, it also gives you a little more background of Emiko if you didn't, uh, know anything about her. And, and it's new background for yeah. me as well. But yeah, I think a lot of people, this is their first dealings with Emiko. So I did like it. And also with Shadow as well. Uh, but we're going to stop right now and head off, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, we're going to head off to part of the next mail, right? Right. Um, I don't even have my outline up. But yeah, <laughs> we're going to have another part of mail, and then we'll be back with Reggie and Reggie's books. All right, we don't have a song for this mail. Oh, no. We need two more songs. Somebody, maybe somebody named Dancing Mike. <laughs> Needs to come up with two more songs, but yeah, no song for this bit of mail. Uh, it's going to start off Not with even Alex. any Kiwi. Nope, it's going to start off with Alex M. With his subject line, Tim Seeley is not a black woman, is what he put. He had uh, mentioned to me before that he was going to put crazy things because nobody reads the subject line. I'm going to do that from now on, and I have. We've been doing uh, that He for says, a while what's up, Jim? What's up, Eric? What's up, Alex? It has been pretty mellow week for comics. Superman took the family out to Trinity had dinner together and the Green Lanterns baked Mao cookies. So Sam, we heard that, right? Yeah. So okay. since is that it how you was, say it? I don't know. <laughs> so since it was kind of mellow, I went and checked out the Monster Men, starting with Batman number seven. I think I am gonna sit this one out. Although I might I, I might just pick the next Batman just for Riley Rossmo's art. His monsters flowed so well in those pages. I told you, I like the the monsters on that, and I think that is why he was chosen to do that. Yeah. His Batwoman is tight as fuck. 
<laughs> I, I don't know about that. She was kind of a little off to me. But since Constantine, I get a kick out of his heart. So it oh, gave me a, a smile. It, it fits that. And that's why the like the gruesome stuff and the, the crazy, the, it does fit him. So it gave me a smile seeing him on Batman. It's pretty cool to see an artist graduate from smaller books to big titles, like when Sorrentino went from Eye Vampire to Green Arrow, and now Old Man Logan. Or Jason Faba going from Detective Comics to Justice League. It's kind of like Corey Haim going from smaller roles to starring roles after going to those Hollywood parties. Oh. Corey Haim. Ooh. While I didn't know if Rossimo was going to be doing any Batman in the future, that last preview for issue number nine was fucking crazy. That's I put that out today. If you like comics in general, you need to read this fucking thing. In four pages, Tom King does more with Bane's origin than the actual Nightfall storyline sequential art at its finest. Yeah, that's the preview I put up today. Tony, I I'll, clicked on it to look at it. I never actually did. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to let you know my thoughts and conclusion of the Red Dawn, which every time Red Dawn's mentioned, he has it in one of the ways they said it in the book. He's actually put pictures here. Uh, <laughs> the Red Dawn storyline. I thought it was well done, and even after all the Red Dawn cliffhanger endings, I didn't feel gypped that Red Dawn has actually really arrived quite yet hasn't really arrived quite yet and is really just starting. And with this last issue being pretty awesome, I think I'm going to stick with Green Lanterns a little longer. I guess we have, uh, I guess we'll ha now have a bunch of endings with Rami yelling about how the Dominators are coming. He has that picture too. Anyway, I left an actual drunk voicemail, which we heard earlier. Yes, we did. Hope it came through. It should have. It was the instructions on how to leave a voicemail on the Weird Science DC Comics hotline. By the way, I want to congratulate you guys on the 11-hour podcast. I finally made it through Thursday. I usually get about halfway through the first day and take it in small doses the rest of the week. Keep it up. Written and lettered by Alex M. Thanks, and, Alex. Yeah, that's his man. Thanks. I'm thinking about it, too. I don't know if I said this previously in the other mail sections, but... Green Lanterns, I'm back on board with. I'm telling you, I, I yelled and yelled. Yeah. This is the title I was looking forward to the most when Rebirth was announced. They started giving us titles. And then the books we got, I'm like, I don't like this. It's bullshit every issue. I'm back on board now. I'm very yeah. excited about this series. Yeah, I am too. I really do like it. And really all it took was a little more character building issue. and for Jessica and Simon to get along. Yeah. That's all I wanted. I, you, you can't uh, have them bickering too much. It was thrown together really fast last issue. I still loved it. Yep. Yes, sir. -y. And now the next mail is from G. Please get Brian Hitch off Justice League, please. Hey, I don't Hi, know Jim how we can that. You do it. How? Hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I know I wrote in earlier, but the painfully bad Justice League number five compelled me to write in again. It is official. Brian Hitch is the worst comic book writer in DC Comics today. Even with the finale of the Extinction Machine story arc, I still have no idea what exactly the Kindred were about and who the Purge were. Even though the Kindred kept on talking about how they need to finish their song to keep the world from breaking apart, the Justice League apparently didn't get the message and concerned themselves on how to save the innocent people that are trapped inside the Kindred's bodies. But while they were trying to save the people trapped inside of the Kindred's bodies, the Green Lanterns and Cyborg proceeded to transporting the mysterious Cyborg-looking alike look-alikes beings in the broken-apart world into the bodies of the Kindred. Am I the only person that sees that this could potentially endanger the people inside of the Kindred's bodies? No, everybody uh -huh. saw that. 
Why would Cyborg think that transporting mysterious, ominous-looking beings like that look like him near the innocent bystanders would be a good idea? I, I think, in in defense, I think that at that point they were trying to pull something out of their collective assets. Eric, I'm telling you, we talked about this on the Justice League, but from what we gathered in the Purge, when Cyborg found out their frequency or whatever. Yeah, these change humans in my mind so that the kindred can't use them. So they will be affecting the people inside. That's their whole purpose. They don't fight the kindred; they change they, people. Yeah, it's weird though. It, it, they they also though that's what's weird. But they also do fight the kindred. But they didn't seem to do that just on their own. It was stupid. I don't know. It really was. Uh, Fuck you, again, though, remember, though, he did say that he controls them now mm-hmm. so he could point them in the right direction and kind of do. But he says, but they'll do their original purpose. It, it was nonsense. It made no sense. Like you said, they should have went inside and, and converted all those people. But those people were already converted at that point that they seemed to be. I don't know. I don't know. And it seems Superman doesn't get the memo that they need to save the people trapped inside of the kindred's bodies as he brings out one of the large orbs that is disrupting the Earth's crust out in the atmosphere and lets it disruptive energies destroy the kindred uh, and have them disintegrate. Does it do that, G? Because I don't know. I thought they just created earthquakes to destroy the Earth so the kindred couldn't do what they wanted. Yeah, but at the end, it doesn't. It, it pulses and disintegrates. Oh, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. It does. It pull, He even says it's going to go. Oh, and I he's understand like, oh, that. It's an just earthquake doesn't make machine. sense. I that guess doesn't the, hurt anything besides Yeah, but here's the, the deal. Uh, the only thing that the earthquake, it, it probably did just pulse, but it, it, that would cause a, an earthquake if it's in the crust. Why didn't so, it hurt Superman or any of the people? No, it didn't hurt anybody the, else. It, yeah. it, that's what I'm saying. None of the heroes even were knocked down. No. With this action, according to Cyborg and one panel, the kindred are broken up once again into the people that were trapped inside of them, yet none of the Just League members even proceed to rescue them. Yeah, they just stand there. I forgot yeah. to mention that. I have in my notes. They just stand there they, talking about... It's like Nightwing yeah, when that girl is falling yeah, in Batman. I guess, they'll be, I guess they'll be casualties. There's people bleeding out. They're just like, yep. And we, we saw these kindred. They were as tall as skyscrapers, so yeah. there had to be some people oh, in yeah. the head people section. People were falling... The most any of the Justice League members do in reacting to the people is Flash saying there may be casualties. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's what you say. That that's kind of like, yep, I guess there'll be casualties. They're still going on. Damage. The funniest part of the book was when Hitch and Bat had Batman narrate the third act rule in one of the latter pages when everything seemed dire and they needed Superman's help. Batman actually says that's just my favorite. Yeah. It's a stalemate. Evenly matched now. Need something to tip it our way before they finish sending their signal. Normally, this is where one of us pulls out something amazing and unexpected out of our collective assets. Thank you, Batman. So stupid. Batman has become the official play-by-play commentator of the Justice League. He's, He's like, drunk. this is Howard Cosell. Nobody no, knows man. who that no, is no, anymore. No, 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 dude. He's drunk. He's at the yeah. 40. He's like... <laughs> This man is drunk. He's taking his shirt off. He's 40, his 30, chest. 20, 10. He's turning around. Why aren't they tackling him? The police are on there. <laughs> and the narrator of the story structure in a comic. I couldn't stop laughing at how bad that line was. The only thing I appreciated about this comic was the artist Tony Daniel comes back to pencil for this book. Yet there are so many questions unanswered. I give this book a 2 out of 10, he says. Damn. Sincerely, G.M. Chunk. And yeah, it was it was bad. People don't know who Howard Cosell is anymore. I don't think they would. Uh, this right. is Howard Cosell. That's a pretty good one, right? That's, a That's really all I good can Howard. say. That's all I can say. That's all you need to say. What? What? Uh, uh, 
Cyborg is here, and he's looking for trouble. This was truly a spectacle to see. This is a spectacle. You go watch uh, Better Off Dead. Seriously. The, the, the Chinese guys, they, they do a good job. Asian guys aren't. Asians. D-Ron is the next thing. He has the month in review. Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. I wanted to take a moment to give my thoughts on some books I've been reading over the past month. Bloodlines number six. A good end to a solid series all the way around. I like the ending involving that creepy little girl. I hope they launch another mini involving these characters at some point, but something tells me that's not at the top of DC's priority list. I don't think it'll happen. Detective Comics 940. Looks as if Tim Drake's been taken off the Rebirth gaming board. Tell the truth, it wouldn't have made much sense if Tim was killed considering he's tying his favorite Robin. Also, I have a hunch that readers would have dropped off the book had Tim actually died and the tidal wave of hate mail for time and would have commenced. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number four. Finally, business is really starting to pick up here. The Guy Gardner stuff was on point in this issue. Now somebody needs to slap John Stewart and get his ass motivated. What's that? I I agree. I love the Guy Gardner stuff and Hal Jordan. Yeah. Something's amiss with Sornik and Hal, and I think that it won't bode well in the end for the Snustro core. Green Lanterns, enough already. Make this a monthly book. Twice a month is too much for this nonsense. The only way this could continue on to be a bi-weekly title is if you put Baz in the core book and put Hal with Jessica. You could have Hal train Jessica and save her over... And have her overcome her anxiety issues. At this point, it would not surprise me at all if Cruz is the GL that will be featured in the GL, JL movie or its sequel. The last I checked, Wonder Woman is the sole female on the team. Yeah, I don't know, no, D-Ron. I'm just really starting to like this Green Lantern book. It's coming I'm together sure. in my eyes. Right, he says, The Hellblazer number one. I left out this book in my last email on accident. I signed on to this book thinking it would be a bit of a wild card title. I'm glad I did. Dialogue and character interactions between Constantine, Swamp Thing, and Mercury are excellent. I am also a big history buff and love all things World War One. Moritat and Simon Oliver are doing great things here, and I intend on sticking around. I said, uh, that book surprised me. I know. Not, it's a good I am series. not a Constantine fan. I I like it. And that it is a monthly book, I think, helps out as well. Also, it, I it, actually forget it's a book sometimes, though, even though I enjoy it. Yeah. Because well, it is mean, a monthly like, book. All of a sudden, it'd be a Hellblazer. Oh, oh Hellblazer. Yeah. yeah, but I actually think that that's a book that just, there's not enough to make it. No, out I agree. Of. There's no reason that Now, this next one I book. wish actually was bi-monthly. So, Red Hood and the Outlaws number two. I think the pacing is fine here at just a monthly title. I have included a link to my review over at the, his site, Murph Manor. I, I, I will just say, go to his site. It's Murph Manor, M-U-R-P-H-M-A-N-O-R.blogspot.com and go over there and read all his reviews, including including the Red Hood one. He does yeah. other companies as well. And then he says in other news, if there were a parody to a film full of parodies, then Spaceballs would look a lot different with the whole new casting. Here is casting picks. Reggie would be President Scroob. Chris would be Yogurt. Eric, you'd be Colonel Sanders. And I would be Dark Helmet. What's up, Dark Helmet? Can I? Why didn't anybody tell me my ass is this big? Isn't that what he says? What he, his no, that hair, was President Scroob. No, was it? I thought it was him. I would cast myself as either the guy with the crossed eyes that can't shoot worth the shit. John Cryer. Or, or the guy that gets shot in the balls. John Cryer. What, was that John Cryer in that? Or are you thinking of uh, freaking Walleye and goddamn, uh, what's it called? Freaking the... Uh, oh, shit, you might the, be right. Yeah, you're thinking of that with uh, yeah, Charlie fuck, Sheen. Yeah, fucking um, Hot Shots. Hot Shots, yeah. When he's <laughs> yeah, Walleye. Yeah, shit. 
walleye. The dinner scene should have Dancing Mike play the alien bursting out of John Hurt's chest singing, <laughs> Hello, my baby. I leave it up to you guys to film the rest of the cast. Keep it weird, D. Ron. I'm too tired. I'm too oh tired God, to yeah. do things. Uh, the next one is Who the hell would be Lone Star? We Lone don't have, we have all villains here except for Yogurt. Lone Star would be... I say it would be freaking, what's his name? Pistol. Pistol will be Lone Star. All right. Yeah. Who's Barf? I don't know. I I would actually think Reggie would be a better Barf. I I don't know why. I don't know why. But Toby is next. Toby is. He has an idea for a segment, and this isn't even his podcast. He says, (laughs) word up, homies. That sounds so corny coming from a Brit. Hello, you bunch of cunts. Is that better? Anyways, I got, casual a, use of the word cunt over there. I got a question that could be seen as a pitch to you guys for a new segment on the podcast because we need so many more. As an independent filmmaker, I once wrote a script that I realized I'd never be able to afford to make on a shoestring budget. <laughs> One night while furiously masturbating the fantasies of Christina Ricci, I had the genius idea of turning the script into a comic book and then using the comic book as a marketing tool to help raise the budget for the film. The comic would also act as a storyboard for the film in pre-production. The film script became a three-issue comic book miniseries, and I wrote the first of the three books. Then nothing ever came of it. Every now and then I'd write down story concepts for the second and third book, but I never did anything with them. I found the script for the first book six years later and approached a couple of artists on Reddit uh, to gauge interest in the project. I could never tell if they just wanted the paycheck I was offering them or if it was genuine enjoyment of the script, but the reaction was positive and this was encouraging. So here's my pitch to you. I and other listeners could send you our comic book scripts for critique. You could rate them, give feedback, and offer up your genuine opinion to them. After all, who else can we count on for the brutal honesty if not you guys? Your thoughts, gentlemen, please. Much love, Toby. And I I'll love tell you, Toby, but I'll never do that. I'll tell you, I wouldn't. I if he was going to send us the stuff, I'd read it and tell him what I thought. Uh, I, for you, the podcast this, would be crazy. We've had all these like independent guys, just regular guys making their podcast. I mean, uh, comics who want to send it to us so we can review it to give them ideas. And we feel so awkward doing this because these are just you know these aren't big companies; these are just regular guys. And we feel really bad well, if we don't I, like something. Believe me, if if Toby sent something and I was like, boy, this really sucks, I would feel bad. Exactly. I, 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 but I, I, I have a feeling to Toby's stuff's pretty good. Yeah, I imagine so. I, I'm telling but, you, yeah, I, I just would feel so weird about doing that. Just send it to me, Toby. If you don't hear from me, then you <laughs> could think the worst. Actually, I'll just keep saying that I'm lazy. Now, the the worst, what Eric, I, I think you're saying, is a guy started talking to me on Twitter at one point. And he asked me if I liked Indiana Jones and or something came up with Indiana Jones. I think I may have even done a just for the hell of it. Indiana Jones comic review is what actually came up. And Indiana Jones to me, that's my favorite. Oh, yeah. I like the Raiders of the Lost Ark trilogy, the first three. I'm not going to put that crystal skull. Indiana Jones trilogy. You're right. The trilogy is. that's I like that more than Star Wars. That was my biggest thing. I loved it. And when they were coming out, you know, almost like simultaneously back and forth, I really did like the Indiana Jones stuff more. It made me want to be an archaeologist, which my dad shot down. So I was idiot. really into Indiana Jones. So I did this just for the hell of it, mentioning that, hey, I, it's my favorite thing ever. And I, well, this guy read the review and then started hounding me to review his script. 
on what would be like the next Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones movie. Five. And um, the problem is, is, as he kept asking me to do this, I'm lazy. Now, this a comic book is, you know, 21 pages, yeah. fine. This script was huge. And I wasn't going to read it, so I just, I tried to be nice about it. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, what what did you like about it? Then I finally had to admit, hey, I didn't really get through it yet. And then I just kind of like, I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. He he hounded me, like probably ten times a day. When are you going to read it? When are you going to read it? Did you read it? Did you read it? What do you think? Did you read it? And then he started telling me things like, I want to know what you think because Steven Spielberg has already blocked me on Twitter. And this person has blocked everybody had blocked his ass on Twitter because he just was insane. Hell and then like finally, I had to block him on it's Twitter. The first bl- person we blocked. Yeah, it was on the Twitter. first, probably first and one of the only uh, pers- people that I had to block. He just would not stop, and it it drove me nuts. And I, I would come- it, you and I have also talked. Like we've had people from other countries send us stuff, little independent stuff that they've done themselves. Yeah. And if we don't like it, we don't want to say that we don't well, like it. We yeah, the independent bad. stuff is tough because, yeah, and a lot of times, or like even people have put their heart in this guy. Well, there's think, even stuff that I don't even even pass on to you, or even let yeah. you know. There's a lot of times that people will be like, "Hey, I have this Kickstarter here. Can, I'll give it to you for free. Can you read it and review it? Because that'll, you know, if we yeah. review it and we like it, maybe that'll get some things. There. And sometimes I'll read the stuff, and it's just not good. And instead of me putting out a one out of ten review, we just don't review it. We, yeah. And but these people don't get it. They don't. They don't stop. So yeah, but I yeah, feel bad about things like that. So I don't want to do. I it. still. I I want Toby to send me his deal. I want to see what it's like. And, and just as a you know, I, I think Toby is is good enough that he just he'll take the honesty, the brutal yeah. honesty. It's I just a feel piece bad. of steer, Toby. Yeah, you it could be great. Suck. You suck shit. <laughs> there you go and then Toby I might even illustrate it myself with stick figures and Eric has seen my exquisite stick figure art children, children of the corn children pops. of the corn pops oh yeah <laughs> that was that that was the, my own creation nobody will sue me about that but yeah I wouldn't mind saying it if you if you want to just give it and uh just speaking of that though we had talked about at points doing something on the website with like a uh, fan fiction type deal or whatever. I don't know. If things get pretty cool, you can even do that. You can get somebody to illustrate it, put it on the net. I don't know why he wouldn't put it on his podcast yeah. or podcast, his website and ours, but who knows? But yeah, I'll, I'll give it a look. Eric, Eric's too lazy. No, no, I'm not. I just feel really yes. bad if I don't like something. You're lazy. But yeah, that is that part of the mail. We're going to go off and talk to Reggie. Man, Reggie will read anything, you sure. know. Right, that, that shit he likes people like a time. motherfucker holy moly
And we're back. Yeah. What was, we are what back. was that? That was Reunited by uh, Peaches and Herb. Wow. Because we are hitting uh, Aquaman number seven with you, Reggie. It's your books. And you know what? Aquaman and Mara, they're getting back together. They're That's getting right. the band back together. And uh, all lovey-dovey. I thought you were right? telling everybody she was going to die, Jim. She still will. Oh, I'm God. telling you, that when she starts fighting the wedding and they're not going to get married, then everything's fine for her. The minute that things get better, that's it's they're done. Nemo. Does it, does it, it count if she turns, if she like ages to 98 and just dies of natural occurrences? I'll still be right. You're gonna Eventually, be like, she will die. die. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's by old age, if it's by Nemo, if it's by the Fisher King or whatever the hell he wants to call She's himself. She's going to die now. in a teleportation accident on her way to the Watchtower. Well, no, she won't. She'll just end up being mangled like uh, the fly, like the fly. and then Arthur will just kill her. He'll put her out of her misery. <laughs> She'll become uh, the yes. queen shark. Yes, this is the Reggie section of the podcast. So, uh, welcome, Reggie. How are you? Hi, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Have a good What's week. Up, yep, things not too going long great. This week. Only a couple oh, right. of books. Oh, I had a great comics week. Let me tell you, yeah. I read comics, and then I also there was a comic. I was telling these guys about some. Great comics I was reading last night that I don't think we should talk about on the air. No, Good. no, but, those are uh, comics that tell you to do bad things. Yeah, so bad they were bad boy comics, but yes, uh, they so were. It's been a great time. But uh, in general, your comics you enjoyed uh, more than I did mine, I believe. Oh yeah, it really? was weird. Um, this week we I put out the pod uh, the pick of the week deal where we have everything that's over an eight. Eric was half of them. Sure that was, was very odd. Eric had uh, a lot of good ones. What, what, yes. what, uh, Tr- Trinity, well, you didn't do two. What, did you give it an eight or a seven? I gave it an eight. Solid eight. That yeah. made it. Solid eight. Uh, but yeah, Eric, though, had two. Uh, you had one and I had one. But, Summertime's uh, over now. Or did you have move? one, Reggie? You didn't even have one. All I don't think I had one this week. All yours were a solid score. Yeah. yeah well, but, we're going to start with this one, which I think of yours was the best of the bunch. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it, which is the uh, first time in a long time. And this yes. was Aquaman number seven, written by Dan Abnitz, art by Scott Eaton, Wayne Foucher, and Gabe Altayeb. Now that he's back in Atlantis, it's time for Aquaman to get down to the business of brooding in his Oval Office, while advisors line up to tell him what he missed in the six hours he was gone. Yeah. Merck has discovered subterfuge over at the sunken freighter, while Elder Koa tells Mara she's got to go on Atlantean Double Dare before marrying the king. But the most interesting part is Black Manta assuming head of the entire Nemo Yacht Club and using his power to free an underwater Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. That's about it. Now, I will tell you, the number one thing that I liked about this issue was I had been complaining. I yelled at Eric all week this uh, this week at work. I I was hoping how the hell How the hell could Black Manta just go kill the Fisher King and then everybody's fine with it? We see in this, this issue... That's just how things work there. That's if how the they, Nemo rolls. The, but, Nemo but he, he rolls by medieval. Convene the board, you know. He yeah, did it, before the board and kill two of them. Yeah, really. You, you go to a board meeting there. You better bring weapons uh, because <laughs> shit gets it gets nasty very quick. This is a medieval society. This Nemo. Uh, I do still wish that he would call himself Captain Nemo, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's the Fisher King. I really hope and he doesn't call himself the Fisher King. My kid doesn't now, be Black Manta. Hey, he already did. And I do like the whole thing that I said to Eric, like, why would Blackjack just sit there? She addresses it. She's, She's like, I, 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 yeah, she yep. goes, I know where the wind blows. I'm just going to go. She's a booster. I like yeah. power. 
But yeah, it starts Electric off with the power. Yeah, every, everybody in Atlantis wants to talk to Arthur. He's, he's back, like you said. He's been gone six hours. He's been gone <laughs> a, a couple a couple more. He's been in jail, but yeah, he's back. Uh, I know and, I exaggerated, but yeah, yes. short time. All these guys want to see him, and you see right away that this is very much pushing what had been pushed in the New Fifty Two Aquaman. Is Aquaman does not go by tradition. And this is just, it, it's thrown at your, in your face over and over again. And, and dude, it continues really in this. Af- I was really afraid when I opened this book too, because even before Rebirth, we've been dealing with a lot of the political side of Atlantis and what Aquaman does. And I found it boring as shit. So when I opened the first page and to see a bunch of people who are in the government of Atlantis talking to other like, Oh God, not again. Yeah, yeah but it's still, it really is. Video. It's nothing new. It's no. the same stuff that we got anyway, because it's just going to keep going with that Aquaman. He he's progressive. He wants to do it the new way. He doesn't honor tradition. It's been that's the deluge's problem oh, yeah. in the new fifty two. We're going to continue here, but yeah, he's sitting there with Mara while all these guys and Mara says, "You're real popular there. Everybody wants to talk to You're you." Popular. He's just sitting there staring at his Justice League ID card. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, and I'm like, it, this on, is what, 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 the next girlfriend. Happen? Yeah, well, I, I, like, do you really need an ID card? Like, well, what do you have to scan hey, in front of the, the security guard? That's why Eric point? doesn't go to Aldi's. He thinks so that Aldi a needs a super card. Uh, he doesn't I, have this the I super card. Would be like a chip or some sort of a you know I don't know. I would just think that yeah, you you're Aquaman, you're in. You don't need that card. What happens if he loses the, it? Well, the same. The card is the way you teleport. It's just ridiculous. And my thing, and I said, have... you know, he, he was one punch away from a free sl- sl- uh, Slurpee on this. Side. Yeah, really. <laughs> this shot, this the, spread, though, him looking out this window, though, is great. And there are a couple yeah. of big spreads like this in the book. Oh, yeah. Really awesome. I love the art. I, yeah. I just think it's just odd that, like Eric said, that card is where you insert it to go to the watchtower. You know, it's only made to so he could lose it and yeah. anybody could get to the watchtower. I'm really sure that that's yeah. what's... The being the, shown the, the here. The ID card's been a mainstay of the Justice League for a long time. It's just ridiculous. It and I'm telling you, picture on there. I know, but it's like, I don't know. It's it, it's something you don't see brought out a lot because you know, I'm you telling you, you, I think it's brought out to... here. It's brought out here because it's going to be used by somebody later to get oh, yeah, to the Watchtower. That, that's the only reason. Even if it's just Mara, who if Aquaman's in trouble and she's right. going to go, but I yeah, they're only pulling that up for that. accident. So ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, like uh, to look like him, put on an he's sitting shirt. there and, uh, you know, he doesn't belong in Atlanta. All he, he has to do is dress like Aquaman. Everybody's going to think it's Aquaman. Yeah. That's um, true. Actually, it looks just like him. The whole <laughs> thing is, you know, they do, he doesn't know where he belongs because now he doesn't even think he belongs in the Justice League because Superman gave him a beat down <laughs> and a stern warning. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. But the, this is where we start with the elders coming in and all these statesmen coming in. And the first one is... uh what is it, Koa, Elder yeah. Koa, comes in and says basically, hey, you're going to marry Mara. She's from Zebel. Uh, we got some processes. She has to go through to prove her worthiness. And it, it is all ceremony, says it's this. But, and then Possible Arthur's female basically, circumcision, who knows? And uh, Arthur just <laughs> says, go to hell. This isn't going to happen. And again, it, this is what keeps continuing with Arthur. And he just doesn't learn. And it yeah. is getting on my nerves that eventually he's got to learn that this is what has fucked him since the beginning of the new 52. At least since he's gone back to Atlantis. It's always this. It's always him saying, you know, we're not doing this. I don't go by that. We're changing shit up. And he wants to 
change everything like, oh, we want to accept the surface world for the first time. But he never respects the old ways at all. So this is why they're all against him. And it's That's ridiculous. Because the Lamians are lame, bro. This is, you know, he wants yeah. to get down with the new way. Well, there is no new way. He's making up his goddamn We got way. Wi-Fi up here. You know what I mean? But I then, have yeah. anything down there. Then Merc comes in and wants to tell him about what happened at I Bad like how he shoves, he shoves this woman aside <laughs> to the company. He's like, yeah. I will speak with the king. Yeah. And and she's pissed. And again, she starts yelling that, you know, oh, yeah, the drip goes ahead of the fleet always, but we're there to clean up their mess. Everybody, it just shows. Atlantis is a mess. Arthur is not a good Bunch king. Jerks. He, he's just, he's not doing anything. He's just sitting there moping. And yeah. uh, that's where Merc tells him that that attack on that battleship was obviously by surface people because the helmets that they left had a device there, a breathing device. That wouldn't be. And I, I, what's weird about that, they were left there for, you know, the Americans to find. That's Don't you think I they would have figured this time. out? What's they, that? They, they freaking, they, it was left there for the Americans to find. The government would have came in, got all the evidence, like, yeah. yep, they were breathing yeah. air, must be yeah. Atlantis. Yeah, it, it was so ridiculous that why would know, they have done I, this? Anything to, anything to hang the blame on them, you know, I, who knows? But yeah, but still, like Atlantis wouldn't need these breathing apparatus. That nope. it's so stupid that they would have included that, well, that the in the helmet. Has been adjusted, you see, so maybe they yeah. didn't think it was naturally broken. I don't know, but it, it, I did it, like I did like that. You know, the last time we saw Merck and these people, they were being beset by the the Americans showed up while they were looking at this freighter, and yeah. he explains it here that they just got away. The Poncherine. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I, well, I, and I, the, the other the other part, I, I love. That's how you say it. <laughs> I love it I like, too I like that, that they he get away though because it's just like oh yeah that's a, that is a good explanation because well it's funny though because he makes the direction. the call that they're good at running away yeah that's yeah. basically what he says we're good at running away like, I, 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 I think like away. a school of fish scattering I don't know I yeah. thought it was a cool idea well then you go and you see uh, Black Mana and the Nemo and that's where you have that board meeting of Nemo where there's friggin' death. People, black man is just slicing his way through the the whole deal, and now that then first it person he throws through the window, and we start the scene off. Was that the Fisher King to you guys? Did he just throw a dead body out a window to like cause some shit? No, it, well, I just think it was just somebody else getting thrown out. It just out. looks like yeah. the, like the whole outfit the Fisher King had on. It Unless he brought him to the meeting, yeah, he brought him to the meeting and threw him out. I, I don't think that's what it would be. Meeting I adjourned. Think that's everybody. <laughs> but yeah, they're all fighting. And then he, he spells it out. Listen, you all have spelled out that this Nemo is based on whoever wants to be in charge. You kill the other people. Now I'm in charge. Let's go. Blackjack's with him. And they even spell it. And they even say, um, about how they have been the ones who set up Aquaman and all that with the, the crazy battleship and all that, that they are the ones who did it. Yeah, and uh, they, I think this is the first time that they flat out admit it, though. They yes. were flying it the whole time. Yeah, so they're they're talking about that, but then we go back to uh, Aquaman, and Aquaman's going to go down and talk to Coram Wrath, who is the leader of the Deluge, and he wants to know if they're involved. Then they're not. Um, this but whole scene he, is actually my favorite part of the book, with the like, because Coram Wrath he never changes his approach, but he is a little pissed off. The surface dwellers are trying to uh, cause yeah, shit. Yeah, but uh, here's the bad thing, though. It, it, he's ridiculous because he's they, he flip flops within this. He, it's it's really bad writing to me at one I point with it. him uh, because he was all right. He says when Arthur goes down, he wants to know, and the Deluge is not the ones doing it. 
Yeah. And so he says, Arthur's like, listen, I need your help because they're doing this, the deluge. They're using the deluge as a scapegoat. They're trying to make it look like the deluge. And he says, I'm glad our good name is being put to use. You know, it's our, our name's being put to good use. And then Arthur says, someone from the surface is using your group's name. They want to trigger a war so that they have a legitimate excuse to uh, destroy Atlantis. Nothing has changed in what he said the first time to the second, and then he goes, no. No, the it, it makes well, no sense to me. It's all the said. Someone's engineering a war. But it doesn't matter. He's saying, hey, it's good use. What? Who did he think they were talking about? Other Atlanteans? No. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the fact that surface is bolded is the important part. And it's just stupid, though. For him, first off, Aquaman would have first come out and said that right away. He's trying to do this. It's the stupidest use of two panels I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it, it's ridiculous. I and like then the... I, I thought it was ridiculous. Like I said, he's like, oh, good. Yeah, it's being put to good use. No, it's a surface door. Oh, shit. And then at shit. the end, though, he, he, is, he actually has to ponder this because he's playing like this weird fucking game where he can't win because, yeah, the delusion is making Atlantis look bad, but it's like the surface dwellers making the, like, you know, it's a whole thing where I don't know what to do now. I'm not going to help you, but I don't like this situation either. Yeah, but uh, he says he's not going to help him. Yeah, and he's upsetting. not going to help him because it's not because of the surface dwellers. He's not going to help because Arthur doesn't respect the old ways. No, I agree. Yeah. He was not going to help, though, but he kind of wants to because he doesn't like the surface dwellers doing shit. Before, yeah, well, name. he says, I wish I could help, but I can't because the delusion isn't involved. So go to hell. Yeah. And that's how it ends. Yeah, I don't think he ever would have helped them because he hates Arthur. I, I really do think that in general, he wants Atlantis to go down so that people could rebuild it without Arthur. He hates him. He's yeah. always hated him. And then he says, I, I wish that I could like you more, but it's your progressive ways. You, you don't respect customs and traditions. And he's right. He's and then, right. And this also leads to freaking Aquaman realizing, you know what? Maybe I do have to backpedal a bit with my ideas and do and a little it's bit. It's funny, though, because I didn't even get that. Because the, you know who listens is Mara, not yeah. not Arthur. Arthur's still like, ah, well, tomorrow will be too late. I'm getting out of here. And that's when Mara says, hey, you know what? Maybe we should do this thing with tradition. I can do this thing with Koa. And I don't even think Arthur still gets the idea. He's just like, oh, you don't have to do that. He still is against it. Yeah, I know. He still wants the guy to be, is so uh, hard headed. He freaking never wants to do Thankfully, this. Thankfully, Mara's there to, to like you know take care of some things like well, this. Well, yeah. then she finally he finally is like, okay, whatever. It's so ridiculous. You, and then they you can do they start you making want. out. Uh, it's ridiculous. I'm starting to hate <laughs> this issue more and more. Uh, I'm telling you that this issue I like it more than what we've gotten because at least we're going somewhere. But Arthur is the worst king. I wish that this book would get that stuff fuck out of this fucking king shit and move into something fun because this we've been dealing with this now for over probably 50 issues now, including the new 52 and the DCYOU. It, it, nothing has changed. It, it just keeps treading water with this fucking shit with the king and the surface world. It just hopefully black mana uh, being involved here will change it because it, it really is getting boring to me. And I know all these other people are going on and on about how great this book is. Uh, I don't see it. Um, but it's like I okay said, this issue, this issue yeah, is okay. A wide overstatement, but uh, yeah, I'm not saying this issue. I'm saying in general, since the yeah. rebirth, no, no, so this is one of the weakest books that we've had. It's it true. really is of the, of, since the rebirth, and for quite a little while. Yeah, now. I can see that. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not one that has wowed me. It's but, no Superman. Uh, you know, that's what goddamn. Well, sure. some people like it, I guess. But yeah, I hear of the other podcasts, and they're wowing and whippy, zippity doo dah. Uh, 
But yeah, that's when uh, you go back to Black Man and Black Man, and then they are talking about how they have set up Nemo saying, you know, we set up Atlantis. They think it's the Atlantis. The surface world's going to kill them. And that's where Black Man is like, you know what? I know Aquaman. Uh, you guys have been, you know, pulling punches behind the scenes. We're going to go. We're going to step out of the shadows here. And I don't know. It's weird. He's, he becomes the Fisher King for two seconds and he's going to change hundreds of years it's of what they've been doing. Aquaman. And, uh, he's going to do that. But they, they, I guess in this, you have to listen to him and they go through a bunch of different things that they can do. They have a bunch of, uh, different plans where, you know, some aren't ready. It, it, again, this seems to be a drawn out thing of him and, and blackjack talking Ivo about out there it was weird too i'm like okay that's we what i'm saying it, it just it's when i think weird. of ivo i think of amazo but amazo that's what i was thinking but yeah, yeah but he, like, he does do other things though here yeah and there. but it's just weird because it's like almost like hey is that plan ready no it's too soon how about ivo now we really have to work that out okay well let's do okay, the big we'll thing ivo yeah. yeah yeah it just it's like there's a bunch of different things they're going to do but they're going to go with the big one uh which we find out at the end is some crazy deal. Do you know what it is? I have no idea. No, I it just looks like some. Because right. well, I always, like I said, I think of uh, Amazo every time I think of Professor Ivo. But then I'm looking at this thing. All right, what is this? I'm gonna look through a little bit of research. Found nothing, and I'm like, yeah. all right. And we've had we've had before where there were these Atlantic Atlantean monsters coming out of uh, you know the oh yeah what, uh, that, like every other story the arc. trench and all yeah they yeah. had these big things especially when Jeff Parker took over there was a yeah. lot of things uh, with these monsters but then we get a call back to Eric's favorite uh, Deadwater investigation so where mad. Aquaman I'm like don't talk about that yeah Aquaman needs to get a hold of somebody he needs some surface world uh, you know contact so he calls the FBI and, and he calls these two terrible story arc yeah. you owe me a favor yeah and he calls these two they're they're Mara fangirls of course they have to bring it up again but yeah, yeah. that's all they care about is Mara these two women and uh, he calls them up and they're like, hey, when I, I'm going to need you guys I need you to look into some things uh, give me a call when you're done he just I, wants to see because they had scavenger. He wants to see of anybody who has been buying out Atlantean tech. I really thought these characters out. were done though. Like in my mind, we left these behind, and I don't remember her name, but we called her Crikey. Came in, I thought Crikey would be the yeah. Actually, when he was going to call, I thought it was going to be Crikey. So did I. Lieutenant Joanna Stubbs of the Royal yeah, Navy. Stubbs. Uh, what happened there? We haven't seen her since like the. Yeah, I thought there. she was going to be the connection, but instead, uh, you know, we well, get. She showed up Irvin. at Amnesty Bay a couple like issues ago, maybe last or second to last issue, just to be show up at uh, Arthur's Lighthouse, and that's it. Yep, we yeah, get Irving and Arnie. Someone, uh, something I forget. Yeah, but these are the FBI agents that had helped out during the uh, the Deadwater Dead water. deal that ended the New Fifty Two, or close to being the end of the New Fifty Two, right? Yeah. It was, it was right, right before it was right before Dan Abnett like switched up to really get ready for rebirth was that last last uh, thing. Sure but was. There's I'm looking the at this sca- monster at the end that freaking comes down. I'm like, if he wasn't brown, he would look like Marvel's Man Thing right away. I was just gonna Man. say that. I swear to God, he looks like the Marvel's Man Thing. But yeah, that's when oh, it ends. It ends speaker. with him being this monster being let loose and it's heading <laughs> off to Atlantis to rip it apart. But this is why I hate the ocean. You never yeah. know what's down there. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like Atlantis is in trouble. The one per the one girl's like, "Mommy, I hear something shaking." Don't be silly, child. <laughs> like, no, Stupid. you better be silly. That's just it's just zodiac stones. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that's about it. Not not a ton happens. Uh, we start 
going oh, well, towards... I, I think a lot more happens in this issue. Well, it happens more than those uh, things of just fighting. But still, really, you set up Black Manor, which is, the, I, to me, that was the best part, is Black Manor. And you realize that Aquaman still is an idiot and doesn't respect <laughs> his elders in the old ways. But, it is uh, true. What did you give it, Randy? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'd give it a 6.5 is what I have down. I would give it a 7. No. It's okay. I, I want more. I, I didn't want more of the FBI agents, Irving no. and Arnie, but I, really uh, we're gonna, I guess we're going to get more of that, but uh, that was okay. I don't want to be reminded of Deadwater. Yeah, but uh, the next book is what, Reggie? Harley Quinn, number four, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Joseph Michael Linsner and Alex Sinclair. The zombie horde is dead and the streets of Coney Island are being hosed down. What's a do-gooding gal to do? Well, advertise for a hot dog stand, learn the secret to life from Frank Thierry, and fly to Mumbai to take down a cold-calling telephone scam. All in a day's work for the sociopathic hero to the elderly and small business owners. Yeah. yeah. Reggie, you can talk these about recaps, this. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> They're just great. Just sum it right up. <laughs> I'm looking at it. You, right, you tell us about, about this. Let's move yes, on. <laughs> you, you tell us all about this issue, Reggie. Well, Harley, you know, I'll tell you one thing about this. You know, the, the artist, uh, Joseph Michael Linsner, he's worked with uh, Palmiotti and Connor before. I didn't love his art in this issue. I so didn't know. I was, okay. I was really afraid you were going to say you liked it because that's the biggest thing I found about this where even as the more as the issue progressed, I hated the way Harley looked. Too many weird profiles, too many stiff poses. Uh, I don't know, just a lot of line work seems like it's very unusual for a Harley book. And like, uh, my half, favorite half her, thing. Half the issue, her face looks w- just weird to me every time I looked at it. Well, I think because it does, even even head on. I mean, the thing is, it's hard for me to, I can't sit here and be like, it's bad. It is, you know, it's it's okay. It's good yeah. art. It's not like it's, he's not, doesn't have the anatomy right, but it doesn't really look right. I guess there's no real cheesecake, and it's something I come to expect from a Harley Quinn book, you know, a little bit of, uh, Boob and button is not That's, too much. Even that, that I thought was lacking because like they even put her in the skin tight costume at the end with the ninja outfit, and I'm like, yeah. she looks kind of dumpy. I'm That's like, what I mean. Like like there's usually a certain level of sex appeal to these books, and that was sort of lacking. Yeah. Uh, in this one, but you know, it, at the same time, it wasn't breaking my heart. It just sort of, it just sort of took it down a notch for me. From what we're and, used um, to, obviously, yeah. But one thing I did like about this book, and I told you guys, was that it's a one-off story. Oh yeah, uh, so rare in comics, and there were two of those this week, wasn't there? There was another one over in uh, Superman number seven. Sure was. Uh, which was better than this one, but still, the fact that they are doing one-off stories again makes me so happy and excited for you know the future of uh, trade collections. You still there, Jim? Did you, yeah. Did you have to go to the I, I didn't care <laughs> for this issue. Doing? I'm telling you, I said for you to talk about it because I really didn't care for it. That it, it's okay. I thought you had uh, an upset tummy. I thought you had like you said, it's got a, it's a one-off. Uh, it, t- it it does a good t- uh, job of tying in the last uh, arc with the the uh, yeah. alien. That was, that was my dogs. favorite right part of this there. book. Uh, the only thing I thought when she was talking to the guy at Nathan's, um, I thought that they were going to go with that whole history thing where he was going to dress up as a nurse. Or a doctor, how they used to have it. Like right, that's right. the big story when they started like they selling them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I, I thought they were going. I thought they were going with that. I thought it was a perfect setup for that. That Harley was going to, but she was going to get it wrong and dress up like some crazy ass stripper nurse or something, and people wouldn't even realize that what she was doing. But 
Yeah, it was okay. Did you like seeing Frank Thierry in there? Yeah, Frank Thierry there, which was kind of, it made me chuckle. But again, if anything, Frank Frank was probably, what, three pages of just nonsense? It was two pages. I also like that he's a fortune teller that has the magic eight ball, it looks like, on his his desk. I'm like, really? Magic eight ball and a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, and, and really, a lot of this issue was filler. It was okay. It's the standard Harley. We say it every single oh, yeah. goddamn time that if you like Harley, you're always going to like it. It's not going to surprise you, really. Um, but I don't. if you don't like it, then you might as well just check out. Uh, I, it was okay. But yeah, I, you, the you whole gotta, story. You've got to be on the, the kiddie ride in order to enjoy this, but... This kind yeah. of took a bunch of, obviously, some loose threads through a match here. Tied, yeah. tied up a couple of things through some other little silly stories. There was really nothing wrong I, with this. I, I wanted the whole Harley issue, sense. though, to be Harley going around, like, freaking repping the Nathan's hot dog guy. That's all I really wanted. But then when we go to Mumbai, I'm like, hey, I'm kind of out. We're doing yeah, this. It was okay. Thing. I mean, it's I a funny wish thing. they had done, like, one more thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like she had done, like, the Nateman. She did the Frank Frank. Did Mumbai, and then she, they do go to Russia, but that's sort of an extension. Yeah, but that was that, that like, was a weird extension. I but then like you also made, have a, a, a fucking transformer that attacks. I mean, and it's I don't know. I feel like in order to make it more wacky to show how crazy Harley's day, you know, a day in the life yeah. of Harley is, she should have who knows I don't know gone to Antarctica and fought a polar. Well, base. usually, usually these one shots, uh, to me, uh, from reading, it always seems to be like Jimmy Pomiati is just going through his day. And whatever annoys him that day, he's like, <laughs> yep, I just got a call from India, freaking telemarketer. I'm going to fucking write that in. Like the, that one issue, uh, I think it was a one-off the one time. It was all about gentrification of freaking Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. He, he always has these, uh, you know, crazy deals. And in this, obviously, he's worked with Frank Thierry in the Gang of Harley. So he's like, yeah, Frank's always telling me he knows what he fucking, the, the ways of the world. That's what it, that's what I life. took. Yeah, I, I took it that Frank's always telling him the way life should be, and he's like, "I'll show him." <laughs> uh, yeah, they they go to they go to India and they want to take down the uh, people who are bilking the old people out of their money, mm-hmm. and basically think- you you get the idea that. These people are pretty much robots themselves. That is my favorite thing when the freaking robot comes up through the floor. Yeah, no, and all, all of them stay just in the same going. position as if they, yep. nothing ever happened. I actually, did you read all of those to see if one person yes. was going? And so did I. I wanted to see one person doing his own thing. <laughs> going it's off like script. some crazy dude going off script, all happy. But yeah, and then you have uh, Bali Quinn's freaking. Uh, cousin or whatever it is who's got the weapons and a little flirty with the harley really it's a bunch of nonsense but it's okay you know again then and then you end up with the the robot who's attacking harley this robot that is uh protecting this big conglomerate of uh uh what is it telemarketers or whatever uh it opens up yeah, it opens up and there's a, a little guy in his diaper, which is uh, something that I've seen in all these Bollywood freaking uh, videos that I see. Usually it's a Stop little kid in a diaper it. smoking. They're usually smoking it up, those guys. But, yeah, it's just goofy. It's and just Harley goofy spanks dude. him for being a bad boy. Yeah, spanks him and then goes off to goes to Russia. Kills a guy, pretty much decapitates him. I, I'm saying, that was so weird to me because like there she's just sitting there talking. All of a sudden, just pulls out a knife and this guy just lets yep. her slit his throat immediately. Yep. I'm like, why didn't you try to stop her? Like Listen. you are the worst crime boss ever. Yeah. You have an eye patch. You're supposed to be a badass. 
Call me out he's sick of getting these calls during dinner. This is where yeah, you're really. obviously this is wish fulfillment. He yeah. just to take take this guy's fucking head off. Yeah. And then says to this uh uh Ivana that's Ivan went down, of course, because he's Russian, Ivana the the sister, and yeah. says, Listen, stop all this bullshit. You know, stop this telemarketing deal because they're the big honchos behind it all, and give me some of that bacon flavored vodka and I'm out. And then I they get really in, like the bacon flavored vodka bit. Yeah. yeah. And then they laugh. get in the plane. And head on home. That's it. And then it says next, the skull bags rule. Uh, and it'll well, be come up again later. This 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 woman will be you know will come to try well, to get back. It's Harley like every and... other person yeah. in Harley. Harley wrongs somebody, and then we spend the next six issues with that person behind the scenes well, trying yeah. to kill her. And I'm sure yeah. we're gonna get like a you know a five issue uh, arc now to go yeah. with this probably, but we'll see. Eh, it wasn't I a one off, uh, Reggie. It's the first part of a story. Well. I, I'm telling you. Actually, I would say that the way this is, there'll probably be a two-issue arc now to, to complete a yeah, freaking it'll be, trade. Yeah, it'll be two, and that'll make yeah. a nice, nice trade. And that'll make it the will trade. will make a nice trade. But uh, I, I didn't mind the art as much as you guys uh, said. I know Harley is a little off, but me and Reggie, since me and Reggie talked about Harley a lot uh, together without you, Eric, every time even I say, Harley never looks the same issue to issue. She looks okay here. I, I know still it's her looking not, better. I gotta yeah, say, coming to it now, I, I'm actually. I mean, the, the, there really is nothing wrong with the art. It just seems off for Harley, but it's not. There's no. There's no way I can say it's bad. You know what? I'll, I'll no. say it's a little Correct. darker. It's a little darker art than usual, and the there's a lack of backgrounds in some of them. That, that like the Harley book, you always say Harley always looks great because whoever uh, Palmiotti and Connor get, they want to either impress them or they get really kick ass guys. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like the art enough. Uh, yeah, what'd you give it, Reggie? I gave it a seven point five out of ten. I'd probably give it a six five. I'd right. probably give it a six point eight. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's okay. And now the last one, you, you think I tuned out in the Harley? <laughs> this last one, I'm, I'm this last one you didn't like. Uh, well, this no, one I, is not I only not, not like only about all. a strong female character. It's yeah. about it's about a young person. Yeah, I don't even consider her a strong favorite. female character in this. So I, I would, I beg to differ. What is it? It's uh, Raven Number One, written by Marv Wolfman, art by Allison Borges and Blonde. When I wake up in the morning and Trigon gives out a warning, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. Finish up by my book report, <laughs> and then I teleport to the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's, it's all right, because right. I'm the savior of hell. Ah, nice. Ah, uh, yes. That was awesome. <laughs> and that's pretty much uh, what the book's about. It's uh, Raven is back to San Francisco living with her auntie and uncle in uh, the the Bay Area. Her Christian as hell auntie and uncle. That is that is the thing, yeah. Although they're not the weird Christian with the... What's the Christian with the Jesus that has the really sad eyes? Catholics? You know Puppy dog eyes. Isn't that like a certain Catholic? The I have no part? idea. Who knows? So you guys don't know anything. You I don't. Know. No. religious bastards. You guys better start talking about I this I had a book. strange religious upbringing. I try to distance myself away from that as possible. Yeah. yeah what, was, what was your religious upbringing? Trigon? No. Je- Jehovah Witnesses. Oh, boy. We've we got to talk about that more sometime. That's important stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, you know, Tim Drake is dead. Raven yep. decides it's time to reconnect with her family. She goes back to San Francisco. Over there are living her Aunt Alice, her Uncle Jack, uh, their kids Billy and Mary Beth, and they're big time Christians, and they act like total uh, white people. Yeah, uh, real white people. One thing I love is Raven's outfit. 
is like her casual teed outfit is like a tight dress with like a raven hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how do you, and how ripped do you, up a uh, freaking nylons. That is, that's stylish though. That's totally, I see women like yeah, I wear those. <laughs> sure, yeah. why not? You know, if your legs are shaved, if you got it, flaunt it. That's my, my saying. But they, you know, uh, the family's nice store. They have yeah. Hummel figurines. That's a nice little touch. My grandmother loves Hummel figurines. So did my grandmother. And, uh, they pray at the at the dinner table. They do all kinds of corny old shit. They, but all... they are just so overly nice. I am waiting for somewhere in this for them to take that dark turn. Like they are so Christian that when Raven does not conform to their way of life, they start getting mean to her for. Yeah, it. I don't think it's going to happen because she shows up. She even shows up and and even says like, you know. Ariella believes in the goddess of Czar when they ask, you know, about her mother. And they oh, don't, my they, sister. And, yeah, she doesn't actually get angry. She's just <laughs> like, oh, she's still calling herself that? Oh, well, she marched to a beat of a different drummer. No, I, that's I don't I think... Really, I really like, though, because I can't remember any time, even in, like, the original Teen Titans, where, you know, they really talked about Raven's time uh, as, like, a human... No, I could. Not, I didn't remember any of it. When they actually called her Rachel, Mitch. I think it's Roth in this. Is it Rachel Roth? Yeah. I don't, um, I, 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 I forgot her name was Rachel too, though. I actually didn't know any of that. I'm like, I had no idea she had an actual name until this issue. If, I didn't even know if that was new or not. But I like that touch. You know, she's gonna need an identity, like an identity, to go and do normal girl stuff. And I'm like, okay, I like her having the secret identity, just not Raven. I'm gonna send you to a hell dimension. No, and I and just, it makes uh, sense. Like they, they would have been humans before she became like the you know harbinger of of witchy hell. Yeah. yeah, you know, she's 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 born to a human mother and a you know demon father. So there's there's a human component to her. Life. I just I the, like the that. thing that I don't like about this this issue and this book, whatever, is that you never really like. I don't think it sets up anything very well. Like she just says, we we knew she was going to San Francisco. That yep. was the only thing we knew. So she shows up there, just says, oh, you know what? Here I go with this family. And the minute that she gets there, they're talking to her. And then all of a sudden she's going to school. We never had a setup of her even thinking about that she was going to school. It, it surprised the hell out of me. And it's just her bitching and moaning to herself about Trigon. It's just the same stuff. I, I really didn't like it. I, it's I don't funny, like too, it when all. you talk about the bitching and moaning, because I actually thought that when she first went into the high school, because she's like saying to herself, stop staring at me and shit. And I'm looking at all these people like, I don't think anybody's even noticing you. Yeah, some people have offhand comments, but for the most part, you're pretty much under the radar. But that struck like. me as such a teenage thing. All teenagers think everyone's fuck is staring. I'm just at saying, what, like when they were Reggie, I just don't think there was me. much they of a setup of anything. At you because they thought you were going to pull out the sword off any minute. You know, you were that that trench coat, that Columbine era. Shit was yeah. crazy. So they were scared of you. I, I do like also that she has this Trigon nightmare, and like the family comes into. Calm her down. That's something that's never yeah. happened before. Usually, she's just in her bedroom acting like a total bitch to everyone, and no yeah. one's allowed in to, to. That's what I'm saying. They say are anything. too nice. There has I'm to be just, some I kind of. I just think they're friend. nice. You guys sound like you're from New York. I, I don't. <laughs> again, this is this is Marv Wolfman too doing this, and I just I don't think that I just think he's going to tell a story about Raven going to school, and you know some big bad comes and he she's going to fight, and it's over. I don't think there's going to be much of an undertone of anything. I really don't. I think this is going to be pretty clear cut. Uh, like I said, all of a sudden she's in high school. I didn't even realize they were going to send her to high school. And I, think, it, I thought she was. They were all older than that, frankly. That's what I thought. That, I'm telling you, I thought that that was very odd. All of a sudden, at the she's same there. Time, I doubt any of them have their GEDs except for no. Tim Drake. No, it just it was weird. All of a sudden, she's there. Then she's walking around, like you said. Then she has this whole thing where, oh, everybody's looking at me. It doesn't really look at. Then she starts controlling them. 
because she doesn't want them to, to look and things like that. And then she oversteps the deal. I'm, has I'm actually to pull happy it back. for that little control bit where she makes those three girls that like give her shit, make her, make them think that yeah. they're pregnant because yeah. at, least they did, at least she didn't send them to hell. You know, again, uh, the, I don't know. The weird thing about that is, do you think that that is, and do you think that's their worst fear? These girls yeah. nowadays, yeah, there's probably girls. probably half the class of any school now gets pregnant. And they're all terrified of it. No, I think that it's Marv Wolfman. That's what he thinks back in the day. He's I, like, that's what terrifies people. Commentary. Jim, Jim I, I, in high school, I just imagine this too. Raven walks by. Jim says something, not even to her. She thinks so. And all of a sudden, she makes Jim think he has AIDS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the other thing, here's the thing. All of a sudden, she, she has a seizure because somebody's, you know, scanning her. And uh, right there, nobody would ever get near her. For the, oh, that'd no, be it. definitely not. She'd be oh, done. She'd be a puke girl forever. Yeah. yeah. She would be first done. First day of high school, you're done. I'm telling you, this is your first impression. You walk in, you start vomiting. You are the vomit girl from yeah. now on. She yeah, has she has zapped powers though, so that's like she's got True. that on her side. She can make people freak out and send them to hell and stuff. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, then she like makes friends had. very easily. She they go to class <laughs> and and then nothing happens, and then we she walks out. Happens. She gets friends immediately. I'm telling no, you, no, not in class. That's after class. She it's goes right to class. class and sits down, and then class is over. This is why I'm saying we're not going to get any sort of school. Like you, you want, it's just a, I do want school. it's just a, a way to get these <laughs> friends and these friends just, they just pop in and become friends. And Eric, it's yeah, Eric had his loose leaf notebook out. He was ready to take notes in the class. He was like, Dude, oh man, come on. I, yeah, I and then they have to, have, they have to have the joke with, keeper. I'm done talking. You guys are your jokes. I'm done. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so she gets out of the class 50 minutes later, and Madison and a bunch of uh, multi-ethnic people come running over. Look very much like the Scooby Gang to me. It's a McDonald's commercial in the school with this gang. It really is. They want to be. They want to be best friends with Raven. They think she's great because she wears a hoodie. There's really no explanation why they like her so much. And actually, going back to your Scooby Gang, you're right with that because the one girl is Vel- Velma. There's Completely. no question. Yeah, she's Velma. It looks like the one guy in the green top is Shaggy. I mean, I think I really do think it's a basic like. uh kind of a Scooby gang aesthetic going on, but then you got to wonder who's Scooby in this scenario. With Raven's the no Scoob. She could be the Scooby. It's true. She's definitely not the, the, She's uh, the monster with the mask. She ain't the Daphne of the group. And, That's uh, true. then, uh, she, they, they say there's going to be a night mistress concert. You ever listen to any night mistress? No, I actually was kind of wishing it was the Raven cover band from the, uh, Will Pfeiffer's run of teen Titans. That would have been something. Then she'd be, oh, I can't make that show. Yeah. No, no it's me. <laughs> and uh, that's when she catches another scanning. She finds that this this uh, girl is scanning her from the stairs. And before Raven can go after her, the girl makes one of her new friends uh, go blind, I guess. It's hard to say. Yeah, like he goes, he freaking lunges down in pain. He can't see anything. And she pulls the pain into herself. Which yeah. I'm like, all right, that, that's kind of a cool power. But for some reason, this girl we see in the distance, I don't know if it's the way she's drawn or just the power in general. I really had a Bloodlines vibe to this, you know? I kind of did, too, actually. (laughs) Like, it seemed like, I don't know, Raven shows up, and there's this this girl with these strange powers that were a lot like that young girl in, uh... I don't know, you can't say it's exactly like that, but just like a combination of these powers we saw in Bloodlines. Like Dana, right? uh, Yeah, Dana. The electric girl or whatever. Just the mind power where she can, like, she's scanning Raven. It's so odd to me, because I'm telling you, it threw me off a little bit, because... What has this girl been doing before Raven show up, and why can she, like, I just need to know more about this girl. 
I am guessing, I mean, this is a broad guess, but that she's been possessed by the, you know, Council of Evil Magic or something like that. Or like uh, even, tri- I, I don't know, Trigon's uh, other sons. I, could be, I, could be, yeah. Could be she says Trigon. at one point it's not, uh, like, it's not her brothers, but I don't know. Uh, it's something like that. Though. I think this this woman might be mind-controlled. She looks a little batty, but it's it's maybe she's just been waiting for this opportunity, you know. She's been like, damn, I have these latent magic scanning powers and I have no one to scan. It's the saddest thing. But uh, after that, she so this woman gets away. She she sucks out Archer's pain. Uh, it's not nothing dirty. Okay? Yeah, that's right. What she does, you're I being need gross. To suck out my pain. I love that though when people are like, "Wow, that's I, I didn't know. You know what'd you do there? That's so crazy." And she's just like, "Oh, nothing. I just held him until the paramedics came." It's like, did no one see that big purple and flash of light coming out of his head? That I'm, halo? I'm telling you though, the paramedics bit. I don't know what school is like anymore. Do they have paramedics on scene? Because they were there instantly. No, they don't. I, well, I don't. Not in my school. I mean, this might be a rich. This is one of these. I'm saying we've been out of school for a long time now. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. In my in my school, if you had uh, fallen down from going temporarily blind or whatever, it would probably take the nurse about half an hour to get to you. And, and then most she, of the time, would the kids would just aspirin. laugh at you and tell you to quit being a pussy. It's true, and also you definitely would not have your sneakers anymore at the end of the sort of <laughs> my school. I guarantee. New York is rough. It didn't matter what they were either, because the thing is, if they didn't, if you, your sneakers would just get taken, and if they didn't like them, they'd throw them away. Just, just the humiliation of having to walk home in socks was enough. To make <laughs> I, I just imagine. I'll look at them shitty shoes. Let's tie the freaking uh, the laces in a knot and throw them on a wire. Throw them up on a wire. You know what I mean? That's how a lot of those get up there. You know, it's just basically just to humiliate some kid into walking home with it in his sock. Walk home. Hey, in no socks. shoes. Nice socks there. <laughs> so the uh, the EMTs take Archer away, and uh, then Raven's all brooding, thinking Raven thoughts, but little does she know that. Outside of the school, two homeless guys are getting magicked up, and Archer obviously has, like, extra magic powers, and he's being controlled by evil magic, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's so weird. It's like, they're, I, I didn't get the idea they were being controlled, more just like, you know, I don't know, soul attacked? Maybe. Maybe it's like, like you say, a bloodlines type thing. They're about to manifest new magic yeah, powers or something. I, I don't know if it's the colors or just the art style, but I, just, I kept thinking of bloodlines this entire time. There was, it's there was like a certain like thinness to the characters that really did remind me of Bloodlines, but it wasn't, you know, obviously as 90s up as V. Ken Marion likes to do. Now, uh, when we get to the end, though, when they go to the carnival after school, the one girl, she's like, oh, well, you guys go on home. I'm going to go and, you know, I want to walk off some of this energy. Is that the girl that was attacking Raven? That's the same girl, right? That, that's what I, 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 I was don't know because I, she's I, wearing I a different outfit and I, I'm just not sure. Because then she walks off and she finds this goddamn glowing orb in this warehouse that we saw landed in the beginning of the issue. and I, Or that, or she becomes the glowing orb. No, she walks into it. I think she I, walks into it. And there were just so many questions I had at the end of this freaking issue. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, it's meant to, because then it looks like Raven is sort of like manifesting the pain, too, or something like that, but... Because when uh, she walks in this orb, though, it seems like she goes to her own personal hell. But for some reason, her hell is, you know, like one of those strongman th- uh, games at the carnival where you have to ding yeah. the bell. I don't know why that's hell, but it looks like she's not having a very good time. Well, see, she can never ding the bell. <laughs> see, that's the problem. How, how humiliating would that be, Eric? I mean, <laughs> over and it's like, oh, you're, would, and you're always getting like limp wrist. I would you're never always- know. I always <laughs> ding the bell, Reggie. Cold fish, man. Every, every time I ever grab those kissing things, they're always like, you know, herpes, herpes sufferer. It was just horrible. I, <laughs> I, and I always did it on a date too. I don't know why. I did it like a hundred and nine times. 
But uh, that's about it. Uh, but yeah, as, as the issue ends, as this girl seems like going through her own hell, I it, that pain that was hitting Raven every time she got scanned, it seems like her demonic side was ripped away from her. Something like that, or it's feeding. Or, yeah, it looks like it's, it left her, and, and yeah. Was, uh, hopefully, they're going to clear that up. But uh, overall, I dug it. Even though the end definitely was the most confusing part, but up until. That, I, I pretty much thought this was a fairly solid book. It wasn't, like, blowing me away. I like the art style. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, anything that reminds me of Bloodlines, I'm happy about. Yeah, it was it was cool. And plus, it's going to be six issues, so I definitely gave this a little bit of a pass as having, like, a first issue, you know, info dump syndrome, where obviously they got to get a lot out. They don't have time for the herd, herd that, to meet five people and establish a relationship. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. So but like just, I, I just wish we would have got a little bit on the antagonist because they did just dump it in there but didn't explain nothing because we have this glowing ball, a person who can scan Raven and hurt her, and then all of a sudden just a shit ton of people getting affected without yeah. any kind of real explanation to it. I hope we get a bunch just going into issue two, and unlike Jim thinks, I hope we do get a lot more high school because I really love young characters going to high Me school. Me too. For some I, I would like to see more happening at the high school. Like maybe now she has to go to prom and then like – Trigon yeah, I, won't let her won't let her date a Jewish guy or something like that. You cool. know, high school stuff. Exactly, normal high school <laughs> stuff. You know, she'll get like a, a demon, demonic pustule on her face on the, the night of the big. Uh, oh no! It's, yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be great. You know, maybe, maybe she'll take <laughs> caffeine pills somewhere down the line. She's gonna be but, so excited uh, until she's so scared. What did you give it there, Eric? Eric, I would probably give it a seven point five out of ten. That's the very score I gave it. What about you, Jim? You still with us? Four. A four out of ten. I went God down. Damn. I got a drink. I got a sandwich. Oh, Came man, back and you, heard your nonsense. Talked about you the whole time. I heard the fucking nonsense about that. That, that stupid ending gives you nothing. Like you said, her hell is to not be able to ding that goddamn thing, and then she's on like the Ferris wheel. See, I don't know. Is that her? Fun. No, I don't, yeah. I don't think that was her. And I, I think, I think, right. I think it's still her. I think there's going to be a story here where whatever she's there to rescue her dead dad or some, some nonsense. I mean, it's it's going to it's going to be revealed. I don't I don't feel like this is going to be left there. Like well, you know, as we're dealing know what's happening. as we're dealing with the uh, the other side of Raven's family with her mother's side, maybe this is Trigon's other children we don't know about. Like her maybe. father is the, a brother of Trigon. Yeah, wow. just the, the thing I'm, I'm that here. <laughs> the thing that gets me mad, like you said, Reggie, you give it a pass because it's you know you have to push. I hate these six issues where the six issue miniseries where the people seem to not be able to realize they have six issues to tell a goddamn story. Like here, instead of this, like just dump, make a story that can gradually happen in six issues. It, it, this happened with Poison Ivy. It happened all the time. Where and even Eric said at the end of. Uh, bloodlines which we really like but at the end yeah. it kind of all of a sudden rushes to the end nobody seems to realize they have six issues and you always get either that rush in and rush out i just i, I didn't enjoy it at all well, boys, I, I like the art like it was rewritten at the end i don't know what the hell happened yeah, yeah. Well, they, they i do get a... i do get your point there does seem to be a pacing problem in a lot of these yeah, uh, i just don't yeah. understand how the, how they don't realize this happened in all almost all of the issues in that legends of tomorrow as well for that Where, one too. I'll be yeah, thinking yeah. the DCU stories, you know, that kind of happened to Bizarro yeah. got like real weirdly rushed at the end. I don't yeah, know why. got rushed. I, it just irritated. Jim, do you me. remember Reggie and I were just talking about this the other day and we couldn't remember? Did Bizarro ever make it to Canada at the end? I think that they did. Okay, we just couldn't <laughs> I don't remember. I couldn't remember. I remember. I remember like I they definitely don't circled remember. the train. <laughs> I thought that it was like the last thing, and then they oh. just left. Or no, I think they just got diverted. 
and I, I can't remember. <laughs> they didn't have uh, their yes. passports to go but, to But uh, we're going to move on to uh, Reggie. You and Chris are going to be talking about what on the Cosmic Treadmill? Doom Patrol, Volume 1, Number 121, The End of the Doom Patrol. Oh, oh no. Doom Patrol. You're a big Doom Patrol fan, right? No. Am I? I heard, heard you were. Things. Have you heard that? I heard. When I is. know, what do you know offhand? What the next young animal book is? Is it Shade the Changing Girl? Is that coming out next? I thought it was, but it looks like it's going to be Cave Carson, right? That's really in two weeks or yeah, a week that's later. weird. So, and they're I, really I, pushing that uh, Mother Panic at the end of this week's books too. Yeah, well, Mother, I, I, Mother Panic is definitely early November. That's at least yeah, it was. That's last what I'm saying. It's so weird that. You would think that these would just come out one after the other and go that way, but they, they seem to be spaced out a little longer a little than I thought. I don't know. Shade might be late October. I don't know. Something like that. And that's the one I'm looking forward to. I want to see how that is. But uh, we're going to go off to you and Chris with the Cosmic Treadmill and a little Doom Patrol. Boosh. Yeah. But you with she blinded me with science. to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back to the past and read some comics from DC's yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast, and this week we have a very special issue, don't we, Chris? Or at least very special to me. Yes, it is a very special issue that kind of, kind of, kind of sort of touches on our young animal thing last week we uh, covered a first issue that's right of, uh, of a doom patrol volume and today we're going to cover the final issue how does how does that happen how can you cover the final after the first well i yes i don't know we are gonna we're gonna explain it all somehow and you probably still won't get it but today we're gonna talk about doom patrol number 121 that came out in october 1968 written by arnold drake art by bruno premiani covered by joe orlando and these two stories within are the death of the Doom Patrol and the beginning of the end. What? As we like to do, let's give a little bit of insight to our creative team. Uh, Arnold Drake, I believe we might have said a few things about him in the past. I think we. I think there might have been a three-parter we did on this fella back in the long ago. I think maybe, yes. Well, we'll fill you in a little bit so you don't have to go shuffling through your uh, your iPod. Or <laughs> uh, Arnold Drake was born uh, March 1st, 1924. He passed March 12th, 2007 in New York City. He was the third child of an immigrant furniture dealer. Um, at age 12, he got sick. He contracted scarlet fever, and uh, he was confined to bed for a year. Uh, while he was in, while he was laid out, um, he created his own comic strip on uh, on bridge pads, which are you know little. Uh, I think you you scored bridge on it, right? Yeah, that was the idea. I mean, he, he turned it, I guess, probably horizontally, but vertically, it's supposed to be you score it's, it's it that way. To be like a, yeah, like a skinny, a skinny long. But there's there's something like two by four inches, I would say, something sure. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and his uh his comic strip was about a mutiny, not on a pirate ship, but on a cruise ship. Yep, and I've never taken a cruise since. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, over time, uh, the words started supplanting the pictures. So, you know, the, the panels became all words and little pictures. So he decided that this was a sign that he was probably meant to be a writer instead of an artist. Uh, he would graduate from the University of Missouri and later New York University with a journalism degree. He co-wrote the uh, what is considered by many to be the first graphic novel, and uh, this was with uh, Leslie Waller, and it's called It Rhymes with Lust. It was published by St. John Publications in 1950, uh, with art by uh, Matt Baker. 
And uh, they use the pseudonym Leslie Drake, but we don't know why. No, why not? I guess they wanted <laughs> one author instead of two. Looked made sure. neater on the cover. Absolutely. Um, now he got his first gig in comics through uh, Bob Kane, the uh, co-creator of Batman. Wrote The Return of Mr. Future in Batman number 98, which came out in March 56. Uh, he worked for DC Comics throughout the 50s while also writing at least one pulp novel, uh, some song lyrics, and I think he did a... Didn't he do the movie screenplay, or was that in the 60s? He, in the 60s, he did a movie screenplay for, I forget, the horror movie. I can't remember the yeah. title of it offhand. I can't remember. It was a, it was a zombie thing. Yeah, it was... Uh, God, if I really the thought about dead it... Dead or something like that? Something like that. He actually did a couple of things. He wrote a screenplay, and I think he directed that one, or he was involved in the production... But he and also there was a did one write on the beaches of Normandy. Yeah, he wrote a whole different movie, and then there was there was, there was also one that is I think somewhat pornographic. I can't remember. You know, that's a whole. Yeah, I think that featured like a rape scene or something like. This that. is this is all discussed in our three parter, which is why we are fumbling around on it. But we did talk about it one other time, folks. So yes, it's we, out we there. actually had our facts together at that. Time. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna go a little bit further into 1963. Uh, editor Murray Boltonoff asked Arnold Drake to create a team of superheroes to run in the flagging anthology title My Greatest Adventure. And uh, flagging might be a little unfair because this did have Fireman Farrell in it. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> which, which Arnold Drake wrote, he actually co-created that character himself, too, for the first issue of Showcase. And if you ever have a cat in a tree, you know who to call. He's the one. <laughs> now, this assignment was given to, uh, this, this Boltonoff assignment was given to Drake on a Friday and was told to have it in by Tuesday. So, uh, this was a... You know, very, very short uh, time span. Yep. Uh, so Arnold Drake and a, uh, a collaborator, uh, Bob Haney, mm-hmm. they hold up all weekend to flesh it out, but only uh, only Arnold Drake and Bruno Primiani get the creator credits, uh, which might just be as well because Haney only co-scripted and co-plotted the very first issue, the first appearance of the team, which was My Greatest Adventure number 80. And that was June of 1963. Yeah. Uh, later in life, uh, Haney... Would you know lay a little bit more claim to Doom Patrol, but I, you know I don't think it was ever really contentious. I think it was no. understood that Drake pretty much was the mastermind behind Here's that. Here's the point. Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now we have Giordano Bruno Premiani was born January 4th, 1907. He passed away August 17th, 1984, in Trieste, Austria, Hungary. Although it became Italy after World War One as part of their war spoils, they acquired this bit of Austria, Hungary. So. He he was born in Austria Hungary, but he died in Italy <laughs> without without ever having to leave his hometown. Uh, he studied at Trieste. Actually, he died in Argentina. Now that I think about it, but that's another story. Uh, hmm. Studied at Trieste's Arts and Crafts School from 1921 to 25, and he was expelled from from Italy for anti-Mussolini cartoons. Emigrated to Argentina in 1930. Uh, he continued to draw cartoons against this fascist government, and Mussolini's people said he would be executed upon return to Italy. So um, he was a persona non grata. He actually did come back in 1950 for his mother's funeral, but by then the fascist government was long over, and I assume he was allowed back uh, fairly freely. He moved to the United States from 1948 to 1952, a pretty brief time, um, which is funny. I, I perceived him as having lived in, in the United States, but that's just not true. He didn't live here yeah. at all. Uh, found work at DC Comics doing mainly romance and war titles, and he was known as the guy who could draw anything. Uh, I've especially seen people say he was really adept at drawing horses, but that was something that really served him well in the Doom Patrol with so many weird characters and scenes and 
everything, you know what I mean? Uh, sure. You know, animal, vegetable, mineral man is sort of an artist's dream and a nightmare, you know? Like, oh, <laughs> now i got to draw all these things. Uh, he's also well known for drawing the original Teen Titans, which was written by Bob Haney. I guess he probably could be considered uh, somewhat of a co-creator of the title, if not the characters. Sure. Uh, of Bruno Premiani being selected for the Doom Patrol in 2001, Arnold Drake said, uh, Murray Boltanoff's regular artists were all busy. That meant the Doom Patrol would get some backup artists. So pessimism was the password when Murray brought in a very lean, eagle-beaked, lantern-jawed guy with eyeglass lenses even thicker than mine, Bruno Premiani. Still, his, super, his superb draftsmanship, anatomy, and design work turned my prejudice to dust. Still, could he give the Doom Patrol the unique quality it needed, a quality I couldn't define myself? Bruno's first penciled pages told me we had truly lucked out. What he had recognized was that these superheroes must be as human as possible. He captured that spirit from page one and sustained it for 42 issues. Fabulous powers and fantastic enemies notwithstanding, the Chief, Rita, Larry, and Cliff remained real people. And I would agree with that. It, his his sure. work has a very uh, clean, realistic style, kind of in the mold of a Kurt Swan. Sure, um, I can see that. And and the, you know, it's, I want to be clear, it is different. I don't think that they are, he's biting off Kurt Swan or anything. No. But it's sort of in that same 50s realistic style. Well, I, you can even call it 50s advertising, because it really looks like mid-century advertising stuff. But I mean, he's fighting the you know these weird villains, these weird scenarios. He was able to handle all of that, and apparently, with very little reference work, from what I've heard. Hmm. So a little bit about the Doom Patrol. I'm going to introduce some of the members that will be important in this reading, as well as any other reading of this era of the Doom Patrol. We have Cliff Steele. That's a robot man. He's a brain in a robot body. Uh, Cliff Steele was a car. Uh, a racer, he, you know, he, he raced cars and got in a big accident, and they were able to preserve his brain, stuff it in a robot body. He's basically the Frankenstein of the team, and he uh, he appears in every iteration of the Doom Patrol up to today. He's the only member that is always in the Doom Patrol, uh, yep. seems to be no matter what. Then there's Larry Trainer, a negative man. He was a former test pilot turned into Electro Raven, which is essentially his power, which is to sort of let out an electric, what do they call it, a negative electric... The, the negative entity. It, it's it's so it's so weird because it seems to be uh, incorporeal, but it all it also is tangible. You know, it's, it's like, also physical. Yeah. It's like sometimes it is. It's it's really hard. To, it's sort of is very. It's a very convenient power he has when he needs it. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was turned into a uh, into this this electro raven by a cosmic or space ray. If you don't want to uh, get step on Marvel's toes for that one. Sure. And he has to wrap himself in anti-radioactive bandages so he doesn't, you know, kill everyone around him. And so he, he becomes the mummy of the group. And then there's uh, Rita Farr, Elastigirl. She was a Hollywood starlet given the ability to grow into a giant by some mystical hot springs. And for some reason, that that has, was handled in later runs, but never makes sense in this one, this ruined her movie career. I don't really understand why. That's weird, yeah. I mean, she I looks the, that would open open doors for her. Sure. I mean, here we, here, here's the attack of the 50-foot woman without having to do any uh, you know special effects, just film her. Mm-hmm. But whatever, that ended her movie career and uh, shunned her, and I guess she would be the 50-foot woman of the group. <laughs> and then there's Niles Calder, the chief. He's a guy in a wheelchair. He's the brains behind the Doom Patrol. Turns out to have had a hand in the Doom Patrol's resuscitations after the accidents. All of them uh, essentially, you know, brought them back to life or, or stuffed their brains in a robot body or whatever had to happen. Sure. Uh, and in, in this run, he's a very uh, life-saving um, 
helpful character. He's very supportive of the team. Not sinister yet. That happens much later <laughs> under different people. Uh, he was paralyzed after removing a bomb that his, at the time, his like lab partner, General Amortis, placed in his chest, which is pretty messed up. Like, what's that? That's not a nice thing to do. Don't do that to your brothers, kids. That's not nice. No, <laughs> no that was the uh, that was like the main four there. But a little bit later on, we got some new members. Uh, we got uh, Steve Dayton, who was Mento. He wears a ridiculous helmet that enhances <laughs> an intel- his intelligence and gives him uh, telekinesis. Which, you know, really sounds like a good idea to wear a thing that uh, messes with your brain in such a way, doesn't it? Yeah, probably probably yeah, not great. Nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing can go wrong there. Uh, he's, he's a very rich man. We find out in this issue he's the fifth richest man in the world, hmm. which is something. Uh, we also, for sure. <laughs> we also have Garfield Logan, uh, Beast Boy, who we've talked about before. He's the uh, orphan green, fe- green, the dad, green kid who could turn into any animal. Um He's the, you know, we know him best from uh, the New Teen Titans. Uh, Steve Dayton would eventually ma- marry Rita Farr, Elastigirl, and they would adopt uh, Gar Logan, creating one of the oddest uh, nuclear families that we, uh, <laughs> really? that we didn't think of here. Uh, you know, that when you see them coming to the to the picnic, it's like, what? And, and the, the weirdest part about it is, is the helmet that Mentos wear. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> the team was known to get into very strange situations. They had villains like uh, Mansoor Mala, who was a genius gorilla, and the Brain, which was a brain. <laughs> and they were part of the Brotherhood of Evil, and they, they were not yet lovers. Um, Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man, and uh, General Immortus, who we're going to meet right now. That's right, in Doom Patrol number 121. We're going to start with the cover. Uh, this one's drawn by Joe Orlando, but it, it, to me, I always thought it was unusual, uh, especially considering his artwork and other covers from the series, because it depicts the Doom Patrol, the members, all the, the, the four core members, standing over their own headstones, sort of looking yeah. mournfully down, and you, I think yours is, you, you have the uh, showcase edition, right? So it's black yeah. and white. Black the, and white. The way they're colored, if you if you if you pull up a color of the cover, they could be ghosts. It's not clear. Is it they're ethereal, right? They sort of well, they don't they don't really look like you know they don't have that dotted outline which was sort of like Silver Age shorthand for ghosts. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it's it's hard to say. They can also be bl- made blue from the moonlight, and uh, the masthead is in is in all yellow, and it says, "Is this the beginning of the end of the Doom Patrol?" And then sort of a shouted word balloon comes out of the masthead. That says, you decide, um, which we will. Hey, we've talked about that before. That's right. Well, that was something else, but you know, this is similar, oh. a similar stunt, uh, sort <laughs> of in a way here. Um, and then on the very first page, we're addressed directly by the creative team, Bruno Premiani and editor Murray Boltonoff. It wasn't. Wait a second. Wait that's a second. right. I, the, I don't remember him being the writer of this book, but it, it wasn't wow. supposed to be that way. We have to, in order to explain what happened here, and possibly to explain why the Doom Patrol ended uh, so abruptly uh, in a sense we have to talk about Arnold Drake Unionizer mm-hmm. now in the late 1960s Arnold Drake was heavily involved in a movement to unionize work for higher creators this was mainly to appeal to the writers though because the artists were relatively well paid they were making a pretty good salary per page whereas writers and it's, that's still true today writers to make a living usually have to take on a bunch of books um, I think that was even truer back then because a lot of times you might you wouldn't get a whole book you might just write eight pages so you kind of were taking on whatever work you get your hands on and that was the kind of guy Arnold Drake was by the way to just work you know he stay stay employed 
Um, after many appeals to management in 1968, DC Comics agreed to an increase of a dollar per page. But only for one book a month. The writers would trade that rate around as needed. Cool. <laughs> Which really, <laughs> they could have also reared back and kicked them in the nuts. That's another way they could have also handled this, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we're uh, going to call one of your mothers a whore every month. <laughs> every month. <laughs> well, only one, though. Everyone else's is fine. So, uh, uh, Arnold Drake, rightfully so, was pretty insulted by this. Uh, he made no bones about it. He fell out of favor with the DC Comics. So the first page of this, it was intended to be Premiani and Drake. But before this comic was produced, Drake was a persona non grata at DC. And they erased his face and replaced it with editor Murray Boltanoff. Uh, which is pretty messed up. I think I've actually seen an original version with Drake's face on it. Although that seems almost impossible. I think uh, that was on the uh, Comics Legends Revealed, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's, that might be where I saw it. But, it, but like I say, it almost seems like... That shouldn't have been available. so unlikely. Yeah, like I, I, in those days, they would have taken Eraser right to the art board, most likely. Yeah. But who knows? It's maybe, maybe they scanned it in first. Maybe that's right. Maybe they scanned <laughs> it in and they uh, downloaded it off their phone. So uh, yeah, so that's why we we see Boltonoff instead of Arnold Drake on the first page of the comic. Now to get into our uh, back to uh, our main story here, it opens with a two-page story titled "The Death of the Doom Patrol." Now we got Bruno Fermiani, like we said, he's sitting at his odd desk drawing some Doom Patrol, and he asks Murray Boltonoff, who's sitting nearby, just making sure the job gets done. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a if shit! It's... What a crappy office he has for an editor, right? Oh, I gotta yeah, sit. Yeah. I gotta sit with an artist. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's uh, he's asking Murray if it's true that the team's gonna die. He wasn't told how to finish the page. And, you know, this is why communication between writer and artist is so vital in That's making right. comics. Um, Boltonoff says it's true, but then he turns to address the jolly reader directly. <laughs> we can save them in a way that will be revealed later in the issue. And uh, we were hoping that it's not to uh, make a wish on a shooting star because Reggie uses those all up already to get revenge on his enemies. That's right, yeah. I'll well, put something else, maybe, you know, an eyelash or something like that would work. Yeah, you could blow on one of those... Uh, Dandelions. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that was a little recap describing the team. We get a rundown of who they are, what they do. Uh, Premiani says that they are people with big problems, but even bigger hearts. But then we move on to our main story, which is the beginning of the end. This one, uh, I, got, I just got to say something about the title of this. It's the punctuation hmm. just drives me up a wall. It's, because, it's pretty nuts. Because so the beginning of the end, it's got an exclamation point at the end, or as Eric calls it, an explanation point. An explanation point. And uh, you know that's that's in, quotes. that's in quotes, which is fine. That's that's typical comic book title. And then there's three question marks after that second, the close quote. So it's like, yes. come on, what, what is this? A, are we having? Is that like an aside? Is that a parenthetical aside for the title? I don't know. It just throws I me up the, a wall. The, the, the typewriter jam. <laughs> must have probably, been. yeah. <laughs> now uh, we we join uh, an ex member of both the Brotherhood of Evil and the Doom Patrol, as well as uh, Niles Calder, the Chief's ex lover. This is Madame Rouge. And she's decided to wage war on those who have played with her feelings. So, she blows up the Brotherhood of Evil's headquarters in Paris, France, with Monsieur Mallet and the brain inside. It's it's like a house. I know. It's just a house. I love it. <laughs> it's, just, it's awesome. It's just on a street, like you know. It's it's not a, it's not some super secret, you know, 
cavern or something, just a house it's, on a, on a Parisian like a, street. It's like an opening panel on uh, on in Garfield, or something. It's <laughs> outside of a house, um, <laughs> and the explosion propels them through the roof and about 200 feet into the sky. Uh, back at the uh, Doom Patrol headquarters, Calder is monitoring the situation, luckily, and he says that Mala and the Brain must be dead after something like that. And uh, Cliff goes. Uh, there's another fun group. There goes another fun group. So Larry goes, that's okay by me. Which, uh... It's pretty dark. Kind of a, yeah. yeah, kind of a dick thing to say. <laughs> really? Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, Niall says that Madame Rouge meant it as a warning to him. Uh, she was a, a bit ticked off that the, on, at the Brotherhood for turning her, her evil in the first place. And then at Niles for making her fall in love. Uh, this is like a, an elementary school crush where the crusher will antagonize the crushy, except with uh, explosives and bombs yeah. and whatnot. This is really just like, oh, you made me have feelings. I hate you. It's like, come yeah. on. Grow yeah. up, Madame Rouge. Give me a break. I'm going to burn your house down. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just then, this is great. A car speeds by. Uh, the uh, Doom Patrol house there and uh, sprays machine gun fire at the building. <laughs> wow. Just, just roll down the windows and, and just start blowing it away. Drive-by shootings, baby. They were nothing new. <laughs> no. Uh, the team hits a deck. Niles just kind of hunkers down a little because yeah. he's in... I, I don't know if we mentioned, but he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so he, yeah, he's, he's kind of like uh, Professor X from the X-Men. This is um, a whole other... that We dealt with some of that in the, in the Drake bio, so we we're did. not going to touch that here, folks. Sorry. No, no, that'll be another another 20 minutes. Uh, the Doom Patrol is okay, but a bystander had been, it, it has been injured. A negative man speeds him to the hospital while Cliff retrieves the bullet casings from the scene of the crime for some ballistics check here. Yeah. And it's a... You know, we, you put an opinion in here It's a, I, I, that I agree with 100% here. This is a... This little aside here just shows that no matter how dire the situation, the Doom Patrol are heroes. Yeah. You know, they don't look like heroes, but they are, at their core, they're heroes, and they're going to do heroic things. Yeah, at, at every opportunity. I mean, really, this, this and without giving too many spoilers, but this injured guy doesn't figure into the story again. He's just an in, no. a guy that got injured, and they, he could have been left out in a narrative sense. It wouldn't have really impacted yeah. the you know nuts and bolts of it, but just to show this shows that... Even while under attack, even while you know there's a threat against them, they're, they're altruistic. They're still going to do the right thing. Yeah. Now, for some reason, Cliff uh, he re- he brings the, re- the retrieved casings back inside, and uh, they they find that one of the bullets didn't. It wasn't just a casing. It was an actual actually a whole bullet. Uh, Niles figures it out instantly. He tells him to quickly shove it under a couch cushion, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and the, this comic book is brought to you by Teflon Furniture Warehouse. <laughs> the bullet explodes. <laughs> it's just, it just blows up yeah, on the just couch. Boom! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> but it it does shred one of uh, Cliff's forearms. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I think that happened. I think Cliff got wrecked a lot. Oh, every issue. That was his yeah. shtick. Was that was that he could always get a new body, so he'd rip his arm off and throw it at someone, or you know, whatever it was. And he does that that famous cover where he's getting perforated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, he's getting. Yep. It's his body being destroyed was his was his superpower. That was his superpower. Uh, yeah, so you know this really wasn't a big deal that he was getting his forearms sh- shredded because there's probably a closet full of them. Uh, we got Calder quoting here saying, "Madame Rouge knew you knew you would think of the ballistics marks. Uh, she knows all about us. Didn't I generously take her into our little nest and teach her?" God, isn't that such a? I love that. Like, what a weird freaking reaction for him to have, but also so human. You know, God. You know, that's God. like 
Oh, sheesh. That's a, I just feel like someone would really be like that. So over to, to uh, the fifth richest man in the world, Steve Dayton's mansion. He and his wife, Rita, are seeing some dinner guests to the front door, which is useful because it looks to be about a 10-minute walk. It's a pretty At big least. mansion. Yeah. Uh, in their luxurious bedroom with two beds, naturally. This is still the uh, 60s. Mm-hmm. Steve complains that he was up all last night waiting for Rita while she was out with the goon gang. This is a recurring thing. That he thinks she should quit the Doom Patrol and be his be a wifey, and she doesn't feel that way. Um, she retorts that this is the third his third business dinner that she's handled this week, Mister Gutbucks. So obviously these are the cute names they have for each other, Goon Gang and Mister Gutbucks. It's uh, very adorable. It is. Steve asks Rita when she's going to quit the Doom Patrol. Um, she says when they no longer need me. You know that. And there's news of the drive-by shooting comes over the radio, so Rita suits up, and she's right out the door. Uh, Steve Dayton smashes the radio in a, what I think was a very Kirby-looking panel. Would you agree with me on that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's a very lot of foreshortening there. I, I, uh, it's, 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 I think Premiani was definitely taking some cues from what was going on over at Marvel. The line work is darker. Yeah. It does. It seems thicker, thicker. and like the, the yeah. fingers are blockier. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a little bit. A very Kirby, Kirby-esque, I think is the way to put it. And like tells Marconi to drop dead. And he's uh, referring to Guglielmo Marconi, first Marquis of Marconi, who lived from 1874 to 1937. And he's known for his pioneering work in radio transmission. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that until I researched it. I always wondered who the hell he was talking about. I was wondering that myself until <laughs> until I saw your notes. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought maybe you'd missed a previous issue where Marconi would, like, yes. built their radio. Um <laughs> Rita makes it to the Doom Patrol headquarter and finds Cliff and Lowry patrolling the place with machine guns. And that actually concludes the first act of the story, but there's no real uh, demarcation. Uh, Rouge flies three helicopters over the Doom Patrol's church-like home or headquarters and drops napalm on the building. Don't worry, says the chief. The building is fireproof. This comic book brought to you by Teflon Building Materials. Mm-hmm. When the fire burns off, panels in the roof slide away to reveal multi-missile launchers. Uh, wow, well, very well equipped. They take out two helicopters. They only wing the third one. So Negative Man soars up and just blows it to smithereens. Hooray for the good guys. <laughs> um, that helicopter pilot was one day to retirement, though. I should mention that. Also, you know, there's <laughs> almost too much crossover, but we had talked about how uh, in the late 50s, because of the code, they changed, like, the way... Uh, explosions and in yeah. military books were being depicted, and this, these are great examples. Just like big, beautiful puffs of noisy smoke. That's all that happens. No real wreckage. Nothing really happened. Um, looks very like cotton candy is formed in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, after the battle, the place looks wrecked. Uh, Larry says, "Looks like lo- like London after the Nazi Blitz." So, that's apologies to any UK comics readers that might be uh, <laughs> think that was a little too soon for that kind of comment. Uh, Niles says the warfare has endangered everyone in the city, which is why Wilmer Boggs from Washington, D.C. is strolling over right now to explain that until Madame Rouge is caught, they are a danger to the populace. So they're being told to leave, voluntarily if possible, and if not, deported by force. And he just stroll. I just love how he just strolling up. Like, there's just been napalm and missiles and helicopters. He just strolls right through the wreckage. He's got his briefcase. He's got his, you know. Just all low key, like, hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got a message from Washington. Uh, you got to get the hell out of here. 
Um, it may not be. A, he does say that they have a safe place for them, yeah, but they end up not. They have a sanctuary. Yeah. They end up not using it anyway, so I, I don't know if it matters. Uh, Cliff blows his blows his stack at the that him being told they have to leave, but Niles agrees that they will vacate the premises within 24 hours. So Cliff pounds the wall in frustration and says, "Man, this is the worst. To the bleeding, the bleeding end. The fabulous, furious, fighting Doom Patrol, made to leave the country by some stupid computer in Washington." Blech. <laughs> the sounds, the sounds these people make. I just love it. Yeah, and he but, doesn't even have a tongue. No, somehow he did that. I, I have to mm-hmm. sound, actually sound a lot more electronic, you know. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can't do it, unfortunately. No. Maybe we'll uh, get the text to talk device to help us out there um next day at the airport a huge crowd is gathered to see the doom patrol off and they have signs that read so long scared patrol bye bye crybabies and fly away chickens and they're saying things like scram you cowardly creeps boo superheroes ha and how come you don't change your uniform colors to just plain yellow and, you know, this is something throughout all of the Doom Patrol, the run yep. with, with Premiani and Drake, is that the, the, the public hates them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something they tried to capture, we'll talk about it later, but in a later run, and it didn't work. Like, the public no. obviously loved them, but that's another... We'll get to that later on. Sure. <laughs> uh, Larry says, looks like our fans have all turned out. Rita says, <laughs> don't pay any attention to them. Niall says, Rita is right. We must go with dignity. Mm-hmm. Now, Niles has been preparing a little spot for just this kind of a situation to occur here. Uh, Somewhere in the Caribbean, or the Caribbean. Uh, (laughs) An island with, quote, a nuclear power plant, my friends, with enough juice to to barbecue the whole West. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) This This is a dude who just got the... was just... Threatened with deportation for opposing a public threat. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're, like, you're actually leaving during that deportation. <laughs> and he's going to somewhere where he could barbecue the whole way. Uh, yikes. <laughs> now, uh, below this very island in a submarine, Madame Rouge has teamed up with Captain Zal and his army of frogmen, which we were both disappointed to find were not literally frogmen. No, just scuba, uh, scuba army. Just scuba folks. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, set to storm the island and overtake the Doom Patrol. Zal's annoyed at Niles for developing the radar and the anti-U-boat bombs that thwarted so many of his Nazi missions, besides having also having put him in a weird uh, neck and back brace after they last tussled. Uh, this is going to be his first appearance here. Yeah, well, with quite a backstory, though, between them. Yes. <laughs> first appearance. They, 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 have, they have big plans for Zal here. Uh, <laughs> Now, just when the Doom Patrol feels they're safest, the scuba guys blow up their plane. Yeah, um, Cliff uh, Cliff hops out, and he just, he just wallops them. He takes care of all of them over an entire page. He's just wrecking fools. Yep. Uh, we got a quote here of Cliff. What did you, what did you, what did you think you're going to accomplish by blowing up our plane? Negman can fly us all out of here in 17 seconds. That's uh, the true. scuba guy. Yeah, it's true. The scuba guys chuck the plane's landing gear at Cliff, but Rita warns him in time for him to leap out of the way. Uh, Cliff chops down a tree with one hand and uses the trunk to swat the scuba guys into submission. Uh, Zal's submarine surfaces, uh, stunning Niles. We got Zal. I, I don't know if I can do a. Uh, Come on, uh, you, got, you got to try it. You can, you know, think of Colonel Clink. You can do it. <laughs> ja, Doctor Colder. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Your old friend Captain Zal. An unpleasant surprise. Nine. Especially since their war crimes commission declared me dead 15 years ago. The, the war crimes commission. 
15 years ago he was uh, declared dead and uh, no one followed up on no it, that's so. it you know no, that's all right. they, they, just, they put a dead stamp on it and went to lunch sure sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta wonder is he well obviously i guess he stayed uh, pretty much under the radar for 15 years i guess or under the sonar as the case sure. may be uh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Zal fires a missile at Larry that blows a cloud of, cloud of sand around him. Now, this weapon is charged the sand, so it, it kind of coats him in this sand. So he's unable to somehow release the negative man from his body. And we will just accept that as comic book. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Zal fires a steel net at an expanding Rita before she can grow to full size. Uh, too small to snap the net, but too ensnared to grow any bigger, so she's kind of stuck. You'd figure she could probably just shrink down and, and work her way out, but uh, <laughs> we'll just say that the net's haunted and, and move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cliff tries to free Rita with his mouth. Mm-hmm. He tries to chew the net open, uh, but Zal fires a magnetic charge at him that takes him out of commission, permanently magnetizing half of the motors that control him. So he's kind of just, it kind of looks like he's having a seizure. He's just laying out. Yeah. Uh, Niall surrenders to Zal, but Captain Zal, he ain't done yet. He feels he must humiliate Niles for putting him in, putting him in upright traction. He says, what do you prize among all else, my democratic doctor? Niall says, uh, what are you getting at? Zal says, your image as a freedom fighter, Nine, you would love to die for glorious mankind, Ja, but would you die for their smallest part of it? And Niles is, he's getting ticked off. He's, stop these blessed riddles. Speak your mind. I, I want to point uh, out, too, the dialogue is written this way. Chris is not fetish. just being incredibly, I'm, uh, you know, insensitive. insensitive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am reading this phonetically. <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna. I'll, I'll just say I've got some German in me. <laughs> I, a lot of my friends are German, oh. so we'll get by that one. Uh, now Zal tells him that the small New England town of Codsville, Maine, has a population of 14 people, and it's set to be destroyed in two minutes unless the Doom Patrol sacrifices itself. So the Doom Patrol have to weigh their their own lives against 14 people they've never met. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Zal reveals two detonators to show he he's not messing around. Neither of them are labeled, though, so hopefully he doesn't get a mess. I hope not, yeah. <laughs> Zal goes, uh, but every verd v... <laughs> oh, Lord. Every verd v say is being broadcast to their world. Then you make their logical choice, all they'll know. I know I know. why I got these lines now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then you make their logical choice, all they'll know that their great chief loves his skin first, like any man. Two minutes. Now, the Doom Patrol decides to do the right thing. Niles says, you heard him, 14 ordinary men, strangers to us. Well, my comrades, you must decide. Larry says, strangers, chief, didn't you teach us that all men are, are our brothers? Rita says, the pilgrims, they were just ordinary men, too, not a genius among them. And Cliff, who's still seizing, <laughs> yeah. says, uh, and the Hebrew children, who wouldn't bow to the Pharaoh, just ordinary shepherds and farmers. And, uh, you know, Zal didn't really say the whole Doom Patrol had to die. <laughs> just just called her. Yeah, I mean, Larry, Rita, and Cliff could be like, oh, so long, dude. Uh, thanks for thanks for everything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you get us another jet? Um, <laughs> the team huddles together. They hold each other. They, they like, join hands, smile, <laughs> and say, fire away. And moments later, the island is rocked by a massive explosion. We uh, get a we get onto the submarine here, and we see Madame Rouge is really really pissed off at Zal because uh, Zal swore that he wouldn't kill Calder. You know, she wanted Calder for herself, I suppose. Um, 
you know, <laughs> which begs the question. Yeah. Why were they? Why were they doing drive-bys and, and covering their house with napalm if she didn't want this poor fool dead? Yeah, I mean, you really, you really tried your damn level best at it, so. <laughs> exactly, uh, Rue. She says, "Zal, you betrayed me. You you killed him, a man who was worth a hundred of you." To which Zal replies, "Stupid woman, what I, what do I care about your childish love affair? Even until our last minute, he taunted me, but he will not taunt me again." Niles Calder and his Doom Patrol are dead. Yeah. Uh, the news of their sacrifice breaks to the world, and it seems like they've changed their tune about the Doom Patrol now. Uh, they really feel that their sacrifice was uh, glorious. The folks of sure. Codsville, Maine, they agree to change the name of their town to Four Heroes. Um, I don't know why they didn't change it to Doom Patrol, Maine. That seems sure. like that would be a little a better <laughs> tribute, but okay, fine. Um and what kind of war criminal is Zal anyway? You kill the Doom Patrol and still trash Codsville. It's like, you know, do we have to tell you everything? Yeah, it's like, go ahead and do it. Yeah, what's what's, what's the big deal? Uh, Steve Dayton rushes to the spot in his yacht. Uh, the seas are still boiling from the explosion. This was a hell of an explosion, folks. Not bad. Yeah. Steve dropped just single rose into the ocean, a memorial for his fallen wife. Steve is thinking, you know, uh, thought balloons. Goodbye, my love, my only love. This is not your last resting place, Rita. Your shrine is within mine. Comics are fun and silly. Mm-hmm. Steve tells the captain to pull away. He's got some revenge to plot. And in the last panel, we're back to Premiani and Boltonoff asking the readers to write in if they want the Doom Patrol saved. Uh, curiously, Boltonoff in the panel below him, they address the reader as Charlie. Well, I don't know why. I guess it probably worked on a couple of Charlies, though, reading the comic. Be like, sure. gee, he's talking to me. You know, I better write in. Uh, they probably wrote in, like, who is the Doom Patrol? Uh, <laughs> and regardless of any letter-writing campaign, this does conclude the vo- this first volume of the Doom Patrol. Um, I suspect there weren't a ton of letters, but the result would have been irrelevant since Drake was no longer working for DC Comics. I think they wanted to abandon this somewhat weird comic that was fairly... It had its fan base, but this was no, you know, no, no Batman. Was a mainstream. No, yeah. this was not a mainstream big comic for them. So, um, I mean, it was something really unique to actually have a death in comics of this sure. time, and then even to finish, you know, finish a comic like that. But this wasn't the end of our yeah. uh, patrol. And actually, technically, it wasn't even the end of this volume, because in the early '70s, they there was a Doom Patrol number one twenty-two. Really? It was a reprint. Oh, it was yeah. all reprints. Okay. And there was a Doom Patrol number 123, and that was a reprint. And I believe that was the last one. But like we said, it's not the end here, so let's get into some other Doom Patrols that came later. Uh, Paul Kupperberg, he uh, he reintroduced a new Doom Patrol in Showcase number 94. Uh, this was uh, August, September 1977. It was a uh, three-issue arc uh, with a totally new team, except for Robot Man, who was uh, who had survived and got a very strange new body yeah. and head. Very 70s very in, in its yeah. way, I always felt, but maybe that's just my me extrapolating. Yeah, it looks like, like an atomic diner, like kind of through. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, they, they, get, they would get their own title again ten years later. This is Doom Patrol Volume 2, Number 1, October 1987. Uh, this time around, the team is set in Kansas City, which was to appease uh, Kansas City native Steve Lytle uh, and to get him to stay on the title. He drew the first five issues only and uh, before it was handed off to a very young uh, Savage Dragon artist, uh, Eric Lawson. That's right. He, um, 
the invasion crossover came and killed a lot of the key members of the team. Uh, a lot, oh, pretty much all the new ones. Uh, like, uh, was it Karma and not? Well, Lodestone was a. Uh, I think he was kind of. I think Karma actually left, uh, and 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 Valerina Vostok, who was negative woman, like negative she, woman. she just went back to Russia. But Arani Desai, yeah. yeah, and she eventually would join Checkmate. Arani Desai and Scott. Can't remember his last name. Who never really got a Scott name. Fisher. Yeah, that's right. He 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 died there, and I think maybe Lodestone did. No, she didn't. No, no, she, oh, she, she showed up later. She showed up later. So I think it was just those two died, and the rest of the team just sort of went off to parts to re- unknown. Re- you know. Yeah. Um, they had to rebuild. This is this is that invasion crossover. So, uh, which was the you know the big gene bomb thing, and the aliens invaded, and uh, was a. It, it opened up a possibility for this title to go a different direction. That's right. Probably the most famous uh, run on the title to most people. This is the Grant Morrison-Richard Case run. They, they took over with issue number 19, February 1989. This is still volume two. A lot of people consider this to be a volume three. It wasn't. This is technically picking up right from where Paul Kupperberg left off. Um, it's brought back Niles Calder. It kept on Tempest, a.k.a. Joshua Clay, from the previous one, although I don't believe he ever used his powers, or once I can remember. Uh, he was always very reluctant. Very Didn't really, like, didn't really yeah. like having to be there, but he was sort of there to help them with the transition, and he just sort of hung around the uh, headquarters. Um, they added Dorothy Spinner, who actually appeared in Kupperberg Larson's issue number 14, and Crazy Jane, and of course, Robot Man is there in a redesigned body that is closer to... Uh, the original one designed by Premiani, but still kind of a little chunkier and a little more jaw-heavy, I felt. Um, In this run, Negative Man becomes Rebus. Um, It's revealed that, and and that's Lodestone, right? No, no, Rebus is... Oh, that's uh, right, that's right. It's him with a a female doctor. Uh, A nurse, yeah. Yeah, uh, because it was... Because Rebus is is a puzzle, and they wanted part man, part woman, part white, part black, because the doctor was was an African American woman, and uh, so it was the kind of like a perfect mishmash for this puzzle. <laughs> and uh, I, I always liked the redesign with like the the sunglasses and everything. It just, oh, big it time! Looked really cool. This is I mean still bandaged, but often you know yeah. wearing like uh, kind of pointed. Like... New wave. <laughs> These pointed cat's eye glasses, but yeah. also might wear like kind of transgendered clothing. It's 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 definitely Very really ambiguous. ambiguous, interesting character. I was thinking Lodestone did evolve though, didn't she become like? She had a, the big eye on her. That's chest. right. She became like like and Illuminati she, woman or something. And she went to explore the cosmos and was never seen again. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll come back in the uh, rebirth. We'll see. Maybe. I doubt it. Um, this one revealed though that Niles Calder he was actually responsible for all of their accidents. He caused them. To, yeah. to become the way they were. He didn't rescue them. He was the the driving force behind yeah. it, yeah. Uh, this also included one of my favorite, a, a one-shot comic, uh, Doom Force Number 1. This came out in July 1992. This was a satirical take on the more image-style 1990s comic. Uh, it's really freaking funny. And, ri- and, and drawn... You'd be surprised not to know that the, to know that Rob Liefeld didn't draw this one. It's really yes. so close to his art style. Uh, it's written by Morrison with a boatload of artists doing their best Liefeld impersonations. A lot of them do a great job, and it's it's hilarious. If you if you could only get your hands on one issue, even though I think this one's pretty pretty expensive, um, this is the one it's to get. It's actually been collected though. It is. It, yeah. It's in the last volume of the Morrison uh, collection. It is it, it is in the collection, and I would tell you to get the collection is really what you Absolutely. should do. But if you feel like ah, I don't want to, I only read '90s style image comics. Well, they have one of those for you too. 
Yes, it's, uh, it stars uh, Dorothy Spinner. That's right. And and Shasta <laughs> the Living Mountain, one of my favorite characters. I love that guy. Uh, Flex Mentalo, that was a mini-series that ran for four issues from June, September 1996. It's written by Grant Morrison, art by Frank Quitely. And this is sort of a metafictional take on a character who appeared during Morrison's Doom Patrol. Uh, but but now it's best known for the Charles Atlas uh, that kept that up the the uh, the cease and desist. That's yeah. right. The it kept that out of print for well over a decade. It is in print now. It's uh it's in a hardback at least, if not in a paperback. But it's really on point. This is this is really sort of a take on the old Charles Atlas comic strip. But we may or the ads actually it wasn't really a comic strip. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll may talk about it someday because it's a pretty good run. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Each, each issue is like in a different comics age. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very interesting stuff. Um, now after uh, after Grant left, the title was taken over by Rachel Pollock. Um, now this is the very first issue under the Vertigo banner, which a lot of people kind of think that it's you know Vertigo started with Morrison, but Morrison wrote zero issues. That were yeah. The collections are all Vertigo. The collections have been uh, reissued as Vertigo, but yes. they're not. But they're but the original comics are not. Yeah, just like Sandman and Shade. Yeah. Right. Um, now, and Swamp Thing, come to think of it, yeah. That's true. That's true. And that was way before. Yep. Um, now, Pollock is interesting. She would write into the letters column during Morrison's uh, run, and, and it was it was very contentious with him. And uh, it, it, it got very weird. But I, I'm sure it was all put on after you know she took over the title. But uh, she takes over with issue number 64, which is March 1993. There were a few artists during this period, but uh, artist uh, Ted McKeever took over for the last 13 issues. I, I'm a big fan of Ted McKeever. I like, I like his art, yeah. Stuff. Me too. Yeah, like his uh, Metropole and uh, was it Eddie Current? Those, those were both very good. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the team moved to Violet Valley's Rainbow Estates, which is a twisted suburb where they inhabited a mansion haunted by ghosts who died in sexual accidents. Uh, this run introduced the first transsexual superhero. Uh, it's Coagula. Who could turn solids into liquids? Mm-hmm. Um, Niles Calder dies during this run. He uh, actually, in the first issue of this, he tears his own head off, and uh, and he's with Doctor Will Magnus, who puts it in a freezer. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the run, his head is basically sitting on a tray of ice, and it's alive. So it's he's still a character, but his head is on a tr- in a tray of ice yeah. in this Doom Patrol mansion. And he acts like a real prick the whole time too. Oh, he's for, a jerk. For a guy that's basically a head on ice and and is at everyone's you know whim. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't feel weird. You know, Will Magnus. I guess he got involved in uh, Kupperberg's initial run, right? He's the one that redesigned Robot Robot Man's outfit. Yeah. yeah. So he sort of he sort of lurks around the Doom Patrol. In the He's periphery, there, yeah. yeah, always in in the next in every uh, iteration or at least most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it did get put to bed, and finally, uh, volume three. So all that was volume two. Yeah. Volume three began December two thousand one. That was written by John Arcudi, drawn by Tang Eng Huat. Went back from went back to the DC universe from Vertigo, and this was another all new team except for Robot Man, assembled by Thayer Just for Just Industries. Uh, I always saw that as sort of a twisted take on Maxwell Lord creating the Justice League of International, yeah. but he basically wanted a corporate superhero a team. Corporate team, yeah. And uh, you know he tries to get uh, Robot Man, Cliff Steele to agree to it, and there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting uh, 
back and forth there. This officially the second Robot Man shows up. It was very strange. Yeah, there's even a, isn't this the one with the second Doom Patrol that has Metamorpho on it, right? Yep. They're trying to like yep. yeah. It's 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 really I like this run a lot. It's really it's cool. Run. Not hard not hard to get your hands on. So if you are a fan, you should definitely look at it. And this uh, folds the Vertigo run into canon by addressing the fate of Coagula and Dorothy Spinner. So it's all together, folks. Mm-hmm, which we're about to tear apart. Because <laughs> uh, just a couple years later, August 2004, our old friend John Byrne came on. We got Volume 4 of the Doom Patrol, where he brought back for the first time in, what, 20, 30, how many years is this? That would be years? almost 40 years, yeah. Yeah, he brings back Rita Farr, uh, Larry Trainer, and Niles Calder, and they also had a Korean girl named Nudge who could control a four-armed gorilla who's... Uh, (laughs) He also added a couple other characters That kind of lingered on the periphery there Uh, I think uh, we all had kind of high hopes For this series Yeah I mean, this, uh, you and I have talked about it a handful of times. Yes. And, you know, this, this to me was like, wow, John Byrne, the vanguard of the Silver Age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the hero to, like, old school comics is going to come on. And this is really not fun to read, guys. No. Uh, it's also, the art is weird. We've, we've talked about this yeah. before also. Um, I, I've always think it's it's Hazelwood, right? Does the inking? Doug Hazelwood, yeah. Doug Hazelwood. I, I always felt it had to be the inking because you see contemporary John Byrne art from the time and even stuff that's come out later, and it looks great. But yeah. this comic, it, there's something weird about it. It looks unfinished. Looks um, scratchy. Uh, doesn't look doesn't look burnish. Yeah, doesn't look. Uh, it's just burn-esque. I really feel like uh, it probably was uh, the inking, but I'm not really sure. It, it's it's strange for sure. But sure. frankly, if you didn't read this one, you wouldn't. You'd be doing yourself a favor. Although it does get <laughs> referenced sometimes in the next run, Volume Five, yes. by Keith Giffen and Matthew Clark. Uh, that began in August 2009. This also brings back the original Drake Premiani team minus Beast Boy, and later Bumblebee, Vox, and Ambushbug show up, which you know tickled me to no end. Sure. They operate out of Oolong Island, kind of in the wake of the 52 series, right? Yeah. Um, like what what it all happened there, and this was canceled with issue 22 uh, in May 2011, just in time for the new 52. That, that last issue, you have a, you have a, somebody lands on Oolong Island and says, you know, you're canceled. Basically. Yeah. And Ambush Bug comes over and they whisper something in his ear, and he goes, Flash, what? New what? Yeah. What's a Didio? I remember that's <laughs> yeah, what I meant. That's really cool. Yep. Um, but moving into the New 52, the Doom Patrol showed up again in Justice League Volume 2, Number 24, in December 2013. Words by Jeff Johns. Drawings by Ivan Rice or Reese. Uh, this is the classic team plus Element Woman, which is kind of like a female metamorpho. Mm-hmm. Um, Niles Calder seems to be a prick again, which is no surprise, and has a he's a tantalizing pass with Lex Luthor. Uh, they were uh, they were even in the they were in the beginning of the next issue, and then they just weren't. Yeah, it was a real <laughs> teaser, you know, like. You know, reading it, I was kind of like, this could be interesting. Rita had a sure. thing where she had to like maintain her composure, her goopy, or yeah, or she, she just turned to goop if she wasn't like cheery all the time. And I think I, Larry Trainer was like suicidal. 
Um, but we never saw him again. We don't know what yeah. this is. This was a nothing team, and it doesn't matter because, as we know, Gerard Way and Nick Derrington have just started a new run in the Doom Patrol through the Young Animal imprint, and it just started last week. So I have no real information about it. Uh, yeah, not but, outside of what we've already said. Exactly what we said, and, and the, you know, I, if you want to jump on and become the expert of this run, now is your time. Start start getting the mm-hmm. comics today. Uh, and that brings us right to the present with the Doom Patrol, my favorite team in all of comics. Um, this was really a lot of fun to do this issue. You know, Chris had suggested it, and I was kind of like, eh, people are sick of hearing about Reggie talk about the Doom Patrol. And and you may be sick of it, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> um, I just find it so interesting. I find it so interesting that a team died in the 60s, you know? like yeah. it's, uh, Nowadays, so that that's like, as you would say, that's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, that's not a big deal. Teams could die, but this was this was unusual for the time, and I wonder if... You know what the reaction was really at the time to it, since there are no letters that came after the last issue. We don't know. Um, but if you know, or if you have any opinions on the death of the Doom Patrol or anything we've talked about, you can write to us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com. And of course, you can read uh, the writings of Chris, myself, and the other fellows from the Weird Science team at weirdsciencedccomics dot com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And before I do my usual spiel, I'm also going to mention the Waiting for Doom podcast. Uh, these guys have been holding the torch for Doom Patrol for a little over a year now, and now that the Doom Patrol is back, they're sort of having a, uh, a limitless celebration. Uh, you know, cool guys, they read a different issue every episode. Uh, they have a good patter. Worth checking out. You know, you, sure. you could do worse, and uh, their podcast is like you know, one-tenth the length of Weird Science, so you can probably squeeze it in there somewhere. And you could probably catch up on the archives, too. Probably, yeah. That would be a good <laughs> way to, if you want to get a little overview of, and they, they go all over every every uh, creator, every era, so it's, uh, I, I enjoy the heck out of it, and I've been listening to those guys for quite, pretty much since their beginning, since I'm a Doom Patrol fan, but besides that, you've got to go check out, Chris is on infiniteearth.blogspot.com where he reviews a new DC comic Every single day. Is there any Doom Patrol on there? I don't know if I ever noticed Doom, any. I did uh, the Morrison, the first issue of the Morrison run. I did, uh, I did 122 that reprint with okay. the animal vegetable mineral. Oh, I remember the reprint. That's right. Yep. And I was going to do the first issue of the Pollock run, but after reading it, I realized that I don't know that I have enough words in my vocabulary to uh, to adequately synopsize that and include all the backstory. Oh yeah, so it's, it's, a little... uh, it's not a it's not one of those that would be very organic for me to write. Maybe you just throw up a scan. Maybe. That's all. <laughs> just scan the pages and here you go. Figure it out yourselves folks this week. Uh, whatever you should definitely seek all those out that we mentioned. I, I remember the reprint one you're talking about now yep. because I remember I was like, oh, I gotta see what he thinks of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really funny, really well thought out and uh, your okay. thoughts at the end are really uh, right on point. So I recommend everyone look at that every single day of the week, or you can save it till the end of the week and look at you know a batch of them, whatever you like. Yeah, they're they're, they're two for the price of one on Fridays. Oh yeah, you've been doing two on Friday. Jeez. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh. You just get them. You just get them cheaper. Though. Oh, I see. I see. That's when you can really pile them in. You can get them in bulk. Um, yes. Well, you know, definitely take a look at that. Um, but I think that wraps us up for this issue of the Cosmic Treadmill. Do you have any other anything else for him, Chris? I, I think we're doomed. 
Well, until next week when we will come back with some other comic, but I don't know what it will be yet. We, I want you to keep it on the treadmill fatally. I used to cop a lot, but never cop, no drop. Hold mics like ponytails tight and bobble ops. Stop, stick around, come through and dig the sound of the fly brown 6060 cycle. Who throws a dick around? Bound to go through the plat. Came to destroy rap. It's an intricate plot of a B-boy strap. All right, time for mail Where's my Where's four. my music at? Mail number four. Mail, 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 gonna have some mail. <laughs> Eric likes the males. That's right. He's dancing with them. Wait, wait, He's wait, what? He's doing the foo-foo <laughs> train. Oh, yeah. He plays hard. He, I don't I was going to do that. That's better than my old news, news, news. He works hard and he plays even harder. Uh, It's time for the mail. Number four. Eric, Jim's going to read the mail. Eric is a fucking asshole. Oh, no. He likes to suck his own cock and he finishes off on his in his mouth. Oh, yeah. He should know the golden rule to suck in your own cock is not to finish in your own mouth. But he doesn't play by the rules. He's Eric Shea. He's a wild card. (laughs) That guy's a wild card. Now he's got a protein shake. (laughs) How's that? You like that? (laughs) He's draining his own balls right down his throat. Jim's definitely drank too much NyQuil tonight. (laughs) What was it? Uh, my songs that I used to sing was always to Machine Man. It's all He Man. Yes, it always was He Man. Mail time. Jim's gonna read the mail tonight. Eric's gonna put his finger up his own ass. Mail time. These words don't rhyme. Don't they? I've I've lost all my rhyming skills. Then they they rhyme right. Here, here's how's this one. Mail four. Jim is gonna read the mail again. Eric is a fucking cock. No, that doesn't rhyme. I don't even like. Really? He went with. I'm like. He went with again. What's he gonna rhyme with that? That no, doesn't. He, that he doesn't rhyme. That doesn't try. rhyme at all. Friend and uh, again and cock. Okay. No. I got a new one. It's always the, the lead up. It's time for the mail section. Jim is on a roll. Eric is a fucking cocksucker. I hate his guts. I want Mike back. Mail number four. Eric's a whore. How's that? And now he's going to go and suck his own cock. It's Eric time. How's that? Is that good? Why why do you keep thinking about me sucking my own dick? (laughs) It's time for the mail. Jim is sick. Eric's going to suck his own thumb. No. (laughs) No, that doesn't doesn't work. You were so close. God darn it. I, I really thought I had it that time. Oh, I was so happy for a second. Uh, what did yes. you do? <laughs> it's time for the mail. This podcast is a mess. Eric, watch out. Don't wake up your mom. Is that good? I am I am really kicking it in now. I, I actually I like a... this better because I'm like, this whole time, maybe he's just been faking it the whole time. He knows what's going on. <laughs> 
Uh, yes. He is still a rap master. I am. You see, I'm, I twisted it all around there. The the first mail of section number four. Jess left the room and she slammed her fist. It's a uh, Chisanga. Chisanga says, "Hey, Jim." You could have even had the sound effect to end your rhyme. Could I have done this? <laughs> that one I could have done. Then Jess is gonna slam the. Hello, weird science. <laughs> yes, it works out so Dan, well. Dan, you fucked it all up. I am. Dr- he is drunk. He's drunk. <laughs> this guy's drunk. <laughs> I wish I had that sound effect. We talk Whew, about it every been, week. We gotta you, get it. A lot of times, I I want to go drive afterwards to go get a snack. I I don't think I, don't I think should. That's a good drive. idea, baby. No, no. I I did have another. I I think I've had like seven swigs of fucking Nyquil. It's gone now. So that's what the kids it, do to get high. Yeah, yeah. The purple drink. Is that what it is? <laughs> the purple, purple drink. drink. Ah, yes, Chisanga. Hey, Jim and Eric. All I have to say is that both issues of Night of the Monster Men were underwhelming, and they should have saved the all-morning for Tim in the next story arc for Detective Comics. I don't know the way Batman's doing it. I'm glad they got rid of it. (laughs) You with me? I just get that done with. And then he goes on, Injustice this week deserves a fuck you five for its sequel hook. And yeah, if you were reading the digital book uh injustice it ended with just telling you to keep continuing it was drink more ovaltine (laughs) it's like hey you like this story read the next one this year had very little to show and the last four chapters were too boring as there was no tension since we had reached the point point part of the game where the game had already started i hope the new book is only 12 chapters because i'm not looking forward to 24 to 40 chapters of nothing happening for months and sudden character deaths now the next one is they're having that little bridge the where they're going to have the story. actual game story of the injustice gods among us the first game i don't think it's going to be very long and then they're going to go into uh the injustice 2 prequel comic i really injustice do i think i'm out i think i'm out i really i i don't know You've know, been reviewing God. it week after week for three goddamn just years. Just forever. And now that it's kind of done that, and I'm like, oh, good. Now I get it. It's just too much. My God. Justice League keeps on amazing me on how shitty it is. Fuck Aquaman and his magic rock. <laughs> he had nothing for Wonder Woman to do, and Flash willing the Speed Force back came off too nonsensical to take seriously. Actually, yep. it was like the opposite of Padme dying because of a of broken, broken heart. heart. Yeah. She died because she was brokenhearted. Barry got the Speed Force back because he remembered that he created it when yep. he got the Speed Hey, I have the Speed Force. That's mine. Yeah. At, at one point, I think that Batman might have been able to get the Speed Force if he just thought about it. If he believed in it hard enough. But Batman is a guy who uh, he can't make up things in his mind. He It's all truth to it's him. It's all fact. Yeah. It's all fact. He is a detective, so he'd never be able to cross that. Cyborg, get some of that emotional spectrum. Batman's probably one of those guys who's like, he goes to the movie and yells out the end of the movie beforehand when he figures it out. And he's know, the world's man. greatest detective. So he yells it out within three minutes. Honestly, People man, boo. I just watched the, the pilot episode of MacGyver. Yeah. And I did that for the first three minutes. Really? Yeah. Eric was watching MacGyver with Jess. He told me that that story was terrible. Sure did. And my God, when did Barry and Jessica become a thing? Because it feels like something that came from nowhere. Now, Jessica was always pining for Barry. And still is, because Barry's like, he's not having none of it right now. No, I'm telling you, I don't think Barry, he's too dumb. 
And his girlfriend's in he's, the Speed Force. He's a forensic scientist, Jim. Yes, he, he's not the love scientist that you are, Eric Shea. <laughs> That's right. Justice League deserves a one just for the drawings, and Damn. even they felt lacking. I like the art. So DC seriously needs to have a new writer ready for January or February. It's not going to happen, um, but I would hope so. I really want him all. But uh, so, next, and thanks, Jason. But Jim, the he's got everything book. plotted out till 2018. No, oh my God, 2018, kill me. Travis is the next one. Best and worst of the week, he says. He says, woo, submitted two weeks in a row. Nice. I hate to say it, but the book of the week was a Marvel book this week. Thor number 11. Oh, That's you your book. Us, Travis. You <laughs> love that Thor. You'll be doing, well, you might be. I'm not going to say you will be. I most likely is, will be on Monday. That is one of your Marvel Monday books. The Mighty Thor. Cool. The Mighty Thor. Great looking art. And while the story itself perhaps wasn't something that would normally become book of the week, the reveal did it for me. And he has a big smiley face. Spoilers, Travis. Damn. Yeah, well, he didn't say what it was. He didn't spoil it. If the goal of a book is to make me want to buy more, I can tell you that this book went out of the park. Oh, jeez. can't wait till next Spoilers. issue. For those who don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Should there I say go. what it is? Oh, it's a spoiler podcast. Okay. The the main problem I have is I can never pronounce that goddamn hammer's Jim, name. Jim. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. We find out that Mjolnir, Mjolnir, hey, what are you, a Mjolnir, actually has a life and intelligence of its own and can oh, take independent man, action when needed. What it did, oh my God, this is a spoiler cast. I don't think it's going to be long. What it did these last two issues was amazing, surprising even Thor herself. Herself? Yeah, Spoilers! Yeah. Jane? Well, I don't have next to review issue. the book now. What's that? I don't have to review the book now. No, next issue, we delve into the secret origin of Munyan. Mjolnir. Hey, what are you, a Munyan? Hey! Can't wait. Next, the stinking pile of garbage of the week was also a Marvel book. I won't waste time <laughs> describing Civil War II number 5. Brandon did earlier, but sure OMG. I'm glad to be a DC <laughs> fan these days. For DC, the worst book of the week for me was Batman number seven. Ooh. The art was hideous. Seriously. The story was lame, yep. but at least it was a fast read. It was fast. The stink carried over to Nightwing uh, number five, but at least with better art. I'm saying so. Did you write this in? Is this Travis or is this fucking America's Sweetheart? Next, it threatens I to go to. Read Thor yet. Next, it threatens to go to Detective Comics number nine forty one. That comic has been book of the week for me four times in a row, so I'm really worried to see what happens there. Thanks again for all the hard work you guys do, and for including input from the nobodies like me. And never forget, Batgirl used to be good. I agree. You agree as well. And that is Travis. Thank you, Travis. Next one is Brian from like Arkansas. What's up, Brian? Who says so, so goddamn much is his subject line. Hey, guys, I'm exhausted. Usually I'll go bicycling or on a jog while listening to a podcast. The activity normally lasts the duration of the podcast I'm listening to. This is why we, we show up and ruin everybody. Yeah, we ruin the party. Last week, I got on my bicycle, put my headphones on, and fired up Weird Science. Goddamn, there's no way I can cycle for 11 hours. Pussy. Get in shape, Brian. Come Pussy. on. Do it, Doug. Shit, guys. Now, in all seriousness, I really do appreciate your hours and hours of programming on a weekly basis. I do take offense to one thing, though. Eric's use of the phrase, so goddamn much. He says this at least nine or ten times every week. You know what's funny, though? I read this mail early. And, and you made this sure podcast, you don't say No, it. no. 
I keep saying goddamn though, but I don't know if I said so goddamn much, but really? I keep saying goddamn like, would you stop saying that you goddamn idiot? It's like, hey Eric, you want me to suck your cock? <laughs> so goddamn much. That's all I hear. I hear that ringing in my ears well, all the stop time. Stop saying it to me all the time. Yes. As if it were his catchphrase or something. I don't Oosh. like hearing the Lord's name taken in vain like that. It's offensive. And I'll pray for you, Eric Shea. No, nah, in all seriousness, I'm S-H-E-A. an atheist. Doesn't bother me at all. I know. On a side note, people here in the South really give you awful looks when you find out you're an atheist, when they find out you're an atheist. Yep, it's hard living in the South and being a non-believer, but that's another story for another time. On to some random thoughts of my two cents. Absolutely loving the praise and reviews on Wonder Woman. Ruckus, Scott, and Sharp knock it out of the park every single issue. I've never been a fan of John Romita's art, but I think it works on Batman. I like his art more than a lot of people on uh, All-Star Batman. Just League issue 5 had the absolute worst dialogue I've ever seen printed in a comic book. Trinity is probably my favorite first issue of Rebirth so far. It's not mine, but it's close. Okay, Jim, the Rapid Fire segment is over. One question for you guys. Were you two comic fans back in the early 90s when Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Sylvester Lobb, Liefeld, and the others all left Marvel to form Image Comics? Eric? <laughs> what are you doing? I had the mic muted. I didn't even know. I've been talking this whole time. I didn't realize my mic was really? muted. I you, was. <laughs> so you had comments that whole time. Uh-huh. Were you just like, when I said, Jesse like, had the absolute worst dialogue I've ever seen printed, you're like, yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just kept going. Yep. That's what I imagined. Oh, I had no man. idea. I'm like, why is he just not he's saying anything? I'm like, oh, it's I'm the asshole. My bad. I thought I was going to have to cough. Eric had his mic muted. I sure as hell was. He says he was. I was not. I was not. I was in college then. The thing is, though, like when this happened, um, I knew like Rob Liefeld from the X-Books and like Jim Lee and stuff like that. Yeah. But when they all went their separate ways, the only one I cared about was Todd McFarlane because I just wanted the Spawn series. Yeah. Yeah, I I was not a fan at all. I was in college and, uh, you know, doing college things, stuff like that. But, uh, uh, this goes, now I'm, I'm thinking of you with the mic off. But, uh, <laughs> Brian then says that he certainly was. It was an amazing time to be a comics fan. The reason sure. I asked is because back then during Image's heyday is when the careers of a lot of these current DC guys got started. My favorite of all time got his big break there. And he had mentioned Tony Daniel as well before, as well as David Finch, Brett Booth, Francis Manipal, among others who are all stars at DC now. Well, thanks for reading, and thanks for the entertainment week in and week out. I'll leave you with my mid-September current list of favorite artists. Number five, Jim Lee. Number four, Eddie Barros. Number three, Nicholas Scott. Number two, Tony Daniel. Number one, Joel Jones. You see, Tony Daniel is favorite of all time. Yeah. Joel Jones, though, that's his current favorite. Lady Killer 2, issue 2, was amazing. <laughs> Smiley face. Thanks, Brian Weston. Conway R. Kansas. And now we have Thank you, Brian. Now we have Frenny, I believe, uh, if I'm not Dude, mistaken. I'm here. I, I didn't do anything. I have no idea how my mic got muted. Yeah, it's weird. It's not, I, didn't, I didn't mute it to like You weren't going to go smoke it up or anything? No. I had nothing. Really? I have no idea how it got muted. I, I actually thought you did. I'm like, we cut up this goddamn mail in a section, and the guy still went off to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so to start screaming. Oh, <laughs> uh, God darn you. Frenny is, is the last male of the night. That's and right. Frenny says, oh, man. And this is funny because she does mention something. I didn't include one of her emails because it was just a quick little thing. She did say, uh, 
that she wanted to give Justice League the fuck you three. That's the new the new <laughs> score. But yeah, she had forgotten in the one email we'll talk Justice League. It's only one sentence. I know that you get very upset when oh people have God. multiple emails. So Frenny says of bitches. That's funny because we read everything, Frenny. <laughs> yeah. So it says, Oh man, I can't believe I forgot. Just don't tell Eric I sent three <laughs> separate emails. Just pretend this was all part of my first email. Now these are what I ate most as a kid. She's gonna tell us her cereal picks. Right. Because she listened to the just cereal for the hell podcast. of the cereal. Uh, she says, number three, corn pops. Bullshit. For a variety. They were just different than every other sugary cereal in the market it, when I was like, a kid. It felt like styrofoam in my mouth. I didn't mind them. You have to eat them very quick. Yeah. I'm a very quick eater. Well, as you'll see and... in this, it's all about that in this freaking list. Yeah. Number two, Thai Fruit Loops. Good. That's a good pick. Or tricks. Where, where's my... What's that? I, I will give her this. They, they are very close. To... No. They are very close. No. They but aren't. Fruit Loops are the way to go all the way. Yeah, no, Tricks and Fruit Loops are nowhere near each other. Uh, to me, Tricks has a very, uh, I would say, like a very chemical, over the top, strong oh, yeah. taste it's, to me. It's over the top, strong. Over Fruit, Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops has a very good taste, and it's more of the sugar on them than the actual fruit flavor of them. Tricks is just full out, just awful. It tastes so phony and nonsense. I, I do not like tricks one bit. Silly rabbit. That's what you get for tricks. <laughs> Where am I now? Honestly, I feel like these were interchangeable. Maybe my memory's fuzzy. It is. What keeps these from the top spot is the hardness in their dry state. They would occasionally scrape the roof of my mouth when I could shove uh, first big spoonful in knuckle. And that is true. Uh, I really have that. only ever eaten a couple bowls of tricks in my life. I hate them. Uh, Fruit Loops will cut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, she says Still a tie. Number one, a tie. Fucking nonsense. She's half right. Cocoa Pebbles <laughs> and Fruity Pebbles. She says, I will never mix these in the same bowl. Of course, of course. That's disgusting. But really, it's all about the texture with these. They just had the best crispiness to me, although all it was All three seconds of it. Which is a sign of excellence. All the best gastronomic experiences are at the peak moment of freshness. The perfect Madeline... Is only perfect the day it came out of the oven. Don't sure. even know what that is. After nope. that, it's still edible, but not perfect. I feel the same way about pizza. I don't like it cold and reheated. Just tastes second rate to me. I like cold pizza. I, I prefer like right away, but no, well, the fruity pebbles is nonsense. I'll give you the cocoa pebbles because I've dabbled with that, but the pebbles in general, I you put milk on pebbles. it. I love and it's cocoa done. pebbles. I love cocoa pebbles, but I I hate fruity pebbles so much. Uh, we, when we were going to do the Just for the Hell of a Candy podcast uh, last night that I had to bail on, uh, where do you hear Reggie's fucking candy? Fucking nonsense. It is the biggest. Cereal it is the biggest bunch of nonsense I've ever heard in my life. In I don't fact, know how we're friends with Reggie. In fact, oh, I'm not even going to reveal what these choices are. You don't even know what his number one is. You, no. you don't even know what that candy is. And I don't think anybody has known what that candy is for the last 30 years. I actually went to look for it, and I couldn't find it. I don't even think it's candy. No, it's it's candy. It's not good candy. <laughs> it's not good at all. Reggie, I'll just give you a little hint. Reggie has something with peanuts. He's got an infatuation with the peanuts. Whew, that's a weird candy that he has number one. What do you have number one? You're going you're gonna to spoil it Absolutely for Absolutely not. I'm going to wait for the podcast. 
I know what my number one is. My number one is a British candy. Anyway, what you have to do with the pebbles or any cereal really is not use so much milk. It's breaking the rules, Jim. <laughs> that is a rule break. Uh, and it must be whole milk. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not, not going to blow the horn on that because I do like those other milks are a travesty. You realize, of <laughs> course, that by removing fat, you're actually increasing the concentration of sugar in your milk. I'm yes, okay I do that. know that. And I love it. That's what I want. I don't drink. We drink 2% at our house. Right. It's not for the health issues. It was at first. I remember when I actually said that our family was going to switch uh, down to 2%. Somehow my wife took that as I was going to try starving the kids. <laughs> it, it, it was a big fight. It, she's crazy. She's like, you're trying to start. What are you talking about? My And just Quiet to tell you, crazy lady. My, uh, they got Fruity Pebbles this week as Did you hit them? cereal. I, I don't care. I don't eat it anymore. So I'd rather them yeah, that means get you have Fruity a Pebbles. In your house that you can't eat. Yeah, but that's great because then I'm not going to even be tempted to eat it. But we have gone. We're actually saving some milk now. We went in the summer, full out five to six gallons a week. We're, we're down to four, uh, lasting the whole week. So four gallons of milk is lasting. I'm telling you, it's yeah. funny that we had the cereal podcast out too, because I finally got a hold of the monster cereal and had Frankenberry for the first time. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Then you don't have all that leftover milk at the end to drink. Why don't you which want that I hate. milk? I love that milk. Also, you keep the crispiness viable longer. That, yeah, you you're, keep you're it. Then you, might as, you might as well just drink it uh, dry out of the box or eat yeah. it dry out of the box. If you're going to tell me that the way you keep it crispy is not to have milk on it, nonsense. How do, how do you not know how to eat cereal, Freddie? Come on. I know. Jeez. Listen to that podcast again. Now it's, it's it required hard. reading the, or <laughs> listening again. But you still got to eat fast. It's all about maintaining the crispiness. Not for Reggie. I he like likes soggy cereal. Oh, yeah, he's insane, too. <laughs> that soggy, soggy cereal, cereal nonsense, which is why I also like to do smaller bowls what is a this? little at a time with fresh milk for each serving. No, you... you oh. Tanya, Jim, when I got a hold of that Frankenberry, the bowl I had almost took up most of the cereal box. Tanya, at one it was point, amazing. I bought one of those huge, like it almost looked like you would have gotten the spoon at a World's Fair. It was like, it was humongous. <laughs> they say it was carved from an even larger spoon. Oh yeah, it was, it was carved from a larger <laughs> spoon. And then what I'd eat, I would rather, I'd eat it out of a fucking bucket. Just fucking huge. I go to town. You don't get your fingers near me. No. She says, whoa, just got that in under the wire. Hope I made it. And that is Frenny Frenny. Oh, we love you. Your cereal eating. It, we gotta talk to, about this shit. It needs to tighten up a little. But yeah, we're gonna, that's it for the mail for the night. So Eric, All we right. did it. Mail done. We're gonna end the podcast with three books, including Trinity number one. What are the others? Cyborg, Cyborg number one. And, and Dr. that Fate goddamn Dr. Fate number too many to be told. Seriously. We'll be back in a minute.
Trinity Number One, Eric, written by nice. Francis Manipal, art by Francis Manipal, uh, singing by Francis Manipal, drum. This guy does it all. Manipal, bass, Francis Manipal, and on guitar, Francis Manipal. And in the role of David Lee Roth tonight, Francis Manipal. Francis Manipal. And Steve Wands on lettering. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Basically, it's Francis Manipal and Steve Wands have pulled into town, and they're ready to go. They're like our band Bond. Steve Wands is fucking, what's his name? The the good guy. No, yeah. Klaus. 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 <laughs> and nobody knows what we're talking about. The band B-O-N. Bond. Look it up. Good German band. Not really. No. But liked it. That was a bonding it. moment with me and you with that band Bond. So if, and there's some boys. With us, look up Boys by Bond. Hooey. And then Francis take your pants Manipal. off because that is a great video. Oh, yes. Francis Manipal starts his new Trinity book by inviting our three heroes over for dinner. Yes, instead of bonding over fisticuffs and heat vision blasts, they break bread and poke fun at each other. It's more of a subtle start than I expected, and I really liked it. The art is incredible, and the story gets everyone on the same page going forward. It's true. Hello, baby. Hello, you, you want to come over for dinner, my, my sexy mama? You like that? I do. That's a sexy voice. I don't think I'm going to have the sexy voice. When people are listening to this, when I shove it into the regular podcast, they're going to be like, why does he have such a sexy voice? Who's that Barry White? The rest of you are just going to sound like Froggy. Yeah, yeah, now I'll be coughing it up because I think I have it under control now. This, this is not going to make any sense in the regular podcast. <laughs> uh, it, this issue starts off. I, I do like it. I told you when I say my score at the end, I told you that the score that I gave this is the most solid piece of scoring I've ever given. And then it's, it's right. And up. I, I like to prove you wrong a lot of times. I got done like, Jim is fucking absolutely correct. This is the most solid scoring I've ever fucking yeah, seen. Because this is a very nice issue. Now, uh, this goes well with this week. This week has a lot of these issues, a lot of subtle, nice. That's what I like. Uh, tell a story, uh, more character than action. I'm all for my superheroics, but when my superheroes get a chance to sit down and just hang out, sit down one of some of my out, favorite things. Get a lot of, of character development and bonding. And this book, I like what, what Francis Manipal is doing because the one thing that we uh, said when this book was announced, like, boy, they're probably going to have New 52 Superman back by now. Because huh? of the Trinity idea, it didn't really make sense to us with pre-Flashpoint Superman. We, we discussed and this. And the thing is, though, because with this, the points that I took off was actually because of that, where... We have everybody sitting down and talking, and we have the pre-Flashpoint Superman talking to, you know, New 52, Wonder Woman, and Bruce Wayne. And there's never brought up anything about, like, where the fuck did you come from, and why are you here? Yeah, you know, they, they they're just They're just that. too accepting. You're from another world that we oh, don't quite understand. Gotcha. Like, well, Bruce knows the- about the Flashpoint. He knows that things might have been changed, you know? Yeah. He's a smart guy. Maybe bring something to the table except for, you know, a bad attitude. The only thing that I can tell you is that the way it's spelled out and the way that this book has come out after a lot of the other books, and I think it's done the best job of tying it into things that are going on now. And because it shows Wonder Woman, it shows part of the truth, uh, you know, her story, the lies, I mean. Lies, yeah, yeah. Uh, story there. And sure. I think, well, and it does it well that – the timing of the issue goes very good with this, like to me. And so with that, you also have him dealing with them in the Justice League. Now, Brian Hitch is horrible, but at least I can think that he has done things with them and it's worked up to this. You know what I mean? Like this is Lois. It's not like Lois, like saying, uh, Hey, uh, 
I want to invite these guys over to dinner, Wonder Woman and Batman, because we don't know. It's more of I want to get to know them better because they're going to have your back. Is what you know? It's funny it's, though to me. You bring up the Justice League and them trying to tie everything together with this. When I read this issue, Justice League is such a piece of shit to me right now. Yeah. Never even considered it at all. I'm That's like, this to me, like, this is tying into where we were in Superman yeah. and like shit it, like that. Like Justice League way, is so far removed from I anything know. I want to deal when with. Francis Manipul does it with mentioning the Wonder Woman and Cheetah and things like that. I can think in my head, nope, they fought. And Bruce and Cyborg have gone to this farm before yeah. and talked about Superman. She, Lois said to Bruce in that series, hey, listen – you have to trust my Superman. You have to do. I think that all of the stuff that you're saying has already been kind of worked yeah, out behind the scenes. I get you. I'm saying, but for when I read it though, I just don't like Justice League so goddamn much. You know, it never I, crossed I, my I mind. I want to believe that that book doesn't exist. We're going to be. We already had talked about it tonight. I think by this point, and yeah, I, I'm probably still angry. And I haven't seriously about it yet. Or, but yeah, it starts off. And there's a narration that's Lois talking about, you know, raising kids and things like that. And I really like it. And it's, this is also, if anything. This book reminds me of a expanded version of the Lois and Clark book that Peter yeah. You know, a lot of books are remind though. We have so much of the Clark, uh, Lois and John stuff going on. Yeah. There, it's like half the goddamn books coming out are a continuation oh. of the Lois and Clark. Yeah. And I love it because I love that series. I too. And you get it where uh, little Johnny. Little John, John boy. John he's, O. He's there. He's spreading seeds that he had gotten. He had gotten uh, downtown. <laughs> While Wonder Woman's talking about, hey, you know what, all the parents, and this is true, I have five kids, so you, you do get this a lot. Oh, parents say that their kids are the best. No, my, it does become a competition. My and kids she says, are the you best. know what, I, I get it, you know, annoyed by this. My kid can lift a car over his head, but what the heck? And it goes on, and then you see Wonder Woman, and I'm telling you, Francis Manipal is incredible. Yeah. I know you're not uh, hip on the coloring. That's the thing is though, like I'm like my big experience with it because I didn't read a lot of his Flash run. Yeah, I had his detective books, and it's just the coloring for is just too drowned out for me. I like a bright book, and and it's it's funny because when he did the Flash, Bucciolato was coloring, and right. this is him doing it himself, and it's very similar. I do think it's a little darker in coloring a bit. I like but, it. I, but the thing is, I'm telling you, I before I read it, I was but oh, man, Manipool's on this. I'm not a big fan of everything he does. But he, he has a good goddamn style. But I got that. I'm like, you know, I really did enjoy all the art in this as well. I, I well, couldn't put it what, down for that. What he would always do in the, in the Flash book that always impressed me when I used to read and review that was the credits page. Right. The credits page of the Flash book would always be these crazy panelings. And the panelings would always mean something and work. And that's how he does it here when Wonder Woman's there. Oh, it's like that in Detective Comics as well. Yeah, you have different scenes, but it's her symbol. Yeah. And she's coming, almost coming out of it. You see the invisible jet. It's, it's fucking awesome. I love it. And there's Batman. I, I don't want Batman coming anywhere near me, but does he just bring the bats with him? Is that something that's Ever like, since the Injustice video game, that's all it is. <laughs> you know, he, he flies in with the Batwing. He opens his door to jump out and then opens the other door for the bats for effect. The guy loves he, an he entrance. Needed, he needed some cover. People wouldn't just notice the him. the share of the DCU. <laughs> he needs he, uh, freaking costume changes and fucking, you know, and, and a huge entrance. The guy has to jump in with these bats. So in the meantime... Uh, Lois then is talking to John about, you know, oh, and it, it does. This whole thing is kind of set up that, uh, pre Flashpoint Superman, Superman Clark has, um, he's built up walls and he, they have been in this, you know, the new 52 hiding, keeping secrets. Yeah, he's been standoffish before, but he's not letting anybody in. And even this is where I think it leads into the, 
craziness of, say, the Justice League, because in the Justice League, you kept having this, like, they saved the day, and then he's like, yeah, if you need me, I'll be around. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I but think like, Francis Manipal has done a good job of kind of wrapping all of this around and into his story where, you know, maybe maybe Brian Hitch, when he's doing that, just that's a throwaway line. But Manipal's going with it. I think he does a really good job. But he, well, I, I think so. I don't know where the story arc's going, like how long it's going to be or anything like that. But thinking about the newest issue of Superman where Clark's like, we got to like make roots in this town. We got to see what yeah. our community has, so, like be yeah, a part of it. Up a and they, exactly. They go out to the freaking county fair and they're becoming they're opening up the doors, the wall, like bring down the walls if you want yeah and they you know it's going to cause problems there are and and lois spells it out listen there's walls and he's like i love the line with he learned his dad when he he was his dad got him he didn't want people taking him away because he was different this being superman jonathan not wanting clark to be taken away so he built walls and he was really good at it and then it says clark learned a lot from his father i really really like that good ass line yeah because you have the same thing with john And that carries over even later when he's talking to Bruce. You know, now you see John's has John has powers, and now Clark is being protective, like like his dad to him. I really like it, though. Just not as good in my mind. What's that? Just not as good in my mind. He's he's busy. He's out saving (laughs) shit. You know. Oh, you know what? He is too damn busy because when we get John back in the house, we've had this ongoing joke here at the podcast where Lois is a terrible mother. Yeah, and I was just gonna say before you go on and spell it out. I was going to say he's too busy and he's leaving the worst person possible in charge. <laughs> and it is Lois. Lois needs uh, somebody there to take care of her. I'm telling yeah, go on. The joke continues happens. here because John's he's home. He was like dropping some freaking like uh, plant grower down in the fields on yeah, his way it in. Looks like they, seeds to me. Yes, Just whatever, seeds. whatever. And he's he's like, yeah, I could have gone and bought these, but a guy down the street he was giving bags of them for free. So I took that seven dollars <laughs> you got me and gave me some ice cream. That cool, man? Sure, John, whatever. Just yeah, don't tell your fine. father. Just don't tell your father. What I'm the, like, wait a don't second. tell your father what? stranger danger. Yeah, what the hell what are you doing, this? Lois? There's some hobo downtown selling seeds. I know. Here's All you had to thing. do was reach into his pocket to get it. It's, yeah. In, in our <laughs> neck of the woods here, I like to think that you go around in a van with, with uh, fucking candy. Yeah. Hey, kid, you want some candy? I don't know how they play things, you know, in no, the Midwest, even though seeds. this is supposed to be the Midwest, but, uh, you know, they just go around with seeds. Is that what happens? You know, like, this is I'd Western Pennsylvania say, in my mind. Yeah, I love, but still, they are out on a farm. In farm areas, is that what the pedophiles do? They drive around on a tractor giving out fucking seeds? I don't know. Western Pennsylvania, yeah. I imagine, it's the pedophile Amish. Do they have those? Say, I'm sure they do. That's the, uh, hey. The fucking look, coach and buggy? Hey, kid, want some seeds? You want to come over to my house and look at my telephone, kids? Yeah, Jebediah. <laughs> oh, you Jebediah. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, he gets these seeds, and this, this does play him very big at the end. Yes. We, we have – it's not even fully out of theory. I think it's pretty obvious. But oh, yeah, yes. She's baking bread, and she's talking about all these bad things. And it's funny when I first read it because then the door rings, and John's like, oh, my God, we never have guests. And he goes running, and I'm like – I thought this was just one more notch in Lois's belt of <laughs> ironing. And then I thought, you know what? It's probably six o'clock, you know, four or five, whatever the time is. But he had Dinner t- time. He had told Bruce and Diana to, or she had asked Bruce and Diana to be there at that time. So I'm sure that she's aware of who it is, but yeah. it, well, no, she doesn't act like it. And, uh, so it's like he goes running off, and to me, it's like, here she goes again. Like they never get any guests. The door rings. They're, they're pretty much. The way this is spelled hey, out. Hey, kid. Want to see a dead body? They're pretty much like in witness protection, really. Yeah. 
trying to hide. And yet when you get a doorbell ring that you don't accept, hey, son, go get it. And he runs up to the door and he says, oh, my dad says not to use my powers, but, you know, I can have a little peek. And he looks at this X-ray vision and he sees and it, it is it's Bruce and Diana at the door. And they're in, you know, they're dressed up. They're not Batman and, and Wonder Damn, Woman. Damn, Wonder Bruce Woman dressed Dan. up. And yeah. And uh, John looks through in, a, in the x-ray vision. He sees the bat symbol under Bruce's, you know, thing. Because he can't go anywhere at, at, without it. You know, no. got to be dressed as Batman. Can't even go to fucking dinner without another fucking guy. And Diana has the uh, bracers. And then he sees the boar. Because <laughs> Diana's brought a giant boar. which A I, wild boar, yeah. A wild boar. And it, it, that a is a swarming gift. And, and that's what she would think that's an amazonian thing i love that i, I like it too. like the boy and even that before right before that bruce is there and he's like this isn't me diana i don't do this kind of thing and i'm like you motherfucker you pretend all the time and now is that what it's getting to when he is bruce wayne at these galas he can pretend and goof you know that's his as everybody yeah. says batman is the real he, man i'm saying that's the weird thing now he has to be batman without the mask pretty much just dressed up i think that that's one of those like he goes to these, this is, this is real. Shit is real in this. He's going to be, and he's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, John sees them and then gets excited. Heat visions their ass. But before that, you see Superman coming back home and, and it continues the whole narrative about how they had to adapt to this world and they built the walls higher and old habits are hard to, to take, you know, change. And I loved it because there, Diana really seems like she wants to go to this dinner. And but Bruce and and Clark are not not down with it, and I do like that because what, you're gonna what I want to know though, how did Lois get a hold of these people? I don't know, but you, you figure again. I think that there's these loose ends that are hanging out there that you can kind of tie together with these other books. John or I, uh, John, uh, Bruce and Cyborg were at the farm. They well, I understand that. Did they like Batman leave his card behind here I in case you need me? Have, I think that they have a way to. To get a hold of the Watchtower, because Superman kept saying, like, going away and, like, hey, get a hold of me when you can't. I I do think that they have some way to get a hold of him. I I imagine Superman would. He would actually just fly there in my mind. It was just weird to me. Like, after the book, I'm like, huh, did Lois just pick up the phone and call them? Like, If you want to think about it, I would have a feeling that Lois, uh, this Lois, would probably be like, hey – my man ain't going to no watchtower unless I have a way to get a hold of him. <laughs> the best part, too, I like to imagine. I like, I like, say she called the watchtower, right? Yeah. Cyborg picks up. Yeah. Um, uh, shit. Is, uh, Batman and Wonder Woman there? And then they are like, hey, uh, we're going to a, like, a party of Superman's house. Hey, can I come? No, you weren't invited, Cyborg. Slash is there. What's going on? <laughs> oh, there's a party at the Kent's. Oh, oh, right. I'll get dressed. No, no. No, no. You just wanted the big three. This is the Trinity. But yeah, it's pretty good. Superman comes out. He's he's changing in the barn. Yeah, he comes. I, I like this whole idea. He like he actually flies in, goes under the uh, into the ocean, into a cave system that comes up underneath the barn, underneath. and he can change oh. it. I'm like, this is really cool. I like this I idea. That I think. And and here's the thing. Like, not that that's something that you had to really be crazy. And if you look, um, I believe that he's even at one point when it says life has no do-overs, that really does look like that dirtle door that I told you about that was in the uh, the shout video, the Tears for Fears video in England. So it looks like he really flies like far off there. That's that's a little English uh, thing for you there, Eric. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty far. If you have this where you're, you're spelling this out and really going into this, I do think that Francis Manipal has thought a lot of things out. And yeah, th- there's things that are going to be pushed aside like the how'd you get a hold of me? 
Yeah. You know what they know with it. I really like it. And again, I just like poking fun. Don't, I don't. I don't need to know how Lois got a know, hold of it. It's a very nice issue. She's author X. She can do anything. That's true. And I do like. I love seeing Superman getting dressed. After he takes the suit off and looking in that mirror. I like it too. And, and, he, and then he walks out and he's like, what the? And that's at the point where Bruce is getting the heat vision, the shit out of him. He's <laughs> flying back and Wonder Woman's blocking with the bracers. And there's John. He's like, dad, I swear. Daddy, I'm so sorry. Sorry. Don't hit me no more. And the first thing that, John, John, are you okay, John? Oh, Diana, Bruce, what are you? Is that a bore on my stoop? He's like, what the heck? And yeah, then they're there. And, and Bruce is not happy. Bruce is so fucking pissed oh he didn't want to be there in the first place and now this guy fucking heat vision jesus and heat vision's just so you can see the bat symbol uh but even diana when he says uh, clark's like is that a bore and diana says oh i didn't know if you were a vegetarian or not so i like that that we get the idea yeah they may have fought a little so far they don't know each other oh. they do not know they just know superman wonder woman and batman and yeah, the, and, like, and, the and action the that they present themselves in yes and in the meantime like lois said i'll keep bringing up that goddamn justice league but the, really that's the big tie in to me is when they were uh the last issue of justice league i think that was number four where clark was inside the the earth pushing the world breakers yeah. and lois said to, to batman listen do you trust my superman and if you trusted yours, trust mine, because he always gets the things done. He's a good man. But this is not Superman that they want to get to know. They they have to get to know Clark and Bruce and Diane. And the Kents all together, you know? Yeah. So I really like this. This isn't about Superman or that. Bruce tries to make it about Superboy, but this is more about the, the Trinity as the Bruce, Diana, and Clark. Yeah, it really seems that Bruce is there not only to see Superman, but to see, like, like how dangerous yeah. is this boy of his? Because he just fucked the- me up. Yeah, and I get the idea that Bruce has already been because we've seen it even in the Superman book. Yeah, when he I brought him to the Watchtower. Before when he went, when they went there. Remember when we thought John was in big trouble? <laughs> Batman was there, looked like a goddamn bat monster. Uh, I think Bruce has been, you know, talking about it or thinking about this John for a while about how he could be dangerous, and this just—that's like the explanation point, Eric. Goddamn it's the exclamation point on that of him doing that because uh Donnie, when super sun starts off i want there to be a thing where we see like bruce run john through the same shit that he ran damien through when he had superpowers yeah yeah that'd be really good I, or I, even on the watchtower when superman was doing its solar flare it, and they're trying to it, test it when super when super suns comes out i they better have damien address that superpowers i really they, hope they don't like, say sweep that under the rug yeah like pfft. I had superpowers once, you know, something like that. Once. Yeah, I go back to Joe Piscopo. Yes. Uh, but then they're going to have dinner. And in the meantime, uh, John had destroyed Batman or Bruce's outfit. Uh, they get one of uh, Clark's outfits, which is a flannel, a like pla- a rainbow. No, it's a, it's a plaid button-down shirt. It's ugly. It's terrible. Yes, hell. And... There's uh, Bruce. Bruce is ju- – he's a jerk. But, yeah, also, it, it, the big thing is Lois comes out. Hey, I invited him. I thought that you'd want to get to know him. And then uh, there's a little bit of an argument. Wait till they Clark. go home. We're going to have some words. Yeah. Well, they start having words, and Clark's like, what are you going to invite Lex Luthor next? It'd be funny. Like, that, that is a harsh freaking like throw at her, though, and I dig. You know, how are you going to compare I, I, these people to Lex Luthor? I, I fully expected the bell to ring. Lex, <laughs> Lex with a pie. Lex would be hilarious in something like this. 
with a fucking, you know, an apple pie. Hey, guys. Um, well, I imagine, too, like, you know, Bruce Wayne and Wonder Woman, that's one thing. For some reason, in my mind, Lex would be so thrown off by going to a farmhouse for dinner. Yeah. He wouldn't know what to bring. He would try to overcompensate. Yeah, he'd have some crazy shit. He'd be like Mr. Burns when yeah. Mr. Burns goes to Homer's. I, I brought a statue. With him. Yeah, he'd have crazy shit. A statue of himself. <laughs> and uh, a Superman this, costume. You do see, like, this moss shit growing out near the barn. There's a little, like, it's subtle there at the first part, but you do see a little bit of a moss. And you know what's weird, too? When I first saw that, like, John, when he came in initially, he's like, yeah, I couldn't get all my chores done. Then I'm like, you better get on them chores. That yard looks like shit. Well, it's starting to get overgrown. <laughs> it's like my backyard. I tell my kids it's like a, a fucking bi-monthly uh, effort, and I mean bi-monthly every two months. They fucking mow out there. <laughs> That's a real effort right there. The town's going to come and kill me. But yeah, and they're going to have dinner, and there's Bruce. Bruce, uh, John's like, hey, sorry I blasted you, Mr. Wayne. I hope my dead shirt fit. And Bruce says, this is why I like to work alone. Has your father not taught you anything? Like, what a dick. Calm down, man. Damn. I think that there's another thing at play here. I do think that Francis Manipal is kind of joking around, too, with the uh, the idea that Clark and Bruce look almost exactly alike in books like this. <laughs> so he put him in this rainbow plaid to really stick out as well. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Superman, this is the thing that I knew would throw you off because Clark wants to make John kind of feel better. Now, he's not – really, if anything, Bruce – is the goddamn uncle from Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Messed up again, you little, little jerk. jerk. Oh, my God. And so instead of, you know, Clark just punching Bruce in the face, <laughs> he tells a story about when the time when Batman wore the uh, rainbow suit. And it is very – the continuity is crazy. doesn't make sense. Not to me. The I end up story that he's telling is a legitimate – it's legitimate right down to the guy getting his goddamn chapeau. Oh, now, yeah. It's on point. It just doesn't yeah. make sense for like – uh, Bruce, is, in my mind, has no idea what he's talking about. This has never happened in the New 52 leading in the Rebirth. But also, in my, it does not happen to Clark as well. The, the post-crisis Clark should not know about this because this is a pre-crisis story but, that all takes place on Earth 2 now. Well, the, it's, it's, there's not even an Earth 2 anymore of that caliber. Just playing around. I know. It just – and ugly likes a good timeline. I would have wanted, wanted to say, don't let him in, intimidate you, John. Believe me, my Bruce – has, like even that, then you can kind of get a little closer to it making sense. It's no, still- dude, I was so worried about this going, and I even like texted Reggie. I'm like, Reggie, you were a fan of like Grant Morrison's Batman run because I remember thinking of, like uh, thinking of Batman R.I.P. real fast because they had all that cr- crazy shit with the Batman of Planet X and right. fucking Batmite. He tried to throw all this old continuity into his series. I'm like. Did they talk about the rainbow bat suit? And that is that continuity, like in Grant Morrison's mind. He's like, I don't remember it, but with Grant Morrison, anything could go. I'm like, God damn it. And the whole story at that point was that uh, Dick Grayson had hurt his arm. And then they got called out. They were going to go. And because Dick Grayson has hurt his arm, Batman didn't want anybody to see that Robin had the same hurt arm because that would point out to be Dick Grayson was Robin. So yeah, in an entire freaking city, if a, if a two kids happen to have broken arms, that means Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah Dick Grayson. And, so uh, you have a rainbow suit to keep all eyes on you. You have a rainbow suit because that's just flat. Again, he's like Cher again. He's got a lot of uh, fucking costume changes. He's Lady Gaga now. And so it almost goes into Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns with the big symbol. He's like, this is a target, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I like it because I like it because you're not even going to spell it out. He doesn't get crazy. He has Bruce then say, I have no recollection of this. And you get the idea. You can say that he doesn't. 
You can say he does, but he's embarrassed. You can say he's pissed off. Whatever. You can go wherever you want with it. It's just All, a goofy little thing to bring. Just, just from the art as well, Dick Grayson and this continuity, he uh, never wore that Robin costume. Uh, I want to say that Dick Grayson. <laughs> no, I, I just, I like it. I like it. No, it's fun. It just, I, it just messes up my continuity as well. Uh, it is, it, it is just for fun. Funny, though, too, because then Lois is like a rainbow suit, Bruce. And they're all like, <laughs> right? I'm really like, he is, and it's funny to have Bruce be the, the, the butt of every the joke. The butt of the joke, at, yeah. The butt of the joke there, to just laugh at him. Uh, in the meantime, that moss keeps This is growing. why I don't hang out with people. Yeah, the moss keeps growing. That's when Bruce starts telling them about the new 52 Superman. And again, I really like this because it is getting everybody up to speed. There's a lot of people with rebirth. They don't know you know, about some of these things, but they also it, – it sets the tone. This is a great tone setter because then uh, Bruce is like – yeah, well, our Superman, and he starts telling the story. I'm like, I don't know. I read all that Superman. This guy's a little better than what I remember. And he's unchained here, Eric. He's unchained. Sure he's is unchained. unchained. But he's like, he was a great guy. He's like, our, he almost killed Hal and me when we met, but he was a great guy. And then he said, you know, he followed through the end, sacrificing his life. He was a real hero and he was one of a kind. And it's kind of like at this point, then everybody's all down because Bruce is the worst person to invite to a fucking dinner. <laughs> He's just like, they're like, oh, oh, it's man. so weird how much ketchup we have going on in this, though, because even that we have like Bruce talking about Superman and then we go into Wonder Woman when, you know, Lois is like, hey, guys, can you go do this so we can have some girl talk? Yeah. And Wonder Woman goes into her story that she's dealing with right now and the lies. Yeah. But it's so innocuous. She's talking about what she's doing. And, you know, the whole thing was she had to ask Cheetah for help. Yep. She never once says, I had to go ask Cheetah for help. So this long-ass, drawn-out story yep. about this woman who turned into an animal and all this. I'm like, come on, get to the goddamn punchline. Yeah. Tell her it's Cheetah. It's like, I, I had to this go. This is the strangest conversation. I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to, you know, sell out Cheetah. No, it's just, imagine this conversation, like, you're sitting there, and Wonder Woman's telling you this story, and she's going on and on. I wish I could read it verbatim, but I don't have my glasses, so I can't. Don't have my glasses. It it just becomes this really odd story that doesn't go anywhere, and it has no detail, so Lois has no connection to whatever the hell she's talking about. What Wonder Woman says, and they're drinking wine, they're getting drunk, and she's like, oh, I was forced to reach out to an old friend, this is... Uh, though she's losing her memory of who she once was and greeted me as an enemy, two forsaken souls left to wander in the jungle. It's like she's like, sit down, though. Sit on my lap. Let me tell you this little <laughs> Let tale. Let me tell you a tale. She blames me for what was happened to her humanity. Then she blames the gods. I refuse to blame anybody. It's like, yeah, it's just really. What kind of story is this? But I don't mind because it's one of those, if you haven't been reading Wonder Woman, maybe you're just like, okay, there's Cheetah. But if you yeah. have been reading that, you understand fully what's going on. Like I just put myself in Lois' no. perspective is all. And I'm like, what, yeah. what, what oh, is Lois this story to her? Just, you, you see her, she just keeps fucking pouring wine. She's <laughs> like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. My husband's on. crazy friends. Um, but yeah, the, the big thing about this was, though, for Lois and Diana to get together. And this is to set up that... Wonder Woman says to her, Diana says to Lois, listen, that's your Clark. I do. I ain't trying to fuck your man. Don't have any feelings for him. That's your Clark. When my Clark died, those feelings went away. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then she's probably like, listen, don't get near Aquaman, though. That guy has fucking, that guy's father goose, Eric. He's always grabbing people. We have seen yeah. this shit. Aquaman, every yeah. turn, wants to put his arm around Diana. My God. But then uh, you go and there's more of this. Tell him, Mara. 
this moss type plants growing. You even see that little where John's bike's there. You see that the seed grow. The uh, the stuff that he had on there is it's coming from. This it. is like that one freaking story in Creep Show with the freaking the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, where Stephen King finds that meteorite and cracks it open, and everything like it, the the liquid touches starts growing plants all over it. Uh, you piece oh, of what shit. was that, Eric? What was that? The lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. Oh, the lonesome death, but yeah, it, it is. I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but like other podcasts, I'll just agree with you. You didn't watch Creep Show? No, I don't think I saw. I thought oh. I saw Creep Show too. Oh, that's right. You I like the ref? Creep, I never saw the first Creep Show. Um, I think that's what our podcast is, Creep Show, Eric. It's a million your creeps. <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a shit show. Yeah, really. The thing ends with uh, Clark. He puts John to bed, and I do think though that. They've really, like, Francis Manipal's like, okay, we gotta get this moving, cause I don't get where Bruce and Clark would be strangers to brothers, as it's spelled out. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're still gonna have to do something in my mind to- They're tryhards. Yeah, they are. They're just gonna go. But that's when Clark's like, good night, John. And then it says, it shows Clark closing the door. There's Bruce. This is, this is my favorite line. And then Bruce is like, when they sleep, they seem so innocent. You almost believe they would listen to what we say. <laughs> you are a control freak, Bruce. No, no. And I, I immediately thought of Damien. I'm like, yeah, he ain't listening to shit. No, he's not. And in fact, if that was if that was Damien, one eye would be open, and he'd have like a knife under his blanket. He'd have his so, he'd have his costume on underneath the blankets, oh, waiting yeah. to jump Just out the waiting. goddamn window. Oh, jump out the window, and also. Uh, it's funny. It's like uh, I wish that Clark would have said, "Hey, Bruce, when they when they sleep, man, it's like they're dead." I just lost Tim. Oh, you Jesus son of a bitch! I, I kept thinking about Tim this whole time that he's just miserable, but it doesn't seem he he's moved on. I yeah, think he moved on from that. It's more Damon, and this does to me. This also in a roundabout way, however, everything is more connected in uh, Rebirth, and yeah, I think this is even like. Part of this will lead into Super Sons, like everything will lead well, into Even that. having, like we talk about this many times, but Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason on Superman, it invokes so much Batman and Robin every time yeah. I freaking open yeah. the, the book. And, and it's, you know, Superman and, and Superboy, and yeah. it's awesome. That's what we like. And also, I'll even go back to that Lois and Clark uh, series in the, the DCYOU, that you, the things that you love the most, were, and even Superman this week. Uh, the things you always love most, and and I did as well, were the family day in the life. Yeah, this I, those are always my favorite issues, and it, it's really good. And yeah, then you have the the next panel. It shows Lois and Wonder Woman. It says rivals to sisters, and that's when Lois says, "You always have a home here, Diana. Most importantly, a friend." And I really like that. I, I mean, it's really nice. And then you see the three of the Trinity kind of hanging out. Looks like a. Uh, Superman's about to lean his cock right into some fucking barbed wire. You better watch out there. He's a man of steel. It's all right. That is true. And they're just like, hey, you know, and and that's where Clark says, you know, I I don't regret going back into action, but I don't want this life for my son. It's a tough life. All right. Let's cut cut the shit, Clark. How are you here? Where did you come from? Uh, And what does uh, it mean that you are here? Like Wonder Woman almost leads into like – the three of us reuniting goes beyond just defeating the villains of this world. Like it's some crazy. No, fate, the, the you know? best, even that she says that first thing Clark says, doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah Everybody Bruce. is a Bruce. He's, he's a downer. He's a downer. No, no, that was Bruce. I thought it was Clark. Was no, then look. <laughs> that then makes perfect the sense. Panel, the next panel, Clark says, ha, believe it or not, I actually, I'm glad you both came. Maybe Lois was right about, and look, 
Bruce is so mad that Clark has his hand on his shoulder. <laughs> look at that look he has. I know you can't see, but it's... Oh, uh, I can see it well enough. He is so fucking angry. Even, Lois looks a little, like, taken aback a little. But, or not Lois, uh, Diana. Yeah. Fucking Bruce is so angry. Diana in for the, all this touchy-feely shit. Yeah. And then he, he hears that you hear this, Clark, come on, Clark. And right away when uh, Clark's like, can you guys hear that? It's coming from inside the barn. You don't know right there, but it is Jonathan Kent calling out to him. So he has to be like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Because he hears his father who's dead and especially not even on this world. This yeah. man, calling out to him. And you well, see Supposedly, I don't know. I, watched, I looked at that Eradicator story where John Kent showed up out of nowhere. I don't know what the hell that meant. but Really? But yeah, he goes into the barn. Clark opens the barn. And it's like, hey, hello, love. And he looks and there he is looking and all of them have this stunned look on their face. And what uh, you think that's Clark looking is a young Clark Kent. Oh, yeah. A baseball and his dad before. And we said that well, we do believe fully that the plant that little John had gotten is the Black Mercy plant. And I started looking at this because whenever I think of Black Mercy, it always goes back for the man who has anything like Superman's story. Yeah, yeah. And I always associate the Black Mercy with Mongo. I'm like, all right, if John went around the corner and saw like Mongo with a Mongo? trench coat and a hat and yeah. said, hey, I got free bags. Like, no, see, he just said it was a regular dude who was giving the shit away for free. So I have no idea who could be freaking handing out the Black Mercy and knowing it's going to go to the Superman house. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, because I just looked up Mongol a shitload of times and ended up reading a bunch of stuff on the for the man I'm who had it. I'm like, that is I'm a going great that story. it was Mongol in a trench coat. That makes <laughs> me laugh so much. Hey kid, you look funny, Mister. Don't judge. I'm a Mongoloid. You you shut your mouth, kid. Here's some <laughs> seats. You get it, Jim? Mongoloid. Get, yes, I get it. Go get yourself some ice cream, kid. You deserve it. I sound like Harvey Firestein. Mother. Get out of town. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I really like the issue. I do. Um, the art to me is great. No, I, I, thought but, myself, I was surprised how much I enjoyed the art because I was a little yeah. wary going in because I'm not it's, a It's help. a very nice issue. Yeah. Not a lot goes on. That's no, it's just why. a lot of sitting down and talking. Yeah, to me, this is not a perfect 10. To me, it's a solid 8. I told you that it is the most solid eight I've it ever It is the most solid eight. I had to give that and to you immediately when already, we got on the night. Yeah, and I, I've already received some flack, people saying that they think I underscored it. I re- this is not an insult that it's an eight. It's a really good eight, and it's a really good uh, start to a series, but it is just the beginning, and it's a lot of setup. It's a lot of catch-up, um, but I do like where we're going, and the Black Mercy kind of have mercy. It's intriguing. I want to see because I'm expecting the next issue of Wonder Woman seeing Themyscira and uh, Hippolyta and Bruce. Oh yeah, everybody's seeing like, them. Seeing they the, are walking the, through black, like fucking the Black Mercy right now. They they are infected with it. They're gonna be start I think dreaming. Don has them. to save them, right? Oh yeah, that that or Lois because like we saw her staring out the window at them as they walked through the freaking field oh. there. Yeah, and you also see John though looking out the window as. Oh, they, is that John? See, I thought it was. I can't see shit. You gotta see. Yeah, it's John. He, he woke up from from being. I, I think it is. It looks like it's his. Nah, that hair goes over the ear. That's that's Lois. I'm telling you, if that's Lois, it's it's more of a little kid Lois than Lois would be downstairs. She's doing the dishes. She wanted a better view. No, She's a reporter it, first. I think you're right. It's John. You're crazy. Nah, she's Lois. She's doing dishes. No, look at that hair. Glasses. You'll see. No, you'll see. Look at John. Look at John and all. He has the same. He has a Beatles haircut. He's like Paul McCartney. I'm just saying that hair goes long over top of the ear going down. Yeah, I'm going back. Yeah, so does it, it's there earlier. You're crazy. People are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Lois looks like a little boy. 
little boy. But yeah, we'll see. It makes more sense for John to go and save. Them. Oh, I agree. I don't know. Like she was talking about, she's the world's greatest reporter. I'm like, you're selling yourself a little high here, aren't you, Lois? You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. How about a little investigative reporting on that guy who gave your son those seeds? <laughs> really? Just like, oh, that's okay. Don't tell your dad. She's, I hate that. My wife does it all the time. Freaking dick move, Lois. Dick and, move. And then I end up being Mr. B- the bad guy. All the time. I'm the bad guy with everything because I have to say no. No Great kids. Great the bad no guy, Jimmy. On the roof and, and set fire to woods. Oh, Dad. Don't you, tell your daddy. What are you, like Bruce Wayne? But yeah, you, you said you would give it an 8 as well. I right? would definitely give it an 8. It is a solid 8. I enjoy where the story's going. And honestly, the way, just from this first issue, this is my Justice League book. I know we don't have all the members. This is yep. going forward until something it's changes a, on Justice League. Yep. This is in my Justice League book. In my review, I put that, the review on the site. I put that going into this. I'm like, okay, I hope this can be my Justice League book. And that, and then again, I'm like, okay. And then you go in and it's a Bruce Clark and Diana book that it did have to happen. They did have to get together on the well, same page. It, it kind of seems like we've been working towards an area where we had Batman, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Now we have Trinity. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really like it. But yeah, uh, I think that most people really I, – I can't see anybody not liking this book. There's nothing not to like about it. No, it's very nice. Except for that and weird continuity. Then we're back. Even though this is going to be inserted right after Trinity, so we would already have been back. Continuity problems. That is. It's a pretzel, Eric. It's all a pretzel. <laughs> uh, love that Trinity. How about you? That was a good-ass book. That was. Uh, so goddamn much. Yes. You know what? This book that you're going to talk about right now, I like I think a little more than you. Really? A little bit. Okay. Cyborg number one. A little bit. Cyborg number one, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Paul Pelletier, Tony Cordos, Scott Hanna, Guy Major, and Rob Lee. With Cyborg still concerned about what he heard his father say about him possibly just being a machine that thinks it's a man, Dr. Sarah Charles takes Vic out for a night on the town to help him find the soul he believes he's missing. And apparently after hearing a bit of improv... Improv... Damn it. Improv is... (laughs) Just say improv. Improv Improv jazz. Now I can't say improv is (laughs) improv jazz. Uh, Yes, improv. But it's at the worst possible time because a monster named Kilgore has shown up and wants to purge humanity out of our hero. Yeah, improv is. Damn it. Improvisational. There you go. Yes. Um, The best thing about this, just to skip to the end, is we we have another eradicator, Eric. Sure do. Another I even put that in my and review. Is, and we have Kilgore shows up, and I think he's been reading the Superman comic. Yeah, thought yeah, that Eradicator he, he has is some an old good Flash ideas. villain, uh, yeah. but he makes sense with uh, Cyborg, and it also makes sense of of how this uh, ends up because I still want to call him the quote unquote the father, <laughs> the uh, crazy Cyborg thing that we saw at the end of Cyborg. Reboot. That looks like Silas Stone, and yes, and you're getting this um, this over uh, narration the the deal telling you what's going on it's like telling you about how technology when it's broken and not in use it's discarded it grows it, you know but something should be deleted and wiped Eric down. has to hide the fact he's tossing electronics into his dumpster yeah really you're not allowed to do that uh <laughs> but yeah at the point then it all leads up to him finding kilgore we're gonna youtube tv i'm gonna get yeah, rid of you eventually yeah you're gonna be going soon jess <laughs> She's electronics, right? My, my new you pet name for her, yourself. e-waste. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do, do you get the idea that 
the narration there is actually talking about the Silas father cyborg. Because that's no what idea. I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. I'm telling you, I think that this is eventually going to show that because here's where so you're talking I wanna... about he is going to take the place. And uh, so they're going to have to get rid of Silas because he is now the father. No, figure. no. I'm saying that when they're talking about technology that should have been, uh, uh, you know, wiped apart and, and gotten rid of uh, fully. Uh, I think that he's talking about himself. I think oh, okay. that he's doing this narration because of what they tried to do or what they should have done. Now, here is where I wanted to tell you. I did say before that I think that it's going to spell out eventually that this Silas-looking cyborg was an initial prototype that he did so that they could try to find the cure for his wife's cancer when he's asleep. You know, he right. can't be awake all the time. Yeah. Uh, the what the real reason when I was thinking of this later, like you have this cyborg uh program that you had last cyborg issue like, yeah. they find it when cyborg had the issue happen where he was going to die this program was already there it's not like he started typing the program out you know what i mean yeah. he saved his son this shit was already done i think that either this silas guy here was either discarded then or earlier, but I do think that that's what this is all about, that he is mad because he has Silas's AI in him, just like the cyborg with Vic, and he is, like, incomplete. He was told that uh, they deemed him, you know, he couldn't do what he was supposed to do, which I do think was going to be save Silas's wife. He became so he obsolete. Just, he just unplugged him then. And then when Cyborg was made, that is like the... Uh, you know, the big version, the good version and all. And that's why I think he is against Cyborg. I do think he wants to destroy him or actually just take him over to make him either his AI going cyborg. into Cyborg himself yeah. or to just whatever. But he's waking up Kilgore. Uh, in the meantime, you go and Cyborg is stopping a, uh, what's it called? A, um, a bank armored robbery, car robbery type thing, a armored car robbery. And I really like this. Because we have had a lot of cyborg hacking stuff. I actually like what happens here. Where oh, he's... I know. I like it as well. I'm saying never do anything bad on the street that Star Labs is no. located on. No. Why would planning. you do that? Yeah. You're not going to do that. They have the craziest weapons. You have superheroes walking in and out at all times. But yeah, he's, they're, they're robbing this armored car. But I like how, how cyber, this is actually. <laughs> cyber comes out of nowhere and says, shut up. My shows yeah. are on. Yeah, my shows are on. I just, I actually really like that he's hacking, but the hacking isn't to actually stop the guys. It's kind of to figure out who they are. Yeah. Kind of talk them, maybe cell even. Phones. Yeah, maybe even talk them out of doing what they're doing, but they don't. They start shooting, but he's like, hey, I know who you are now. He, he finds out their names from the cell phones and all this stuff. And I like that. Yeah, and so he just I. stops, he stops the armored truck by just stopping it. Plowing you know, he's a it. badass and he catches these guys. And that's when he's like, hey, you know what? Don't do this in front of my house and you're messing up my TV reception. Shut up. And then, yeah, he throws up that he has, you know, Mr. Robot that he yeah. watches. It's just kind of goofy. But yeah, I, I don't mind. And then you go you into Starland. You ever watched that show, Mr. Robot, Jim? No, I've never seen it. Have People you seen it? I have. People love it. I just, I can't get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it about like Twiggy from uh, Buck Rogers? No. R2-D2 like Twig- in that C-3PO? No. It's mm. all about a guy who's good at hacking. And Christian Slater's there doing stuff. Oh, really? Christian Slater, huh? Yeah. Oh, it's good That's to see That's all I got his, from it. Good to see his work lately. Yeah. D- doesn't he do those e-cigarette commercials? 
No, no, Stephen Dorff. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you have Cyborg in the lab then with his dad, and his dad's like, oh, you've barely broken it. It can't be repaired. It's a little psych out. It's not Cyborg. He's talking about the fucking door because it must have been, he must have been getting tests when he ran out of there. See, actually, the at first I thought apart. it was a door that he broke in the last one. He's like, here, I fixed your door, Dad, into that secret room. And I'm like, no, yeah, he, yeah, he busted yeah. that on his way out. But yeah, I'm like, kind of you didn't fix shit last issue, even like you no. said you did. And again, this is another, it's a weird week where this is another issue that's kind of like a, hey, let's calm things down a little and have a little character moments oh, because yeah. that's when uh, Silas is talking. I always forget her name, Sarah, right? Sarah Charles. Yeah, Sarah Charles. And he's, he's like, oh, she's going to do some tests or whatever. And they're, they do some diagnostic tests. They but do she diagnostic also tests after he gets up and go, like, you know, I'm going to get up and go to the other room. Shit, we got to do some diagnostics on yeah. you now. Yeah, so they they do that, and yeah, he does all these things. Everything seems okay. Everything's in sync. It reminds me Except of the beginning of like Halo. Soul. But yes, his soul is missing. It is a lot like the beginning of Halo. You know, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. And uh, so they're going to go out. Sarah's going to take them out on the town. They're going to walk around, maybe get some ice cream at one point. And uh, you left because Cyber's like, I don't need ice cream. I don't need to eat. He but then when she pulls him on it. Front. You're like, yeah, oh, no, I don't is. need to eat, uh, eat food. I can do all this stuff. Yeah, humor me. I eat it. No, it's exactly. I want strawberry, simple. Yeah. Like, uh, what it's is like it? full Swirly, out. twirly with sprinkles, lots of sprinkles, red sprinkles. I'm like, yeah. you love your goddamn. I you like that, though, and I like oh, it I like because it it's Cyborg kind of putting up this front. Like, yeah. he is – I think that because of this whole thing that he heard his dad, his dad the last issue and that rebirth – had when he heard his dad's voice saying like he wasn't sure if this was his son or if this was a machine that thought he was a son and i really think it's screwing with him and i think that he's like he he almost at this one point starting to block people out like he wants to keep people away it's very quick because this issue ends up with him kind of opening up a bit but at that little bit of point he still didn't understand what was going on and he doesn't want to have fun He's miserable. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? He wants to be that emotionless machine because uh, yeah, that way he doesn't that's have what I'm to saying. I, it reminds me of a lot of times like if I like a book and you hate it and I get so mad the next book of yours, I'm going to fucking put the score down like seven Stop notches jerk, just to fucking get you pissed. But yeah, it was like that. He's like, I don't like that. But then, yes, of course he does. Of course and, he does. Who doesn't like ice cream? But that's Calm where you get the, the big one of the big moments is these kids see him like, hey, that's Cyborg. And You're they're the going to take a picture with them. Cyborg, yeah, they're the biggest fans. Hey, they know Cyborg, everything about is that, him. Is that your girlfriend? Cyborg don't have no girlfriend. He doesn't feel feelings. He's just yeah. a machine. He don't have no heart. And you see Cyborg, like, they're taking the picture. I want to see, like, when those kids look at that picture again, like, Jerk why does Cyborg kids. look like he wants to kick my ass? He looks very pissed. Wait. Holy crap, I just got hit. What? My cat's knocked over the fucking... My, bed that i had against Jesus the wall thought, Here, like, wait a minute keep talking like, about yeah i got fucking clobbered with this bed keep talking i'm not editing this shit it's too late Fuck. keep talking about cyborg I'm, right. i have this bed mattress on the back of the wall to fucking Stop mute the out the echo yeah. it just hit me over the head <laughs> tell me about cyborg I, i'm gonna put the bed against okay. the wall i'm gonna tell you about cyborg but these goddamn jerk off kids this is such a great scene because it is out of nowhere you see these kids they are his <sighs> biggest fans. I'm expecting the best. And when they say that, I just look at those bastards. I'm like, 
You jerk off kids. I know. Can we ever have a podcast where something doesn't fucking fuck up in my room? I think maybe that's what people like. Has anybody ever had a podcast? Any other podcasters listening have a bed hit you in the head? <laughs> fucking I just, mattress. When, I got so scared when you it said you hit got me hit. and I fucking slammed into the goddamn fucking mic. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Did your heart spill. jump a little bit because you know what's happening? Luckily, I didn't spill my drink. That would have been the best. Spill the oh, drink, yeah. the fucking, and then the house catches You're on fire. And then, green arrow. That's then I fall and my dick arrow. goes up my own ass. Uh, that is a podcast. What the fuck is God? We have the, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Jesus so, Christ. This bums out, Cyborg. He's walking Yeah, it does there, bum so. him out a lot. And, but, and uh, he's got his tootie fruity strawberry ice He's got his tootie fruity, freshy looty. And Ch- Sarah tells him, well... Oh, I thought you were talking about Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go Sarah, see... Sarah sees an improvisation... There we My go. fucking neck is killing me. I, oh, improvisational God. jazz place. Cause, and the thing is, I didn't think about this until after I got done my review. I actually yep. started talking to you. And we were all talking at work about it. You got all excited. Like, Holy shit, no one's ever talking about this. We have these people drawn. So we have Sarah and Cyborg drawn into this club that's doing the improv jazz yep. music. And I, when I was telling you about it, it all dawned on me. What John Sepper Jr. is doing here is Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Because we have the creature. He is lured into this blind hermit's shack because he's playing music. And then the, the hermit talks to him and tells him, like, you know, explains, you know, why we're friends. You're a man. You can do all this. Pretty much explains why he's not a monster. The guy can't see him. He's a blind hermit. But yeah, yeah. he treats him like a person. Nobody has done this to Frankenstein this entire time. Yep. And we almost have this because we have the blind blue, uh, jazz player, Blue. Yeah, the, bl- the blind jazz player. Who tells Cyborg, you know, what it is to have a soul and how jazz can help you. Yep. And then goes up and plays a song for Cyborg. And Cyborg starts doing it. I'm like... Holy shit, this is because then we looked ahead and saw in the further solicits that it looks like Sarah at some point gets a cyborg. I gets, don't know if it's like gets an outer to become shell, like a cyborg, an outer shell. Maybe something happens to her where they have to use the cyborg tech again. I don't know. And we saw this. I'm like, that's the Bride of Frankenstein. And yeah. Then I got really worried though too because at the end of Bride of Frankenstein, the creature, uh, the monster says, "We all we we belong dead," and then blows the castle, killing everybody. I'm like. This this is so weird because that's what happens well, to Cyborg. He's going to go up to the watchtower and the Star Labs, in my mind, destroy it. But because yeah, his father's Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, but in the meantime, the and by the way, is, Eric, the monster that isn't Frankenstein. Oh, that's Frankenstein's monster. But the thing is weird because you didn't know told, that. Of course not. It's only one of my favorite movies of all <laughs> yes. time. But uh, the weird thing is everybody's talking about this improv jazz. Well, how it is. It it's a big this thing. Whole, it's this huge thing that everybody's talking about, but. It's it's so weird to me because it makes this comparison where he is a monster. He is yeah. not this man because well, I, I don't know. I don't know. But the, the improv thing and the whole jazz thing, the reason why a lot of people are bringing it up because when this book was announced, when John Semper Jr. was announced on there, I believe that when they had that big thing, that big to-do, that big uh, press conference thing, I don't think John Semper Jr., I can't remember, I think that he might not have even been there, but it, even if he was, it was a big thing, and I believe Dan DiDio even spelled it out, it's like, way do you read how Cyborg uh, deals with improv jazz, the improv jazz, and they really made it a point, so when this came up, I think a lot of people were like, oh, that's what he was talking about, and basically it was that Cyborg says, oh, listen to music, I can listen to every music piece of music ever simultaneously and why would music 
do anything for me. And that's where she says, this is not even just the improv. Uh, Sarah says, no, you got to listen to live music. And it's yeah. one of those where, it, to me, it was more of, it's not just the improv, but it's also that people can make mistakes and you can have things a little different or whatever. It's nothing is planned, but they the do go with the improv where the, uh, the blind jazz guy says, you know, I'm up there. I don't even know what's going to happen. Things surprise me. And that, that gives me, and I think that's the thing, the surprise of it and the originality and how it can't be just, it's not just set in stone. I think that's what it is that leads to Cyborg liking it and saying, you know what? You're right. You know, things aren't always what they are and planned and all. And it even goes with like what he thinks he is and isn't. And he can improv a little, but it is a big thing. But I do think you got something too. With the Bride of Frankenstein, it just actually just worries me because we, we know the character's not going to die. Yeah, but cyborg, here's the deal: but, no, and I, but, I think that the, at, at some point he's going to shift away from you know he's not going to have him blow up everything. No, no, I it's don't just, think that's a, that it's would a weird happen. thing that we have this scene because in the movie, this scene is where they're like the blind hermit is, shows him compassion. He like doesn't treat him like a monster, but by the end, ultimately the monster realizes he is a, an abomination. So I'm like. What are we doing here? Is Cyber going to realize he's a, a, an abomination as well? He is the machine that he's scared to no, be. Again, you could even go as far as saying that uh, at at the one point earlier, it's Frankenstein because the kids see Cyborg. They're yeah. big fans. They don't Thanks look well, at he him didn't as toss a monster. Them into a lake. Yeah, he doesn't even. Yeah, he didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? He kind of gets angry at them because of what they say. But, but yeah, everybody it's else like sees the little him as girl. Yeah, all the, the, the kids see him through their eye. Oh, he's my hero. All this. Everybody probably. You know, you, you can look at that as well. And he doesn't end up killing them. <laughs> so we have some hope. But yeah, uh, it's one of those where you get the idea that anybody in this book that has a good heart sees Cyborg as a person, a hero, things like that. But yet that's when Kilgore shows up at the end. And I do like the art of him approaching. I like that. He's freaking up there and way up in the sky coming down. And this is, and it's the worst thing. It's like Cyborg through this whole thing is worried that he's more machine than man when he finally says, you know what? I'm feeling good. You know what? I, I think that I am. I'm finding my humanity. I think I'm okay. That's when Kilgore shows up and says, you know what? Humanity's humanity irrelevant. irrelevant. I'm going to eradicate him. Once he said eradicate, I'm like, really? You're going to go this route? But it is very, it's, it's exact yeah. what he's doing. He is the cyborg eradicator. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to uh, eradicate the humanity. I don't know that Kilgore realizes that that really can't happen here. Or can it? He's going to cut off that one side of his face. That's what I'm saying. He's going to fucking make him a monster, all right. Uh, but yeah, it's Kilgore, who was a Flash villain way back. Actually, yeah. way back. It looked like 1987, I think it was, uh, came about when his origin was. But I, uh, I'm, I don't know anything about Kilgore. He looks crazy. I he like any badass. sort of robot cyborg that has fucking, like, uh, buzz saws coming out and shit like that. <laughs> that always gets me going. He looks like a transformer that could turn from a buzz saw into Shut a, <laughs> into a radial arm saw, maybe. He, he could be a milk truck that turns into an ice cream truck. And if you quick look real quick on there, it looks like he has a reverse swastika on his yeah, chest. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It, it looks a little crazy. Uh, he also has some crazy, like, light in his mouth. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the voice light, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think he needs that voice light. And somebody and he looks ought, badass, though. Somebody ought to give him two eyes that match. But yeah. Now, 
I, I love the art in this book. The, one of the yeah, biggest drawbacks to me, though, before I actually had that Bride of Frankenstein comparison in my head, but we've been down this road so many times. I do like this better where it's man or machine. I really think, I hope this will be the last time we see it. But yeah. in my mind, this is the definitive version. It's just, a, it's a been there, done that moment. I give it a 7.8 out of 10. Now, I, I give it an 8. And I really do like it because we're now at, you know, we've had the rebirth. And then this, and we're not getting that hokey, crazy hacking that we used to get. Oh, yeah. Like, all the time, like, anything was saw by if anybody attacked him or whatever. Like I said, when he stopped the the bank of the armored car robbery, I keep wanting to say bank robbery. When he stops the armored car, he does hack, but it's not to stop the no. guys. It's and to it's find out information. That makes total sense to me. His hacking to me is more of an information gathering thing for the most part that I like more. And then use that information to go with what he's got because he's got, you know, he's also he, very strong. He's got crazy weapons that happen. And I do like that while the story of, like you said, the human, you know, man versus machine type thing, we have seen a lot. But I like this because this is actually the first time that I've really think that I can say that we see more of the man. And right. it's believable. All those other times, it was like you, you would have this story of, oh, am I man or machine? But that was it. You never really saw anything else. Like then we'd have the tech breaker show up and say, you're a machine. And you, you never got Cyborg himself. And here we're getting it. And I think the dialogue is really good. Yeah, I like the and dialogue a lot. I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I really am. I some of and the jazz stuff hokey, but honestly, I yeah, can't relate to it, it because was, I'm not this but, big yeah, music fan. I know, but it was still was just the guy talking about how he lost his soul uh, kind of himself when he was in Vietnam. He lost it, Vietnam, he, and yeah. he lost his sight, and music let him come back and do it and i like how cyborg kind of spell out listen i had an accident and i and it doesn't spell out the whole thing but i i really did like it yeah. it is funny when when the guy gets on stage like this one's for my new friend <laughs> that was a little but then again it was okay then also i was waiting for the guy to touch cyborg and feel metal well, he felt and at one point he does hard as hell i'm like why, yeah. why didn't he notice something that's what and i'm waiting this whole time and i was you waiting die, you lose your arm yeah, I was waiting for something like that, and actually for him to say, man, like you think it's going to be one of those where he's going to turn on Cyborg, yeah. like, what are you, a freak? But it doesn't. He's still like, like man, you, you're a lot stronger. You'll like steel under there. Something like I thought it would have been funny, but yeah, he doesn't say anything. But boy, I, I'm liking this. This actually, after this issue, I would say it's a lot like the Hellblazer where I am not really invested in the character, but I'm enjoying it. I'm yeah. actually enjoying Cyborg more than I ever have. And I'm glad, because I, I do like it. But I'd give it an 8. I thought the art was pretty good. I really uh, did enjoy the art. Yep. Last book of the night, Eric. Last book. Oh, my Boy, God. If you're a fan of Dr. Fate and you've come for a four-hour discussion of Dr. Fate, you've come to the wrong podcast, my friends. If you're a fan of Dr. Fate, there's no reason you should listen to this because I badmouth this fucking book every guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've heard any podcast talking Dr. Fate, really. <laughs> but we will. Dr. Fate, number 16, written by Paul Levitz with art by Sonny Lau, Lou, Lou, Lee Lowridge, and Seda Temofante. Temofante. And I just realized... I told you earlier that all I did was write down the freaking name and the score. I wasn't lying. I didn't fucking write down a goddamn blurb. But anyway, Osiris has come to New York, and he's going to judge 
for a f- Osiris is coming to New York with a few you days, days to, to kill. kill. <laughs> and Khalid has to figure out what's going on. And thankfully, he's learned a couple tricks from his Uncle Kent. And when at the end, his, his soul is judged and everything's fine. How's and that then, for a blurb? No, no. Bastet shows up and says, hey, Anubis lied to you. Oh, he did? I'm out. We cool, Khalid. Peace. We cool. We cool. And then Khalid and then tells a, us a fist all. Bump. Then Khalid tells us all, if you do good things, good things will happen to you. Yes. Yes, indeed. <sighs> this fucking yes. book doesn't do anything. I tell you, I was actually happy when Kent Nelson was introducing this book because, like, at least we have a competent character that I can get behind because Khalid is just the worst at doing anything. He yep. does pull a trick off here. We can stop time so he can pull his helmet out and, you know, become Dr. Yeah, Fate. It, but it's so... It doesn't do anything. Though. It's it's too little, too late. Exactly. You know We're what I mean? Sixteen issues in, he hasn't done a goddamn thing. Yeah. Kent Nelson, though, he has been competent. He stopped the whole mummy invasion in the last issue, which somehow led to this. It does, never really explained why there's mummies running around the last one to lead yeah. to Osiris coming to town, but it happened. Yeah. But here, uh, Kent Nelson sees this power source. He flies towards it. He wants to know what's going on, obviously. And then he's like, "Hey, this power source is crazy." And it's Osiris, and for some it's reason Osiris. it bothered the shit out of me that Kent Nelson's been doing this all these years, and he's some kind of magical goddamn wonder. He has no idea who Osiris is. I'm like, how do you not know this? Yeah. Like, at this point, it seems like Khalid would know who Osiris is, but Kent Nelson has no idea, and he's quickly taken out. I'm like, huh, that was like two pages, and now the only person I consider a hero in this book is down. I wonder where this <laughs> can go from now. Yeah. And you know where it goes? Khalid coming home after we find out that his mother, because she's his mother, knows that he's not. And that basically it's spelled out like, oh, the dad's like, oh, you know? Of course I know. A mother always knows. A mother always knows when their son is Dr. Fate. Yeah, yeah. Shit is just, it's getting tied up. Now, a lot of people are saying that this is the last issue. It is not. We've got two more issues left. Yeah, we have two more issues that appear to be, I don't know, maybe these next issues are just going to be a two-issue like side story. I don't know. Uh, From what it said in the the solicits, it seemed a little odd. But, uh, yeah, not what, what the fuck goes on here? This is just about as bad to me as the Justice League book, especially this issue, after all these issues. And then, well, go on, tell them what happens, because not a lot happens. Well, I'm saying, well, Khalid just comes home after he, you know, put his helmet on to fly away, but he comes home, and because his parents are worried, like, where he was back, he's like, I hope he's not getting into trouble, since, you know, he's Dr. Fate and all, he could yeah. get himself killed. But then Khalid comes home, and in my mind, his parents might have wished that he did stay away and did whatever, because as soon as he comes home, Osiris smashes yeah, down the front of their destroys house. destroys the house. The house is fucking done, but I guess, you know, yep. we got magic, so maybe it could just be rebuilt all magically. But he's like, ah, you are the one who defies the gods. You will, you know, be judged a little mortal. And, oh, and he's that. like, me? Fast <laughs> that shows back up because she has died twice in this series and come back like, I yep. shall leave you now because I must die. But then keeps yeah. coming back as the, in the form of a cat. And the yeah. cat shows up, Osiris, guess what? Anubis, your boy, he lied to you. He lied. And like, he did. This kid's a champion. And then that's the thing. I don't even understand because Osiris all of a sudden is talking to another thing, a dog. And I'm like, yeah, you, you don't know this mortal Osiris. He's pretty fucking cool. He is? Yep. Shit. My bad, y'all. I'm out. Yeah. That's, they talk to, yeah, a bunch of people. He shows up. Bastet says, you were lied to. The end. <laughs> yep. 
And then they go, and I'm telling you, not much else happens. And what does happen, I just think is nonsense. And then you get the sun rising again. Because that was something big. The sun didn't rise. That started our story off. I'm sorry I didn't bring yeah. that up in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing was but that the sun didn't rise. So people thought it was the end of days, the all this times. stuff. Yeah, but the sun kind of – it was weird too because they say that, but the sun kind of was just kind of out there on the horizon. It I just, actually just I, thought that was Osiris's power emanating yeah. from him. I actually thought that was just the sun, but it, it, none of it really makes a lot of sense. Uh, not a lot happens. This book – uh, if you are a fan, and even so, maybe some people are more schooled in the Egyptian mythology and things you, like I, that, and they I could tell us more than what happened. on this and got mad because it sounds like I don't know a lot of Egyptian like you know mythology. No. I wouldn't see the connection between Anubis and Osiris because I'm like, why is he taking Anubis's word for this? What what kind of? I looked into that for a bit. It doesn't matter though. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I actually I got mad. Like, I'm like, why am I looking all this up? I don't at care. At the one point that, that wolf dog is like, the great gods grow weak, Osiris and the universe grows small. But it also says that, that basically uh, Beset chose uh, Khalid because his courage has proven great. Yep. <laughs> like, really? His courage. Like, he has he been the worst hero. His has proven great. Yeah, he, he has been the worst hero. Of, of any hero in the DCU and this Tell book you, has no reason to keep going. He has no, this book had no reason to keep going except they want Dr. Is Paul Levitt's under contract? Maybe. Maybe that's it. And yeah. It ends with the sun coming up and, uh, you know, uh, Khalid's girlfriend texting him, Hey, you know, you want to come out and play? No, because I know you're just a fucking tease and I'm not going to get any off. Yeah, you. really. The dog wolfs. Yeah. Yeah. It's really. It, it, there's what else is there to say about it? No. I really I hate to really gloss over a book, but I didn't. There Told really isn't everything that, that went much. down. Yeah, there's really not much that goes on, and then it says, and then it ends with the worst uh, kick in the ass ending. The end? Question mark. And the best, as we know, there's a couple more issues, so yeah. we'll see what happens. I I don't know. I I would like it if the last two issues are actually just a side story with Kent. Because it does look like, you know, this would be a decent enough ending for Khalid. You know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. okay, it's done. He was proven to be worthy. There you go. Off he goes. But really, at the end of the day, he has learned to pause time for a minute and he can fly. That's about all he can do. He's terrible. He is the worst hero ever. I just, I, I don't like this book. Uh, what did you give it? I give it a fuck you five. I'd give it a fuck you five too. I, I've just had enough. And really, if I hope, and I hope there's not fans out there and like, oh god damn it, because really, if we had our druthers, we probably wouldn't even talk about this book. And I don't think a lot of people are. It's not selling. It's not very good. We just don't like it. It's not for us. Whatever. But yeah, I don't think it's. Oh good. yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking at it now. For some, I didn't write it down, but th- there's the wolf talking to Osiris, an archangel, and uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you would call like a, a Muslim. Yeah, I, it looks I, like I don't know it, what you would looks, call it. Yeah, it looks like yeah. It maybe it's just a Allah Muslim. would have Allah uh, would have Allah would have mortal submit and face their destiny yeah. bravely. Yeah, it looks I, like I like it's all different religions are yeah. are involved in this to show and that that's when the dog says the uh, universe grows small and I think it's like everything is intertwined and, and stuff Let's like that. Let's get the specter there. He'll fuck everybody up. Yeah, really. Presence, that's where it's at. But that is that. We're going to end the podcast.
All right, and what is your pick of the week? Superman. That is mine as well, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so? it has to be. Superman number seven. That's Superman amazing Superman number book. seven. That was. I really did enjoy that. Uh, there was a lot of uh, issues this week that I liked enough that were these low-key ones. Yeah. Uh, low-key is not what next week's going to be, and I'm not talking about actual issues. I'm talking of number of issues where you're going to have another one of these weeks where we have a trillion books. Oh, my brain's out. Yes, and this is what we will be talking about. Action Comics 964. All right. Batgirl number three. Batman Beyond Rebirth number one. Nice. That's pretty cool. See this what is where I, I don't like this combo, though. Blue Beetle number one. I wish they were on separate weeks. I really do think that those you think are. think similar? I think that those are books that may. Uh, be appealing to the same kind of audience and having them at the same week might throw people off a little like if they only had this amount of money or whatnot if you had them on separate weeks which it may end up you know i don't know that the rebirth uh number one is going to end up but i actually would have had them on separate weeks uh deathstroke number three detective comics 941 which continues the monster men story Hal jordan the green lantern core number five Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys number six. Hellblazer number two. All right. I'm looking forward to that. This says Justice League of America 12. It just keeps throwing them out there in each number. Yeah, I know. It just keeps going up and up, and then we don't get any. uh, I I hope we never do. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Six-Pack and Dog Welder, Hard Traveling Heroes number two. Nice. Suicide Squad number three. Crazy. Teen Titans I, I Rebirth. I know that's a bi-weekly book, but it's yeah, just, I know. I'm like, we just talked about that. I know. That. Teen but, Titans good. Rebirth number one. All right. Somebody might have already read that, who's on this podcast tonight. And not and talking, and talking right now. The Flash number seven. I, da- I, I have it. I just haven't read it yet. I thought you were going to say I dabbled in it. I dabbled a bit. I dabbled a bit. Flash number seven. Teens. <laughs> Tit- ooh, Titans number three. Nice. Yeah. At, like there again, plan. though, Titans and Teen Titans on the same week, I think that's a mistake as well. I don't know why they would do that. Uh, and Wonder Woman. Titans in one spot. Wonder Woman number seven, which is your lie story. Lies. Uh, it's, uh, we, we were adding up the books, and I do believe Reggie has, what did we say, seven? seven. I have three. I have five. Yeah, that's a lot of books. That is a lot of books again. So it'll probably be a long podcast. We'll also have um, the Marvel Mondays that we have where we do the Marvel stuff on Monday. Come to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Uh, Tuesday, we usually put up a lot of previews, and then the all most of the Rebirth titles go up for review on Wednesday morning at 12 a.m. Prompt, sharp, right off, right? We get it 12 going. 12.30. I should have all mine done. I only have three. Yeah, I'm going to uh, start tomorrow. I'll be sitting so I, pretty. I got a lot of books I got to get done. Yes. My neck hurts from that freaking thing. And it was so weird because at this point, it is 5 a.m. Yeah. So at that point, it was probably like 4.20. Nobody is up in my house. I actually thought somebody was attacking me. So I asked you. I don't think you heard me. I was like, did you get really scared at first because you didn't know what it was? I did. It actually threw me off, and I think that my neck hurts more from it, like whiplashing, yeah, looking scary. back. But, yeah, but yeah, Eric, I am sick. I'm about you have, to cough. You, uh, your uh, house is haunted, man. It's pushing yes. mattresses over in the middle of the night. What do we say to end the podcast, Eric? Everybody, have a great week. 
Keep it weird. And we'll weird. see you in seven. See you in seven. You coughing was very audible over top of that. I know.